do it. Yep, I'm good to go. Hey now, it's your boy PSH here with another Sunday, Sunday stream. With everyone's favorites, he'll always wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning to help you bury a body. <laughs> Adam hey, that was between <laughs> you and me, Sitch. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, what are we talking about today? Today we're joined bar, by bar, by bar. our good friend, friend of the channel, Short Fat Otaku. Good friend. Good Hello. friend. You know what? what? <laughs> oh, are we not friends anymore? Adequate friend, I would say. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Right. Adam, so, so, Adam doesn't like all the pestering on Marvin Yarvin. He's, he's yes. downgraded Dev from good. Well, well no, I'll, I'll upgrade him back to good as soon as he lets go of the Marvin Yarvin stuff. How about that? <laughs> okay. Oh, okay, oh. you know what? You know what? I, I finally agree. The show is now named Sitch and Adam. Sitch Bam! comes first. Damn! <laughs> Got him! Look Damn, that's that. not... Every, you're moving away from good. Everyone comes around eventually, okay? In the end, they all, they all know where... They all know S-Class is best class. And also... We're also talking to Dev on Tuesday. What is this? We're talking yeah. to Dev. Yeah, all the double time Dev. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? Like I've been on uh, like Arch Warhammer's channel a whole bunch. Mm -hmm. Me, Arch, and V doing a whole bunch of crossovers. I've been on EFAP. I'm gonna go on EFAP on Wednesday. I was Me on too. EFAP like a little bit ago. Yeah. You were on EFAP with us. Just yep. like a week ago or so. Your ass yeah. is everywhere. I'm going all over the place. Yeah, what's the what's the Wednesday EFAP thing? Uh, I think it's a secret. But, oh well, uh, uh, nice. Were you not invited, Adam? <laughs> Jeez, I mean, wow. Okay. I feel awkward now. I, I don't know. I don't know if Mahler's revealed the topic yet, but I mean, I'll I'll, I'll be there. I've turned down Mahler more uh, than I think he likes, so it wouldn't surprise me if he didn't <laughs> oh. invite me because of that. So, but that's okay. Also, you're getting into fights with Chud Logic on the stream. That's true. I heard Ch about that. That, that happened like after he, I left. Chud might be on, and he might just be trying to avoid drama. So mm. no big deal. Oh. You guys should. Are you uh... guys? Are you guys actually like in a fight or? No. Okay. Oh, I on. thought you were gonna say yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, very serious. Completely not a joke. Very serious fight. Chud sent me a very serious DM. Are we yeah. on good? Are we on good terms? <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> what, how did you respond? <laughs> I said, of course. Don't oh, let no, you people kept playing it up, man. You should don't, be like, I said, don't let no. people gaslight you. Okay, look, there's no hard feelings here. So, you should have, you should have been like really like dismissive. You should. Well, have I, mean, been, I, should I really did. I did wait like five days to respond. So, oh really? <laughs> no, I'm you just left, kidding. You, you left I'm kidding red. again. I'm kidding. <laughs> Joking. Okay. <laughs> anyway, well, I, I, th I think what's going on there basically is that like Chud, he's he's from that Twitch Paul space, right? Where it's all drama and it's all constant infighting and backstabbing and like just oh, terrible, terrible human beings. What a okay, terrible space awful. to be in. Ouch. Yeah. Mm. So I think he saw that and he's like, "Listen, have I actually burned the bridge?" <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Right. Anyway, let me read some super chats and then we're going to jump into the video. Optimus Jedi for $20. Thank you so much, Optimus Jedi says, I just want to thank Sitch and Adam for ripping Destiny's mask off and revealing the disgusting, pul Jesus, the disgusting, <laughs> pulsating slime of bad faith beneath. Truly, you're a hero of conservatives everywhere, not the ones we deserve. What is that in reference to? Look, I don't, I can't take credit for ripping the mask off, okay? You make it what? sound like we we jumped up and you know we did this. I mean, he he just said the things that he said on stream himself. I mean, I I was a little I gotta admit I was like a little shocked. I, what did he say? Shocked. 
Um, I don't remember the exact how it led up to it. Well, I think um, re retarded four-year-olds is the thing people were most... I don't want... I just... They didn't like. They were not receptive to. Yeah, he, he was in a, a bad mood for some reason about the mm -hmm. whole, like, trying to understand conservatives um, without demonizing them thing. Or I think it was maybe the whole... You know, I don't think it's appropriate to call uh, Trump supporters fascists. And it kind of led down this chain of conversations where Destiny said something to the effect of calling, I don't know if it was all Trump supporters or all Republicans, uh, retards. And he kind of went off on this big rant. And uh, I think a lot of, a lot of people on the right were very surprised. So. Well, he did do a, like a stream clarifying. And I think he <laughs> said that he was only talking about Trump supporters. Which, mm. I mean, Sitch and I kind of talked about before the stream how Trump supporters are even a very a very ideological diverse group because there are obviously people who are voting for Trump reluctantly. They would not want to be voting for Trump, but they, they're forced into it because they don't want to vote for a Democrat. My And I said this to Sitch before the stream began. My, my thinking on this is that it's just not good to demonize other people that you will have to work with in the future because you come off looking like a giant hypocrite. And I do think a lot of the political motivation going on today is being motivated by groups of people who want to demonize other groups of people. And it's just, it's short-sighted. You can't get anything accomplished politically. I understand that, I mean, this is a great way to grow an audience because people love demonizing other people. It's just, it is fun to do, so. And we kind of have some of that going on with S-Class and A-Team. So, I mean, we even have some fun <laughs> with it. So, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But like, there's there's definitely some Trump supporters that are, like, just fully retarded for sure. I've of definitely course. seen some yes. out there. There's, there's, like, there's definitely some who um maybe they're, like, they're not they're not really plugged into politics. They 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 saw Trump in like 2018 and they liked him and they haven't really kept up with some of the crazy shit that's been coming out in the past year or two. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like you know fair enough. And then there are some there there are some people who yeah as you say they're like reluctant right. I, I don't yeah. know I don't know if you could like wholeheartedly, full throatedly support every single thing that Trump has done and still be a smart person right now. Yeah, well, oh, like, okay. well my, I mean, yeah. our position wasn't even, I mean, my position's not even just that there are people voting for Trump reluctantly. It's just that, you know, people vote for, I mean, and I should have brought this up in the conversation. And again, it's like, it's just annoying because, you know, I'm accused. You know, the best part of that conversation is that I don't think my audience or our audience, I should say, will never accuse me of having TDS ever again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, I used to get TDS right at me because it's like, and I should have brought this up in the conversation. You know, again, I I, I disagreed with uh, what Trump was doing, trying to you know get the states to overthrow the election, all this stuff. I completely disagree with that stuff. Um, but I do think that you miss a giant piece of the puzzle if you just label that as like fascist and you don't acknowledge the fact that the thought process, not for Trump, because who knows what Trump was thinking, but the thought process for the people supporting him and voting him for him, they I think they I think that the most of those people honestly believe that the election was stolen. It's not like they were like, oh, I want to have a dictator for life. They're like, oh, you know, the Democrats stole the election from, you know, us and from Trump. And that's why they're so yeah. angry about it. So, so to I, me, I, that's why yeah, I would say agree. I don't think it's right to, to call those people like fascist supporters. 
So yeah, there, like I've met a few people who have just been like, yes, Trump lost the election, and and I wish you would have like had a successful coup. And it's like, okay, right, well, but you hang I out can, in the, I can... the weird spaces of the internet. <laughs> yeah, what the yeah. fuck, Dev? <laughs> I, I can I can completely discard your opinion because you sound like a terrible person, right? Right. But most people I bump into, like, you know, uh, they've. Uh, you, you see, like, I don't know if I want to throw anybody, anybody under the bus here. No, I don't. You know, I'm not. I'm not going to be that. Don't throw today. anyone under. The I'm bus. not throwing anybody under the bus. But like, no, I've throw someone people... under the bus. Make make the stream good. Tell us. <laughs> Give us get, a get 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 all those get get the numbers up. Right, more super chats, more viewers. No, yeah. no. Listen, I've I've seen a lot of people who like, they'll come to me now in 2023, and present like 2020s concerns about the election, which for the most part. Not all of them, but most of them have kind of worked their way through the courts and had their day and been investigated and turned out to be nothing. You know, right. like there, there was that one, you know, people still talk about that, that famous video of someone pulling the case of ballots underneath the table. Remember that? It's like, about oh, that? Yeah, people still talk about that. And it's like, well, oh hold on. That, Trump, that Trump case, mentions that, that in, in the Georgia phone call. And I mean, yeah. it's, it's awful. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. Like he doesn't like, know what the, what, what the hell he's talking about. Yeah, like like that case went to court, and I think I, I looked this up like a year ago or something. And the judge literally just said, "Okay, I'm just going to personally watch all of the security recordings." So the judge like sat there for 12 hours and watched all the security recordings, and all the votes that were in that case were um, were uh, votes from before the day of, so like right. mail-in ballots from earlier, because the Republicans in that area had passed a law stating that you can't count any mail-in ballots until after all the regular ballots have already been counted. Right. So they stored them in cases and they started bringing them out after all the main ballots have been ca counted. So completely legal, completely fine. But people still talk about that because they, they like they see the viral video in 2020. They file it away as something terrible is going on and they don't keep up with like the months and sometimes years of investigation. And now here we are three years on still talking like something happened when it's like, well, right. no, you just right. haven't paid attention because other things in the news cycle like took your attention away, which is normal. But it's like they, they, they just don't have up to date information on what's going on. Sure. But I, and again, I mean, I think you can criticize um, people that are that are supporting something that is wrong or when I say wrong, I mean like factually incorrect. I don't have a problem with that. I just, I, I don't think it's, in my opinion, I don't think those people are supporting fascism. So, and I did think yeah, that'd be a very yeah. contentious take, but you know, it yeah, is what yeah. it is. Like, like mo most, most of them seem to be very misinformed or they're like, like they're, they're not keeping up, keeping up with politics. Well, I mean, well, the don't, thing that they don't understand or right. like, but they're not, they're not like actually fascist supporters. The, the thing that's like a black pill to me. And um, this was another thing that came up in that conversation was that I think everyone is just misinformed about everything. And whenever the left or the, or the right is correct about something, it's literally just chance. Like the left and the right have, have staked out their positions on what everything's going to be. And it's just random chance when they happen to be right or not. <laughs> and like neither side is using facts and information to derive some sort of opinion or stance. Yeah. Well, I mean, both both sides have now gone fully into the postmodernism bit where it's like, well, facts and information are actually downstream from politics. So right. we can just simply control it from that level of the conversation. And then any facts come from actually if any facts that are actually factual come from our politics. Yes, it's, it's that sort of thing. Right. Which obviously isn't true. It's 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 retarded on the face of it. I don't even know how to how you'd fucking argue against that. Right. But that's where we are. Anonymous Cow for $20 says, Destiny is just a Vosh who hides his power level. Wow. Harsh. His debates are not a search for truth. He says as much when he says his debate rhetoric is just to match energy and be mindful of how the audience interprets the conversation. Well, I mean, 
not in our conversation. I, he was definitely not matching. Yeah, our energy was know. like our energy. We were chill. I, yeah. I, yeah. I don't feel like we were, you know, doing that. I really, I mean, the thing that really bothered me was sort of like the bad faith. Um, yeah, you know, the br mind I'm reading. I'm gonna of mind. Us. You know, he's like, yeah. I'm gonna mind read you and be bad faith. It's like, okay, well then, just don't do that. <laughs> this is weird. Yeah, and then we, it's like wow, because anyone who's ever listened to the show knows what he what he said was like so like detached from reality. It was like, oh, all right. Yeah, uh, we PC. we're we're huge Trump protectors over here. I know it's like, what I know. Uh, PC, thanks so much for the ten gifted memberships. Thank you so much. Uh, what's your first thoughts for twenty Canadians? It says great work on Tuesday, guys. Four and two, and they still had no chance. Well, thank you. What I found crazy with all these left-wing progressives warmongering for civil war instead of a peaceful resolution. There you go. Um, J Mac, our surrogate father, thanks so much for the fifty gifted memberships. Thank you, Daddy J Mac. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jay. Yeah, he's... Uh, thank you so much, Shane Baxter, for joining. Discipline equals freedom. J-Mac, watch my channel more. I need new <laughs> wheels. <laughs> I need uh, new wheels. <laughs> Jared, for $20, thank you so much. Jared says, can I get a hi, Adam? Oh, well, there you put on the screen. There's a hi, Adam. <laughs> hi. Now you have to say hi, Adam. Well, you're supposed to say hi, Adam, to me. Oh, okay. Hi, Adam. Hi. Okay. Um, so, okay. So today we're going to be watching uh, our good friend, a uh, friend of the channel that we've never talked or interacted ever. <laughs> but in my mind, we're good friends. <laughs> uh, second thoughts. Second thoughts. Um, right. So that, is, that name is basically the number of thoughts he has total. Yeah. <laughs> got two of them. <laughs> ah, we used to call him No Thought, so that's better than, oh. that's better than No Thoughts. Uh, so so man, I only just discovered this guy a couple months ago. Oh, this I, guy is wild. Yeah. 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 He, he's a tanky, isn't he? I don't know. He, I wouldn't he, be. He surprised. hangs out with that that heme guy who I think is a tanky. Oh, okay, okay. Let me, let me um, double check. He's really weird because like his channel was that he was just doing kind of like normal, uh, like these kind of informational <laughs> videos, and then one day I think he did like an anti-Trump video and it blew up. So he became not just anti-Trump, but he became like super, like literally just super socialist, which was mm -hmm. very ironic because he used to. I don't know if he still does it. He used to have a second channel. This guy who was like super socialist man. He used to have a second channel where him and his friend would go test drive luxury cars. I remember that. Yes. And yes. it was like, <laughs> it's like what? it was so funny. And there was like a comment where he's like, listen, it has nothing to do with my relationship to the means of production. I, you, you can still be a rich proletarian. And it's like, well, yeah, it's I guess like, you're what? technically correct, but still like, holy fuck, does it look bad? Right. Right. And I don't, so I don't know anything about, I don't know anything about him personally. I don't know like, he's from a rich family or, or what but it just it's very weird very weird guy i he's dubbed him the billionaire bread yeah. tuber but everyone yeah. was saying oh, right. he's not he's not a billionaire so i changed it to the bourgeoisie bread tuber <laughs> that's yeah he's definitely one of those like rich kids who turns around and has very far left politics i mean that like like Vosh or like yeah. or like you know like hassan uh fucking what's his name jonathan mcintosh whatever his name was from the gamergate times there's mm -hmm. lots of guys like this right who they come from very very rich families so they're very isolated from the the impact of their own behavior and basically they're just like well how, you know we should be we should just set things up like this and it's like well i know it's like well hold on you don't know anything about the fucking real world you know it's socialism is one of those things that you can, you can really only afford to believe in it if you're rich so i found a tweet on reddit uh this is from second thought 
Mm-hmm. It says, quote, tanky has become the new, quote, commie used by liberals who have adopted a radical aesthetic because they realize liberals are cringe. But when push comes to shove, they still parrot the State Department line. Anti-communism repackaged for terminally online Western rad libs. Wow. So he's definitely <laughs> doing some running interference for tankies there. <laughs> so there's Ouch. something going on here where like people like Vosh are called um, they're called radical liberals because they're they're libertarian socialists. They're not authoritarian socialists the way the mm-hmm. Soviets were, right? And second thought is more Soviet aligned. I don't know if he'd ever admit that, but I think he is from from what I've seen of his stuff. So like, there's definitely if you if you hang out in let's say really far left spaces, you'll see that there's like there's constant infighting between the more anarchist oriented socialist and the more mm-hmm. statist oriented socialist. And they're always calling each other like, well, they, call, they call each other fascists actually. So, cause they call everyone fascist, but they call each other fascist. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> of course, guys, all people love to. yeah. So, so, so guys like Vosh are labeled as radical liberals and therefore they're just fascists in sheep's clothing or in wolf's clothing, whatever the fuck they, you, you know what I mean? Basically mm-hmm. th- that's how they view them. And then people like Vosh will say, well, look at this. He's just a red fascist. That's what the tankies actually are because – and to their credit, the Soviet Union was a lot like a fascist state in how it operated, if not its trappings. So like it's just – it's all so tiresome dealing with all their infighting, like looking at it from the outside and trying to figure it out. Sitch, can you give me your overview on this video before we get into it? Just like the 10,000-foot view. Uh, Yeah, Mm. so – I mean, so Second Thought basically is a channel where all he does is try to run interference for socialism and talk about how amazing socialism is. And so, of course, he has to take a crack at everyone's favorite topic, cultural Marxism. And he has to talk about how cultural Marxism is really an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory. And there definitely isn't some kind of push by socialists to... uh, (laughs) you know, infiltrate and get their meaty hooks into basically every aspect of culture and, in, and college institutions, even though he's in support of all those things. He's one of these, <laughs> it's totally not happening, but if it was happening, it'd be awesome and based guys. <laughs> so he's like SDL then basically. <laughs> exactly. He's literally like SDL. He's actually worse than SDL. And they it's might like, be friends. I and like, know. and I know you've done a really good video on this. So I figured you'd be interested in this topic. So, which actually, actually you're really good video. You did two really, really good videos on this. I think. And I one of them videos, was in response, or three, and one <laughs> of them was in response to SDL. Uh, yeah, the directly. big one was in response to SDL, yes. Right. And it's funny because when that, we... That was the Antonio Gramsci one. Yes. What, what did we even talk to SDL about, Adam? I don't even remember. It's like a blur um, in my mind. Everything. Just everything. Yeah, I, but it I all boiled that. down to conservatives evil. Like, he just couldn't get <laughs> off of... This whole demonization it, of conservatives, I, I just like so, sooner or later, you have to have your own positions in the world. You have to be for something instead of just against everything. So to his credit, he asked you guys whether he, he kind of asked you guys a similar question that um, was asked on Cherry's podcast with Destiny. Basically, like, well, who's actually more uh, like a bigger threat to liberal democracy? You know, is it the radical right or is it the radical left? And I think since you said the radical left, because they've taken control of these various institutions, taken control of schools, cultural institutions, you know, cultural output, you know, they're they're in they're they're like they all there's some argument about the ESG stuff. They're definitely the the diversity stuff in in uh, in corporations, like in banks, you know, all over the place, right? All this all this stuff's all over the place. Meanwhile, the right, it the right holds government power in some places. That's true, 
but they're also largely impotent in comparison. So your argument was, from what I remember, such your argument was that well, clearly the far left is is more dangerous because look at look at them, they're everywhere. There's so many of them. They're all over the place in society. But his argument was like, well, the state is where the actual power is. And you see people like Ron DeSantis, where they have like a very a very right wing majority, passing laws that are pretty oppressive, in his opinion. So he it's not like he didn't have a point. He had a point, but I think, like, I think when whenever a left wing person sees like a rollback of any left wing progress, whether that's like one state, you know, putting a twelve week restriction on abortion, I don't even agree with that. But like one state puts a 12 week restriction on abortion. They think it's the end of fucking civilization. And that's how they react. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not like there's there's many, many, many steps in their direction. But as soon as they lose an election and one step happens in the other direction, they go insane. Like like like, like you've suddenly like taken a shit in their dinner or something. You've completely upended their world. And it's like, well, Jesus Christ, dude, like the right's been losing now for many, many, many years. You take one L and you go this crazy. I, I don't know. I mean? Abortion isn't about cultural manufacturing, though. I, I just I look at things like the whiteness stuff and the gender is a spectrum stuff. And I think, OK, they've captured an institution that educates educators and they're like churning out all these educators all over the United States that are going into classrooms and just. You know, this is part of the axiom of their belief system that gender is a spectrum and that white supremacy has invaded all of our institutions. Those are the educators of tomorrow. How does abortion touch on that? How does how does uh, DeSantis making critical race theory in one state counteract that? Like, that's just a huge cultural force. I completely agree. Yeah, I, I guess the difference is like. You know, the for all of that to finally diffuse through the culture fully and make a fully leftist culture, it takes several generations. Right? What, what do you mean? It takes one generation. What are you talking about? Well, if, if every case, if all the people get out of school and they all believe white supremacy is governing all of our cultures and gender is a spectrum, I don't see how you can't say the culture is going to be wildly different. That generation well, is going to get into power. Well, well, sure, but people's politics change as they get older too. Like I, I was definitely educated in a, in a very pro-left school. It's and this I'm is not, not like that this anymore. is not politics. This is a fundamental understanding of the world. This is a worldview. Well, sure. Listen, we were all educated <laughs> just in worldviews. Like, what are you saying? What are you saying? You can't talk somebody saying. out yeah. of this. Yes, you can. This of course, like, you can. Okay. Sure. Well, hold on, At, sure. Adam. If you act. Adam, sure if you, you actually can. believe, listen, if you actually believe you can't talk somebody out of a bad idea, then how come you're not killing them? The, well, first of all, that's ridiculous. Okay. No, it's not. Yeah. That, that, so it is ridiculous. Talk, that's why we debate. You, you, it we is can, ridiculous. We can, we can talk about ideas. Wait, wait. Of course. So I was, I was. So someone sent me something I was reading. I have no clue what you guys are arguing about. Oh, okay. That's argument? ridiculous. There's only, there's only two alternatives. There's like managing people's bad ideas. Um, Arguing with or three alternatives, arguing with them or killing them. What are you talking about, Dev? That's insane. Yes. Like I can't even no, believe that, you postulate such a thing. What do you mean? Yeah. Here, here. Listen. Look, some, here, here, I'll, I'll explain. I'm you, not. Okay? Look, Somebody... dude, I don't advocate for 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 political violence. I'm not exactly sure what you're advocating for here, Dev. Okay. Please tell me I'm you're not... not advocating for for political violence on our show. I'm not. I'm Go not advocate advocate for I'm political violence on your for, channel. Okay. I'm not advocating for. Political well, then, violence. what are you? Here. What are you even talking about? 
okay, here, I'll explain it to you, okay? If you encounter somebody with a radically different belief system, you, you have only a, like a small number of things that you, you can are do. advocating for political violence okay. on wait, our wait, channel. Wait, 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 no, I'm not. Let me Jeez. say how it. Are you not, how are you not? Anna, wait, wait, this wait, is wait, retarded. What is the arc? Wait, wait, please. I, okay. This is like what so is this? What are you guys arguing about? Because it sounds really stupid. Autism. Yes. You're arguing about autism. Look, he, Deb is saying, listen, if you disagree with someone, you really have only two options. Mm -hmm. Political violence or arguing with them, and if you can't argue them out of their position, you have to default to political Deb, is violence. What, I feel like how I are feel you, like Deb's going to say that's how are you not so, advocating for political violence? I, there, I feel like this hold on, hold on. So, so there is a third. This is, look. This is why we're not going to. This is why we're not talking to third way, Deb. No, 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 <laughs> this is why listen, we're not talking to Deb about Marvin sentence. Yarvin because Deb's political outlook is just okay. Let okay. Let Deb defend himself. Okay. Okay. So if you encounter somebody with a radically different political outlook and worldview and, you know, yeah. you know, just, just the idea of what the truth is, you have only a set number of ways to deal with that. You can. Well, I've heard this three times. Let me get to the ways. Let me finish. OK, so you can like you can choose to simply coexist and ignore each other. Right. And just to be OK. You stay over there. You do your thing. I stay over here. I do my thing. You can um, you can fight with each other until one idea becomes dominant you can argue and try to convince them but that's basically it it's you can subvert the culture there's a third option it's which is exactly what argument. they've done look it's they've subverted the culture they, look you missed one buddy you missed taking over the institution that okay. trains all educators over the united states what, what, and subvert the culture so angry i'm so confused what is what is triggering you so much about this conversation i'm well, so lost first, first i wasn't all, listening to it first of all dev comes in and makes a yeah. crazy assertion that political violence right. is really the only thing you can do I if don't, you can't I, argue somebody out that. of that I really that's don't insane think that's what i don't I think that's what that. said. Okay. I don't think that's what he said, or that's what look, he meant. Look, okay. look, no. Th let's that give is some. Let's give some. That is the implication of what he said, whether he's willing to admit it or not, and that's okay, why I'm triggered then, because, like, it, what a stupid thing to say. I mean, let me put this. Yeah, here, here, I'll ask you this question: Do you think political violence is ever justified under any situation? Yes, of course. Yeah, so do I. Okay. Yeah. We agree. Okay, but yeah. not just because we disagree <laughs> with people. I mean, I don't know why we're so far away from political violence well, at this uh, point in time. Hold on, hold on. It is because you disagree with people. Yeah. The, the, the American Revolution was a very serious disagreement, but it was a disagreement. But I think th okay, that wait, disagreement I, I, has to come with tangible oppression of some kind. Like they have to be. Yeah, of course, yes. Yeah, yes. so uh, it's not just a, a disagreement. I mean, there has to be some kind of genocide going on. Like, let's be clear here. Well, was was there was there a genocide in the, in, the, in the United States before you guys revolted? Like, no. What what, what do you mean? Did, there was the you Boston Tea over Party. Taxes? What do you mean? There was the yeah, Boston you... Tea Party. They genocided the entire country of Boston. <laughs> all right. No, I think okay. I think I understand. What, like, I think what the problem was that um, so it seemed like the disagreement started with about like how whether you can convince people, and then you said. Well, if you can't convince people, your only option is, is to violence. kill them. That's exactly so, what he said. Well, sort of, I, I got think, interrupted right in the middle of that sentence. Well, I, was I understand, going to but say, I, I think back it up. Or I, yeah, well, I, as soon as right, you say or kill them, I'm going to interrupt. I get interrupted. Okay. I think <laughs> what, what the problem was was then that uh, Adam got upset because he thought that, like it makes it sound like you're saying that Adam is advocating for political violence. Of course, not advocating I'm, for it. Okay. Well, of course not. No. Okay. I mean, you, so there, there are some and not only that. Look, Sitch, Sitch. Do you deny that 
I deny everything. Dev over here has missed yeah. a giant, a, a giant um, behavioral. I do thing deny that you it can do. Dev hasn't had the had the opportunity to put out his full answer. So well, no, he said. Look, he only <laughs> he said there's two things. There's political violence. Or I there's argument. He said there was three things. Okay, well, what's the third three. thing? The third thing is trying to convince them. That is that is argument. No, no, you said we could get sorry, along. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Was one? Yeah, it, it's, we could it's fight coexistence, other, argument, or, or fighting. Yes, right. Yeah. So how did he, argument, look? How fighting. did he miss the thing that's actually going on? Subverting the culture. That's a well, giant that's really thing a, that is actually happening. Okay. Well, subverting the culture isn't a mechanism of trying to solve a conflict or resolve a conflict. Yes, it is. How is it not? I would not classify subverting culture as a conflict resolution mechanism. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I would sitch, but I'd, I'd classify okay. it underneath argument, though, because... I would, I would say that that's a of way subverting of culture. fighting. You can't call it argument. argument. I would say that's a way of fighting directly, but... Yeah, um, I, I would say it's closer to violence than it, than argument, obviously, right. because you're but doing anyway, it uh, deceptively. Right. Okay, but anyway, I think, because this whole argument sounds really stupid, so I really want to move off of it and watch this video. <laughs> Um, okay. And I, it's really annoying because, like, literally the only reason I brought up SDL and then you kind of went off on this tangent and then Adam went off on his tangent was because I just mm. was going to tell you, Dev, that I thought it was funny that I watched your video and took all these notes on your response video to SDL. And I thought yeah. I was going to try to make that be the conversation that I was having with SDL. It was going to be about your video on cultural Marxism. And then we got completely sidetracked on a million other different topics. So that was the only thing I wanted to say <laughs> on this yeah, stupid I, I recall, topic. I recall watching your conversation with him. And like he had he had one good point when he said that when right wingers win political power, they do things that he doesn't like. And you know, surprise, surprise, of course he's not a right winger. But it's like, okay, fair enough. The left wing has has dominance in cultural production and in um in education. The right wing um doesn't necessarily have dominance in politics anymore, but they're certainly on the upswing right now. Mm -hmm. um so like th there's if you are somebody who is diehard lefty there's a reason to fear the right wing upswing in political power that's going to be coming in the next five to ten of years right of course yeah. uh lucy lemonbug thanks so much for the 20 dollars. says hi adam hey what's up and Hello. our surrogate our surrogate father j mac for another 20 dollars says hi adam hi look at this you've you've <laughs> you've you You've stolen Rags' uh, thing. I love it. Don't money. you love it? Oh, God. I know. It's I so mean, good. Uh, J-Mac, our surrogate five for another $20. Thanks so much. Daddy J-Mac says, I can't stay long because I have a business meeting soon, but I'm looking forward to the watchback. Hope everyone has a fantastic Sunday. Well, thank you. Hope you have a good meeting, Jay. Uh, Theo Wolfie for $20. Thank you. Says, if you want to bring people over to your side, you can't call them retards. We are concerned for the well-being of every American. To me, he didn't care about bringing... Or about bridging any ideological gaps. He just wanted an ideological purge. I mean, yeah, obviously you're not going to win fly. You know, you're going to win more flies with honey than than vinegar. So, calling people retard is not a way to get them on your side. So I just called tomorrow, Deb a semi retard in the chat. That's true. But I, I was be I was being generous when I said semi too. I just want to be clear here. Oh yeah. <laughs> but listen, everyone knows that that Adam and Deb are best friends behind the scenes, so it's okay. Yeah. Uh, we, I just I want to, sometimes I just want to shake you by the collar, Dev. I don't like I don't understand where you're coming from. So he's Canadian. He can't help it. Look, can, that makes it even it. weirder. Like what, the what Canadian comes on our channel and advocates for violence. It's like he didn't what? Stop I didn't, saying that. He I didn't, didn't. He didn't. He didn't advocate for violence, Adam. You need to stop <laughs> that characterization. That's not accurate. Okay. okay. Uh, it was a it was a bad 
uh, misspeak by them. Okay, good. Silver Camaro, 78 for $20, says, Sitch and Adam, you should talk about how Dev's girlfriend perpetuated the Rwandan genocide. She took a machete <laughs> and killed the Tutsis. So Dev is advocating for political violence. Isn't so surprising here, guys. What? Hashtag really? Nomi killed Tutsis. Is this true? That's this has become a Dev. meme. This has become a meme on my channel that my girlfriend secretly did the Rwandan genocide. That can't be Well, real. there you go. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't Diablo make any sense because because she's not she's not part of Rwanda. She's Jewish, so I guess I guess the Jews are now implicated. Well, aren't they? We're implicated in everything. So are you? Yeah. Hold on, Sitch. Sitch, which meeting of all the power brokers behind everything did you attend? Where they talked about the Rwandan genocide? Uh, I mean, I don't. I when was the Rwandan genocide? What year was that? Hold on. 90s, it's sometime in the 90s, I think. Yeah, I was pretty young at that time, so I probably was like playing on my Game Boy when the adults were talking about playing the Rwandan genocide. Oh, so you you were too young to go to the world domination meetings, where? No, I I was there. They groom us very okay. early, but I just was oh, I not see. paying attention. I was bored by it. I was just playing Game Boy. <laughs> so I think I saw Naomi there too. Um, in 94, she would have been a sperm. Oh. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> God, you guys are young. Okay, Jesus Christ, how old are you? I'm I'm dating a Zoomer. I'm in oh, my, I'm in you're my 30s. Robin yeah. the Cradle. So listen, okay, I'm in I my see, I'm in my 30s and she's in her 20s. I'm wow. I'm 10 years older than her. Yeah, you're basically a p a pedophile. What that's not not the internet, no, right? that's not true. And also that's uh, that's totally <laughs> acceptable. What are you talking about? I know listen. it's just there's there's like a joke like if you date someone like you know more than five years older younger than you you know it's something not if she's that. in her oh, 20s God. come on I, have listen have you been to the the most retarded parts here. of twitter where they have the age gap discourse have, where yeah. the the power imbalance between somebody who's like six years older than their partner means that it's always rape yes and it's like holy shit guys go the fuck outside uh adam is just concerned because he's dating some super young lady oh i see um, I'm married. What are you talking about? My, I'm well, sorry, my wife he's married is... <laughs> to some super young lady. My wife is ten years younger than me, though. So there you go. Look oh, is she? That. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. Demon Mama called you an incel the other day. That's funny. <laughs> just... I, thought, I thought it was kind of funny. It's so weird. Well, it's so funny. Everyone thinks Adam is like a young lad because he looks so young. It's like no, he's he's married. Been married did you? Did you? Did you ever <laughs> respond to her? I did not tweet out okay. that thing I sent you because people said it was way too spicy. Maybe it was. Oh, what was it? At the end of the stream, <laughs> I will tell everyone what my my tweet was that was far too spicy to tweet. That'll okay. be your incentive for hanging around. I mean, I laughed pretty hard when you sent it to me. But... I asked. I listen. I asked some. I asked some people in Discord, well-known racists in Discord, <laughs> and even they were like, "That's way too spicy." So. Hold on, yeah. someone, someone in chat says that Adam's uh, married to someone 10 years younger than him. Also, he's 23. True, there you go. <laughs> Confirmed. That's, that's Confirmed. not the case. That is oh, not man, the case. Boys. I, uh, uh, do, I helped, I helped not-so-erudite with her um, President Sunday thing a few months let's back. Let's get into the video, that? okay? Well, hold on. Well, yeah, I, me... I, I, no, hold on. I'm bringing this up Look, because... we we're 35 minutes I'm... in here. Let's let's bring it up after remember. we get into the video, okay? I'm bring... uh, it'll be real quick. Look, I'm bringing just, this up to, look, because... This is great practice for you. Look, pretend there's two marshmallows. Pretend there's a marshmallow here, Dev, okay? I If you can wait on your story... We'll give you two marshmallows once we start the video. Okay? I'm too fat for that. I I want to have. 
Okay. He so just listen, admits listen. it. Sitch, he just admits it. Yes. Listen, yes. Devin's He's like, give me broker, that goddamn okay. marshmallow. No, 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 no. I'm fat. Devin, I lose weight, Dev so I'm is not taking kid. two. Dev is the, the kid that eats a marshmallow before the researcher even leaves the room. Right. <laughs> okay, just real real quick, real quick. I no, you the thing. no. Demon Mama reacted to it, and yeah. just like how she called you an incel, Adam, mm. her... Her moniker for me was OG Gamergate Freakazoid. That's okay. a pretty good one. I like that. Freakazoid. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Freakazoid was great. That's like a yeah. that's like a compliment. I love that show. You know, I, I would actually kind of love to talk to Demon Mama. She sounds like a like she's, she's like a pure fucking re <laughs> What? Come on, let's uh what's going on? I got here? okay, wait, I gotta read these so we can we can get with a good video. Diablo Nerda for twenty dollars. Thank you, Diablo. Says Dev was attempting to describe what is, while Adam understood it as what ought to be. Classic fallacy. True. Toxic monger of the hateful brood for twenty dollars says uh he did steal Rags's meme, but damn if it isn't a good one. Hi Adam. Hi, Hi. Devilope. <laughs> Hi, Sitchipus. I don't know how I feel about Sitchipus, but uh, okay. Hi, thank you for twenty dollars. Uh Dillagaff for twenty dollars says every time you shake a Canadian, an angel gets its wings. Nice. Oh, is that how it is? There you go. We're gonna okay. have a lot of angels getting wings in this stream. There you go. Let's jump into the video. All right. Okay. Oh, yeah, it was a video, right? Oh, I completely oh, forgot. Go ahead for some reason. <laughs> yeah. What? No. Just to have it on the some something other than the ground news oh, okay. logo. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Ground News. The irony there is just epic. Ground News is a a service that is, is does equal parts left and right. It's supposed to be a nonpartisan news source, right? Wait, wow. This guy is ha, part, well, if ha, he's part of it, that's not ha, ha, ha. Right. So I can actually explain something here. No, we just started the video. It's about the video. It's about the video. Hold on. It's about the video. Go ahead, Dove. It's about, sec it's about second thought. Yeah, it's, it's related. Okay. So. Um, second thought, as far as I can understand, uh, he went through this process. Um, other guys like uh, Amazing Atheist, actual Jake, went through this process as well. You go look at all these guys. You know, 10 years ago or five years ago or whatever the case is, they were like they, – they weren't doing explicitly political content. They were doing like atheist content, scientific content. Right. Right? And I think the reason they all got pipelined this way towards socialism – is because socialism markets itself as like a scientific economics and a <laughs> scientific way to structure the state. There's a lot, there's like, there's like utopian socialists and there's scientific socialists. And they kind of have, there's like this, this theory battle between them. And a lot of the guys, oh, sorry, what? I completely disagree with you. Yeah, no, I no, disagree no, too. I don't think it's, I don't think it's scientific. I, I, don't, I don't believe this at all. What I'm saying is, no, 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 no. I mean, I disagree oh. with that, that this is why they're motivated down this pathway. Oh really? You, you I, I think I think it's actually true. I think like they did all the, they're like so they're so uh, invested in like material things and rationalistic mm -hmm. things and like atheistic things and science. You know, fuck yeah, science. You know, millennial speak. Right. That, that, that once they, once it gets to economics, I think they're seduced by the scientific or the so-called scientific side of socialism. Um, That's my theory I mean, on this. That might be that might have like an impact once they get down the pathway. I think what happened was essentially my my take was just once the anti-SJW split occurred over Trump. I think a lot of these people just had like super rampant TDS and they were so put off by Trump that it made them feel like the more radical elements of the left were correct in terms of the uh, calls and fears of fascism. Yeah, I think the same thing. TDS was what I was going to say. 
And then you, you know combine what? I, that. Yeah, with fair, like, you know, fair enough. Yeah, that, that's another right. big part of it too. Just TPS. and then you combine that with like people losing faith in neoliberal economic policy, and then probably I think what you're saying is true. Then once they're like on that mental state, they go down that pathway and they go, "Oh, this is more scientific," you know. Yeah, you know what? That actually makes a lot, that actually makes more sense. Yeah, like they, they once they get there, they're held in place by scientific socialism. Well, yeah, and also you know there's an element too, which is that with the with the anti SUW community, like. Even when it like before it became left right divided, it was just anti heterodox. It was anti mainstream, and then when you had the, the Trump split, you had the people that were right wing could go to the, support Trump, but the left wing people can't go and support Biden because they've been anti mainstream for the last three years. So they kind of have to go further to the left to kind of keep keep on that track. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like the the the, the populist right actually won against the neoconservatives, but the populist left didn't beat yes, up the neolibs exactly yeah. exactly it has infected institutions across our nation this form of cultural marxism the author of the brand new book unwoke how to defeat cultural marxism in america the president together with a band of his closest thugs misfits and marxists this is some amazing editing by the way this horrible horrible audio though I mean, yeah, the audio is mixed really terribly, but it's just so creepy and it's black and white and, you know, oh, the scary music. Oh, yeah. Cultural Marxism. Cultural Marxism. Cultural Marxism. Today, we're talking about cultural Marxism. What it is, where it came from, and why conservatives seem to love talking about it. But if you don't want to stick around for the whole video, here's the gist. Cultural Marxism is a conservative buzzword. One that the right uses pretty carelessly to frighten its voters, inspire hate uh. crimes, and make people think that America is, and can't be anything but, a white, Christian, and patriarchal country. So, okay. there you go. If you have ever used the term cultural <laughs> Marxism, you think that America has to be... That means you're, you're essentially -state. A, a white, nationalist, Christian, theocrat, anti-weemans. Wow. Okay. Everything. How, how old is this guy? You think? Fifteen. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's a good question. How old is How old is Mr. Chapman here? Because he definitely seems Chapman? like a young lad. That's his name on Twitter. Oh, I don't know. Um, Let's just really quickly here. Okay. Uh, oh, he's on Wikitube. Yeah. Say what is that's age? right. Uh, let's see. No, it doesn't. Unfortunately, you can't. Um. Oh, wait. What yeah, the is a Wikipedia say. page? Oh no. Wait. I'm sorry. This is it's not a Wikitubia. Yeah, right now, YouTube Wikipedia. There's someone who maybe he has a writer because there's a Wikipedia page for someone who is this Chapman guy who I thought was him, but the picture looks completely different. So then now I'm very confused. Somebody else with the same name? He... Oh, maybe. Well, it says he's a YouTuber, unless there's another YouTuber that has the same name. <laughs> it looks different that also has Just possible, I guess. Maybe someone just snuck it in there not knowing. Maybe because the the Wikipedia page doesn't mention uh, this channel at all, so maybe it's just a coincidence. But... Yeah, on, on what is, his what is the purpose on, on his... of making cultural Marxism some kind of thing that you can't say? Why because is that the goal here? Why is why is it a dirty word? If you can't describe what's happening, it makes it very difficult to fight back against it. So that's part yes. of the subversive game plan. Yes. Right. Yes. Oh, yeah, if you, interesting. If you if you have a label that can describe something accurately, and then you make it a cultural taboo to say that label, then you you suddenly gain the upper hand in the conversation without actually disputing any of the facts. 
Because the argument right. is literally just that's racist, not whether or not it's happening. Well, right? so much of like what's happening with wokeness is that they need to use. It's so funny because like all these guys in the internet politics space, they all talk about how much they hate liberals, and they can do that because the socialists essentially dominate the internet uh, lefty mm-hmm. space. But in the mainstream, socialism is still very like taboo. Yeah, and they not have accepted. no power. Yeah, yes. they have no power. So. They have to do this game where on the internet sphere, they talk about how much they hate liberals. But the mainstream sphere, they have to hide the ball. They have to hide what's going on because the mainstream Democrats would not openly support something that was uh, labeled as socialism. Yeah, they're all liberals. Right. So that's why they have to do this game where they say cultural Marxism isn't real so that you can't really describe what wokeness and what critical race theory and all these critical theories are is that they're essentially, you know, Western Marxism. Right. Well, yes. How would you describe so, cultural Marxism? Just what is it? Dev, how would you describe cultural Marxism? Oh, you're going to me? Sure, go I ahead. Mean, I'm passing to you. Okay. Oh, man, I had a great tweet lining it out, but my, my Twitter account got deleted. Basically, I, I think I, it was something like the, um, the ethics and processes of socialism, but applied to things other than class. So applied to race and gender and et cetera, et cetera. Right. That's good. So, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. you're getting there. I think it's just taking. They just took the frameworks of Marxism and they replaced class with, with race. race. Yeah. Or so so or it's yeah. so it's bourgeoisie and proletariat or oppressor and oppressed, and they just superimpose that onto race instead of onto class. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But um, at least insofar as Gramsci was concerned, and like some of the people that descended from him, the purpose of this was. Um, it wasn't to have like a race war. All right. It wasn't to have let's say you know the the proletarian revolution but the proletarians are black people and the bourgeois are white people it wasn't a race war the purpose of this was to foster divisions in liberal society and weaken it to the point that you could actually have a com- a real communist revolution right that was Foucault's uh, motivation right yeah a lot of a lot of people like you know Horkheimer and and right. um oh, fuck what was his name uh Marcuse that, he was big on that Herbert Marcuse mm. he was really right. big on that Right. Um, now, now w- earlier, once we get down to like to like um, the uh, who who's that really annoying chick who wrote who wrote uh, White Fragility? D'Angelo. D'Angelo. Yeah. Once we get down to her level, like of, of diffusion from Graham, she has like five generations in. Um, she doesn't. She's not. She's not really interested in any sort of actual communist revolution. She's just doing the the precursor steps without understanding where it goes. Right. That's what I mean. I've described cultural Marxism and wokeness is essentially um, these Marxist philosophers who created blueprints to, they created blueprints for bombs that would destroy society. And then they erased the name at the top. They, they erased that it was a bomb. And then they just passed these blueprints for bombs down to <laughs> fellow lefties throughout the generations. Now, and earlier I Robin mentioned D'Angelo, like constructing the race bomb, essentially earlier, I mentioned the, the subverting the culture by, educating educators with two basic ideas whiteness and uh, abolishing the gender binary which i do think abolishing the gender binary is an attempt to 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 place male and female in the oppressor oppressed category so both of those concepts trace back to this idea that the world can be divided into oppressor and oppressed it's it's men oppressing women or whites oppressing non-whites both both of those ideas are being embodied in education 
and just taught to educators as if they're facts of the world that we live in. Yeah. And the most important aspect is not just that men are oppressing women or whites are oppressing blacks, is that there's a intentional thought process of sort of hegemonic power where white people have like all got together at their secret meetings to essentially say we need to keep power out of black people's hands mm -hmm. because power and resources is some kind of limited quality and we all view each other <laughs> as like on the same team so that's kind well, of like the way that they're operating what, what on the right is equivalent to that dev sorry equivalent to what exactly well this is this is just a huge I mean, this is a huge cultural force that's taking place all around us. What on the right? A lot of people say, well, you know, the left doesn't, isn't as powerful as the right, and we should be focused on the right because the right is doing what that is equivalent of what I just laid out. In terms of the cultural sphere, I don't think there's anything. Um, but the right is winning elections, and that has its own power all of its own. You know, it's a different kind of scenario with the right. Look, I don't even know if the right won... Uh, enough elections and made this critical race theory stuff illegal that you couldn't teach it in the classroom. I don't know that that would stop it, to be honest with you, because I think people would still teach it, even though it was illegal. Um, well, I think it would. I actually think it would. I mean, we, we, we just saw recently that due to various... Um, uh, I, I read an article on this today on my stream this morning, actually. Uh, a bunch of a bunch of large corporations are getting rid of their chief diversity officers because after two or three years of having them on, they realized they're not bringing any value to the company. And now that there's like a there's um, a uh, a government push against a lot of this stuff, a lot of companies are getting cold feet on on the the diversity, inclusivity, equity programs that they've been doing for the past few years. So I definitely think that if there's enough of a let's say pushback from the rank and file citizenry plus pushback in government. Yeah, I think this will be rolled back. I think well, it'll be rolled back in schools, for here's sure. What I, here's I what I think could actually be happening, though. Those diversity trainers are are teaching people who are like Gen Xers, older people who weren't indoctrinated in this idea. So those people are pushing back against the diversity trainers. But once new people come in that are already indoctrinated in these ideas, they don't need to be taught by diversity trainers because they already accept it. So, See, so once I, I don't they agree move with through that, the actually. Why? I don't agree What's... with that. Well, because I was indoctrinated in, in this stuff in 2007, and I don't believe in it now. You know, and, well, and I didn't that's get. That's just I an didn't anecdote, get... though. So. Well, sure, it's an anecdote, but like. Well, how many people I... are indoctrinated in Christianity, and how many of them become atheists? It's a small, slim number. Just because you became that. an atheist doesn't mean the vast majority I... of people are going to escape their programming. I think that there are some things that even if you indoctrinate people in it, they're so far outside of the objective reality that once they encounter the objective reality, they will it will simply fall apart. You know, that happens with with the most totalitarian systems out there pretty consistently. You know, these mm -hmm. these states fall apart because the, the lies that they're trying to to maintain just don't just don't work. You know, and it'll happen with this, too. I think there's going to be a. A minority but a, a vocal minority that will continue to exist forever in the zoomers that will be hyper woke um forever but i think that the next generation is going to think it's super cringe i think the previous generation is going to think it's super cringe so i do think they're going to be outnumbered and i do so i think they're going to be causing problems forever or until they all die off essentially <laughs> Um, but I do think it's it's going to not be like the socialist takeover. It's just going to be like this thing that we always just have to fucking silence or to argue against. 
Um, but to answer your question in terms of like, what is the right doing? I think the only thing that would be comparable is the the complete breakdown in trust of any institution, I think would be that's the, kind good, of the right wing yeah. version. That's a good bit. response. Yeah. So okay, all, all the like, you can't trust anything that doesn't, all the voter fraud stuff, basically. Well, not yet. Yeah, voter fraud, um, you know, uh, like the people's reaction to COVID and anything scientific. I mean, essentially the fact that everything has become like, I'm not going to trust any institution, whether it be the government, whether it be scientific, unless it has the answer that I like politically. And that seems to be existing on both sides. So, yeah, I think it's more on the right right now than the left, but it's definitely in some places on the left for sure. Right. Uh, Konos X for 20 euros. Thank you so much. Says my first super chat after watching you for more than two years. Well, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Uh, every time I tried to abstain from YouTube politics and gain peace of mind, you wrote me back in. <laughs> Jokes aside, <laughs> I love it whenever Dev is on and S class is the best class. Well, thank you. Yeah, nice. So I dug this up from my Gramsci video, actually, just oh. for you. Yeah. Okay, so if you want to put this up on screen, Adam, you're on the stream, not Sitch, right? That's got to be of you. Of course, yeah. Send it okay, on uh, where is the chat room in Zoom? Just send it on Discord. Okay, yeah, Here, I'll put it in our. If it's a picture, you can't really. In our send secret it chat. Okay, so everyone's seen this graphic. I'm sure you guys have both yeah. seen this. Before, I'm pretty sure right? I'm the first where... person to point this out. Yeah, where <laughs> it's just like, oh, really? Credit me. I, I mean, I feel like I was the first person to point it out. I the, made the, this the change in graphic, the guys. Oh, look at this <laughs> clap back. I'm not saying I made the picture. I said I'm the first person to point it out. <laughs> so, yeah, basically, um, 24, Wikipedia 2014, you have cultural Marxism, and it's a it's a very neutral, very academic description of what's going on. Wikipedia 2020, you have um, cultural Marxism is a far-right anti-Semitic conspiracy theory, which claims that Western Marxism as the basis of continuing academic and intellectual efforts to subvert Western culture. So well, there's there's two things of note here, okay? So firstly, uh, me, where, where the fuck? Did I lose it? Did I lose it already? Okay, I didn't. Here. So here, here's image number two you can take a look at, right? So mm -hmm. firstly, all the contents of the original cultural Marxism page from 2014 simply got moved to the page Marxist cultural analysis. Yeah, they didn't even change anything, really. Yeah, they didn't change anything. So <laughs> it's just like, okay, clearly you guys are playing a shell game with what's actually going on, right? Because the, the, the stuff that all of these people are talking about, all of these philosophers and political theorists from Gramsci all the way down through the Frankfurt School into Western Marxism and the modern day, those people still exist. They still wrote their political theories. You can still find their books. You can't say none of that happened. Right. But as soon as the label cultural Marxism becomes widely known among your, the common person who aren't part of academia, they play the shell game of, okay, now I'm going to move it around and now we're going to call it, we're going to call it Marxist cultural analysis instead, you know? Right. So we mentioned earlier that there's basically they're demonizing the label so you can't talk about the ideas. This is, this is proof of that, right? Yep. A hundred um, percent. Yeah. It's the a second game. thing. Yep. The second thing is in the, the Gramsci video, I did a deep dive on the, on like the only real source as to why this is an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory. And it was an essay written by a student of the very school being critiqued, the Frankfurt School. And like she wrote this essay in like 2013 or 2011 or something. And her argument in the essay is, well, the reason that cultural Marxism is an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory 
is because Andres Brevik cited it when he did his shooting. Um, Richard Spencer has talked about it. Basically, like, here's a bunch of high-profile racists who think it's true. Therefore, it has to be a racist theory. And it's like, well, that's – no. Racists can be can actually be correct about things sometimes, you know? Fascists can be correct about things sometimes. It's not, it's not enough to say bad person believes in this idea, therefore idea is false. Right. That's not good logic. Yes. Um, Nazis drank well, water too, yes. Yes, it's that kind of thing. But then I realized one more thing. I, I realized this after my video, so I couldn't put it in the Antonio Gramsci video. But uh, if you dig back through the edit war that was on the cultural Marxism page, the person who was doing the editing and trying to make this shit stick was the person who wrote the essay. Oh my God, that's amazing. So the lady she literally... was the one that uh, edited this on Wikipedia? Yeah. So <laughs> she wrote this essay and then like used her clout as being a professor oh to be like, this God. is actually what it is. You have to... And here, here's the scholarly source. And like, it's like, okay. <laughs> what a she... piece of it's shit. Ju yeah, it's just her. It's Jeez. just her. That's insane. Oh, my oh God. I forget her name. I forget her name. Uh, Boomer for $20 says, just catching up with the stream, second thought, T-H-O-T, as I call him. <laughs> Started falling down the tanky rabbit hole after his, quote, are we too late for climate change vid? Ah. And going on to saying how capitalists are bumholes. It wasn't a Trump vid. Well, there you so it was climate change. Okay. There you go. Okay. Uh, fondue for... For for twenty dollars says I disagree with Sitch on this. It was it was the left that started using institutions of trust as institutions of power because quote everything is political. At least the right is using the correct institutions to fight politically. Well, I mean I don't disagree with what you just said. I do agree with that. My only I was only saying that the Adam asked like what is sort of the um, same thing that like what is the right wing version of the left kind of trying to break down society essentially through uh, propagating this cultural Marxism stuff. And I said, I think the, the only comparison I could think of would be the breakdown and complete lack of faith and, tr and distrust of all institutions. Now, you could say that you think that that's warranted. <laughs> sure, but I'm just saying <laughs> that'd be a similar process that could lead to sort of a widespread societal failing. Well, and because so, we do need to have institutions and the, and the danger, uh, while well, I agree that a lot of our institutions are corrupted with the uh, Western Marxist garbly gook, I completely agree with that. The danger is, and this is why I don't agree with a lot of what Trump does, is that if you do operate under the idea that all institutions are corrupt, you're essentially, it's very easy for you to fall into the the pool of, well, we need like the strong man to come in and kind of just destroy everything. Clean house. Well, I, I guess the question then is like, if all of your institutions actually are corrupt, what do you do in that instance? Yeah, how do right, you probably. fight within the institutions if they're corrupt? Right. Well, you have two options. You either have to have either have to tear them down and rebuild them. But the problem is you will have to rebuild them from a good place, right? Not a, like a bad place. <laughs> and that's that's <laughs> well, sort of the difficulty. Such as like you have two options: violence and. <laughs> well, no. So I'm not saying like you violently tear down an institution, but I mean like you sort of like tear down legalistically, or you know, you just rebuild these institutions. But like, I don't trust the current crop of people to basically rebuild these institutions under, you know, the principles of liberal values currently. Yeah. And uh, why are you giggling well, about that? Uh, eh? Def, oh, I mean about the violence you, thing? Yeah. Why are you giggling about that? I'm just trolling a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, well, it, here's the thing. I mean, you might need violence. Who the fuck knows? But like, we're not, we're not at that point yet. Maybe you do. We'll, we'll have to right. see. Okay. 
I found the article. All right, just real yeah. quick, real quick. Okay, so violence coming from a Canadian here. Oh my um, god. <laughs> who's afraid? It's called Who's Afraid of the Frankfurt School? Cultural cult, cultural Marxism as an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory. And the TLDR is this article focuses on the three main proponents of the cultural Marxism conspiracy theory: the white nationalist Kevin McDonald, who, by the way, he's actually like fucking insane. He's wild. Mm -hmm. um, and then the paleo conservatives William S. Lind and mm -hmm. Paul Godfried showing how the work of each on the Frankfurt School amplifies anti-Semitic tropes and engages in conspiracy thinking. So this article, because it's about these three people, one of them was crazy, the other two not so much. Like They're definitely very conservative people, but they're not like insane. Um, but because these three bad people are believe in this theory, therefore the theory itself is anti-Semitic. And that was right. the entire logic of her paper. So she wrote this paper. She published it because she's it's uh, Joan Braun, because she's a um, because she's an academic. She's a university professor. So, so she so she publishes it at her school. She then takes her own citation and then uses that to rewrite the Wikipedia article. And she's That's like, disgusting. look, right. like my sources, I literally made it the fuck up right, because right. because I can do that because I'm a university professor, you know? Well, in this video, he brings up, I mean, he must have read this paper because he doesn't mention her, but he brings up those three guys mm -hmm. and he brings up Lind um, and I, he brings Lind talking at some supposedly some sort of Holocaust denial thing that I think yep, you I, talked about in your video. Yeah, I looked, I looked into that in my video too. So, yeah. so what that was, was it was a, like, a, we'll it talk was about it when we get there. Okay. Yeah, we can get, I, I can explain it to you then if you like, but um, it was just, yeah. it was just interesting because like there's. I looked into this woman. I didn't put it in the video because it's not really relevant to the video. But mm -hmm. I looked into this woman, and she, she she herself is Jewish, and she has some outside of the cultural Marxist uh, talkings, like outside of that topic. She has some very strange ideas about Jews and Judaism, mm. and it's like okay, like what? Maybe, like, I, I, there's no real easy way to talk about this without uh, sounding like an actual, like an actual. Listen, I want to be clear. <laughs> I went, the last time I went to my secret Jew meeting, I voted this woman out. Okay, she was okay, saying some wild shit at the secret <laughs> Jew meeting. <laughs> no, no, she like she's she's like, even though she's progressive, she she yeah. doesn't go on the as far as I can tell, she, she doesn't go on like the whole pro-Palestine thing. She's like mm. very pro-Israel. She there there's like there's a weird okay, I may even talk about this last time I last time we we spoke. There's there's a section of, um. Uh, you know what? Here, I might sound insensitive. I'm, gonna to, I'm just going to say it, okay? I might sound insensitive. Sorry in advance. All right? There's a section of Jewish politics that fervently believes that if you make the Holocaust about anything other than the Jews, you're being anti-Semitic. So if you mentioned that, you know, the Soviets were also killed or the Romas or gay people or trans right. people or black people, if, if you mentioned them in the context of the Holocaust, you're being an anti-Semite. And she seems to be like in this very, this very ideologically pro-Jewish um, group of intellectuals, mm -hmm. and it's like, well, listen, it sounds bad, but I'm I don't think I'm going to trust you on whether or not something's anti-Semitic. You sound like someone who's definitely not a, an objective observer here. Right. You know what I mean? There was um something that people don't really understand, um, but I do because I lived through it. Is that my the grandparents? <laughs> yes, I lived through the Holocaust. Uh, my grandparents' uh, generation, who, you know, I mean, my grandparents lived in America, but they were alive when the Holocaust was happening. Yeah. Like, after the Holocaust, well, first of all, my family in the early 1900s came to America literally to escape anti-Semitism. So anti-Semitism in Europe's obviously been going on for a very, very long time. Um, but when the with all the stuff with the Holocaust, you know, I've said this story before, 
my great uncle was an American tank commander and he literally became atheist because he uh, helped free concentration camps. And what he saw was so like horrifying that he, he didn't believe in God anymore, essentially. And he took pictures and I, we still have these like pictures of like mountains of corpses and shit. They're just like horrifying to look at. Um, and so like that, I think the shock of the Holocaust um, basically made a lot of Jews, a lot of Jews at that time period in like the 40s and 50s, like just so hyper paranoid with the fear of anti-Semitism. And then a lot of those people, when they had children, like my like my parents, those fears were like inserted into them growing up. And this like, oh, you know, you could, always, you know, they could always come after the Jews again. They could always come after the Jews again. And that woman who wrote this article, I think she seems like she's probably around my parents' age or maybe a little younger. And she probably had that exact same experience where her parents kind of like shoved in this utter fear that they're going to come after the Jews at any second. And it made a lot of uh, Jewish people hyper paranoid and down this kind of pathway of, of seeing the anti-Semitism, you know, around every corner, essentially. Yeah. I know there, there was a period, especially in like the the late 2000s, where if you criticized Israel, it was like you were being pro-Holocaust. And it's like, come on, guys, we can be a bit more sophisticated than that. Right. Yeah. But it's, it's funny because it's weird because now it's kind of like flipped because now it's like the left is like hyper critical of Israel. Yeah. So, and now the right I mean, is like, yeah, you're denied the Holocaust. It's like, what? I mean, I feel well, like the right is really funny like a do, troll at like, this point. So, it's yeah, it's so, funny. It's funny. But like, yeah, yeah. it's 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 kind of become crazy. Yeah. Like, We've now we've now tied an, an ethnicity to a nation state, so you, so you can't even critique the government of that state without without um, hating that ethnicity. And it's like, man, that's not how it works. And it it's funny work with with China or Japan or anywhere else. Like it doesn't work. It shouldn't course. work that way with Israel. Okay. Right. Well, and it's funny too because like you know the one time I went to Israel, the guy or the lady who was like our tour guide, she told us that like the majority of Israelis are like not even religious. <laughs> <laughs> like pretty secular so, like the whole thing is kind of silly but anyway uh gavitron for 20 canadian says you guys should look at legal mindsets take on disney versus florida situation he's a florida florida lawyer with a good steel man for that side definitely worth considering if you haven't yeah i'll check it out i think i saw one of his videos on it and he just explained why he thought um the case had merit or something and i don't really know enough about it or really care enough about it to, to comment on that i just think to me again with the whole disney thing it's just it to me it seems like a blatant um going after free speech if the the ceo of disney at the time because he's just not there anymore you know says that they're basically going to not support the parental rights and education bill and try to support repealing it and that essentially gets the governor to say oh well if you're against some political thing I'm in favor of, I'm going to try to do all these things to hurt your business. To me, that just seems so obviously anti-free speech, and I just don't support actions like that at all. So, uh, Twitter sucks for $20. Thank you, Twitter sucks. Our surrogate god uncle says, saying that it's an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory is the same as saying, quote, isn't it convenient that only Jews, isn't it convenient that it's only Jews that say Nazis weren't Christian? Hmm. Yes. And Twitter sucks for another $20. Thank you so much. Says, quote, instructions unclear. Fingers got stuck in the circumcision system. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. But anyway, let's continue. You've basically already heard how the right uses cultural Marxism before. 
It's used as a label for a conspiracy theory that the right has given a lot of names to over time. Names like political correctness, wokeism, or multiculturalism, all of which have been used. So I, I got to use that article. So uh, there was a New York Times article that he just threw up there that said the alt-right's favorite hundred-year-old meme. Was, uh, I might want to have a conversation with certain someone at some point in the future about whether the mainstream media is biased to the left or not. <laughs> I don't, how does, so, like any of the definitions you guys gave of cultural Marxism don't fit political correctness or multiculturalism or any of the things he's laying out or wokeism. Maybe wokeism. Did, did we get to that part yet? And I just missed it. Hold on. It has a label just... for a conspiracy theory that the right has given a lot of names to over time. Names like political correctness, wokeism, or multiculturalism. Um, multiculturalism is is cultural Marxism. What? Well, okay. So, so <laughs> what? I, I, I can explain that actually a little bit political, if you want to hear wait, it. So political correctness and wokeness is cultural Marxism. So I don't disagree with that. Okay. I just, just I mean, the multiculturalism I, mean, I disagree with. But. Political correctness isn't entirely cultural Marxism. Like political correctness just seems to be like the politicization of being polite, right? It's like, well, here, we're, we're, we're going to use terms that are, let's say, a bit more PC because they offend some people and we're just going to be cool about it. Like it's not only cultural Marxism. It's still like lame. I hate political correctness. Well, <laughs> like, I don't think you can have cultural Marxism without the oppressor oppressed dynamic. I think that's a key feature of it. So if you're just talking okay, yeah. about being nice to people, I don't see yeah, how that is. I, I grew up in the nineties and yeah. and in the nineties, um, political correctness was used by like right wingers, like old right wingers who were clutching their pearls about edgy the edgy content of the nineties, you know? Right. And sure. being politically correct meant to censor that stuff. So it's it, like political correctness just seems to be like a nice way to say censorship, which isn't explicitly cultural Marxist. Well, okay, so I'm sure as you know, the, the literally the term politically correct came from Marxist Leninism. In terms of having the correct political stance, um, right? Which, yeah, yeah. And then I don't know who first started using it as a pejorative in America, but I wouldn't. Again, it's like the night early '90s, so I'm not really like consciously paying attention now. I'm doing some guesswork here, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised that if I went back and looked at sort of the people pushing for political correctness, unironically in the early '90s, late '80s, that they were all. Western Marxists. That would be my guess. Okay. okay. I mean, maybe. I, I've seen right wingers do it too. You know. Okay. Definitely. Like here, I just I just quickly look it up. Yeah. So Nazi Germany did it. Pure Aryans whose opinions were politically correct. Marxist Leninists. Yep, they did it too. Yeah. It just you know the correct politics. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm just I talking about the term. That everyone uses. I'm yeah. Talking about the term specifically. Well, um, look. When I was a kid and people talked about political correctness, it just meant non-offensive. That's yes. all it meant. Right, yeah. right, right. Well, because to be clear, yeah, I think like you can say like, oh, it just means something that's not offensive. But I wouldn't be surprised if you looked at the people pushing for it and you get and you ask for their ideological rationale for pushing for it. It would all be the same woke Western Marxist you know, dog crap that we're dealing with now. That'd be my guess. Okay. Could be wrong, but that'd be my guess. Um, But the multiculturalism is very that's him just trying to paint it as racism of course essentially yeah because like yeah multiculturalism so has really nothing to do with western marxism at all multiculturalism which i disagree with and i think is stupid it's just this idea that like a bunch of cultures can and should 
exist together without any sort of like joint assimilation into a, a majority culture, which I think is not really feasible and is dumb. So <laughs> yep. he believes yep, what he's much. selling in this video though, right? I mean he yeah, he I accepts so. yeah. that he really thinks that the right has done this as kind of a conspiracy. Yeah. Right. Well I as, think so. as you know as you said in our conversation with Destiny, the he's operating purely under the stereotype that right wing means greedy racist. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and it, also so, uh, evidently four year old retard to some people. <laughs> That's a new stereotype. So I, I'm sure we've all seen that, that one pamphlet where, you know, whiteness is like hard work and dedication and being on time. You, yeah. You've seen that shit before, of right? Course. Yeah, of course. So that, yeah. That, that, that's like political whiteness, right? So there's this idea that multiculturalism, it refers to being politically the correct race or the, or, or, or um, the correct ethnicity, the correct, whatever. There, okay. Another great example. I've used this in like three videos recently. I can just pull it up again. LGBTQ. What does the Q mean? Queer. You guys know? Queer. But what does that mean, though? That means not heteronormative. Yeah, but I've seen people who are straight and cis call themselves queer. Yeah. And then if you ask them, okay, well, what makes you queer if you're straight and you're cis? And it's like, well, you know, I have certain beliefs and certain presentations about myself. Like, okay, it's just an aesthetic then. Yeah. It's not any, anything. So, so you can be you can be a straight cis LGBTQ person yep. if you just wear like hoop earrings and flannel. Yeah. yeah. You're being so, non-heteronormative. So, uh, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So it so there's it's just presentation now. It's just yep. aesthetics. Yep. Oh, people are mentioning in the chat that they're trying to change it to questioning, not queer. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, they are. I, I've read that's that. So stupid. What the... So that's like you get drunk at college and you kiss a girl and then you say, "No, nah, I didn't like that." You're part of LGBTQ. Questioning now. Questioning. Yeah. That's that's dumb. That's look. You've cringe. got a you're, who questions their sexuality? I mean, you. I mean, you're. You kind of know what you're attracted to, right? What is the, what is the point? No, there's even... definitely there's definitely questioning. Come on, Adam, are you Listen, serious? Dev is Dev has questioned his chaserism Look, for many years. Okay, there was no, there was never any questioning for me. I knew exactly what turned me on. So yeah, okay, really? Yeah, yeah, but you're a very you're a super straight, so it's not like <laughs> you you weren't like at the college party and you saw the hot femboy and you're like, hey, wait a minute, something's awakening. <laughs> <laughs> wait. I feel like you're describing some experience you had, Dad. <laughs> what? Well, yes. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't think there, there like, are any Deb, hot you're femboys. A chaser. Yes. Yes, there I There you go. I don't think it's there are good. any hot femboys in 1960 when Adam went to college. Okay. okay. What What's happening there, Dev? I'm just, you know, obviously I'm. What, a, what do you mean? I'm a curious person. Why well, you're, you're questioning? Well, no, you're a, you're attracted to. You're attracted to someone that looks feminine, but yep. then you think, oh, man, I really hope she has a dick. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Is that, what, what's, explain, yes. that, explain that process to us. That's something I've never experienced myself, so I'm, um, what is, what's like happening it. there? That's, that's it. I just I like it. Mm -hmm. Have you always liked it, or is it something developed over time? Uh, pretty much like always. One day, just like. I mean, here's the thing. When you're a kid, you don't think such a thing is possible. But as soon as I realized it could it, it could exist, I'm like, yes. So like you saw like <laughs> the first time you saw food, you're like, huh, this is doing something for me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but also like, I mean, 
I'm also into regular women as well, right? Of course, so, right. I mean, like, like Naomi doesn't have a dick, despite despite all the fucking memes in my community yeah. that you guys need to yeah. stop spreading around right fucking now. All right, there's you so many those, people. Those who, surprise. Who say, oh my god, listen, listen. There's so many people who are like, Dev. We all know that your girlfriend has a dick. Dev, does your girlfriend have a dick? I keep hearing Dev. Your girlfriend's like, no. Stop telling everyone that. <laughs> everyone fucking confronts me about it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did, you anyway. her, did you get her like a prosthetic dick? Uh, no. I don't think she's into that. I'm just messing. But um, no, it's I. I don't know if you're familiar. I think it's funny because they've actually done research on this, and they found that um, that the uh, I don't know what the word is. Some word for it. The uh, chaser orientation. Yeah. Only exists in straight or bisexual men. It does not exist in gay men at all. Mm-hmm. So that sounds about right. Yeah, kind of interesting yeah. going on there, but well, because gay men they're, they're, are attracted they're... to femininity. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, right? I so... mean, it make, I guess it makes sense, but, but well, it kind of makes sense and it kind of doesn't make sense, but who knows? It's also mm-hmm. interesting. You're you're talking about the podcast. Who's a guy? Bailey is that the sci- the researcher oh, that you're talking about? Yeah, I forget his name, but yeah, that's. But he also talks about autogynephilia, which is right. super interesting because I guess this attraction that some people have to to viewing themselves as a female, like there's nothing in the environment that creates that. Like he postulates that it's completely genetically driven because. Mm-hmm. The kind of behavior that they engage in, like no father sits her son down on their lap and says, you know, son. Right? I mean, obviously. <laughs> right. Michael, Bailey. Michael, Bailey, yeah. Michael Bailey. Michael Bailey. Yeah. All, all of the attractions I that we, I guess we can come to attractions in a friend group. Like you sit around and you're talking about what you're attracted to with other friends. And I guess that could, could motivate certain people. But you know, I, I, I don't think people think that, sit like, around in a friend group and talk about dressing up like a, a, a woman. Like sure. that never happened to any of my friend groups. But I'm sure there are some friend groups nowadays that do mm-hmm. that, though. That's probably. Have you brought but this I, up I, with other people? Have you sat around and gone, your your chaser? It's like yes, I'm an attraction. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm okay with it. Yeah. What happens? I'm, I'm very open mo- about it. What happens when you when you drop? I remember the first time because I had a friend that said the same thing to me, and I was just like, I didn't realize that was even a thing. Like. I didn't know that was something people could be attracted to. So it super it super su- surprised me and threw me off. And I mean, I felt like I had to come to terms with it a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the same thing as like telling someone that you're bi or gay or mm-hmm. something. It's not a big deal. Really. Well, I don't think, sure. I, I think it's a bit different than that though, honestly. Well, really? Why? It's more unusual, I guess. That's why it'd be different. Right? Yeah. Um, But the guy's name is Listen, Michael. Yeah. Michael Bailey. Yeah. Okay. Michael Considering Bailey. how popular Fuda porn actually is, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that right. I mean, you're right. It seems like that shit's everywhere. So someone's got to be into it. I don't know. I don't know. But um, I forgot what I was going to say. Something probably degenerate. So yeah. Oh, I was going to say, no, I think. So Michael Bailey, he did say something interesting about autogynephilic. He was saying that when they would research this and they'd ask the, the people that were, that were autogynephilic, it would be manifesting almost universally at a very young age in a way that makes you think it would be biological because like like if you have some three or four year old who's really into dressing up like their sisters or their moms sexually that's very unusual yeah why would they have learned to do this or they've thought to do this i mean i think that for myself they're definitely uh 
sexual interest that I was just like, I think I always had. And then there are ones that I definitely realized developed over time. And I can even kind of create a post hoc psychological rationalization to explain why I think mm -hmm. that I have that. You know, what interest. are they? Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely think you, you can so. like push at the edges of your interests uh, just through repeated exposure. You know, it works for food. Why wouldn't it work for sex? You know? I mean, I guess I don't know why people would like be in a situation with that. Like they would be doing that to themselves. Right. I, and I mean, it's, there are limitations to it, even in the food realm. Of course. Like there are yes. certain things that you're just going to find disgusting. And I don't know if, I don't know how many times, like you can try to eat them without, like it's, you're not going to overcome. That. Right. Well, I, I think the way to think about it is there, there's certain, and this is true for all behaviors. There are certain behaviors and interests that are, you're going to be wired into you. There are certain ones that you could go either way, depending on your environment. And then there's certain ones that you'll just never be into no matter what happens. Right. Yeah. And it's going to be different for everyone what those are. So here, let's, let's end this, the tangent, but yeah, I'll tell you a really goofy, funny story to end off the tangent. Okay? okay. And we'll be, we'll be done. All right. The craziest conspiracy theory I heard about vaccines were that ivermectin actually works. And the reason that the government pushed so hard against ivermectin is that basically all sexual degenerate behavior is caused by the psychological effect of having certain parasites in you <laughs> and there was one guy on 4chan who was saying like listen yeah. i have a gay friend and he had covid he took ivermectin and he pooped out all of his parasites <laughs> and he wasn't gay anymore and this is why everyone, Biden and everyone, they're so against ivermectin because it would it would kill the LGBT community. There you it's go. It's like, oh, that's a, a level of schizo I didn't think was possible. There you go. It all wow. makes sense. It all wow. makes sense. Hmm. All of which have been used at one point or another interchangeably with cultural Marxism. Each of these words, of course, means something normal. Political correctness basically means not saying bigoted things. Woke means being aware of structural injustices. And multiculturalism means it's good that there's not just one kind of people here. Oh my God. I mean, the first two are like, like part of it, you're but right. you're missing out on some other important parts, but at least it's part of it. The third one, it's like, it's not good. It, it's good that there are more than one type of person here. It seems to be morally neutral, whatever types of people you have around. Mm -hmm. Like if you have one type of person in your state, okay. If you have 10 types, okay. What's the difference? As long as everyone's there willingly, like, what does it matter? Well, the interesting thing with whenever the left talks about this is that what they really mean is that it's good that there's different types of people from different nationalities or ethnic groups, but all those people still have to exist within the framework of acceptable leftist politics, right? Like if there's a black conservative there, oh, that's very problematic. Yeah. It's a big deal. No well, that, that's, why, that's why he's actually please. white. Yeah. He's, right. he's actually white. Yeah. Because he's there's, not politically black. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. There's actually a Coleman Hughes debated uh, Jamal. Oh, I know. I started. Louis, to watch I think, that. is his name. Yeah. On whether colorblindness is racism or not, or or is, no, whether colorblindness helps or hurts racism. And it's interesting because he said in the beginning of the the conversation that he did a TED talk. Yeah. Where he said he was in favor of colorblindness, and he said that even though when he did it in person, it was mostly well received by the audience, there was some uh, big wigs behind the scenes at the TED talk. That were so triggered by a young <laughs> black man coming out in favor of colorblindness that they actually argued for a long time behind the scenes at, at the TED organization 
whether to allow his TED talk to become public or not. And they had to reach some agreement where the only reason they would allow the TED talk to become public is if he did this debate, which to me is like insane. And all those people should be fired. It is crazy, huh? They all lost their minds yeah. over it. Yep. I mean, their logic will be something like colorblindness or any sort, any form of like liberal neutrality, simply privileges the dominant politics. And if you're on the outside, you are automatically uh, disprivileged by the fact that your political mode isn't the norm. Right. Th th this is this is the mold bug. Politics is the water that you swim in. Argument from the left. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's the yeah cultural the cultural uh, not cultural the uh, standpoint epistemology thing. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, with the wokeness, it's funny because he's like, that just means you're aware of like structural inequalities. And it's like, as you said, like, that's like, that's a part of it. But then it's like, well, what do you do with it? And that's what kind of always disgusts me when these incredibly bad actors like this guy, because this guy is a bad actor. He is a propagandist. He is a liar because he knows all this stuff. He knows that wokeness believes in the, the principle of wokeness in Western Marxism is that these structural inequalities and all these problems cannot be solved through the mechanisms of liberalism. And therefore, liberalism must be destroyed or deconstructed and replaced with some kind of like Marxian uh, system. And he knows all this, but he hides it from the audience and he hides it in the yeah. video. And, and even then, like the Marxian system he proposes won't even solve the problems he, th he says they'll solve anyway. No, so make it worse. It's, it's not even a solution. It's just, no, it's just uh, a tactic to push his politics forward. Right. Well, and so, you know, it's funny because another thing that came up in the Destiny conversation was, you know, who's more anti-science, the left or the right? And, you know, one of the big anti-scientific things the left is pushing right now is anti-colorblindness. There's literally no science, and all the science goes against this, that just fixating on race and being race conscious is going to make people more racist, not left. And this is so hyper obvious that it's just hilarious to see uh, lefties try to argue against this. Hey, let's try to yeah. pause at the end of the sentences. Just to make okay. CT's life better. You're right. So. You're right. I apologize. Look, and CT, be sure to clip out that that uh, dev going full Antifa at the beginning there, just so we. Hear I that God damn it! For the channel, I'm gonna go full Antifa on you specifically. I'll go down to California where it's legal to do so. Splice it, <laughs> splice it in with some of that uh, that those weird fetishes that he has. <laughs> there you go. To a reactionary audience, they also have a secondary meaning. They're names for a trend in our society behind which the right believes there's a powerful conspiracy. A conspiracy to, quote, destroy the West, supposedly being led by an elite of academics, corporate and media executives, and activists, all of whom the right believe are Marxists. So, this is, <laughs> this is so weird. It, this is, well, here's why this is, again, why this guy is so dishonest, is because he agrees with this yes like, that's his goal yeah he agrees that western <laughs> liberalism is all evil white patriarchy and should be destroyed and yet he comes out here and makes a video where he's like oh it's just a conspiracy theory what are you talking about right yeah i want to ask him so would that be a, a bad thing if that happened <laughs> and of course he'd be like of, of course not it's exactly like, what i want I think what he's leaning on, and this is kind of like the, the dishonest word game that he does, is he's like, well, the conspiracy theory part is that all the people on the left in positions of power are not Marxists. And it's like, well, okay, that's obviously that's true, right? And there's a lot of people that are pushing wokeness that don't understand what they're pushing, and they're not Marxists. That's true. But the ideology is Marxist, and you, he, this guy should know this with 100% certainty. Right. Yeah. That's an interesting... Well. 
way to look at it. So, he, so he's basically saying, yes, that's what I want, and it would be great if we were succeeding, but he's kind of butthurt that they're not. So that's why he's saying <laughs> it's a conspiracy well, theory. I wonder if he actually, if he genuinely doesn't know, because most leftists I bump into haven't read like any of their own theory. They just think, oh man, healthcare would be good. Oh, I'll be more extreme though. You know, like most of them don't think. They, they don't know. They don't understand like their own fucking writers. You know, so it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if this guy genuinely doesn't know that what is cultural Marxism actually, if you follow it all the way back, came from Gramsci, who is actually a Marxist. Yeah, I would buy that. He could have gotten this just from some BuzzFeed article, and it's just regurgitating into video format. Yeah, maybe. You don't know where the play button is? Here, I'll show you. <laughs> and maybe also oh, Jewish. Was it my job to do that? <laughs> we'll get to that part later. The point of using the phrase cultural Marxism is to scare conservative voters misinform them about i'm sorry i was i was away from the computer so i can plus play and you guys missed something that was very oh. important and funny what would what, we miss what do we miss um here play, play it again i guess and maybe also jewish but oh there you go <laughs> it's, it's the anti-semitic the anti-semitic conspiracy theory yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get into that in a bit it's so dumb like i did a lot of looking into whether or not this was anti-semitic and it, it just isn't no this is this is just how you browbeat someone. It's like, oh, is there a, is there a connection to the Nazis we could trot trot out? Well, we've we've pegged the Nazis as the most evil possible thing. So if you can if we can connect you to them, no matter how much truth value there is, mm -hmm. you're the most evil thing. It's like that's not an argument. You yeah. can't just define like one thing as evil, then say you're close to that, so therefore you're evil. Like. Right. Uh. Um, Ivers and Getterix for $20, thank you, says, citing any of their philosophers, the Frankfurt School, cultural Marxism, basic economics, the shady dealings of their organization, or any concrete examples of communism or socialism has been tried, having been tried, are all poison terms. True, true. Uh, Twitter sucks for $20, says, how are conservatives anti-Semitic if it's almost exclusively, exclusively Republicans that support Israel's existence? Nani? Yeah, that's an interesting one. That's why I always thought it was funny when people would say that Trump was anti-Semitic. I'm like, right. I mean, I you know, I, I understand even if I disagree with it. I mean, I understand people throwing the racist accusation at him, but the anti-Semitic one was like, he's like like the most pro-Israel like, candidate like, we've ever had. I just I don't know. Yeah, his 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 daughter, who he's probably in love with, he you know married a Jewish guy. So I said he and he made that guy like. You know, have all these positions of power in his cabinet. So I just, I don't, that's a, it's a weird accusation that people throw at Trump, but yeah. Yeah. Now there obviously are people on the right that are anti-Semitic, obviously, but that's a whole nother story. Uh, I versus Getterix for $20 says by design, they've made you sound like a conspiracy theorist. If you dare present any evidence attacking the Bailey does nothing to their mock. And now apparently even asking them to define their terms is a right-wing tactic. That's exactly what's going on there. Of course. Exactly what's yeah. Going on there. yeah. They're going to look at this video and say, oh, we're bunch of racists that's the whole point of it uh bimo for 20 dollars. thank you bimo says could you both pick a number between 12 and 40 for me this will dictate who gets turned into a wojack today what uh, 33 33 wow that's my number what number do you pick uh well you go dev he said both that's there's only two of us i'll, I'll do it anyway 12 oh, 12 okay. and 40 12 yeah. and 40 was it i'll choose yeah. 22 34 
<laughs> okay, Mr. Price is righted me. Jeez. Look at that. Jeez, I can't believe you just did that to me. Why? Look, God. I have a strategy. <laughs> okay. Bobaxi for 20 euros says regarding multiculturalism as Sargon, I think he and at least one of his staff have some choice opinions about it. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Grendel Vivat, thanks so much for the 20 gifted subs. Thank you. And thank you, Bimo, for the five gifted memberships. Thank you so much, both of you guys. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, Hobotastic for $20 says, yo, I've been listening to your show in the gym for a minute now. I've gained 25 pounds of muscle in seven minutes and seven months. Oh, wow. Thanks for your help and keep it up. Also, do you think Tate is guilty of sex trafficking? Well, first of all, thank you, Hobotastic, for the first super chat you've ever sent to us. Yeah. And I'm glad that's awesome. that you gained 25 pounds of muscle. That's fantastic. If only I could work out while talking on this stream. <laughs> Stay healthy. Yeah. Well, you don't work mm -hmm. out. I already worked out today. Uh, I don't work out while we're streaming. That'd be pretty difficult, even with me not on camera. If you heard well, me you going, can work like, out before <laughs> the stream, obviously. Of course. Yeah, you got a noise filter on it. Yeah, so, Andrew it. Tate. Uh, Andrew Tate, I do think Andrew Tate uh, probably fits looks the pretty classical guilty, definition yeah. of sex trafficking. Yeah, he looks pretty guilty. Yeah, in terms of, uh, especially there were some new text messages that came out where he's literally talking about manipulating women to try to maintain his power over them. So, yeah. Probably, very probably. pimpish. At the very least, even if you don't think he's guilty of sex trafficking, he's definitely 100% guilty of scamming both his workers and the, his customers to like an insane level. So, right. Yeah. Violating Peterson's first rule for life tell the truth. Yep. Tell the truth. Or at least don't lie. Right. Yep. Uh, Rolt of Gibeah for $25. Thank you. Says regarding the Tuesday debate, quote, leftists and progressives have absolutely no idea how unsuccessfully, unnecessarily uh, repellent they come off to so many people. And they get angry at the idea of being more effective social movement because they don't want to share their social spaces with people who might have gone another way. End quote. Vosh. Not even kidding. That's hilarious that Vosh said that. Wow. Really? Huh? Oh, hilarious. Yeah, that's um, a, a giant, a giant problem. Yeah, a lot of people got mad at me for that meme I made. Did you see the, the Vosh meme I made? What was yeah, I did. I retweeted it. I, I hope um, they're not mad at me. You know the I meme of like it. you know the meme of like the, the two people like hitting on the woman and then like with one person she's like, Oh yeah, and the other person she's like calling HR. Oh right. yeah, 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 yeah. So I had like the, the attractive guy as Anna saying, uh, Hey, I'd prefer if you didn't call me a birthing person. And the woman's like, Oh my god, you're such a transphobic bigot. And then I had the fat guy as Vosh saying, the LGBT community is cancer. And the woman going, oh, my God, based a woo-woo. Yeah. <laughs> and it's true because it's this is why I was so – and it's so funny because, like, people don't know what the hell they're talking about. Like, because Anna attacked Vosh because she's like, oh, he's a hypocrite. You know, he's calling me a transphobe. And look, here's this clip of him saying, you know, the LGBT community is cancer and all the hell suck, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And yeah. all these lefties were like, oh, but Vosh is correct here. This is his most base take. And I'm like, okay. Like, well, to be honest, he, he's pretty correct there. This is the most he, base no, take he, for sure. Sure, he is. But the problem is that those are the same people that then will turn around and criticize Anna for being a transphobe. Yeah. So I mean, like, like the, the the issue really is, is like, you know, five years ago before Vosh really blew up, he was like a full class class reductionist, almost a tanky. Yes. Like very, very, you know, didn't really give a shit about any of the other intersectional politics. And he's 
I don't know if he's actually changed or if he's just pursuing like success on YouTube or what. Mm -hmm. But he definitely says different things now. That what? clip That's of Anna point. is so amazing. It's just oh, the, so incredible. Her calling Bosch trash yeah. is pretty amazing. Yeah. The, those videos, you try to scrub them off the internet. I found them. <laughs> it's, so, <laughs> it's so funny. Her timing in it is just so hilarious. God, it's yeah. funny. She, she has like that, I that found boomer <laughs> old media. Yeah, that boomer old media energy, you know? Yes. It's kind of yeah. funny. That's great. That's great. You, but you, guys really really pick, you guys are really kicking off, by the way. You're like talking to all these bigger, bigger names and stuff. That's what really, is that? What is good that, job, guys? Yeah. What does that mean, boomer? Boomer energy. I don't get that. What does that mean? What? Oh, really? Yeah. It's just like the way the way that she presents that's herself. Boomer, so oh, okay, yeah, yeah. What's yeah. that? She she definitely presents <laughs> herself the way. Shut up. Okay. Shit. Look, I just I thought look I thought it was great comedic timing. I don't know what it means. I don't know. No, what the it, it was. It was great. It was, yeah. it was great. definitely great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those videos she, you tried to erase from the internet. I found them. <laughs> <laughs> like it just it presents a picture of her just like scouring the internet for dirt that's just hilarious it's hilarious right no she, she seems like somebody who would have been like on a very comfortable on mainstream media like 20 years ago you know? oh yeah well yes. that's that is kind of the look and feel of the young turks that's kind of what they yeah. fostered sure so. right yeah an alternative well, to mainstream media that looks a lot like mainstream media so right Obviously, mm -hmm. we've gone in completely the different direction. I'm like obviously sitting in a bedroom. Sitch is using an avatar. Sitch so, is a cartoon yeah. character. So yeah, yeah. Um, Mark Twain's Revenge. Thank you so much for the one hundred dollars. Our surrogate uncle. Yeah, Mark Twain's Revenge. That's awesome. Thank you so Says, much. Says Dev. What do you think of the centrist creed I created? Embrace reason. Abhor the radical. Suffer not the fool. Glory to centrism. I'm going to keep repeating this until it becomes a thing. Yeah. Well, if you want me to to answer that, you got to donate $100 to my channel, too. Oh, <laughs> oh what? Oh. What? Boom. <laughs> it, like, I, I generally don't like creeds. I kind of find it He's trying to poach our, I, our I family, okay? I don't... Uh, you don't like creeds? What the... Yeah. Why are you so I mean, racist? I, I, yeah. I, like, I like the movie Creed. That's about it. Yeah. I think it's great. I love it. Embrace reason, abhor the radical, suffer not the fool, glory to I don't centrism. Know. It really just feels like a fedora is tipping all the way through the super chat. I don't know. Yeah, Whoa. but like in a good way. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Whoa. I like the glory to centrism because it reminds me of papers, please. So. <laughs> I like embrace reason. I like abhor the radical. I mean, what look, suffer not fools. What's not to like about this? Yeah, this is great. Glory reminds me of my favorite movie, 300. We do this for glory. There Come on, go. it's great. Well, hold on. Glory isn't isn't reasonable. Glory is yeah, glory it is. is awesome. That's not. No. If it's for something reasonable, it is. <laughs> <laughs> if no, it's glory, glory itself, to reason. Yeah. Glory itself is like an irrational thing. No, it's, it's not irrational. What are you talking part about? Glory just means something is like you you take pride in it or you hold it up as like beautiful or magnificent. Yeah, you should take pride. Yeah, in those it. aren't rational. Those are just emotional responses. Okay, loser. <laughs> we'll get to that part later. The point of using the phrase cultural Marxism is to scare conservative voters, misinform them about progressive politics and who holds institutional power under capitalism, and advance a violent white supremacist agenda. Who like holds dings. power? Yeah, right? It was weird because yeah, there were dings a lot with no of... visual... No yeah. visual, yeah. Yeah, it feels like there should have been like, like a list appearing or something with those dings. 
maybe there was originally because yeah. he's kind of like pointing but there's nothing there so i'm yeah. wondering if the editor just didn't put anything there. i mean like i i mean i've done a I didn't, i've had this happen a few times where like i've made a video and i've like edited a, a graphic then i've accidentally disabled the layer and then uploaded it like, and i was oh, like oh shit yeah <laughs> the graphic's not in the video i feel like i, I need to pull up a graphic for a gaslighting warning through this entire video because we're just being gaslit so badly here yeah yeah well, I'm assuming it sounds like this guy's argument is um, that essentially the conspiracy must be untrue because he believes in cultural hegemony in terms of that all of our culture is dictated, controlled by capitalists. And so obviously they're not going to be promoting anything that's anti-capitalism. It's so right. stupid. And if you're a conservative watching this video, I know that right now I probably sound like a lefty stereotype. But I promise that's really what this rhetoric is about, and I can actually show you if you let me walk you through the evidence. Let's see it. So, spoiler <laughs> warning, I've already watched this video. Okay. He doesn't make any arguments or provide evidence for his claims. He only tries to, to uh, racist man bad the right-wing claims. Oh, okay. So keep this in mind. He said he was going to prove his argument, so we'll see. Why don't we start with a quick history lesson? The cultural Marxism conspiracy theory first appeared in the U.S. in the mid-90s, early 2000s-ish. But it's possible to trace a similar uh, idea back to 1930s Germany uh -oh. and the Nazis. Okay, here we go. When the Nazis came to power, they designated as one of their enemies so something they... So he, he said, a You're similar idea... in the middle of the sentence. Sorry, sorry. Here, we'll go, Where's we'll, the we'll marshmallow? Go back Look. <laughs> So Keep he in said, mind, uh, marshmallows in front of you. you. Get two marshmallows <laughs> if you can avoid I'm pausing. I'm too fat for marshmallows. I don't want them. <laughs> now listen, listen. He said a similar idea appeared in in 1930s Germany, which is true. A similar idea did appear. It is not the same idea. Yeah. That's... And it had a completely different source. Oh yes. Yeah. Right. It's totally. this is bullshit. But because yeah. it uses some of the same words and it looks similar if you squint your eyes, he's going to try to make a comparison here, but or, or a connection. But there is no connection. Okay, let's, let's go. Sorry. But it's possible to trace a similar idea back to 1930s Germany and the Nazis. When the Nazis came to power, they designated as one of their enemies something they called cultural Bolshevism, or alternatively, Judeo-Bolshevism. Cultural Bolshevism was a conspiracy theory okay, promoted second, by second, Hitler. Sorry. sorry, listen. I just want to go back a bit. Watch the animations on his titles as they appear, okay? They designated as one of their enemies something they called cultural like, Bolshevism, or alternatively, Judea. Why is it so laggy? It goes at like two frames a second. Do you see that? Yeah, that's. I thought that was just my end. I didn't yeah, realize no, that it, you guys it, were saying I, I thought it was like the, the watch together, but like, watch, watch the, uh, the poster turn, all right? To 1930s Germany and the Nazis. When the Nazis like, came to power, the they designated as one of their enemies something they called cultural <laughs> Bolshevism, lagging out or alternatively, Judeo-Bolshevism. <laughs> cultural Bolshevism was a conspiracy theory from... You know, it's, it's funny really? cause that, you, that you bring this up, because um, there's a part in the video that's mm -hmm. really funny, where there's like a three or four second chunk where he accidentally sped up his audio like two times speed and <laughs> didn't fix it. And it's really weird, because I'm like, how do you accidentally speed up your audio? That's never happened to me before. So, I mean, like this sort of thing can happen if your computer's extremely laggy while exporting the video, so it just encodes all the skips. Like yeah, that's possible. Yeah, of course. That is but, possible. Or, or, or like if he's running it on a laggy computer and like screen capping it or something. Like, I don't. I mean, he gets a lot of views. <laughs> you should be able to buy a better computer for editing or something. <laughs>
something. All right. Um, I don't know. Let's get back how, to the how substance about this picture? of the video. I, listen. <laughs> listen. Yeah? Is it you? Mm-hmm. I kind of love that picture. I like that guy looks kind of cool, right? <laughs> he looks like, doesn't that look like a good album cover or something? Like, <laughs> it probably has been at one point. I bet, you, I bet. you know who that is, right? Who that uh, depicts? Isn't uh, it's one of the socialist guys. Yeah, it's Trotsky. Guys. Trotsky, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So so they're saying like, listen. Was Trotsky you know, even Jewish? Yeah, he was Jewish. Okay. The the Jew Trotsky and his and his communism has taken over Russia. And now it's coming for Germany. That's gotcha. basically what's being said here. Yeah. Wow. I, I just looked up Trotsky. He looks kind of like socialist Colonel Sanders. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I, I think this was actually made after Trotsky had been expelled from the Soviet Union. Well, that's kind like of ironic. <laughs> after after Lenin died, it was Trotsky versus Stalin, and Stalin won, and then Trotsky went right. into exile. Of course. And and Stalin wasn't Jewish, so I guess they had to blame it on somebody, right? So they they blamed it on the Jew. Well, and wasn't the thought process too that Stalin was like significantly worse than Trotsky? Uh, nah, to be honest, no, I think that's because really? I, I think oh, that's okay. only so because they're, both, they're both shitty. I think it's only because Stalin had power. Like th- there were there were moments where um, Trotsky uh, Trotsky uh, commanded certain parts of the Red Army, and they they did some atrocities. Mm-hmm. Trotsky is not is not innocent. Oh no, listen, we're talking about like genocidal dictators, right? Yeah, well, there's got to be one that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal with Trotsky? What's Trotsky's claim to fame? Um, basically, he believed that. Stalin had had not implemented the true socialism. He instead built what he called a degenerated worker state. So he kind of he, he coined that term. Um, he also coined the term um, um, Hitler particle. So you'll see a lot of leftists online say particles of Hitler or like fascist particle or something. It was his belief that the petty bourgeois, even though they have more in common materially with the proletariat, they will always side with the bourgeois against the, the proletariat in a revolution. Um, the, the petty bourgeois are the people who own their own businesses. So like, right. yes. So, so the proletariat, they work the means of production owned by somebody else. The bourgeois, they own the means of production, but they don't work it. And the petty bourgeois, they work means production of means of production that they themselves own. So if you own your own small little shop or your own little enterprise, you're petty bourgeois. So even though materially they're very similar to the working class, they will always side against the working class against a socialist revolution because they have a lot to lose. They're going to lose their shop. So Trotsky, basically the hatred of self-employment and self-sufficiency comes from Trotsky's political theory on the left. And that's why shoplifting is okay. Pretty much. Yeah. We got him to thank for that. Was a conspiracy theory promoted by Hitler, Goebbels, and other prominent Nazis that a plot of Jewish communists was out to destroy German society and the West. Hitler and Goebbels would make a point of calling Marx Karl Heinrich Marx, kind of like how some conservatives call Obama Barack Hussein Obama, Uh and would repeatedly mention that important figures in socialist history were Jewish, like Leon Trotsky or Rosa Luxemburg. Then they would claim. Was uh, Saddam Hussein (laughs) socialist? I don't think that's why they called Barack Hussein Obama Barack Hussein Obama. Well, no, he just means in terms of, like, they're just trying to demonize him in some fashion. Okay. Yeah, because he has, like, a weird name kind of thing. Sounds like yeah, a foreigner, like yeah. he's some kind of Muslim. I mean, Saddam Hussein, he was a Ba'athist, which is, like, a form of, of Islamic socialism. So, But I don't think anyone in the States even knows that, to be honest. Right. Claims indirectly and without any basis in fact that a few Jewish people controlled the world, the banks, the government, that they were communists, 
and that they were bringing about chaos, destruction, and degeneracy. All justifications the Nazis would then use for the Holocaust and the mass executions of left-wing opposition during their rule. Here's a couple of quotes of the kind of stuff they said. Okay, hold on. Before we get into these quotes, real, real quick. Okay. I mean, I, I looked into this for a video that I'll probably do at some point in the future. Mm -hmm. I mean, when it comes to average Jewish wealth in Germany versus the average German wealth in Germany, Jews had like something 5% more wealth uh, per capita or That's something That's like 5% that, right? global control, okay. <laughs> so like, well, well, the thing is, is like when, it, when you're talking about the working class, it's not very much. When you're talking about the ruling class, that can actually be quite a bit, you know, sure. like the people at the very top of society. Right. So the, the this obviously doesn't fucking... <laughs> I'm not coming out as pro-Holocaust here, guys. I'm not coming out as pro-Holocaust. Right? <laughs> I'm saying that, like, but... just because just because a Nazi made an observation does not mean that that observation is extremely wrong to the point that its opposite must be purely correct. Right? Right. right. Uh, that's, and that's kind of the logic that he's using here. Is he's... Yeah, well, right. I mean, yeah. the issue is um, with a lot of Jewish Germans is that, yeah, I'm sure that there were jews in germany especially like here in america who were you know disproportionately uh, in higher positions of wealth or power and when you're kind of cultivating this racial animus where you're trying to blame all your problems on some outgroup it's very easy to point to an outgroup that is you know doing a little bit better than you and say these are the people that are like causing all the bad things in our society yeah so. yeah and and also see so he's pointing out um figures within the Nazi party that are like very well known for their extreme anti-Semitism, right? But then there's also other figures in the Nazi party, which he, he we, we know he's not going to talk about, like the Strasser brothers. They were also very anti-Semitic, but anti-Semitism didn't drive their politics. Anti-capitalism did. And they were right. anti-Semitic because of its connection to anti-capitalism. They say, listen, if the Jews actually are you know, the the international finance bank banking class and we're anti-capitalists, we also have to be anti-Jewish. That was like the that that was the logic of the Strasserites, right? So it's the the conversation is so much more complicated than he's ever going to go into. Of course. Well and also, I mean, even though like I think Karl Marx was born Jewish, right? Yeah. Um even though Karl like if we're gonna play the anti Semitic card, even though Karl Marx was born Jewish, like he's you know written pretty extensively about how he renounced judaism and and thought that the jews were like pretty shitty wow. <laughs> like, yeah. like he yeah. even i mean he even wrote this that he thought like uh, capitalism and judaism were kind of intertwined in some kind of you know non-reconcilable fashion so like if we're gonna yes, go down the anti-semitic route i mean you could Karl marx was <laughs> definitely a, i'd say a self-hating anti-semitic jew <laughs> yeah so he he wrote that very famous essay called On the Jewish Question. Yeah. And there's a bunch of different things in that essay that actually are unrelated to Jews. I, I've, I've cited it many times for a different a different idea that's in there. But the main the main part of the essay is describing how um, Jewish culture is inherently capitalist and how abolishing capitalism has to mean abolishing the Jew. Yes. And it's like, well, yes. This, I mean... <laughs> Well, and that's why it, this is so hilarious. Like this whole yeah, video, it's, it's like, like okay, it's well. it's it's kind of trite, but I mean, national socialism did actually mean national socialism. It's not just in the name. Sure. There are some crossovers and connections between the ideologies, for sure. Right.
anyway, flash forward. Wait. Hold on, he's not going to go into that anymore? 60 years later. Yeah, so nothing nothing about the Frankfurt School or the you know, Gramsci <laughs> or the evolution of Marxism. No, it's just we go straight from the Nazis to like, it's up, oh, it's 1980, the Republicans are at it again. <laughs> nothing. There's no connection. <laughs> okay. No, nothing. <laughs> That's such bullshit. It, also, yeah, see, he didn't even talk about its actual origin in Gramsci. He just said it's, oh, the Nazis did something similar. Yeah. Anyway, right. he didn't even describe what the Nazis did. Not really. Like, he, he talked about, like, the capitalist element, but, like, a big part of it was was de de what they called degenerate artwork. That, like, mm -hmm. you had, according to the Nazis, th there were these Jewish artists living in Germany who were making, like, sexually explicit material, and they were they were degrading the culture of Germany. And like this, this had to be banned in order for German culture to reassert itself. And like th there was a very anti-sexual co like component to this. He just, he just didn't even talk about. Right. Well, it's funny because like if he actually did, you know, better research, he could have definitely tried to throw, you know, tie this into the groomer thing to throw further at the Republicans. So. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because. Come oh, on, man. second thought. Why are we doing your work for you here? Okay. <laughs> Take more than two thoughts about something. Try a third. Mm -hmm. Try try a third thought. That should be his, his other channel, Third Thought. Third Thought, yeah. Yeah. Now, the cultural Marxism conspiracy theory is created by these guys, Michael Minichino, Gerald Atkinson, and William Lind. Throughout the mid-90s and early 2000s, all three of these paleoconservative authors, alongside a few others, wrote articles with some random mix of the words cultural Marxism, Frankfurt School, and political correctness in the title. And Explain the Frankfurt School. Explain yeah. it. Don't just talk about it. Explain it. Well, that's the thing. He doesn't actually explain or go into any of this stuff. And it's funny because Ryan Chapman did a great video. I don't know if you've seen it on uh, sort of like the origins of wokeness. And he kind of goes through a lot of the things that you went through in your STL video. Mm -hmm. And he talks about you like you can literally just go to Google Scholar and type in like cultural Marxism and you'll see like a lot of articles about cultural yeah, Marxism. Like, so, man, I said this. I said this in, in my video. All right. 2007. I'm going into university. I'm a young, dumb kid, and I go into my Introduction to Critical Theory class. First year, university, it was pegged as a literature course. It was more than a literature course. Wow. But he's like, you know what? I need a literature credit. This sounds good. <laughs> introduction to Critical Theory. I like being critical. I like having cr like critical thinking. They tricked I'm the fuck out that. of you. <laughs> I'm going to go into this class, all right, 2007. And you know what? The professor talked about cultural Marxism. It was just a neutral academic term to describe what was going on. It's like this. Yep. Listen, you have like economic Marxism and you have cultural Marxism. And it's like, OK, understood. And in 2007, this was not controversial at all. It was just what academics called it. Then I think once my generation um, left the universities, entered into the workforce and it became known outside of the university, that's when they had to like rewrite history and change the Wikipedia article and do all this bullshit. Mm -hmm. It's funny because like on Google Scholar, I found this article. I think it's even from 2013 or a little earlier. So it was like right before like the uh, the memo got passed down where all the Marxists had to pretend cultural Marxism wasn't real anymore. Mm -hmm. It's written by this guy called Douglas Keller, who if you look up on Wikipedia, it says... Douglas Keller is an American academic who works at the intersection of third-generation critical theory in the tradition of the oh, Frankfurt no. Institute of Social oh, no. Research. Okay, <laughs> so, yeah. So this guy, you know, very, obviously, very socialist. And he Actually, wrote an article called Cultural Marxism and Cultural Studies. 
And it's just about like literally going through what kind of what you went through and what Ryan Chapman went through about like the evolution of Marxism, the cultural Marxism. And he just talks about it very plainly. So it's just it's so hilarious that like, oh, well, here's here's a literal devotee of the Frankfurt School talking about the evolution of cultural Marxism. But I'm supposed to believe it's some kind of conspiracy theory. Man, if you still have that, you got to send it to me. Sure, I'll send it to you right now. All right. I'm going to take a look at that because that sounds that sounds something I want to check out. I don't know why the URL is like 10 pages. That is a fucking wild URL. (laughs) Do I have to like divine the meaning out of this? It is not a virus though. It it doesn't work actually, the URL. Oh, okay. Well, I'll find some way to send it to you. And Linz ended up becoming the most influential of the bunch and kickstarting the cultural Marxism craze. So that's what we'll focus on in this video. Like his two buddies, Lin lays out the basic idea behind what he thinks cultural Marxism is and why he thinks it's a problem. For starters, he thinks cultural Marxism is to blame for basically everything he doesn't like. Where does all this stuff we've heard about this morning, <clears throat> the victim feminism, the gay rights movement, the invented statistics, the rewritten history, the lies, the demands, all of the rest of it, where does it come from? For the first time in our history, Americans have to be fearful of what they say, of what they write, and of what they think. They have to be afraid of using the wrong word, a word that is denounced as offensive or insensitive, as racist, sexist, or homophobic. Where does it come from? What is it? We call it political correctness. Political correctness is cultural Marxism. For our country that's been steeping in Red Scare rhetoric for nearly a century at this point, associating basically anything with socialism, Marxism, or communism is a pretty safe bet to get conservatives to hate it. Okay, first of all, <laughs> how do you feel about that pun? Because I really didn't appreciate that pun at all. Someone Wait, I missed puns. the pun. What was the pun? So you see how he's the, the, the teacup next to him? Yeah. When he was saying steeping, he was literally steeping a tea bag in a cup. Oh, wow. Visual pun. No, right. I don't oh, that, like that, it. I don't like oh, that it. That was at clever. All. I like it. I no. like it. Not clever. No, you're wrong. Listen, I love all puns. <laughs> puns are just great. All right. As someone who used a lot of puns in their videos, that was pretty cringe. Okay. Yeah. Like, you either have to do it or you don't do it. There's none of this, like, wishy washy, like, every once in a blue moon, I'm going to have this random pun in my video. No. I refuse. Did you just say used puns in your videos? Yeah. Yeah, he's. Do you a don't big make videos anymore? Guy. No, didn't you know this? <laughs> oh, I thought, I thought you had a, uh, I thought you're still you're still doing like that. I'm coming back one day, guys. I I, I am, supposedly. <laughs> supposedly. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hypothetically. Okay, so that's William S. Lind. Okay, do you guys know any details in William S. Lind? Yes. We. I. I you know, it's funny. I forget. But we watched one other one other of these videos that referenced him. Um, and it's funny because he has a brilliant quote and then he immediately follows it up with something really stupid. Uh, which is the brilliant quote is is essentially that the problem with ideologies is that when you adhere to an ideology, there'll always be a time where reality won't match the ideology. So then you have to warp reality to match the ideology, essentially. Which I think is very yes. true. And it's a great quote. Uh, he then immediately drops his pants and then falls onto a rake and hits himself in the dick. Right. Because then he immediately says, <laughs> conservatism is not an ideology. 
It's just looking at what worked in the past. And to me, that's like, okay, that's really that is an ideology. How can you say that? Oh, right. Insane. So I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I kind of get his point a little bit. I understand because... what he's trying to say, but it's wrong. Yeah, there's like like Hannah Arendt at one point said that <coughs> socialists become conservatives after the revolution. So if conservative if, if conservative actually just means whatever the status quo is, right. then it, it would it would on some level not be an ideology. Well, no, it is because the ideology is to say whatever the ideology, the ideological bent to it is to say whatever is currently working or whatever is tradition is what should be upheld. That's the ideology. Right. Even even what has worked in the past will continue to work is kind of part of the ideology. Right. When you don't necessarily know if that's true. Is he a, a like a racist or anything? I mean, I don't know. Kind of has a racist look about him. <laughs> well, no, I, like I feel like that's white haired. I feel that's why he's using him, obviously. And he's okay, heavily so, implying that he's a racist. Mm -hmm. I'm looking I'll tell you exactly why. I'll tell you exactly why. I was trying to find the source of this. I mm -hmm. couldn't find it on the fly, but it exists in my Gramsci video. So just go and watch the video again. Okay. William, so, this is William S. Lind, American William conservative Lind. Yep. author. This yep. is, I think, the first I've ever encountered him. So, so remember I mentioned Joan Braun and her three figures as to why this is a cultural Marxist conspiracy theory, why it's, yep. it's anti-Semitic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the three figures she cites is William S. Lind. And the reason that she cites him is because he is commonly reported as having gone to a um, a conference back in 2003 of various anti-Semites who were all discussing anti-Semitism. And at that conference, you had like Ku Klux Klan type guys. Right. You had neo-Nazi type guys. Okay. You had like j just various, various flavors of anti-Semitism. And this was an anti-Semitic conference. And he shows up and he talks about and he, and he mentioned offhandedly that like all the people in the Frankfurt school were Jewish with the implication being that he disapproved of them because they were Jewish. Um, I looked into that and what it actually was, is it wasn't actually a, a anti-Semitic conference. It was a very broad right wing conference that had normal neoconservatives there. It had paleoconservatives. It had libertarians. It had a lot of racists, for sure. It had, like, Ku Klux Klan members and stuff. But basically, it was an extremely broad, open-door conference. Anyone who was even vaguely right-wing of any stripe could show up. And in fact, when he took the stage, he specifically said, listen, I'm more of, like, a, of like a, like, like a Republican kind of establishment guy. And though we, I have some overlap with people at this conference, I, I am not a Holocaust denialist like you guys. I am not you know, an anti-Semite. Like he, he's and like if you actually watch him talk at the conference, he, it's almost like he's like he's fearing getting canceled back in 2003, where there really wasn't any political canceling. He's like, still, I'm gonna say I'm not, I'm not associated with with you guys, even though I'm here. Like that's kind of the the vibe I got when I watched him talk at this conference. Mm -hmm. So it's just that. The the charge is that he went to a conference with anti-Semites while not being an anti-Semite himself. And then that was spun into right. the current narrative. Well, he made that one line about them being Jewish, so. Yeah, that was it. You sound so like, skeptical, Sitch. Maybe. Maybe he's not. Did he go, was he Daryl Davising it or was he like in <laughs> on the circle jerk? 
to be clear, I'm not skeptical because I mean, I haven't done a deep dive on Lynn, but when I was reading through a lot of his stuff, I mean, I wasn't seeing anything that was anti-Semitic or racist. Nothing jumped out at me. Yeah, I mean, I disagree with him. He's like super. I mean, he's paleo conservative. I don't agree with a lot of paleo conservative ideas at all. Um, But he didn't. It wasn't jumping out at me as like a big racist or anything. And the fact that when I look him up, the only racist accusation they throw at him is the is the thing that Deb just talked about. And the thing that just the fact that he talks about cultural Marxism and to me, if like even the people that are out to paint him as a big racist, they have like and that's their job. You know, I would assume that they would have pulled up some, you know, <laughs> they would have actually had the details. And if even they don't have the receipts, then I'm very skeptical. So, OK, good. enough. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and just in a more general sense, I don't. It's it just seems so slimy when they're like, OK, this guy's a racist. Why? Well, he gave one offhanded comment before a conference about how the Frankfurt School were all Jewish. And then also he went on the stage and then said that he's not anti-Semitic. He doesn't agree with the rest of you guys. But we're, we're going to leave that part out of the story. So like the most tenuous right. connection. And then they turn around and they simp for some of the worst fucking people who actually are way worse than this guy. Like Trotsky, for example, who actually killed people. Like right. it's so it's wild. It's wild that there's they have so much scrutiny for the, I mean, maybe this guy actually is a secret anti-Semite. Like who who fucking knows, right? Like, <laughs> but like he didn't do anything with this with these beliefs. So right. they have so much scrutiny for this one guy because he's not on their political side. But then they they have all the exceptions in the world for the people who are their friends. You know? Of course, morality yeah. binds and blinds. Yeah. Yes, and I mean, wow. look at Second Thought. Look at him. Look how smug he looks. Oh yeah. Look at that smug He's like, face. I got the goods right here. Just look <laughs> at his face. He always looks smug in his videos, I've noticed. He's one yeah. of the smuggest people around. And you probably already know that this rhetoric hasn't changed since. That the perspective is that anything white is bad because that's the dominant culture. You dehumanize people. You don't treat them as individuals. It is a Marxist ideology. Uh, so that's true. Yeah. I don't, he just played untrue. a clip of yeah, like he just played a clip <laughs> of something, which that is a that is a facet of CRT and some of these other beliefs. That is just a true statement. Yeah. What he said is true. Yep. yep. I, how is it? It's so funny because like second thought, because he's so in the bubble, he just plays clips of people saying things that I'm like, yeah, I mean that's accurate, and then he doesn't respond to it or explain why it's wrong. He just plays a clip of it and says, see, they're racist. They're talking about race. Yeah. Well, this is the. <laughs> This is the white, non-white, oppressor, oppressed narrative. So, it, I, okay. I, you know, <laughs> Respond. I would love to talk to Second Thought. I don't know if he would come on the show. I don't know if he's ever talked to anyone or streamed right. to anyone. I don't yeah. know. Because I would be super curious to ask him about, like, how can he believe that we live in some kind of, like, uh, Western uh, capitalist hegemony? Right. And not accept what that guy just said about the whole, like, everything white is bad. Because that is basically the framework of CRT. Yeah, that's his belief. You know, the cultural Marxists, what they thrive on is uh, chaos, uh, personal chaos, people being uh, made miserable, people living in fear. If you live in fear, you can't run a business, you can't build your business, uh, build, build, uh, build your family. Uh, spirituality goes out the window, and that's how they win. Really? These are the right's favorite lies. In truth, not many people would object to what's actually taught in women's, queer, or black studies departments. So this is why this is weird. So he says, he says, these are lies, okay? So he said that those two statements we just heard were lies, 
And then he says yeah. people wouldn't actually object to what is being taught in women's queer and, and race studies. Right. He doesn't <laughs> spend any of the rest of the video at all explaining how those are lies and then explaining what's actually taught in these things. So he just he asserts like, it and moves on? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid, man. Professors in these departments all more or less research and then teach pretty easily verifiable truths. Like, some groups in the U.S. are marginalized on the basis of their class, race, gender, and or sexual orientation. Some parts of our culture and of our economy make this marginalization both easier and cause it to feel more normalized. Historical and contemporary facts point to the conclusion that this is more of a feature, not a bug, of capitalism. They're not teaching white kids to hate themselves or rewriting history or whatever. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Really? Let's go back. I want you to really listen to what he said. Because he said okay. it in like a calm voice to make it sound reasonable. What he said is actually kind of fucking insane. If you like really listen to it. Okay. He kind of drops the ball here. Race. Professors in these departments all more or less research and then teach pretty easily verifiable truths. Like, some groups in the U.S. are marginalized on the basis of their class, race, gender, and or sexual orientation. Some parts of our culture and of our economy make this marginalization both easier and cause it to feel more normalized. Historical and contemporary facts point to the conclusion that this is more of a feature, not a bug, of capitalism. Okay, so he, ju he, so he just made three assertions, right. again with no evidence or anything. Right. He said, number one, some groups are marginalized because of their race, class, or gender. Right. Okay. And when he says this, he means from a systemic perspective, right? That's why he's right. using the term yeah. marginalized. He doesn't yeah. mean like, oh, people are racist. No, he means society isn't is marginalizing people because of their race, class, or gender. That's number well, through, one. So, through so, capitalism. Uh, like, yeah, the the best them, yeah. the, like the best faith interpretation of this is like because there was slavery and slavery has downstream effects on future generations that that were freed, which it does, to be fair. Mm -hmm. uh, black people of who course. exist today still feel so, some of those downstream effects. Therefore, systemic racery. Obviously. Uh, systemic racism. Yeah. Obviously. I would never disagree with that. And I don't think I, I would hope no one would disagree with that because it's very obviously true. Right. Mm -hmm. So number one, assert, assertion. Society is, is marginalizing these people because of ra uh, race, class or gender. Number two. This marginalization is normalized by society, okay? Meaning that society is basically saying it's justifiable and normal to marginalize whatever these groups of people are. Number three, this is an intentional feature of our society. Right. Okay. This is totally CRT all the way. Yes. Right. So, right. So he plays a clip of someone saying, oh, you know, everything, uh, they say that everything white is bad. And he says, no, 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 that's a lie. They're not doing that. They're just saying that our society is intentionally set up to to marginalize non-white people. Right. Which is saying the same fucking thing with more words. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? Like, this is so stupid. Like, and he just says it in this like, oh, I say in this calm, reassuring voice with bigger words. So I just hope you didn't notice. Right. <laughs> Nobody it, watching it this a... video broke down anything he said there. They were just like, no, whatever. No, no. they they just zoned out. Because, like, the idea that we live in a society that by design was today, right? We're not talking about in, like, the 1700s, that today exists to intentionally marginalize and normalize the, the systemic marginalization of people on the basis of their race, class, and gender is a radical belief. And if you actually believe that, then what is the solution other than to destroy the roots of that society and replace it with 
something like socialism question sure, mark? Question of mark? Course. <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean the natural end result of this is like well wait why are those white cops arresting that black person well because he just robbed a store and where he broke the law it's like well systemic racism therefore it's it's such stupidity but like even if you have okay what's the way i want to word this without fucking putting a foot in my mouth um <laughs> it's like listen even if you have a reason for doing the wrong thing you're still doing the wrong thing even if systemic racism led your life down a path where you're now robbing a store you still need to be arrested and locked up it's just right. it's so it's so dumb well it's that, so it's so yeah. on the face stupid of it like it's it's I'm su I'm surprised we have to litigate it, you know. That's what's annoying is that it's like there's and this is where the tribalism comes from. There's like this weird moral foundation that happens on the left where they just if there's like a person committing a crime, there is an like an instinctive moral intuition to basically try to say like, "Oh, well this person, you know, it's not their fault. They were conditioned by society essentially." because of negative outcomes in their life to do this crime. So we should be empathetic to them. And there isn't really consideration to the person that has been victimized until yeah. they have personally been victimized by a crime. And then suddenly that all goes <laughs> out the window. Right. So. Well, yeah, well, that's usually, usually the person, like the person who has been victimized, they either own a shop. So they're petty bourgeois and therefore it's justified action against a trader or they're like a, a corporation. And so they are just bourgeois. And so you fuck them or right. they're like, it's very like in the minds of the left it's very rare that poor people rob poor people which is just false they they do it all the time but, but you know what i mean like right. they just don't see it that way they see they see robbery as being like class Robin action Hood or aladdin yeah. or something yeah yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah i think I, th I think that's a i think that's a big part of it i think another big part of it is that a lot of people on the left sort of uh automatically they're not even realizing they're doing this they kind of automatically look at it like well, the shop owner has the law and society on their side, so they're part of like the hierarchical big system that's protected, where the criminal is like the person that no one's looking out for and is thus oppressed by society. And I think they have this kind of like immediate emotional reaction along those lines, and it leads them down this idiotic pathway, essentially. I think 99% of it is projection. They think... I would not do anything like this unless I was in dire straits. Therefore, mm. they're in dire straits and doing this for that reason. I think it's I that I think that simple. could very well yeah. be a big part of it, too. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we have you... to have a good reason to be doing this because I would have to have a good reason to be doing this. Right. Yeah. yeah. There there were some ideas um, in the Soviet Union where, where, like, if someone was stealing stuff, they just weren't properly educated. And so it was like a, a it was a policy problem. It was a so it was like a socialization problem. So, yeah. like, like, yeah. you know, you know the, the criminal was actually innocent and it was society's society was to blame. Right. But like if you if you were like an educated person who you were a counter revolutionary, that was actually your fault because you should know better. They could not possibly have known better. Yeah, no, th that's a great point, and I brought this up, and it's kind of an this this annoys this is a very annoying facet of human nature that drives me crazy, which is that everyone's probably worked a job where there's like the crazy person that they work with, and the person who's like a crazy, unreasonable like asshole is not punished for being crazy and reasonable; they're essentially rewarded. 
because it's like, oh, well, I don't want to like deal with the crazy person. So I'm going to like, like kind of do whatever they want. And I'm going to like offload their responsibilities to other people because they'll be less crazy when I ask them to do something. Right. Yeah. And so it's kind of, and that's kind of like the same thing. It's like, oh, well, you know, we can't hold, like when someone is crazy and reasonable for some reason, it's like, oh, we kind of view them as like, not like, uh, we view them as like an NPC. They're not like responsible for their actions for some reason. Yeah. It's like, no, like it's literally fuck those people. Those people should be punished. You should do everything you can to punish those people. Yeah. So I think you've got you guys have watched your fair share of uh, Tim Pool on this channel. Have you mm-hmm. ever heard Tim Pool use the phrase "anarcho tyranny" to refer to this? Uh, I have, but I don't remember what the context was. Uh, it was the only time I've heard him. I, I've heard him. I know he uses it more than this, but the one time that I personally saw it was in this debate with Lance, where he was talking about the guy getting choked out in the New York subway. Right, right. And he he called it anarcho tyranny. So. Anarcho tyranny comes from Sam he's, Francis. The fear of anarchism is what he's talking about, right? Well, no, actually, um, anarcho tyranny comes from Sam Francis, and Sam Francis is this—he's—he's uh, he's a white nationalist. He's a—he's an—he's an open white nationalist. The far right loves him. Scrump has been shilling his book for fucking years. All right, <laughs> like, however, it's—it's it's a good book, actually. It actually is a good book if you kind of mm-hmm. if you can get past the white nationalist part of it. All right, right. But like, he—he—he he, he developed an idea called called anarcho tyranny. And it, it refers to armed dictatorship without rule of law. So the idea basically is, is that the, the police, the authorities of, of society, if you get attacked, they will not attack the person who is attacking you in your defense. They will attack you for being a victim and for breaking the peace because you as a victim, you're a responsible agent and the, your attacker is not a responsible agent because he's homeless or he's a drug user or he's, he's somehow out of his mind. Right. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that like it's it's a complete inversion of what proper policing should be. If there's if there's an altercation, the police come to the side of the attacker, not the victim. And Sam Francis coined this as anarcho tyranny. And the reason he called it that is because he was writing in response to a whole bunch of left wingers who are saying, like, it's okay to loot. It's okay to, like, just destroy things and steal from people and attack people you don't like in the street. And and how. Even in his time, the um, the liberal state was kind of being a, a little bit, you know, light handed with them because we've seen, right. you know, we've seen them be like a little bit light handed with Antifa or BLM, you know, in, in the past few years. Right. So, yeah, there's there's like uh, there's a wing of right, like very far right political thought that is basically just. It's this belief that the main reason the liberal state is illegitimate. And is collapsing and that they should collapse it and have some sort of right-wing revolution is because the police do not do their jobs anymore and they do not defend your average person well i don't agree that it's the police doing that i think it's there are depending on where you live there are definitely uh, prosecutors that that engage in that behavior where they will go after people i think wrongly that are defending themselves or are completely innocent but I don't think the police are necessarily doing that. At least I'm not really hearing stories about the police doing that. It, it like, does seem to be the case that like police will like p- police say this and we want to arrest them, but like the mayor told us we can't, our hands are tied, or like they like in Portland they arrest them and then they all just get let loose afterwards. Right, but that's what, what I'm saying. It's like it's, yeah. it's like the police are arresting them, but then there's somewhere else up the chain that's kind of the where the the problem lies. I don't think it's like on the ground officers that are the ones that are like arresting the. The victim of a crime. Yeah. Did you see the 
the viral video of the two guys in the Seven Eleven beating the shit out of that guy for stealing cigarettes and stuff. Yes, yep. I did see that. And he, yeah, he's getting charged. He's getting yep. charged. Not not he's the thief. Charged. Yeah, the see. Yeah, well, hold, hold on a second. No, they came out what? and said that they're not going to charge the Seven Eleven guys. They were looking at him. They're like, not in this town. Not in Stockton. <laughs> these well, guys, I these heard, guys are I... not being investigated at all. They did nothing okay, wrong. So... Yeah. So, so I saw an initial report stating that they were actually going to charge the Seven Eleven guys for beating the. the yeah, they came out and said, "Nah, that's not true." They're like, "So, do you think there was a change because of public backlash, or because they never hell intended?" Yeah. It was, it was, it was, hell yeah! Hell yeah! Wait, 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 wait! What I mean though is like, do you think that they initially intended to charge the Seven Eleven guys, but then the public back, backlash was so great they pulled they they pulled back, or they never intended to do it and it was just like it was, it, it was just like like some Twitter account made something go viral or something. I think it's they possible. were looking to see which way the wind was blowing, and the public support was on the side of the Seven Eleven guys, so they just said, "Yeah, there's no way we're going to charge these guys." Okay. If the public support wasn't on the side of the Seven Eleven guys, you think they would have charged them? Well, yeah, that's what they did in obviously in the George Floyd situation. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Here's an article. So, so um, th this this is this is kind of what like like a lot of these right wing political theorists are getting into. Yeah, look at the definition. Yeah, anarcho tyranny is law without order, a constant busybodying about behavior yeah, that does not without... at all derive from a shared moral consensus. So, so yeah, the the idea that like if you are attacked, you're the criminal, not your attacker, and the and the, and the state will come and intervene on your attacker's behalf. I love that so, Sitch is like the official fact checker of Adam. What do we got, Sitch? Well, I'm what trying we to find articles that talk clearly about who if anyone is being charged i just saw I'm a couple articles really that, yeah. i just saw a couple articles that said they weren't going to be charged uh let's see police identified the subject oh they got yeah they they've got all of them um but i know people were pushing for them to be charged as for assault obviously yeah i know and i saw people claiming that was the case but these articles that i'm finding none of them say who's being charged at all if anyone just well, i mean i saw an article that. specifically saying that they that they were not that they were dropping charges or here i'll look for this Mm -hmm. yep i i only saw twitter posts saying that they were being charged so i kind of took that with a grain of salt right Right. Twitter post, right? Okay, here, I, I pulled it up, yeah. Um, Stockton so Mayor announces 7-Eleven workers will not be charged in epic beatdown. That's oh, the headline. Nice. Yeah. That's that's great. <laughs> Breaking, okay, yeah, so... Stockton Mayor announces 7-Eleven workers are not being charged in the epic beatdown of looter. They called him a looter. Look at that. Yeah, that's so... Yeah, I, I saw another article on that. If you want to search that headline, well, you can find it. Okay. See, so this is why Google's been getting just crappier and crappier. I crappier. know. You can't. Why can't you find that? <laughs> right. Because you think that should be like the like the, the only articles I could find were from like er, like from earlier. And you're like, okay, where's the latest? Give me the latest article. This, this was stuff. like a week ago. That well, I this saw article this. that you were just talking about was from two days ago. Okay. Uh, it says the, yeah, the seven, it's from Daily Mail. 7-Eleven owners who beat up cereal cigarette shoplifter with a stick will not face charges. Republican mayor says... <laughs> As thief is charged with robbery and vandalism. So there you That's go. right. Yeah, exactly. There you go. I mean, Take that, anarcho-tyranny. Right. 
<laughs> I mean, yes, it's good that they're being charged, obviously, right? Like, obviously. you can't just, like, holy fuck. What do you that mean? It's good that they're situation. not being charged. No, no, you know, it's, it's good that the um the actual criminal is being charged, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. obviously. Yeah, not the owners yeah. of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so here, here. I'm going to read this out a little bit, okay? So I, I looked okay. it up, all right? So I, I got the history of the from, from the Sam Francis thing. Listen, Sam Francis is a great writer, but he's very, very racist, okay? So just, yeah. <laughs> Why you want to read this racist don't shit on our show? Don't read anything that's going to get us. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not going to read anything. That, I'm Look, not go over to your channel and read all this I'm racist I'm not going to read anything that will get it, get you taken down. I, I hate know, racism. Okay. I don't even want to hear what, it. But what is, I think we get the anarcho-tyranny. Yeah, we're, we're bombing the you're party here. Getting... Look. Oh, okay. Well, this is supposed to be fun. We got it. What? Second thought's supposed to be fun? Yes, of course. Yeah, this is <laughs> look. This is a laugh. This is a riot fest here. This guy's insane. Okay, okay. Come on. So, the the reason that I that I bring this stuff up, we want to laugh right? at the, delusional like, people, and Deb is like, "Let me read this Opus Maximus <laughs> on racism here." It's well, like, hold on. Oh, this guy's on, also delusional. Please. He's he's also delusional, Adam. Yeah, but <laughs> right wing delusion is also pretty funny. Stick on the topic here. It should be fun. Okay, okay, fine. Here, give me one sentence. Then I'll just say no. Sorry, right? Look, the it's reason. Boring. No, the reason that this. I that I that I talk about random weird right wing political theorists like Moldbug because you love like them. Sam Franks, Francis, you're, you're or like, hiding your power level. Uh, am I hiding my power level? That's, that's what it is. Yeah, maybe no, no, no. I don't know. No, no. The, the, are the you? The main reason. The main reason is because it's. When you only understand the left wing, no, no. Here, here, come on, come on. When you only understand the why left you, wing, why writers, you, why you, why you stuttering? Why are you taking so long? What's going I'm on thinking here? Thinking about it, because my brain works slowly. Okay, listen. When you only <laughs> this understand just became the a left struggle wing session. writers, <laughs> when you only understand left wing writers, and you only watch, you know, far left pieces of shit, like, like, um, second, second thought, thought here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very easy to understand their writers and their ideas because they're so they're so culturally common. You see them fucking everywhere, right? But you have equally crazy right wing people who are putting out equally crazy political theories in response to the craziness, and and like I feel like no one knows about them, and they're they're in my opinion just as important because so many right wingers talk about these theories even if they don't understand them or you don't know you don't even know where they're getting them from. There's there's like diffusing down through Tim Pool or something, you know, and it's just like there's. There's a conversation happening between two very radical groups of people, but only one radical group's being heard, if that makes sense. And I yeah. think it's it's important to understand the radicalism of the other group. I agree completely. Um, I don't. The real the, the difference though that I have is, I think Dev is looking at it at a purely philosophical level, which I don't think is very insightful. So, that's my critique. Here, just out of curiosity, Adam. Who do you think is more incorrect about that philosophy that you don't like so much? Was it Marx or Moldbug? More incorrect about what? Yeah. In general. In incorrect how? I mean, what what are we talking about? Oh. Philosophically or psychologically? Yeah, philosophically. Like, less truth value. What ex Lay out the, the philosophical differences that you see. Gee, how long do you want me to take? Well, yeah, yeah, let's not. <laughs> let's I don't know if I can answer I, this question. Yeah. I feel like I'd have to have read I, a lot more I'm, Moldbug and Mark. I'm bringing it back to Moldbug so. chat. We're going right. back. Do you do you do you understand the criticism that I'm making of you though? The the, yes, that, the philosophical yeah, yeah. You, you, difference between the psychological yeah. difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you believe that like the philosophy is downstream from psychology and and like 
a lot of the stuff. Yeah, obviously, a, a lot of the, a lot of the, yeah. yeah. So a psychological profile is what's driving the ship, and then the philosophy comes in to justify that. And you're looking yep. at the philosophy as a justification, and really kind of avoiding what's driving the the ship, which is mm -hmm. that's my basic critique of a lot of stuff that you're coming out. So you're like, you want yep. to read us this long diatribe about the philosophy, the philosophical justification for something, and I just I don't find it particularly insightful. Well. I think you're partially correct, but I think that you're you're definitely understating the effect that philosophy has. No, I, I philosophy does have obviously an effect on things because whatever the like there's uh, different side effects of what philosophy you're going to justify things with. Obviously, like uh, religion is a type of philosophy. If you're if your justification is going to be, you know, you believe in God and God said this is the way to behave that's going to create all kinds of different side effects and if you're saying my philosophy is is based in logic and reason and i want evidence to prove these things i mean you can come up with evidence but sometimes that evidence is you know specious incorrect not not really true yeah and that can have different side effects depending upon what the evidence is i i'm, mm -hmm. I'm when i'm talking about you know this idea that the world is all oppressors and oppressed, and it's just a matter of going around and finding out where each individual fits, whether they're an oppressor or an oppressed category. I think that obviously has side effects, and that that philosophy is you know, going to create different side effects than some sort of religious philosophy. So here, here's, here, let, let me put it this way, let me put it this way. Um, I completely lost my train of thought. God damn that's, it. It's all okay. gone. <laughs> it's all gone. No, no. But, 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 oh, no. I got, I what got you, back. I got back. I got what do you, what do you think? This, I got it back. No, no. Hold on. Oh, I got, I got back. Oh, go ahead. No, I, 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 don't like, I don't want you to forget. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go. Say it. Okay. Remember, Sitch, when we were talking about Moldbug in the second, the second Moldbug stream, you mentioned something along the lines of, it makes complete sense that he thinks like this because his parents and his grandparents were actually communist spies for the USSR. And that has that has colored all of his politics and all of his critiques on history and all this stuff. Right. Right. So that's like the psychology kind of overriding his philosophy in a sense. From your point of view, I think. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's that simple because a lot of his writing, even if that was like his experience as a child, which is psychological in some senses, kind of led him down this this anti-communist path. You know, the philosophy that he wrote, you can still judge that independent of his own life experience. Sure. I think, yeah. And to be clear, I think what I'm saying, which I agree with to an extent, is that, um, you know, usually people come to their conclusion first via psychology, via whatever emotional, moral, psychological influences are impacting them. And then they kind of post hoc create a philosophy to justify the answer they want, essentially. Yes, I think that's why Adam is saying he finds the philosophy aspects of it kind of less interesting because it's just a post hoc <laughs> rationalization. Right, what's, and what's also your, you're really you're not even really focusing on the side effects, which is something Sitch and I will dive into because that is the relevant factor here. You kind of get what? caught up in the the justification as if it's something interesting, and I'm like, well, of what, course okay. they need to justify. Well, just to they're... be clear before before you respond, just be clear. I think, okay, yeah. I mean, I personally think that it can be interesting to go into the philosophy, even though I do think it's post hoc rationalization. Because I mean, like with the CRT stuff, I mean, it's all obviously it's all post hoc rationalization to justify people 
being angry at white people or to feel like they want to blame society instead of their own problems, blah, 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 blah. But I still think it's interesting, at least personally, to kind of go into the philosophy and kind of like tear it apart and to try to understand what the justifications are. Well, I don't, so, I don't so, necessarily think you're doing any <laughs> like service there because, I mean, you're not going to argue them out of... I, I think mean, you can point out philosophical inconsistencies, the, but the... The goal isn't to argue the CRT people out of it. The goal is, and I do think this is true, I think that there are people who are more in the, the middle of things who, if you rip the philosophy to shreds, will not adopt, adopt it, it okay. yeah, that as makes the sense. answer to their question. Because there's a lot of answers to the question of like wanting to blame society that could lead you in a bunch of different ways, and some are more destructive than others. What is the psychology driving... So, so I've laid out that people want to separate the world into oppressor and oppressed. Right. What is the psychology that makes somebody engage in that activity? It's, it's the, well, it's a couple of things. It's uh, wanting to blame society for all your problems. Right. Right. Uh, number one. It so are they ever on the oppressor side of that equation or are they always? No. Up on, okay. <laughs> well, actually some somewhere. can, some can be because. I think a lot of this from people that are white is like this sort of oh, guilt, okay. okay. You know, the Robin D'Angelo, like white guilt perspective. Right. Okay. I guess um, you're right. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they feel guilty for whatever reasons in their life. And so they feel like this is some way to like extract penance from themselves and make themselves feel better. So, I mean, I don't know if there's probably not like a one simple answer. Cause I think, I think a lot of people have a lot of different reasons why they adopt all these various things psychologically. Yeah. That's an interesting. So if they're in the white guilt, category there they view themselves as a an oppressor and if they're in the oppressed category they obviously yeah. look at things differently so do you want to respond to any of this deb before we move on so i've been i, I it's just one thing i noticed if you have to go back a few a few uh sentences is that the position that you guys are taking up against me here is that like psych psychology comes before philosophy right and for me I don't think it's quite that simple. I think sometimes philosophy actually does come before psychology. Um, however, I find it funny because this is the same position that academic agent has taken up against me. He's on your side on this one. So I just, that was, it was weird to see that, that, that Adam and Sitch have, have become best friends with academic agents. Nazis drank water too. I don't know against, why you're like, against innocent dev. I don't know why you're taking the second thought uh, <laughs> mode of attack here. <laughs> well, I know because I mean, academic agent, he's, I mean, he's, uh, I'm trying to remember because he's, he knows about height and I, he was like, oh, I'm yeah. trying to shake their elephants loose before I, you know, <laughs> tell them the truth, which was like, that doesn't make any sense. That's like the exact yeah. opposite of what you want. So, so yeah, yeah. so spe specious like, attacks aside, where is a <laughs> where is so, so an he, example so said, of philosophy coming it, first? This I, that, I'm super this interested in that. I'm, this isn't necessarily an attack. Okay, so so for example, necessarily. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Not well, necessarily. You gotta, Maybe you, you can guys, just say you guys take the necessarily think it is. out of that being so specious. <laughs> you guys think it is. I don't okay. think it is. But okay. so, so he's so he said, for example, um action precedes theory and this devastates most people the example he gave was that syndicalism came about before sorel wrote about syndicalism and so if you have people who are sitting down and writing uh writing new political theories they're not generating new ideas they're observing trends that are happening around them and they're trying to codify them into something that can then be used 
So, okay. for example, like okay. like liberal like John Locke didn't write about cla classical liberalism, and then like suddenly, you know, no one in the world is a liberal. John Locke has the idea. He writes it down. The pamphlets get distributed, and then people become liberals. What's happening is there's a trend happening in society. John Locke looks at it. He sees things changing. He thinks about it, and he writes out what he thinks is going on. He writes out liberalism, and then the um, he, basically he, he codifies the, the the change in people's behavior that he's seeing. And so this this mm -hmm. happens to be the case for a lot of political theorists. Is like Marx did this as well, uh, to lesser extent though, because he he also made some predictive elements that just didn't come true. So he, he tried to right. like, yeah, but like um, the one example where it didn't happen this way was was Mussolini's fascism and that's kind of important is that like Mussolini's fascism was like directionless lawless street violence until they managed to actually get a more coherent fascist ideology like written by theorists and mm -hmm. then and then like his movement came together and the state came together and the ideas of what, what they should do next it, it it actually organized as a result of the philosophy that's interesting wow I don't know. So yeah, I think I think you guys are probably mostly correct in that the the philosophy serves to just post hoc justify the psychology, mm -hmm. but I definitely think there's instances where the philosophy comes first, and also that they they kind of reinforce each other, where like if you have like the initial psychological impulse and then somebody writes the philosophy, the philosophy will in turn generate more psychological impulses that are of the same kind. You're just yeah, you're, but you're just saying that the philosophy came first chronologically you're not saying that no 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 no. you said the opposite well he's, he's saying second well he's saying somebody writes out the philosophy and then people adopt it but i, I mean well, i would just say people adopt it because this, the psychology drove them to adopt it so well let me okay here's the enlightened centrist position okay i, okay. I found it out we'll use liberalism as a good example okay you have sure. someone like john locke and all these other liberals they're observing these uh, changes in the economic structures of these countries and also the social and cultural structures of the country. And they're kind of like looking around at like what people are just kind of naturally tending towards. And so John Locke sits down and he kind of tries to intuit out what's happening and he comes up with liberalism and all these principles of liberalism, right? Is that kind of what you were saying? Yes. Uh, and then okay. after right. those, so, after so, that writing well, let me just finish. Let me just finish. I okay, just want to make sure that we're on, on the on, same on. like fact basis. Okay. Yeah, so then, but I think what happens when this is where the power of the philosophy comes in is that before it's given a name and before like the rules of the philosophy are stated, people are just kind of like intuitively doing something. And when yeah. you're intuitively doing something, it can be very easy to just fall prey to tribalism, fall prey to emotion, fall prey to some non-principled position because there's nothing there. You're just intuiting it. Tradition, so then when you have yeah. someone like John Locke come and he says, this thing that you're all intuiting, we're calling it liberalism. And here are the rules and principles of it. I think that that is kind of what you were saying, Dev, that like reinforces and kind of locks people into kind of like the rules of the philosophy that they've been kind of intuiting out of until that point. Right. If yeah. you're if you're just trying to maximize your own individual freedom and people around you are doing the same, until you label what you're doing, you can't really constructively focus on doing it effectively and cooperative. Right. Exactly. In cooperation yeah. with others. Right. Yeah. And and I also do think though that whatever psychological impulses that are driving that intuition, they become much stronger after you have something that is rational that also goes behind it. Yeah, I, I well, I think it's not that it's rational. I think it's that once people can look like, on to what it is, it's, it's kind of like we were talking about at the beginning where 
the reason they're like want to demonize cultural Marxism is because it's difficult to fight or even support something if you can't grab hold of it in your mind and un- like give it a name and understand what exactly the thing is that you're doing. Right. So, uh, the real Hollitzer for twenty dollars. Thank you so much. Says as someone who comes from a reformist Jewish TDS family, supporting Israel <laughs> isn't pro-Jewish to reformist Jews, while supporting anything conservative is seen as anti-Semitic. Yes, I'm aware of that take. Yeah. And it's true. It is kind of interesting. Uh, Deej Nuts for 2420. Thanks so much. Says, Destiny is wrong. I've convinced tens of separate climate deniers to purchase solar plus batteries plus EVs to offset 99% of their personal emissions by making arguments that represented their values. Just kidding. I called them children. <laughs> <laughs> Slash sarcasm. There you That's go. Well, good for you, Deej Nuts. Uh, Twitter sucks for $20. Says, This is unregistered hypercam 2 type of editing. <laughs> Regarding the laggy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Something's going on there. Uh, Red473 for $50. Thanks so much. Says, gentlemen, uh, I was disappointed in Destiny's outburst on the previous stream. It's not exactly what he believes, but the clear disdain for a large voting group. But the clear disdain for a large voting group. Both of you are much more respectful in your discourse, which is why I call you gentlemen. Well, thank you. Well, yeah, thanks. I mean, we try, obviously. Uh, Lucifer the Doberman for 20 Canadians says, leftists don't want to end oppression. They want to be the oppressors. Uh, don't disagree. Simon O'Leary, Some for tw- yeah, definitely. Simon O'Leary for 20 New Zealand dollars says, quote, cultural Marxism is a conspiracy theory. End quote. Notice they never bring up Mao. There is no war in Ba Sing Se. There was no cultural revolution in China. A team is satisfactory and passes so well that even Dev's not interested. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Compliment? Maybe. I don't I can't tell. They said A team is satisfactory and passes so well that even okay, Dan yeah, is yeah, not yeah. interested. S class is the best class tasks. Has there been any like jet gender bendy Adam fan art yet? I know oh, I've seen girls. Oh, of such. course. Yeah. This girl Adam out there, yeah. Sammy. Yeah, I've I you know what? I've seen girl dev too. I, I even think Sammy made a girl dev at one point. I, I Sammy? I'm assuming she did. Yeah. Uh I think I remember seeing it too. Uh, Twitter sucks for $20 says there's a reason DeSantis fired the DA of the ninth district. She failed to seek charges for the 42% of the cases that came across her desk. The cultural just justice system is being overrun with Marxists and letting criminals run free. Yeah, well, that, if that's, that's true. Good for, giant, good for that. Yeah. I'm on board with that. And Twitter sucks again for another $20. Thank you so much. Twitter sucks says one specific case was a guy who was charged with sexual assault of a minor and served below the minimum sentence. He got community service for being a pedo. The DA let him go free and shot two cops in the face. Jeez, that's wow. true. And there's not some other thing that's pretty insane. So, so I've been thinking about it a little bit, actually. And I think there actually are more contemporary examples of the philosophy coming first, Adam. Like, like the, the idea coming before the psychology. Well, I'm, and that's then, why and I said... And the psychology just, being adapted by look, the Look, you're idea. just talking chronologically, though. Like, I, well, I would say... I, I would say I know, that... Like, Look, obviously, a lot there's a lot of different people in the world. So the people, their personal psychology could be driving the philosophy they articulate it, but it doesn't. That psychology doesn't reach the masses until it does. You know, some something happens that activates that psychology in the people, and they pick up the philosophy. So I I don't now, know. I, I think I think a great example of the opposite is Trump derangement syndrome. Okay. What do you mean? Yeah. Well. Like, if, if you remember, until basically 2020, Trump really didn't do anything that crazy. Like, he was 
he was he was he was honestly just kind of like a seat warmer. He didn't really do anything at all for the first few years. And yet you had people who were just riling themselves up over literally nothing and like so, losing it. And then and then like writing each like writing articles and then those articles get retweets okay. and they're like they're, they're looking at each other's like writing and they're and what's they're, the philosophy? Like, they're, what's they're the psychology? It, they're, they're losing it over literally nothing. Well, wait. Well, so well, first of all, I take issue with only point twenty twenty because I think what he did with with Zelensky was kind of insane <laughs> in the first impeachment. You know, withholding foreign aid to try to get them to announce investigations and. Barisma, just so he could attack Joe Biden in 2019. Was, wasn't that in was oh, was that 2018? Oh, I thought no, that was 2019. 2020. That's 2019. 2019. But, okay, no, but, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, fine. How about the, this? the thing? How about but, the first two years? The first point, two years, right, then. Right. Yeah. But the, the thing that the reason right the reason people got so triggered about Trump before any of that stuff happened was just because he came out and he basically said a bunch of like crazy shit and acted in ways in which people didn't expect presidents to say or act, and then he won. And no one could believe he won, and their brains broke, and their worldview shattered. Yeah, so, immediately the night of the election. Right. So I guess I'm not. I'm not. I don't understand how that's an element. Don't you remember the Lacey Green video when she came out the I next do. day and yes. was like, "I, I do." Right. Because to me, that's very. That to me, that's very clearly an example of the psychology. Yes. Universe. So. I don't know because like, and I've, then we I've labeled so, it TDS. Like I've seen so many people. Mm -hmm. Just not immediately after the election, but like over the course of the next year or two, just gradually lose their mind. All right. And nothing was even happening. Right. But they were they just they just went nuts, like out of fucking nowhere. Because the media and, kept pushing like he's racist, he's doing all this crazy stuff. And like after time, those stories are gonna like weigh He's a Russian mind. asset. He's a Russian mm -hmm. asset, Russia collusion. Yeah, but like the idea that, that here's the thing, like none of that was true, at least not initially. I think Trump also lost his mind in the course of presidency too. But like in in like 2017, that shit wasn't true. They were just pushing it because they could. They pushed it, mm -hmm. and then it did change people's thoughts about Trump, and then thoughts about electoralism and the world around them, even though it wasn't true. Yeah, but okay. What I'm saying is the people that were pushing it, I think, were motivated by psychology, not philosophy. Number one, and then the people that were like the consuming public of media that started to believe it. I don't like I don't know. I personally wouldn't clear, like classify people buying fake news stories about Trump Russia collusion or something. I wouldn't call that like philosophical like a philosophical effect. I just say that's like propaganda having an effect on someone. Dev, this is a conversation I, I actually wanted to have on Tuesday, so we can just like <laughs> think about it and <laughs> Sorry um, about that. Okay, we can talk we can talk about Well, no, no, no. I'm just I'm saying but you know, you know think, we'll think on it and try to Here. I just you're you're obviously putting I feel too much weight on the philosophy. And um we I want to convince you that you're doing that. Okay. Let's just have a long stream from now all the way through until the now, end. that's not gonna <laughs> happen. <laughs> but no. We'll just do the whole forty eight hour stream? I don't think so. No. <laughs> anyway, let's continue. No, sorry about that. We can just save it, yeah. They're not teaching white kids to hate themselves or rewriting history or whatever. It's all pretty obvious stuff. Similarly, not many people are opposed to the civil rights or gay rights movements and their demands for equality. But conservatives will lie and imply these movements are basically promoting butchering straight white people in their sleep and grooming children. So, I don't know. Oh my god. Like, that's. I, I just got triggered. My, my, my psychology is happening first, guys.
Okay, where you get with lag okay. triggered? Okay, so so like I, I saw um, Katie Montgomery say the same thing on Twitter recently. She's like, "Look at the decline of support of LGBT people. This can't be happening." And she links a thing, and it's like support of trans people down. And it's like, hold on, that's only one of those four letters. All right. Firstly, <laughs> right. so don't lump the rest of us in with you, okay? And secondly, why is this happening? Oh, maybe it's because we actually are seeing like you know, teachers coming out and saying they're doing weird shit with kids at schools. All right. Like maybe there's some truth value to what the Republicans are saying. Might not be very much, but it might be just enough to get people really fucking angry and to have a yeah. good reason for being really angry. Yeah. I mean, I think there's truth value to the social contagion element. I think there's truth value to completely unscientific, nonsensical uh, gender ideology and queer theory being taught in schools. Uh, completely. But it was weird because he said that like the Republicans are going to tell you that the civil rights movement was about butchering white people. Now, I mean, I don't know. Is he talking about like was someone saying that in 1960? Because uh, I don't know. I've never heard anyone say that today. I mean, <laughs> I never heard that before. So, But as soon as I heard that, I was like thinking South Africa. It's like, okay. Yeah, well. but they're, I mean, we're not talking about South Africa. He's talking about America. Yeah, so I'm like, what is he, what, like, what the hell is he even referencing? So I don't know. Which they're not. And again, not many people object to the idea that if someone says something racist, someone else is allowed to say, shut up. That's free speech. But conservatives like to call this censorship. This, this guy is, everyone hates this guy. Everyone. <laughs> Even the people that like his channel hate him because he's so condescendingly smug and wrong, right? Like, you have to choose. You can either be wrong or you can be smug. You can't be wrong and smug because then that's, that's like the worst. That's a deadly combination. There. That's the deadliest combination. Like this guy is wrong about almost everything he says. He's a total idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And he's just so smug about being a buffoon because it, it like, and this is just so dishonest because the thing is not like, oh, someone says something racist. And then someone says, oh, I don't like that you're racist. Shut up. And then the Republicans go censorship. Like that's, that's never happened. That's not a thing. That's not a real thing. What happens is someone says something that often is not racist at all. Some a-hole who's overly sensitive perceives it as racist incorrectly and then goes, I want to get you fired from your job because you said something that offends me or something that does not strictly adhere to my leftist paradigm of the world. Perfectly describing political correctness, by the way. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> right. yep. Yep. No one cares if someone says something and then you say, I disagree with you. Shut up. You're stupid. But that's yeah. not the issue. That's never been the issue. Right. This is just lies. This is just lies, 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 and gaslighting. So, so at this point, to combat this, I just say, yeah, I'm a racist. Well, I, I think that's a it. losing strategy. Yeah, that's a definitely like, losing you know, strategy. I'm a racist. I'm a sexist. All right. I blame victims. I'm a rape apologist. All of it. All right. Look, I come out as every bad thing you ever thought about me. So let's actually talk about the real issue and well, not me, just. Look, I'm sympathetic to the sexism. OK, but racism <laughs> is a bridge too far. Well, yeah. let me let me tell you why it's a losing strategy. There's two reasons it's a losing strategy. Number one, mm -hmm. you're just literally playing directly into their hands by doing that. the left's hands by doing that, essentially. True. Um, I don't agree, actually. I think it's, it's the complete opposite. I think it's the complete opposite. How so? I think if you argue it, you actually play into their hands. So here's the thing. When someone says, Sitch, you're a racist, mm -hmm. what they're expecting you to say is, no, I'm not. I'm not a racist. I'm actually a good person. You're, you're calling, you're, you're incorrect in calling me a racist. And so they're going to like, 
basically that's like a signal that you you share the same basic morality racism bad and so they're going to say well listen if you truly think racism bad then you would do this and it's like it's a way to give them moral superiority over the over you right well so okay, i just completely abandoned... you're conceding the argument though yeah. i completely abandoned the moral argument yes like listen i don't care about your morality no you're your moral conceding judgment. the argument you're saying I, that I, you I, are correct but here's the thing yeah. If, if their argument is you are immoral, I just don't care because I don't care about their morality. I don't care about their moral okay, judgments. Wait, wait, you're not. Okay. So the so if someone says to me, sit, you're racist, I don't say, no, I'm not. I say, whatever I said, that's racist. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you make I make them do the work, and then I say, oh, how is that racist? And then we deconstruct their worldview and show that they're an idiot. Look at that's that. That's what I do in those conversations. <laughs> oh, look at okay? that. So the problem is. If I like you, that philosophy. You, I'm adopting it. My psychology likes it. <laughs> if, if you play into this, someone says you're racist and you just say yes. Okay. Basically, what you've done is you've just basically cut yourself off from the majority of people that would listen to your message. Yes. Because you'll you just totally be automatically have. written off as racist, number one. Number two, it has a secondary effect because by doing that, if, if that becomes the strategy of the right, to just say, you're right, I'm racist and sexist, you've basically created cover for actual racism to just thrive because then the actual people that have been hiding their power levels can just come off and say, oh, I'm just racist. And it's going to create the confusion where like, oh, we're just using edgy jokes into, well, the edgy jokes are actually what we believe. Right. So I actually think that that's like an incredibly like terrible not strategy. strategy yeah. So so, so the, the response to the first one is I just consider that proper gatekeeping. All right. Okay. If you can't tell the joke, I don't want you around my, my community personally. Okay. I'm okay well, with that. Right. He brings up an interesting point, though, Dev. If you encounter someone who is legitimately racist, how do yeah. you how do you deal with someone like that in your community if you've already conceded the point that you're a racist? I just ban them. But don't aren't you a giant hypocrite then? Look, they're just a racist like you're a racist. Yes. Okay. This strategy seems horrible, Dev. You need to re-examine this strategy <laughs> right. here. The, the strategy is to giga-chad everything and then just okay. do whatever you want. Yeah. And don't adhere to any thing. rules. Don't yeah. adhere to any rules at all. Okay. <laughs> I, I just you're I think that's I'm just I'm I'm kinda trolling you. I'm kinda trolling. I know you're kinda like troll memeing, but it's just I mean, because I, I have seen people do that. I just think it's a it's a losing strategy from all ways. I don't think you're mm -hmm. going to win with that one. So there are some things where I will actually argue and say, no, this is obviously not racism. You're, I'm obviously not a racist. You're obviously a retard, right? Right. But then there are some things where, like, it depends on the person. It depends on the claim where I will just Chad yes it because I know that this person's just, like, a fucking moron. Right. And it won't go – and the conversation won't go anywhere. And, like, I'm just like, you know what? Fuck you. You know, I'm just gonna fuck around. Well, my is, guy, I'm talking. I'm talking more about Twitter behavior here. Okay. Right. I understand. I understand. I would suggest if if you're just gonna be in the realm of like this person's an idiot, why don't you just throw them back in their face and call them like a groomer? Just say, listen, I wouldn't expect a groomer to understand what I'm saying, right? <laughs> like, you know, if, if you're gonna go for the troll lots, that's that's the direction I would go. <laughs> but anyway, mm -hmm. which it's not, but it does sound worse. When pundits talk about cultural Marxism, they'll take these mischaracterizations and tie them to another word most people have trouble defining, a word conservatives already distrust, Marxism. Then they'll take these mischaracterizations, both of Marxism and of various progressive beliefs, and say that they're the product of some hidden elite. The hegemony of the people currently in charge. They're doing it in secrecy. The socialists are in charge of the White House. Nowadays, conservatives are pretty explicit when they call progressive politics elitism. Okay, okay, so. This is why I was talking about philosophy before, okay? Mm -hmm. 
and about you know, guys like Sam Francis or guys like whoever, like right wing political theorists, is because guys like Tucker or anybody who's like a talk like a right wing talking head that you just that you just pulled up, when they're talking about Marxism, they're pulling knowledge from this 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 canon of writers that are further to the right than them that are largely out, unknown in mainstream politics. And that is the main reason why, um, why second thought here has no fucking clue what Tucker might mean. For example, when he says, when he talks about the progressive liberal elite, all right, to, right. In, in second thoughts view, he's thinking in a Marxist lens, he's thinking, well, hold on. The, the, we're, li we're living in a capitalist society and the elite are the, are the bourgeois and they're capitalists and and progressives are are supposed to be anti-capital left is anti-capitalist all right so you know there, there can be no such thing as a progressive a progressive elite in a liberal capitalist democracy because progressivism is inherently anti-capitalist so that's the marxist frame and we all know the marxist frame right Mm -hmm. But when Tucker talks about these sort of things, whether he has read the books or not, or he knows this or not, he's pulling from someone like James Burnham, where he, he wrote a book called The Managerial Revolution. And the idea was that in modern liberal capitalist democracies, you had a class called the managerial class where they split ownership from control. And so these people had very little property ownership in the Marxian sense, but they had a whole lot of control over other people's property. And because they had control, but not ownership, they were not incentivized to treat that property the same way that the owner would. Okay. There's a TLDR of a very complicated political theory by a right-wing political theorist that Tucker is drawing on when he's talking about the progressive liberal elite. And this is something that Second Thought has no fucking clue about because he doesn't actually read anything. And mm -hmm. what most people don't know about, not even even most right-wingers don't know what the fuck this means, right? So this, this is why I talk about the philosophy because there, there are important things here that flesh out the conversation. And suddenly, as soon as you know this, oh, that's what he means. Oh, it makes sense now. Right, but like a lot, a lot of the confusion that that second Marx is uh, second Marx, Jesus Christ, second thought <laughs> is relying on here is based specifically in ignorance of right wing political philosophy. Right. No, I think that's a a great point. I agree with that completely, um, and that does happen a lot because if you don't understand the specific language that they're using, and you know, you just imprint your own philosophy on it, you're generally going to misunderstand. But what you also said at the end of that is true too, which is that. You know, I don't think Tucker's audience knows what the hell he's talking about either when he talks about this. And I think there's confusion when people on the right talk about, like, the liberal elites. Because for years, when people talked about the liberal elites, they're kind of talking about, like, oh, there's this kind of coastal elitism where the, you know, all these lefties on the coastal, you know, areas of the country kind of look down at the middle of the country as, like, all being backwards and redneck. And a lot of these people, like, are going to Hollywood or, you know, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Right. And that's true ish, but I think there is been there has been some conflation now, which I actually the only part of this uh, video that I would agree, which is there is this idea that is being pushed by people, which I think is completely wrong, that there is a top down uh, conspiracy to kind of push Marxism on the country. And I just think that that's completely untrue, 100 percent untrue. I think basically what's happened is there's been a bottom up, well maybe from bottom. It depends where your time up from the top. Because I think from a like a there's a bunch of college professors essentially who have been kind of infiltrating uh, in these institutions for years. They've been pumping out this cultural Marxist, Western Marxist propaganda for years. It's kind of finally for a host of reasons kind of saturated the ground enough that a bunch of kids, a bunch of young kids specifically, have agreed in this shit. 
And now there's kind of like this weird bottom-up push to get all this woke crap everywhere. And a lot of the people at the top who don't really understand what's happening just kind of go along with it because they think it's what the kids want, they think it's going to make money, or they're confused and they think that wokeness is just like this like this generation's version of like the liberal civil rights movement. I don't yep. believe for a mm -hmm. second that there's some sort of top-down conspiracy to push Marxism in the country that makes absolutely no fucking sense. No yep. elite actually wants any of that whatsoever to happen in this country. Yeah. So, so like, you know, to bring up our friend Moldbug again, that mm -hmm. that's his second society, right? Where he, he had like the three right. forms, like the open society, and then he had like the the closed top-down um, totalitarian society, then he had the decentralized totalitarian society. And if, I don't know if you remember that part of the stream, but that was like, that was the one part you actually liked, Adam, is those three types of societies. And what, what you just described- It was all torture. Was, I didn't like any of it. Was- <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> what you just described, Sitch, was like, was identical to Moldbud's conception of the second society, where mm -hmm. you have, you don't have an actual propaganda, like, like a Goebbels pushing propaganda. You have decentralized propaganda right. from like a totalitarian source. Yeah. Well, I think the problem is, and this is part of why I disagree with a lot of left and right wing populism, is it's, I, I guess maybe these are like contradictory opinions. Because I, I do say, and I do agree with Scott Adams when he says like people's positions are assigned to them, because I think that's true. But at the same token, I don't think those positions stem from a top down place. Like I don't necessarily believe, and this has like been a left wing conspiracy for a long time, was that, you know, Rupert Murdoch decides what the right-wing position will be and he tells everyone at fox to just go out there and that's what becomes the right-wing position i don't think that's the way this works i think basically the way it works is that there's a very energized vocal minority of people on the left and the right that are more extreme in their rhetoric and their positions and they basically try to pull the left and the right in their in this whatever direction they want to go and the the more moderate forces of the left and right placate these extreme people, and then those become kind of like the talking points that dominate everything, though they become watered down by mainstream, and then they get kind of filtered down. Yeah. So it's kind of like, like the, a, a bunch like of middle managers, is, right? It's kind of like the top. the The top is like listening to the vocal bottom. They absorb the vocal bottom talking points. They water it down a little bit, and then feed it back to the moderate bottom. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Kind of a very it's, it's, convoluted yeah. system, but well, there, there, there's something like you have um, the, the people at, at the top of any institution. They're not, they're not ideological. You know, they, they made it to the top by, you know, valuing the institution itself and wanting to see it grow and perpetuate. But like, the, it's the middle managers, like you know, the HR departments and stuff like that. You know, they're the ones who actually have the ideological bent and some localized power to actually do something about it. Well, I mean, that's so, that, I think that happens. That's not quite what I was saying, but that does okay. exist in, in a, a different place. Yes. So, so the, the idea is like, like you don't need a secret cabal of Marxists directing everything and controlling right, right, the government right. from behind the scenes. Right. What you need are, you know, a class of people who have been educated in this stuff and now they've moved into middle management and over their own little spheres of influence, they all in a de decentralized way implement the same politics because they all think it's the moral thing to do. Right. But the, the irony is like the populists are very anti-elite when the right wing populists are basically dictating the right wing elite position at the moment, which is kind of the irony of the situation. Um, and this is the thing that I, don't, I think a lot of people just don't want to accept because they always blame like, oh, the politicians do all the bad things, which are which is true. The politicians do all the bad things. But at the end of the day, the politicians, this is, you know, this is me and I have argued this with other people a lot. 
like I don't buy the whole oh you can just buy off politicians argument because when you give a politician money they take that money and they use that money to basically run ads and get people to vote for them at the end of the day the politician is always controlled by the voters and what the voters want and so the, the political system we have is a reflection of the will of the voting base in this country, whether they want to accept it or not. To me, it's kind of but, an abdication <laughs> of responsibility. But Sitch, we have to talk about elite theory and how yeah, I, yeah, vote, yeah, voting no. is just a post hoc justification I know, I for people in I power because they can influence right. the system. Of course, of course. I mean, there, there's like there's probably some of that, but I don't think it's of course the there is factor. right. That's what I yeah. just explained. This kind of convoluted yeah. way where like they kind of yeah, yeah. I, I, they feed you know they listen to the the bottom and they feed back those opinions to other people. So. Yeah, because you get like people in power can change the rules of the game, and they can you know make make they can they can try to make people below them like revote them in. So like even democracies can have people who gain oligarchic power, but sure. I don't think it's nearly as ironclad as the way that like the elite theorists think it is. Of course, of course. Lynn's a little more indirect with his approach. First, he starts by bringing up a few Marxist academics, Max Horkheimer, Theodore Adorno and Herbert Marcuse. The members oh, of the Frankfurt School- hold on, hold on. Oh, so you mean the guys I talked about in my video? The entire fucking Frankfurt School who actually say this shit in their writing, <laughs> and I read their books for my video, and I put the books in my video. You can't I bring up guy. Jewish people, otherwise you're a Nazi. Yeah, because like those guys were Jewish. Oh no, I guess, <laughs> all right, fucking. If, man, I wonder how far like a sufficiently evil Jewish person could take that. Like, if, if, like if intentionally, you, if, yeah. Yeah, Probably like like far, if you yeah. had like if you had like a, a Jewish person write Mein Kampf, but for like a different race, not the Jews, mm -hmm. would that be okay? Because and you, like you couldn't criticize it because a Jewish person wrote it. Probably. How far could you take it? Hmm. Sitch, give it a try. I'm okay. I'll get it right. I'm I'm, I'm I'm tasking you with this. <laughs> yes, thank you. School are Marxist. Then he says the Frankfurt School is at the root of the cultural Marxism conspiracy. But the it Frankfurt is. School, I believe, are the origins of the mess we find ourselves in our culture right now. They're the architects of the destruction of American culture as we know it. When you look at the background of critical race theory, this comes out of critical theory. Where does that come from? It comes from a school called the Franklin School that comes out of Berlin. And then he tells Franklin. a story. From the anti-war protests through to the civil rights movement and up to the highest level of government and media corporations, Lind et al. claim that everything cultural Marxism starts with the Frankfurt School and their writing about critical theory. According to Lind, the ideas of a few lesser-known Marxist academics somehow became the dominant ideas of the elite in U.S. civil society. Everything, basically, yes. thanks to a couple of pretty niche books influential only within their field. So this part of the video is very interesting because he basically lays out their argument which I think is mostly true. The one quibble which I would have is just, it's not that like the elites all bought into this. It's just that it basically got infiltrated or subsumed into the various college departments. And it kind of sat there for a couple of decades until eventually it kind of spread out from those college departments for various yep. reasons. Um, but it's just funny because he kind of goes through like the theory and the timeline and the theory and the timeline is accurate. And he doesn't mm -hmm. really push back on it or explain why it's wrong. He just says it and then says, see, yeah. this is crazy. And it's like, well, but why is this crazy? Yeah. Well, he, he has, you know, the, the background going on and the concerned face. Oh, and he God. has that music. So it, you, you have to just intuit that it's actually just all fake. I see. That's how this works. Okay. Yeah, everything that he said sounds mostly accurate. 
Right. It's like, yeah, they did come from these people. Yep. This is where it came from. Could you describe yes. something like World War II as a conspiracy? Like the Allied forces worked together. I mean, you could. To I invade like on the beaches means. of Normandy. They all showed up at the same time. Well, it actually was because there was a fake. They had the fake. Um, I forget what it was. And they have like a bunch of inflatable tanks somewhere to like trick the Nazis <laughs> into thinking they were attacking. Yeah, you're else. right. And then, you're right. And, I mean, it literally was a conspiracy. Yeah, it worked. I mean, now, now listen. If you want to go down the rabbit hole of World War II conspiracies, I have a whole bunch. I have a whole but, bunch for you. <laughs> my point is, he's laying this out like. It's some sort of conspiracy, so you're not supposed to believe it. But I mean, these things happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, so right. here, 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 hold on. G give me a second, okay? Mm -hmm. Sure. So, like, yeah, a conspiracy is a secret plan by a group to do something unlawful or harmful. All right. The word conspiracy in recent times has taken on the connotation of a secret plan by a group to do something unlawful or unharmful, and it's untrue. Right, right, of course. When you say conspiracy, you think it's not a true thing. Someone's making up this plot. But sometimes conspiracies are actually true. Sometimes people actually do plan conspiracies. So I, I think I think it basically conspiracy got like a, a bad name going back all the way to the moon landings, you know? It's yeah. Like, oh, that was all CG. It's like, how the fuck was it? <laughs> Is it because Star Wars just came out and you think it's all CG? Mm -hmm. No. It's shit like that, right? Like, just because something might even be a conspiracy in that people who are not in the public eye planned planned something and executed it, even if that's true, that doesn't mean that you should automatically disbelieve it because it might actually be true. Yeah. So sure. show me the uh, facts. Dr. Dealer said that the inflatable tanks was in World War One. Maybe they used that in World War One. I. I just looked it up. It said that they did use inflatable dummy tanks in World War Two as well to... Uh, trick the Germans onto where exactly the Allies were going to land on D-Day. So, well, from what I heard, when, in looking into this, what they did was they took a guy who was dead. It was it was like a homeless bum in the mm -hmm. UK. They dressed him up as a as like a, a pilot, and then they had like like secret like orders. Plan. They put him. like fake plans in his pocket. Yeah, they did. No, this is actually true. Yeah, they put secret <laughs> orders in his pocket, right. and they dumped him off the coast of uh, Spain near Gibraltar. Mm -hmm. And the Spanish picked him up. And at this point, the Spanish were neutral in the Second World War. So um, they read the documents and then they told both the Germans and the British what, what was in the documents and, and, and everything that was there. And so the Germans learned that this is where they were going to be landing. But it was actually a completely fake place. Nice. Yeah, the, the gambit actually worked. It says dummy tanks were used in Operation <laughs> Fortitude. Prior to landings in Normandy beaches, uh, during these operations, they were used to confuse German intelligence in two ways. First, by making it seem that the Allies had more tanks than they did, and second, to hide and downplay the importance of the location of the real tanks in order to make it seem that the invasion would occur at Pas, Pas de Calacia rather than on Normandy. Good. However, we dummy vehicles were only out. a small part of the overall deception plan. Okay, so they were there, but it was a small part of it. Good job. Anyway, fun, fun little fun... History fact. There you go. Build. Example, Lynn says that Horkheimer developing critical theory created all the queer, black, and women's studies departments in universities. It didn't. Then he says these departments teach students wait, to divide wait, wait. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. You gotta explain that. Hold on. It did. Well, it, it, it kind of, it like half did. It actually, it half did. He's, but like, explain how it didn't. Like, tell us your story. Don't just skip over that. 
I love yeah, that he, he does that. He just asserts. That's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, here on. I'll tell you that. I'll, I'll tell you the story. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you the fucking story because here's what it is. The, you had critical theory, and you had the um, you had like the uh, the Frankfurt School, and they were doing their thing, and basically during the '60s and '70s, the left wing was ascendant in American politics. All right, but with the victory of Ronald Reagan, and the like, there was a right wing civil war between. The neocons, the paleocons, and the libertarians. And the neocons won. The neocons had not been a significant force on the right basically ever. It had been paleoconservatives all throughout the first half of the 20th century. And finally, a neoconservative wins the presidency. It was a big upset in the right-wing civil war. All right? And at that point, the right wing became very popular because Reagan was very popular. You had Thatcher who was very popular. There was a guy in Canada who was kind of modeled that model after those two as well, you know, implementing certain types of free market policies to promote growth, but still being, you know, a little bit more, um, let's say socially centrist, right? Cause the paleocons like were like hardcore uh, Christian conservatives and the neocons didn't really care too much about that too much. Right. They, they still like, they, they respected people's religious beliefs, but they weren't going to enforce anything with the state. You know, they were, they were much more economically right instead of, Instead of culturally, Social, right. yeah, right, yeah. So, with Reagan's victory, culture in the West kind of swung a bit more right wing, and the fracturing of critical theory into different disciplines was as a reaction to that political development, because now suddenly the 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 assumed guarantee of the left just continuing to win. Uh, culturally and therefore electorally, it was no, it was no longer guaranteed, and so a lot of people they started going back to these old critical theorists, uh, these old, um, these old writers from Germany who had since who had since died at, at that point or like retired or whatever, and they said, okay, they started revising the theories, and they, that's when you got like the women's studies departments and you got the black departments in the nineties and two thousands, right? It was all as a result of Reagan's victory and the cultural resurgence of the right wing in the nineteen eighties. Mm-hmm. Where do you so hear there's this? A, there's a story here that he's not telling. Of course. Where'd this come well, from? Uh, my research on the on the Gramsci video. Well, okay. And it, it's funny. One of like, many books. I don't know exactly. I don't remember exactly which one it was. Well, this whole I, theory that Reagan was the impetus behind it. Just where did that idea come from? Um, it was it was basically just there was an assumption among leftist intellectuals that leftism would continue to win, um, electorally and culturally throughout the 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. as it would in the 80s, but it started to lose. And so as a reaction to those those losses and those perceived incoming losses, they basically had, an, had a new generation of theorists who started like revising how they did things. You know, I found this when I was doing my P plus P equals R research, was that this was really the genesis of P plus P equals R and the anti-colorblind movement, because, you know, when Reagan won, the neoliberal neoconservatives kind of swept up everything they were really like pushing the whole oh you have to get rid of affirmative action and affirmative action like policies because they're not colorblind they're actually racist against white people and they were like kind of the first people to really push that and that kind of led all these uh, leftist academics down the pathway of instead of defending colorblindness and liberal values they just said well fuck it let's just throw these in the trash because the right are using this to beat us over the head with it so now we need to kind of adopt the you know the critical theory perspective of of race. So I mean a lot of this stuff did. So I agree a lot that of this stuff sense. did seem to come out of like the the 80s and kind of that cultural shift because there was a massive cultural shift before Reagan like and before the inflation crisis with Carter. I mean everyone thought that 
left-wing economic policy was going to be like the forever, you know, the forever idea of the world. And then that obviously got replaced with neoliberal economic policy, which is still the dominant theory today. So isn't that crazy? Yeah. The left was hitting the or the right was hitting the left over the head with the racist stick with affirmative action. And they were yeah. like, oh, we got to get rid of this. This racist stick is very right, effective. Exactly. They're like, oh, this argument's too powerful. We need to throw colorblindness in the trash. I was like, oh, that's a great idea, guys. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> that's the thing is like, like if you talk to, let's say, you know, paleo conservatives today, they'll call Reagan a right wing liberal like a right liberal you know because well, he, well, i mean he policies. was he believed in liberalism like he yep. wasn't he, i mm -hmm. mean he was more socially conservative but he's obviously not socially conservative is like the fucking paleos and yeah you know, the and, then, and then like the 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 term neoliberal came about used by the paleoconservatives basically as a slur against the neoconservatives mm -hmm. because That's they're like funny. well you guys are just neoliberals actually and then right and then as, as soon as you got like clinton and Clinton was like, you know what? We could we could do some of this. You know, we, we could do some of Reagan's economic policies, but we could like change a few things. You know, be a little bit more pro gay or whatever. But we could like do Clinton's economic uh, Reagan's economics. And so they they just became neoliberals. It just became like the term, even though it was right. meant as a as a pejorative. Well, Clinton was not pro gay, so I mean, some other issues. Well, no, but you know what I mean, though. You know what I mean, though. Is, is he it, was like, more. They, they, he was the left wing version. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. They, they it was basically a left wing version of neoconservatism that was designed as a as a result of right-wing neoconservatism being so electorally popular in right. the united states it just gets confusing because like today like neoconservatism generally means um interventionist hawkishness overseas and neoliberalism means well it even gets even more confusing because neoliberalism people think it means something to do with liberals like the democrats when it doesn't it literally referred to uh, reagan economic policy in terms of letting uh business basically do what it wants to try to cut back on government regulation and government intervention as much as humanly possible. So, but just everyone mm -hmm. uses the term now, because now you have the leftists use the term neoliberal to describe the Democrats, which is very annoying and weird. Yeah. And, and they call like, they completely, it's basically like the Democrats, you know, they're, they are like these rainbow capitalists or they're still these interventionists in like Ukraine or whatever it is. Right, right, right. Yeah. But, but it's funny because with this video, so he basically he lays out the entire timeline of how cultural Marxism basically came into being. And then he just says, oh, well, it's not happening. Take my word for it. It's not happening. <laughs> like, is, is the not so happening going to come up or no? It's so he, stupid. See. He just he asserts just... it. He's like, yeah, that's listen. a lie. Ideas <laughs> of the elite in U.S. civil society. Everything, basically, thanks to a couple of pretty niche books influential only within their field. For example, Lynn says that Horkheimer developing critical theory created all the queer, black, and women's studies departments in universities. It didn't. Then he it did. since he does that little zoom <laughs> in there, it. that's how you know he's right. telling the truth, Sitch. <laughs> right. It's that yeah. little zoom that gives gives the and air the of credibility. <laughs> yeah. He he has the smile where it's like, you don't really believe this stuff, do you? That's his it's argument. Like, yeah. his, his argument is editing in his face. Look, I got to bring up some tags here. I want to slip in when he does a little close-up. Smug a-hole. I, I think it needs to say smug a-hole right next to his face okay. when he does that. Okay. I'll get, it, I'll get it next time. He says, these departments teach students to divide society into oppressors and victim groups. And this is why America is divided. That's not what they teach. Then he says... Oh, God. Look, he just asserts it. <laughs> it, it is not what they teach. teach. That's not it. What do they teach then? Tell us. Explain to us. What are they teaching? 
That's like the beginning this of division, what they teach. He's teaching that blacks are oppressed by white people because of white supremacy. It's yeah. completely well, different. Well, they, 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 they teach the, the divisions within society, and then they teach what you should do about it. So, I mean, it's like, completely okay. different. So, to be clear, so he just said, they tell you that they're teaching that society is divided up between oppressed and oppressor groups. They don't teach that, right? Earlier in the video, he literally said, well, it's just wokeness and, cult and cultural Oh, yeah, Marxism. exactly. It just means that there's a marginalized class of people in their society that is baked into the system to be marginalized intentionally. Well, yeah. that's kind of what you just said earlier in the video. Okay. <laughs> I wonder, okay, here, if I could like completely good faith him and like steel man his argument, I wonder if what he's trying to say is that there is those there is that th those marginalized classes and marginalized groups, and it is baked into our society. However, the critical theorists are basically the right wing view of this is that it doesn't exist. And that when critical theorists try to teach about it, they're describing something that isn't true, but it actually is true. That's not what he's saying, though. He's saying that, listen, listen. I'm doing my best here. I'm trying, example, really trying to For example, Lim out. says that Horkheimer developing critical theory created all the queer, black, and women's studies departments in universities. It didn't. Then he says these departments teach students to divide society into oppressors and victim groups, and this is why America is divided. That's not what they teach. So he just said... That's not what they teach. That's all I said about them, which is literally what they teach. That is what all those ideologies teach. Yeah. Like they teach more than that, but that's a big component of all those ideologies. Like definition. And there's no, like, I cannot believe. Now, maybe it's possible that this person is this stupid that they've literally never read a single piece of CRT or queer theory or any of this stuff because it's all dripping with this oppressor, oppressee thing. D ding, ding, ding. You just, that's exactly what's going on here. <laughs> They're Which, just watching the mainstream media. He's parroting Joy hey, Reid here. Wait a second. You, Adam, you labeled me smug jackass. Look, I moved it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so I, I, so I, thought I, I had it off. <laughs> so I wonder if he's ignorant or if he's actually trying to pull a fast one on his audience. Or like, I wonder what's going on. Hmm. I... I don't he's know, either lying he, or ignorant. Because he's done. I mean, his this is not his latest video. Was after this was called "America's Forgotten Socialist History," and he goes into like supposedly all these socialists in America that have been covered up by the evil liberals, right? Is so, he talking like, about like, like the, the New Deal era? Like, what's he talking about? Yeah, he talks about that too. And of course, he says oh, that MLK was a so, secret socialist and all this. Wait, garbage does that mean that socialism is actually when the government does stuff? Second thought. No, 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 no. He, I the, think he t he talks about in terms of like the you know the New Deal was done to prevent socialism. Oh, okay, okay. He doesn't go. Okay, okay, okay. All right. He but fall. So, he, he gets into that one pitfall. Okay, good for right, him. Right, right, right. So it's I like, hate so that he, definition. This is a person that's like they look into things, or whoever writes their scripts looks into things, and they they you know investigate things. So it's just it's like hard for me to actually believe in any good faith way that this guy is just a, like an idiot that he's not just intentionally lying. Cause I, De just, I don't know how you could come to these conclusions. Deb, you're not you're, using I, that definition, right? The No, of course not. But okay, uh, I will some, like, here's the thing. I'll sometimes talk to a lefty, like, like a, like a hardcore socialist who says, listen, socialism is just like, like what, what's going on in Canada, what's going on in the Scandinavian countries. And I'm like, Oh, so it's when the government does stuff, you fucking retired. Dude, well, they get it back in their face. Sometimes Look, they get yeah. it from that Marxist professor. 
I can't remember the. Oh, Richard Wolf. Richard Wolf. Richard Wolf. Yeah. So Richard Wolf. His three definitions. Yeah. Right. He says socialism is just when the government does stuff because yeah, but he he's wants lying. It. He's literally lying. He, he is totally lying. Yeah. But it yeah. plays into the same thing the right says. The right often says this socialism is when the government does stuff. That's and, why he's saying it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is bad. I mean, that's not what socialism <laughs> is. Know. When the government, that, like, um, the welfare okay, hold, state hold on, is on, basically on. to avoid socialism. So I just let me jump in here. Got to make that uh, clear. I've got to go to the washroom, but I have my wireless headphones. If you want to keep playing things, I'll okay. be listening. All right. But yet, this second thought. I mean, he also has a video called "Why Social Democracy Isn't Good Enough." Okay. Right. So we need to go further than that. So it's just, I don't. It's just, it's hard for me to imagine that this guy is so ignorant that he doesn't understand. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that he's just lying. I'm gonna go with it. This guy is just lying, and he knows that what he's saying is BS. Or if you were to ask him, he would contort himself into some sort of bizarre hyper position where he'd say, "Well, it's actually what I said is true because I'm going to define these words in this very hyper specific way to somehow say the right is incorrect, even though I actually agree with the underlying principle." I don't. It's really impossible to assess someone's intelligence until you can talk to them on a live stream or see them. Right. interact without a script off script. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> so yeah. I just, it would be difficult for me. We could get him on a live stream. He could be as dumb as fucking Lance. I mean, I, I have no <laughs> idea. Someone else could be writing this script for all I know, and he's just parroting it into the camera. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. Then he says, this division was the Frankfurt School's intention, because division makes America weak and therefore vulnerable to communism, which is what they wanted all along. And all of this sounds sort of plausible. <laughs> I mean, it I happened, mean, that's, right? Yeah. I mean, it should seem plausible. Yeah. I mean, it's, they've kind of, there's been in some of their works, it's pretty explicitly stated that this was the idea. This was the intention. So, right. Yeah. But. Okay, so we'll see. So he's laid out the entire framework for the argument. He said it's sort of plausible. Is he going to explain to us clearly and in detail why it's not true? No. Of <laughs> okay. course, he's just going to assert that it's not true. That's all he's been doing all along. We'll see. Until you remember that racial, gender, and economic divisions straight up already existed way before Horkheimer. <laughs> Wait. So he says it's not true because divisions existed before these people pointed out these divisions and created theories and tried to use those theories to implement socialist principles. I mean, that doesn't make a lot of sense. No, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. Okay. But I guess if you're a second thought audience viewer, you just go, oh, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the Republicans, they honestly thought that like divisions in between classes and races didn't exist until leftists pointed them out. <laughs> Those Republicans are so stupid. <laughs> That's exactly what's going on here. Like Lind makes it seem as if Horkheimer pointing these things out, which he wasn't the first or last to do by a long shot, made racism and the struggle against it exist all of a sudden. As if this country being divided was the fault of people resisting their oppression, not the fault of the people doing it. Okay. You could be, listen, you could be right, Adam. This yeah. person could be dumb as dirt. Because he just said, if you listen to what he just said, his argument was, here's what they say is happening. And he, and he lays out the, the line of philosophical thought. And then his counter is, well, this, this theory is wrong 
because racial divisions existed before people pointed them out. So all they're doing is pointing out and observing things that already existed. And these people are just fighting for their rights and freedom. Right. That's not actually contradicting anything they're saying. That's you literally agreeing with them, just saying, but it's actually good. Right. So you know what? I've been convinced. This person may be the dumbest person on YouTube because he just agreed with the evil right wingers about their supposed conspiracy theory and didn't realize it. And his audience is too stupid to understand what just happened. Well, I think he's too stupid well, to know that he's even agreeing. I, I don't know if it's, I, I mean, I, I'm actually more inclined to attribute malice to him, actually, than stupidity. I think he knows. <laughs> okay, I, I, no, yeah. I think he's doing the whole, uh, that must definitely has a lot of malice. I know that. <laughs> it's. I think he's doing the it's happening and it's good thing. So wait, he's he's not doing the it's not happening and it's good. He's doing the it's hap it is happening and it's good. Yep. Yeah, but see, that's why it's stupid because he's saying that they're he's saying that they're wrong, but then he's saying but it is happening and it's good. So that would mean that they're not wrong. They're right. Yeah. So I think this is like planned obfuscation, not actually like him being dumb. He he knows that he's, oh, that he's like he, he's playing a shell game. So are you saying that when he tiles the video, the secret Marxist conspiracy, instead of him saying it, that's not true. He's saying Chad, yes, secret Marxist conspiracy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Maybe, maybe. I can't tell. Also briefly implies that cultural Marxist total control of society and culture happened because one of the members of the Frankfurt School worked for the OSS, and then two of them moved to Hollywood. I just thought that was funny. Like, they literally just moved to L.A. They didn't make movies or anything, but that's his explanation for all the shady shit going on. Okay, so this is what I think if he would actually come on a live stream and talk to us. This is what I think he would say. He'd say, oh, no, 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 you guys misunderstood me, okay? I think that that line of thought from the Frankfurt School to colleges to today, that's all true. The only thing I'm saying is the, is the conspiracy theory is that it's the dominant force underpinning all the elites in society. Right. That's it's, a conspiracy it's some theory. niche thing that's not really controlling anything in society. And Republicans right. are really in full well, control of Congress and the legislature and it, culture yeah, and all it, that it, stuff. Isn't that what SDL said? Yeah. Yeah, basically. He, like, yeah. he, he didn't dispute the, the origins of CRT. He just said that, well, the Republicans have political power and that's what matters. Yeah. Yes. Right. And that's the shell game. That's the Martin Bailey they play is to say, well, like they'll do this game where if they're talking to someone who doesn't know all the theories, they'll say, no, you're you're just listening to Fox News or Breitbart. That's all fake. But then if they talk to someone who does, they say, well, maybe that's all true, but it's, you know, a niche thing that no one cares about. Well, they wish like, they had okay. more power, obviously. Right. Maybe to them, they perceive it as not much power. Funny. Like, they literally just moved to L.A. They didn't make movies or anything, but that's his explanation for all the shady shit going on. Anyway, the quick summary of the last section is that cultural Marxists rule the world because some people acknowledge racism instead of pretending it doesn't exist. So, this guy... So, I think I'm, I think I'm coming around to Dev's position. I think this guy... Well, actually, no. I think, as an enlightened centrist, he is the Well, you're the jumping around here a lot. Okay. I think second thought is the combination of stupid and evil. That is like the worst combination of all things. He's stupid and dishonest because he's dishonestly <laughs> intentionally framing like, like, oh, they're just talking about racism existing. When he means is that the very specific anti-liberal leftist version of how to interact with and understand racism 
that's what is being discussed. Mm -hmm. Like liberals have been talking about race and racism forever and can totally talk about these things existing under a liberal framework. What he's referring to is talking about it from an anti-liberal leftist Western Marxist perspective. And he should be aware of that. Yeah. So like there are definitely, um, let's say, black activists that didn't descend from the Frankfurt School. And they they based their activism in like liberal ideas of equality before the law, right? Kind of like, you can you can have that, a, those conversations. There's a very unknown figure who did this. I don't know if you've heard of him. Very minor person in the civil rights movement. His name was Martin Luther King Jr. Right. Yeah. MLK. He was but a secret. Sitch, what commie, about, what about the white moderate? Tell me about the white moderate. <laughs> oh, God. He was a secret socialist. I mean, the FBI was spying on him because they thought he was a secret socialist and could find zero evidence of it, but he was a secret socialist. As long as they have enough evidence to believe, they'll believe. He only said Marxism sucks like every chance he could get and did a whole sermon about why Marxism and materialism is garbage, but he was a secret Marxist. It's so much easier to just avoid all of that stuff, Sitch, and believe what I, I want to believe. I don't know. It's very annoying. The cultural Marxism conspiracy would have you believe that behind every liberal, centrist politician saying Black Lives Matter, there's a secret communist. What's missing from Lin's analysis is the truth. Okay, so to be clear, and this is where the shell game happens, so far, all he's really claimed is the inaccuracy is that there's an overarching conspiracy that all these left-wing liberals believe in. That's the only thing. He's not really contending that the philosophy is incorrect, that Lind or someone else is pointing out about cultural Marxism, just that it's not so widespread. Right, yeah. That's his central claim here, right. that it's incorrect, that but to, his, to assume that it's everywhere. Right, but his audience who's, who's watching this, I don't think that's how they would perceive it. They're just going to perceive it as him saying that the whole thing is bunk. Even that's not really what he's saying if you're really yeah, closely that's true. listening. Yeah, well, he also said that um, he said something like behind every BLM activist, there's like a secret Marxist or something. He said behind and every I mean, BLM supporting like liberal politician. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, that's kind of true. You know, we've all looked at the stuff about like Patrice Con Colors and all these people who were involved in BLM talk about being Marxists. You see Antifa going out there supporting this shit with all of their revolutionary rhetoric and symbols. Like right. it's yes, there's a lot of Marxists in this group. Yes, yeah. there is. Yes. And I think like you get like like progressive politicians who aren't socialists and they aren't anarchists. Now, I, I, did, I did a video on Portland recently, just like the, the history of, of like the, the all the violence, the political violence in Portland in the past like five years or so. I, I did a video on that recently. And like what you see is you have what was his name? Uh, Ted Wheeler, the mayor of Portland. Like at, at the beginning of the protests, he's very like, oh, we stand with you. We understand that our society is systemically racist and like we're going to and he what he's doing is like he understands that he's like on the broader left. So he wants to try and capture a lot of this energy to use for his own reelection, I guess, or like his own political projects. But then after like a year or two of Portland being fucking burned down, he finally says, OK, I need to start actually arresting these people and making sure the charges stick because this is like these people have no intention of actually cooperating with me. So I think like there's a lot of, you know, like left leaning, not socialist, but left leaning Democratic politicians who think they can hitch their they, they can hitch their wagon 
to this BLM Antifa stuff because it, it will lead them to electoral success, not realizing that these people also want them dead. No, I agree completely. Yeah, it's, it's like they're trying to ride the tiger. <laughs> Are, are you going? Well, hold on. Are you going? Are you I know. Going I, I said Bola? that intentionally. Yeah. Are you going? I mean, they're Bola trying to Bola ride now? the tiger. The tiger is going to burn. It's going to turn around and bite their face off. So, hmm. yep. It's a problem. Well, there, there's a lot of moderate liberals who just think that all this is is an extension of the civil rights movement. So, also true. Hit it up. Someone press the button. We have a government almost entirely made up of centrist and right-wing millionaires and billionaires, lobbied by every major corporation from weapons to pharmaceuticals. Business executives run most major universities. Oh, I do, I do want to point out really quick when he says a government full of centrists and right-wingers, what he means is that if you're not if you're not explicitly a revolutionary socialist, you are uh, a centrist or a right-winger. Right. That's what he means. It's like you yes. can't you can't be like a neo-lib. Or be a progressive who's not a socialist and be – you're still ultimately in the right. That's going to yeah. be his view here. Yeah. He doesn't think the Democrat he – he's one of these people who says the Democrats are not left. There's no left-wing party in America. Yep. Is he going to talk about the bottom-up education system that we laid out though? Probably no. not. Yeah. No. So, I mean we, we've stated explicitly where this stuff is coming from. I just – answer that. Well, Keith? he stated it too. He just said it's not a – not, he's just saying that's a conspiracy because the politicians don't believe it because they're not ra radical revolutionary communists. So, because it's good. Look, all the teachers are though. Every econ department in the country teaches capitalist economics at the 101 level to hundreds of thousands of students as if it's the only thing that exists. And every major media company is owned by billionaires and funded by other billionaire advertisers. You couldn't get a more capitalist-dominated system. But sure, a few social science departments teaching the work of one of the most influential political thinkers of the time is proof that anti-capitalists, who can't even get 1% of the vote, are running the country. Apparently, all the power of the... See, this, this is the thing. If you subvert the education system, those voter numbers are going to go up. I mean, they already have done polling that so many young people think socialism is a good idea. It's kind of scary, so... Mm -hmm. Well, this also what's happening here is like he's clearly interpreting these facts through a Marxist lens, right? And because we all know what the Marxist lens is, we kind of know what he's saying. When he says, oh, it's a system run by capitalists, it's like, well, why is it a system run by capitalists? Because you have billionaires. Why? Like, what makes them bourgeois? Okay, it's the fact that they own the means of production. Like, we, we know what's underneath everything that he's saying, right? Like, we, we under, there's a philosophy underneath this of, of all, the, all the statements that he's making that if you asked him for more information – and he were um, he were honest and knowledgeable. He could like take every sentence and write a paragraph of, about every sentence of what he actually meant. It's like okay, well, this is what I mean when I when I talk about billionaires who who like use their influence with other billionaires and own, own these certain things, right? Right. So you basically because we are relatively educated on the Marxist lens, we know we know in between the lines of what he's saying here and how all this operates in his head. And this kind of goes back to what I said uh, earlier in the stream. Like he, if you shoot, if you showed this to let's say a right winger, who had read those right wing political theorists I talked about earlier, he he will look at this data and he'll give you a complete, he'll, he'll give you a very similar analysis of the elites controlling society, but he'll have a theory that pins it on the left, 
And that's nothing. People don't 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 know about that theory, basically. And second thought certainly doesn't know about that theory, right? Because, well, because this, this idea of um, you know, billionaires controlling things, the right has a response to that as well. Because even their response will basically be, yeah, you have a bunch of billionaires who have a bunch of money and a bunch of a bunch of power and influence, but they don't actually have control over their property because the government does, right? Or some sort of middle manager does, some sort of agent that they hire to manage their stuff does. Right. So there's, there's a completely different political theory that's at play here if you look at it through a right wing lens. Teaching the work of one of the most influential political thinkers of the time is proof that anti-capitalists who can't even get one percent of the vote. Are so he's calling them anti-capitalists, which I yeah, just I mean, the problem really is this like whiteness and gender is a spectrum stuff. And he's conflating that with anti-capitalism. Right. Because it's cultural Marxism is completely different than anti-capitalism. Uh, that's why it's cultural Marxism. It's, it's putting the Marxist philosophy, the class struggle, onto a racial or gender study or a struggle. So I, I, what does this have anything to do with this... this is basically sidestepping the problem that we're talking about. He's saying because anti-capitalists can't get any pull in Congress, that means that this other cultural Marxism stuff isn't really happening. Well, it's yeah, it's different. Point. It's yeah. different. Like, it's, of course, yeah. it's fucking like, different. You moron. Because the economic Marxists are not, you know, getting political power means the cultural Marxism is not real either. Yeah, no, uh, that's no. bullshit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there are different schools of 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 socialism that at play here. It's not all the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Obviously. Are running the country. Apparently, all the power of the capitalist class is just a facade. One day, the communists will come out from the shadows. Just wait. While in the meantime, Biden approves more oil and gas drilling on public lands than Trump. See, and then he totally switches it here. We're like, we're not even talking about cultural Marxism anymore. We're talking about yeah. economic Marxism. And, and also. Do you, do you think that a communist society wouldn't need energy and they wouldn't also drill for oil? Like, is this guy a degrowth <laughs> communist? Where it's like, okay, here's how we achieve communism. We destroy all modern technology yeah, and we all I... go back to being, like, living in a fucking jungle. Living in teepees. Like, what, what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> there's... He's neoliberal, so he's not anti-capitalist. Well, <laughs> I thought we were... This, look, this video is called Secret... Marxist conspiracy. I don't. It's like about cultural Marxism. He said in the very beginning. There's this insane idea that I hear from these socialists, where they say, "Well, the only reason these big corporations are bad on the environment is because of capitalism. Is because they're run and owned by like a, like a handful of people." And my response to that is like, "Well, wait a minute. Why do you think you think so? If like ten people run the gas company, okay." I'll say 12. There's 12 people on the board of the gas company. And there's a bunch, you know, because, so just because you think 12 people are on the board of a gas company, that's what promotes and that's what pushes the gas company, incentivizes it to basically pollute. So you're telling me that if the profit was shared more, so that if every person that worked at the gas company had a piece of the pie, wouldn't that incentivize those thousands of people to drill more oil, to pollute just as much as those handful of people at the board of course like, it would like why yeah, yeah like why just because the wealth is spread out amongst everyone that works at the company does that somehow mean that all those people are going to become environmentally conscious when they 
are now financially incentivized to pollute more in a way that they weren't before. Yeah. Ridiculous. Because that already exi- because by the way, that idea of of div- of diffusion of ownership, that already exists in capitalism. The reason all yeah, the, the 12 does. people on the boards, okay, are, are pushing to drill more oil and pollute more or whatever you want is because they have to do so to push up the stock price that right. all those thousands of people own shares of stock in the damn company. <laughs> to appease the shareholders. Yeah. It, it basically, like, if there was some sort of collective ownership of the company among all the workers, right. you, you, basically, you, all the workers would still be incentivized to want their companies to succeed, which means drilling, right? They would be, but I, I think, feel like they'd be more incentivized to pollute, not less. Of course, yeah, yeah they'd have the... But, but then, like, the, the logic's probably that, like, you know, worker co-op market uh, market socialism isn't real socialism you actually need real socialism and real socialism right. is i guess they're, they're probably going to push towards something that's like moneyless i worker, guess worker so, co- co-op is real socialism though well it like depends so, who you're talking to they, they jump to all to, the yeah. different things yeah. yeah what so some of them no. so, so, so they might, they might say like, they might say socialism. like okay well everything needs to be collectively owned by everyone so everyone everyone owns everything at all times like pure pure communism right could be something like that but then, like, uh, there's basically, I, I can already foresee the conversation with this guy and how he would jump around to each different type of socialism as like one of them falls apart. Mm-hmm. Sitch because, wouldn't let him jump around. Sitch will put the thumb jump, screws to him jump, and just like jump around. <laughs> because it, it, it would be it would be something like, okay, well, you know, all the workers, if they all owned it, they wouldn't they wouldn't be incentivized to destroy the plants. I guess they would because they still own their particular property. It's like, well, then everyone should own everything. Well, at that point, you have like you have such a diffusion of, of responsibility. You know, it's like, well, like, what do you care if you vote for, um, you know, uh, an oil rig to be built? half a world away because everyone owns everything and it's all done by referendum now i guess so like if you live if I, you know me living in canada do i care if something's built in africa no what do i, what do I care if it pollutes over there you know right. like people still have their own localized interests and that can't be equalized away by making everyone the same class right and i mean i would i would be willing to guess okay i'm gonna throw this out here i'd be willing to predict if you went back and you looked at the pollution record an environmental record of the ussr it ain't gonna be pretty okay <laughs> i don't think not. the ussr gave a crap yeah. about maintaining the environment that's my guess nope. they were very, well but they weren't real socialism oh okay i'm sorry i forgot right yeah they were actually fascism they were red fascists remember? gotcha gotcha well this guy's a tanky though supposedly so it, you know, they, they wasn't real tankyism either oh okay. he'll show his true colors one day though trust me the thing is, the only way you could think that Marxists are running the U.S. is if you, one, defined Marxism as saying things like Black Lives Matter regardless of what you actually do after saying it, for example, pumping billions into police departments, and two, defined being an elite as simply displaying these quote-unquote Marxist beliefs, regardless of wealth, status, or power. That is, in fact, precisely how DeSantis defines it. So again, he, again, he is not actually contradicting or saying any of the theory of frankfurt school to colleges is wrong he's just disagreeing that it's widespread that's his only contention so well i don't think he's really even engaging the argument either because like the cultural i don't think he really understands the argument that's being made about cultural marxism being marxism economic marxism superimposed onto culture with this 
oppressor-oppressed dynamic. I don't think we could have an intelligent conversation with him about that because I just, I, this is all just parrot talk. <laughs> I mean, just he's just nonsense. Yeah, he's just saying what he's heard other people say. He doesn't really understand it in any sort of deep, meaningful way. Yeah, let's go back a bit, actually, if you don't mind. Yeah, go let's ahead. Just... And two, defined being an. Hold on. Just on public lands than Trump. He'll show okay. his true colors one day, though. Trust me. The thing is, I mean, I mean, how is the whole defund the police not cultural Marxism? Right. I mean, I, ju I just, I, I, it's impossible for me not to see that as, as looking at the a police as an oppressor class, and the black community being oppressed by that oppressor class. I think. Okay. I, I think it's a bit different with the police, because in like anarchist communist theory. You have oh the notion God. that <laughs> yes, engage <laughs> Listen, the question I asked. I am, I am, I am, I am. I, so, in anarchist communist theory, there's a notion that the police are what allows property itself to exist. So you couldn't have liberalism, you couldn't have capitalism, you couldn't have the concept of property without police there to enforce it. Because if you have no police, then you can't have property. Because if you, let's say you you own something, someone can come along and take it from you. Well, you can defend it with your own gun, sure. But let's say that 10 people what come along and take it from you. What does this have to do with what, well, I, what I asked about whether or not uh, defund the police is cultural Marxism? Okay, so the, the issue is that the defund the police thing from an anarchist communist perspective is that it, they, the, the reason they want the, the police defunded is because they view them as the primary pillar holding up primary pro, pro, uh, private property ownership. Okay. And and that's, the, why, that, that's and, why they do. And yeah. our property owners, do they do does property owners and non property owners fall into this oppressor oppressed cultural Marxist lens? Um, possibly, yeah. Yes. But, of but, but here's the thing. But, but here's the thing, though, is that property owners Look, and you, non property you, okay, owners. Okay, so the answer is but, but, yes. But hold on, hold on. Well, no, because those those are social classes, not like racial classes or gender classes. So it's much it's much more traditionally Marxist. Okay, than I, it is cultural yeah, Marxist. that's true. Yeah, I'll give you that. For sure. So it's more it's more along class oriented Marxism. Yeah, it's more. It's I give more you on, on economic Marxism. I give yeah. you that. But I, well, I just it's, well, it's also along cultural Marxism because the idea is that the police. This is what we've heard this argument many times. The police started as an institution that was used to catch slaves. The police are intentional. Like the whole point of the police is to just go around arresting black people. Right. Yeah. That's where that's where it becomes the cultural aspect of it and not right. the economic aspect of it. Like, I understand what you're saying, Dev. You're, you're saying this one particular class of people views it through a, a class reductionist lens. It's, uh, so, okay. I'm talking about Joe Normie looking at it from, uh, well, not, I guess not Joe Normie because Joe Normie is not <laughs> the really BL, looking the, at The it. random yeah. BLM person. You'll right, the random BLM person is looking at it through this oppressor-oppressed cultural Marxist lens. Mm -hmm. right. So, so I think I think what's really happening here is like you start to get a lot of bleed over between the two types of Marxism. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. They're yeah. they're definitely shaking hands quite a bit. In of this course area. they are. Of course they are. But I think the cultural Marxism is the problem because it's kind of the thing that people are teaching other people, and they're unaware that they're even being taught this lens. Yes. Yeah. So like going all the way back, the reason if you if you go to like Herbert Marcuse. 
the reason that he wrote about infiltrating institutions and and destabilizing liberal society using using this lens yeah, praxis. was yeah yeah but it, it was specifically for the purpose of weakening liberal society so that you could have a genuine socialist communist revolution yes, yeah along class lines create yeah. havoc so like so so the cultural marxism is like is is the you know the um the shot before the chaser i guess right mm -hmm. yeah well like it's, it's a de it's it, a destabilizer it, yeah that's for sure yeah mm -hmm. so like so it's it's more like cultural marxism isn't the end goal it's the tool to get the to the end goal which yes, is just yes, regular totally. marxism yes yes 100 agree but this guy's guys... denying this guy's pointing to economic marxism being not powerful and saying because of that cultural marxism is not powerful which is just bonkers he's doing a total yes switch it's really right. stupid yeah right. yeah i don't know if you guys can hear that there's like this chirping sound in the background no okay. nope it's, it's not my fire smoke detector <laughs> i thought i heard like like cats or children or something in the background my wife no. keeps yelling yeah exactly no, it's terribly that. distracting i'm like there's a um what the hell? there's a cardinal that's like right out my window that's like losing its mind i don't know what's going on in the tree but it's just like <laughs> going crazy um i sent you a picture adam it's kind of funny if you want to bring well it's kind of depressing if you want to bring it up or send it in the discord okay in three of us depressing awesome um it's a Can't picture wait. <laughs> it's a picture that shows uh, Carl sent this to me. It's a picture of the Aral Sea, okay, or the Aral Sea. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, a, I've seen this before, yeah. Right. So in 1959, officials in the Soviet Union decided to divert river flows feeding the Aral Sea to the, cent to the deserts of Central Asia, Asia, where the water irrigated farm supplies for a growing cotton industry. As the cotton blossomed, the lake's level dropped. Today, only a sliver remains of what was once the world's fourth largest lake. Okay, so you can see that the Soviet Union uh, dried up the fourth largest lake in the world. Right. Even though they had no profit incentive. Okay. Wow. They destroyed yeah. this beautiful natural resource. Yes. Even, wow. even without money, you can still get people to do things that are like short-sighted, obviously. Shocking. Yes. Shocking. I mean, they had money, but you know what I mean. Like it. Yes. The, the claim is like we abolish class, we abolish money, we abolish all this, all this shit, and we'll have solved the energy problems. Like, no, you won't. Right. You won't solve shit. Uh, James Stanford for twenty dollars. Thank you, James. Says even though I'm subscribing to Des even though I'm subscribed to Destiny, I find it very disturbing. I like to watch you guys because you treat people with differing opinions, like we are Americans instead of children. Lots of Americans feel uh, left behind. I agree, and thank you for the support. Yeah. Yeah, we try to treat everyone with. Dignity well, not, and not respect. Everyone. Oh, that's you true. try not to yeah. treat Canadians with dignity and respect, but we're pretty harsh on quackademic Asian too. So <laughs> Brian Alman for twenty dollars says wrong and smug. You mean Hassan? Well, that's true. Yes, this guy I feel like is more wrong and smug than Hassan, which is hard. It's a hard thing to do, but he's man. Right. <laughs> Uh, James Sanford for another twenty dollars. Thank you, James. He says, wait, wasn't it proven that they couldn't find Trump wrong? Wasn't it proven that they couldn't? Uh, wasn't it proven wrong that they couldn't find Trump withholding aid to Ukraine? Wasn't it based on a phone call? But it was false. I can't remember. Been a while. But didn't the whistleblower never testify? So what happened was, I don't know if he, I don't know if he testified or not. I don't remember specifically that part. Um, but what basically Trump's argument was regarding this specific point was that he was withholding aid 
But before Zelensky ever did the thing he asked, he re- lifted the restriction and the aid went through once it was outed that Trump was doing this. So he said, well, I can't be guilty of this crime because I I eventually gave the aid to Zelensky when someone pointed out I was doing this thing. Because I got caught and I gave the aid. Right, right. So it wasn't actually proven specifically the way that you're <laughs> wording it or remember it. But uh, PC for $20 says, looking forward to Giga Chad Dev describing himself as a sexist racist in the next issue of Super Villains Anonymous. There you go. I like that. No way. <laughs> Do it. Put me in there. Uh, so I don't he'll, he'll be this. so when when robot hitler comes we'll have like a, he's wearing like a little dev on his shoulder oh yeah that like that will make excuses for robot hitler's like anti-semitic remarks to say like listen you guys are not understanding the complicated philosophical concept of this statement that robot hitler just made right yeah <laughs> uh slay abram lincoln for 20 hours says that is operation mincemeat for the invasion of sicily the fake tanks were for operation bodyguard for normandy well, there you go. Cool. Based. Got a World War II buff. Um, through the wormhole for $20. Thank you. Says, hey, Adam and Sitch. The last time Carl was on, he made a BS claim about how gay people have a life expectancy of 50 or something. I don't even remember that. The study was done all the way back in the 90s. Um, done all the way back in the 90s and was in the wake of the AIDS pandemic. Nowadays, HIV has gone to being a very easily manageable virus, both to avoid and get rid of. Oh, interesting. Huh, I, Doing some cherry even, picking there, Carl. Hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't even remember. There's a lot of things said in I that do. I'm, I remember that cuz I, I was there. Yeah. You're right. I, don't I remember, remember that saying part. that. I also I, remember I also remember looking up uh so now that HIV is mostly managed, like you, you can still catch right. it, you can still die from it obviously. But like like there's sure. there's drugs to like minimize spread and like prolong your life and all that, right? Like we we have an okay handle on HIV at this point. Um in some very progressive circles it's now become bigoted to not want to have sex with someone who has hiv what <laughs> i i know i'm aware of this yeah yes yes oh man it, because because now that the drugs make it so they can't transmit it to you or they have like a very small chance of transmitting it to you mm-hmm. uh if you reject sex with them because they have hiv you're being you're being ableist you're being a bigot right but i mean if the only argument is that the life expectancy for gay men was was lower because they would catch HIV because gay men would be more likely to have unprotected sex with each other. I mean, duh. Like, yep. That, that's so right what is that? Yeah. Doesn't, that doesn't tell you anything that's useful or important. That's a very obvious thing, right? Like, I don't know. Like, who cares? Like, if you're trying to say that there's a lower life expectancy for something outside of STDs, now well, that would be maybe I, I, be some weird thing that you'd want to bring up there, but... I think the conversation was basically about how gay people, like as a as a general, like, as a class, they have like a different lifestyle than straight people that leads them to leads to them dying sooner. Which, if they have lots of unprotected sex, that seems to be the case. Sure. At least it did back then. You know. Right. Now, now it doesn't. Now their unprotected sex keeps them alive, so it's fine. There you go. I mean, you shouldn't really be having unprotected sex. Yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean. You know, with yeah. strangers anyway, but. Uh, Captain Mystery for $30 says, Watching a bread tuber, I donate. Also, hi, Dev. I would like to point out that Edward Snowden revelations were consp- considered a conspiracy before it was confirmed. Also, do you two plan to cover some more news grooming vids? Oh, some more. Oh, you mean more news? Some more news. Oh, some more news is grooming video. Um, I kind I of vaguely remember of watching it. I don't remember what my thoughts were let's see where where was it i mean some more news who are the real groomers 
a regular no topic for us. You never I seen have no clue who that? that is. No, there's idea. a guy really? named Some More News who's awful. Um, okay, we haven't covered him in a while though. Yeah, we is, have he, to... is he a bread tuber or what? Look, mm, we have to cover the Vosh. Vosh named us okay. by name, so we have to respond to that before oh, the end wait, of the did... stream. So, oh, did they? Did he? What, what did he say? Well, you don't know this? Oh my goodness! No, this is news to me. What did he say? Well, we'll, we'll cover it. I have we'll it clicked out. It. Yeah. I only have like an hour left. I can't cover it tonight. I'm sorry. Oh. That's okay. You guys gotta do it without me. You can watch yeah. the video when we when we clip it out. Sounds good. Sounds good. Oh, here, listen, Adam. Adam, mm -hmm. since I know you don't want to do any more mold bug. Dev. All right. Dev. I got what? Yeah. What? <laughs> I have something else for you. Okay. Uh huh. Oh no. So there's a book. AIDS. There, oh. there, there is a book that was written by a modern day fascist. All right. Okay. Called, the socialism of duty. Okay. All right. We should read this book instead. I'm not. Because it, it's it's fucking retarded. It's hilariously bad. All, I don't like any of these trash books. I like my reading <laughs> to be educational. I don't want to read some fascist. Some fascist <laughs> doing gable nazing for a thousand pages just doesn't turn me on. So I don't think, I, this is I don't think... this is the thing. Why do you watch? Why do you read this crap, Dev? It just infects your mind. To understand what they're where they're coming yeah. from, even because but I like all you yeah, ever I, understand is where one crazy fascist is coming from. It's completely useless well, information. It depends if it's being cited by other people. It's kind of okay. Well, what they're talking yeah. about. If but. if a bunch of people are citing it, right. if you've got like five well, fascists online citing it, still where the fuck? <laughs> who cares? <laughs> who gives a fuck? Okay. What the hell? Well, you guys listen, are listen. insane. So so the way that I view it is that. I like understanding the things that I don't know. You know, I know liberalism pretty well. I, at this point, There's, I know Marxism pretty well. You know, I don't, I don't even, I, do you know I, about cleodynamics? No, tell me about that. Well, why don't you? Why aren't you interested in cleodynamics okay, over this hold on, fucking hold on. crap? Why don't we well, give me a book? I'll read it. Okay, stop. We're gonna <laughs> save this conversation for Tuesday. You said you only have an hour left. Let me read the yep. remaining twenty dollars super chats and we can get back. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Captain Mystery, whatever the one. The Mongolian leprechaun surfer man from Saturn for $20. Thank you. What a name. Says, hey, Sitch and Adam, have you ever heard of the Reform Revolution, formerly known as I Crave the Void? If you're looking for someone to cover as an insane leftist, he's probably one of the worst. Really? I think I've I'm heard of that name. I Crave the Void I've is? I've heard it too. What is that? Let me see. Uh, I'll check it up. I'm unfamiliar with his content. Um, also, for another $5, also, have you guys thought about getting Azalean 2 on your show? He's an interesting character. I mean, I haven't because I'm not sure. No, but I'll check him out. We got Look into pretty it. much everyone that was on that panel that we did on Tuesday on the schedule. So, Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that, uh, pot, pan, pot, pandering politics? Mm-hmm. Why would you, Look... I think his name is Pondering Politics, but why would you pick something that's so close to Pandering Politics? <laughs> oh, he changed his name. I, I've seen this guy before. Yeah. What's his, his name? His name? His name is now Reform Revolution. Look, oh, I'm trying. I'm trying. Look, what I mean he's is, uh, people, I'm trying to be, you know, good faith. Yeah. I okay. guess he, he's optimistic. He's I think is kind of the word. But every five hundred subscribers. <laughs> Yeah, but here's the thing. He's like hilariously, ridiculously stupid. Okay. He's really dumb. I, I, I feel I feel bad covering someone who's like minuscule, even if they're like really stupid. 
<laughs> yeah, but he's he's going to come on and talk to us though. So that's a completely No, 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 different I'm not talking thing. about that guy. I'm, I'm not talking about who you're bringing on. We're talking oh, about someone okay. completely different. Okay. okay. You're um, not talking about pandering politics. No, we're talking about the reform revolution guy. Oh, okay. Uh cameraman yeah, 502 for $20 says would second thought admit this about fascism that they couldn't get a single vote in Congress so it's just a left-wing conspiracy. <laughs> oh, what a great fucking question. Of now course. so but he would say he would say what are you talking about? Donald Trump was a fascist politician who won the election. That's what he was saying. Yeah. That's the entire Republican Party's fascist and they have half right. of government. But that's a funny answer. Uh, Cameraman 502 for $20. Thanks so much. Says, how could they claim the USSR isn't real socialism when in his video to the Communist Party of the USA called the USSR Dissolution in December of 91 was illegal and anti-democratic because of a vote in March of 91 to keep it? S-Class is best class. Yeah, we're actually going to watch after this uh, Carl sent me a video that's like a five-minute clip from from one of his videos where supposedly he's his most tankiest, so we'll check that out. Carl, you and Sargon or someone else? No, 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 of this guy. Oh, no, no, oh, no, no, not not Sargon. A different Carl. Different Carl, okay. Uh, Cly Kyler sternly ignores for 20 Aussies. Thank you so much. Says the World War II deception with the corpse with fake documents is real, but it was for the invasion of Sicily in 1943, not for Normandy. Hitler fell for it because he already thought they invaded Greece, but his generals mostly didn't. Interesting. Yeah. There you go. Is the only way you could think that Marxists are running the U.S. is if you, one, defined Marxism as saying things like Black Lives Matter, regardless of what you actually do after saying it, for example, pumping billions into police departments, and two, defined being an elite as simply displaying these quote-unquote Marxist beliefs, regardless of wealth, status, or power. That is, in fact, precisely how DeSantis defines it. What the f- I hate- look, get your shit together, dude. What? Regard well, he put something up on that I guess we're supposed to read. He's not going to read it to us. Oh. So Regardless I of wealth, it, or wealth, influence, heading a Fortune 500 company, precise- And two, defined being an elite as simply displaying these quote-unquote Marxist beliefs, regardless of wealth, status, or power. That is, in fact, precisely how DeSantis defines it. There you go. The word I elite does he... not signify someone of tremendous aptitude, great wealth, or major achievement. It signifies someone who shares the ideology and outlook of the ruling class, which one can demonstrate by virtue signaling, and by seeing Americans as subjects to be ruled over, not as citizens to be represented. These elites do not include some individuals who reach the commanding heights of society. So, so here's the thing about this quote, right? Is that from, from a Marxist perspective, this is wrong, right? But from this, from the perspective of those right-wing political theorists that I mentioned, this is actually correct. So they're operating in, using two different languages in this conversation. Like he doesn't understand what Ron DeSantis is saying here. Yeah, they're right. talking past one another. Well, so I think what is being described in this sentence is true, and I think it's worthy to discuss and criticize. I think calling it elite is stupid. Okay. Because I do Why think that? that the... Well, I think that the common understanding of elite is more of this person who's at the top of some kind of hierarchy that's controlling something. I mean, that's the way the word has been basically used for most of, you know, English. And I don't like when people kind of reframe words to do some political uh, shenanigans. Like, just come up with a different term to describe this thing. Because I think this what he's talking about is real, and I think it definitely merits uh, talking about it, but just don't call it elites. Right. He's saying the people with the right political views are elites by his estimation. Right. Because to me, this is like basically 
progressive it's means at least. Negative. It's not quite that. It's, it's not quite that. It's it's it, like he, he's, he's talking about use the negative association of the word elite to yes. branch off to something different, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So so there's like there's the ruling class and then they have their political views. Right. right. And then you have members uh, who aren't part of the ruling class, but maybe they want to be, or maybe they idolize them, or maybe they're just like, like fought like followers of them or they're, they're, they're their assistants or something. Right. And so they adopt the same uh, outlook on life. They adopt the same politics. They often adopt the same fashion sense as, as the true elites. And then these are the middle managers running around actually do like implementing the day to day, um, the day-to-day -day execution of these ideas, right? So they're not elites themselves, but they look like elites yeah, from the, the outside. Some of the petty bourgeoisie. I mean, even the socials came up with a different term for it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 these are these are this is the right. managerial class. Call them right? the from, petty from, from, elites. From right yeah. So like, they're, 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 like they're, that. he's he's describing something that is true. Yes. But you can't understand the concept using using only a Marxist frame. Right. Which is I why just, which is why second thought doesn't get it. Right. But he shouldn't I don't think that this should be I don't think people should use the word elite to describe this process. They should use some other word to describe this thing. So I don't like when people rebrand common words to serve some political purpose and they try to use the negative association of the word to their advantage. Right. And this is kind of why, you know, we saw where they want to take this is I mean I talk about this in my people's people's our video. They took the word racism because it had all these negative connotations that were powerful, and they tried to redefine it to mean people's equals R for their own political purposes. Like, no, no I mean, yeah. you can talk about people's equals R, just make a different word to describe it. You don't get to bank off of the pre-existing energy of the word racism. But Sitch, mm -hmm. you defeat the whole purpose of this exercise. <laughs> I, what? Come on. <laughs> well, that is true. So, well, see, it, it's it's kind of like how how um. They use, as you said earlier, such a petty bourgeois, right? Because right. the petty bourgeois being people who both own and work the means of production. So they have that in common with the bourgeois and that they both own the means of production. But they're also workers. But the reason that they call them petty bourgeois instead of, let's say, grand proletariat, because it would, it would mean the same thing, is that they, 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 there's a political reason why they lump them in with the enemy instead of the friend. Of course. Yeah, right. of Even course. though there's overlap between the two classes. And it's the same thing here, right? Like you could say that, well, these people are elites because they, they have the same thoughts and they have the same politics and they have the same um, the same lifestyle as the elites, even though they're not actually elites. Like you can make that argument. But the reason that he's choosing it, like there's enough overlap that it makes sense. But it's still very clear that the choice of word has a political undertone. Of course. And obviously for, for and also... You know, just the, like the significance of using the word ruling class is kind of stupid, too, because it's like, oh, OK, because under kind of the managerial theory, you're going to have a bunch of rich people who would be the ruling class, but they're technically not, even though they're all right wing. Like it just it seems like a way to kind of create a philosophy to sort of say that, oh, there's only left wing elites. All the right wing elites are actually secretly not elites. Like it just, I don't know, to me, that rubs me the wrong way. It's like, no, 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 there's left wing and right wing elites and they're probably all shitheads and they're all doing their shithead things and everyone just has to own their own elites and criticize them, okay? Yep. Institutional power, wealth, influence, heading a Fortune 500 company, none of that makes you an elite if you're focused on regular capitalist things like squeezing more profit out of your workers by any means necessary. So how does the NASDAQ having literal diversity, equity, inclusion requirements, that completely destroys his argument? That's an elite organization for all the elite businesses that's forcing some kind of flavor of 
cultural race Marxism onto other companies to participate well, in capitalism. Yeah, th this is the shell game, right? Because right. the the critique that he's making is an economic Marxist critique. Yes, it's like, listen, they're 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 doing the the diversity thing in these big corporations. That doesn't mean that they're actually you know anti capitalist. They they ju they're just doing the rainbow capitalism right. thing, right? So yeah, yeah he, he's he's making an economic Marxist critique of yeah. That, that's the shell game. Is it like before he was talking? Oh, this oh like before he was he was kind of in favor even though he's saying it doesn't exist he was kind of in favor of the, of the cultural marxism but now that we've come around to the effects of cultural marxism he's switching it up and saying oh but economic marxism isn't being implemented exactly this work coke musk and all their buddies aren't part of the elite at all because they say socialism is bad but a few college students staging a sit-in and asking, just asking, for a higher minimum wage and less discrimination are the shadowy cabal threatening the very foundations of America. Not only is this idea of a Marxist takeover not based in any kind <laughs> of reality, oh with this narrative, Lind and these other pundits are trying to make it seem like all these different movements for equality and social change from the 60s onwards are illegitimate. He makes social progress look deeply objectionable, and this story about cultural Marxism taking over because of a few books makes it seem like the change happened through a top-down conspiracy of a few privileged woke people, instead of what really happened. Oh no. Okay, so before what we really, get to what, what really, really happened. happened. Okay. Well, because okay, first of all, he, he frames, so he's like, oh, there's just these poor college students who just want a higher minimum wage, right? And it's like ignoring all the insanity that we saw with Evergreen, and Yale and all these right. colleges that were like hyper woke and instituting all these hyper woke um, rules and regulations and cancels cancellations and all these things. But like, no, that all just gets ignored and we get, we just pretend like none of that happened. We close our eyes and we say, Oh, they just want a higher minimum wage. That's all they yeah. want. That's all they want. Just economic justice. That's, that's yes. all they want. Oh, okay. Ignore okay. them hunting down professors right. and trying to kill them. And now, <laughs> Even though he so so far he hasn't made any fact refutation of the the line the direct line from Frankfurt School to you know the critical studies implemented in America right but he's claiming that he's about to show us why that's wrong okay so we're gonna see we're gonna see what his sterling evidence is for this sterling I like it millions of people protested went on strike and organized from the bottom up. Marching and fighting against the prevailing classism, racism, sexism, and homophobia that brutalized them and their peers. Only to achieve partial success, gaining legal equality without material equality. Alongside a little more positive representation in popular media. To imply that those who are the victims of capitalism, those who are the most oppressed, most marginalized, are actually behind the curtain controlling everything is just wrong, and contrary to every piece of evidence we have about who has wealth and power in this country. Ooh. Anyway, after making the claim that- Okay, wait, so wait, 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 wait. Okay, this, this, so his argument is, these guys are wrong about these theories impacting today's philosophical theories. Okay, he mm -hmm. said those guys are wrong about the Frankfurt School basically, you know, creating wokeness and cultural Marxism because yep. in America's past, Black people were oppressed. Right. And those black people, they said, hey, give us some rights. <laughs> well, he'll also say that they, they're still oppressed, so it has to be wrong. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, he yeah, alluded to wealth like disparities. Yeah. So, so yeah. right. But so he's not actually, he's not actually contradicting the argument. 
All he's saying is that it's not been effective. He's not contradicting their arguments that the Frankfurt School had this philosophy that was then passed down to critical uh, studies, which is then now in, uh, infiltrated schools. He's not contradicting that at all. He's just saying, well, it hasn't really taken off yet. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And th that's what I said in uh, in my video, too, was that you can right. argue about its its efficacy because it does seem to be the case that a lot of people who get indoctrinated in this stuff, once they go out and work a real job, they kind of fall out of it like I did, like most people do, in my opinion, like once you leave the cushy ivory tower of the university and experience the real world, a lot of a lot of these a lot of these niche philosophies tend to fall away, right? right. So, the if if the argument is that it's not very effective because our revolution hasn't happened yet, okay, he has a point, but that's not the same thing as saying it doesn't happen. Yeah. So yeah, yeah his his argument is um, the secret Marxist conspiracy is that apparently the argument is that it's happening, but it hasn't been effective yet. And that's bad. Right. <laughs> okay. I just like, <laughs> this is so stupid. And so, well, I just, the, I think it is being, I think it is effective, but it's not effective in the way that he wants it to be. Obviously. I don't think it's ever going to be effective in that way. No. Well, I guess the effective for him would be destroying society and causing a class revolt that he would see that as success. Yeah. So yeah. I guess so, so like, it is making society more contentious. So maybe it is successful in his eyes. So you see this among like a lot of environmentalists, right? So like an environmentalist will say, listen, we cannot solve the environmental catastrophe with, uh, without also taking the opportunity to implement socialism. If we, if we save the environment, but we still have capitalism, it will be considered a failure. And it's like, well, hold on. I thought you were an environmentalist, not a socialist. It's like, well, you know, the, they're actually backdooring something in, right? Yeah. There's, there's, there's like socialist accelerationism where basically they actually don't want things to get better. You know, they, they don't want you to implement a healthcare service. They don't want you to, to actually like advocate for unions or anything like that because they believe that these things will basically – they will allow capitalism to continue existing by relieving the working class's material conditions without mm -hmm. actually driving them to revolt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like there, there's something in this. I don't know if, if he's like a full accelerationist, but there's something in this here where he's like, listen – we can't make things better for people because we want them to be destitute enough to revolt. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's uh, going to help. Nope. The Frankfurt School and the progressive elite are behind everything conservatives already hate. Lynn then goes on to mention a few key details about them. One, they're foreigners. And two, he feels it's important to mention that they're Jewish. How does all of this stuff come here? How does it flood into our universities and indeed into our lives today? The members of the Frankfurt School are Marxist. They're also to a man Jewish. In 1933, the Nazis come to power in Germany and not surprisingly, they immediately shut down the Institute for Social Research and its members flee. They flee to New York City now, is he mentioning that they're Jewish just because they fled the Holocaust? Maybe. But did he also <laughs> deliver this speech at a Washington Holocaust denial conference hosted by an anti-Semitic journal? Yes. So, you okay, know. Okay, hold on. So this, I, I, I think this is, this is that, uh, that, that broader conference that wasn't just about Holocaust denialism. 
I think. That was I'm not exactly side, that sure was on that. A side issue they talked about. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, I'm su- man. I'm surprised like, there was no zoom in for that. Yeah, he said that the, they were Jewish. Zoom in. <laughs> the fact that he that he okay, I mean, we've been doing this this whole stream. The fact that he cut Lind off in the middle of the sentence. Oh, I know. And yeah. The, and the second half of that sentence seems like it might have been important. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking mm-hmm. that myself. <laughs> well, and again, I mean, I don't like. I don't give a shit if Lind is a secret KKK wearing hood, you know, uh, mm-hmm. runs around uh, in, in high heels all day. Okay. That's it's irrelevant to whether the idea about cultural Marxism and the line of philosophical thought from the Frankfurt School to today is accurate or not. Something which we're 13 minutes into the video and Mr. No Thought here has even has not even once attempted to refute it. All he's yeah. refuted is that he doesn't think it's been effective in grabbing hold of America's consciousness. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this is the same argument as Joan Braun, where she said, bad people believe this, therefore it's a bad idea. He's making right. the same argument because, you know, Lind could be a terrible person and believe this and it could still be true. Right. Who's to say why he thinks bringing up the Jewish thing is important? Like in other examples of conservative rhetoric, Lind Ooh, is playing on the xenophobic. Music cut well, the I mean, he said he literally said why it was important. He said that's how they ended up in America. There was this thing right. called World War II, where the Nazis were <laughs> killing Jews just for existing. So if you're right. Jewish, you kind of want to like get clear of that. Yeah, it's I mean, so it's bad. The, it's so like, incredibly bad faith. I wonder if you, if, you, if you'll claim that like it's it's a um. It's a conspiracy theory that the reason America made the atomic bomb first is because all the scientists that fled Germany were Jewish. Don't think yeah. that comes up in this. <laughs> no, it won't. But like, I wonder if he thinks that, though. It's oh. the same logic. It's the same dumb fucking logic. Right, right. Look, he's just trying to hit everyone with a racist stick. That's what he's doing. That's what this entire video is about. We can't really yep. talk about the substance of what's going on in the actual culture here. You just got him running cover for, you know, simultaneously running cover for Marxism and trying to hit everyone with a racist stick as he's doing it. Mm-hmm. The idea that foreigners are to blame for problems in the U.S., not a domestic capitalist ruling class. Cultural Marxism and the Frankfurt School comes from a school called the Franklin School. Called the Franklin School. <laughs> it comes out of Berlin. These are a group of Marxists. One of the gentlemen. I like that Fled Hitler actually. came to the good. United States. This framing can be used as a way to... Imp- so, but wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, so his his argument here doesn't make any sense because he's like, oh, you know, they're, they're blaming an outside influence who's kind of coming into society and, you know, pushing these ideas instead of blaming the ruling capitalist class. Well, first of all, the people that you're quoting don't have a problem with capitalism. So obviously they're not going to be blaming the ruling capitalist class, you complete idiot. This is a stupid point, obviously. That's a great point, yeah. Number two, this completely confirms what I said about how I define that the right generally looks at problems as coming from external forces coming into society to subvert uh, some pre-existing, pre-working system. So there you go. I thought you... Oh, okay. And the left left is from internal forces. The left, see, but this actually, what he said 
perfectly is a perfect illustration of my left right definition because he's like no guys don't you see the problems in our society come from the internal ruling capitalist class that have been created through hierarchy and tradition right and then he and then the right winger says no the problem in our society is that some external germans from the frankfurt school with their wacky foreign ideas come into our right. country and then uh, degenerate it down right okay so there you go my per the perfect illustration of my left right definitions fled Hitler, came to the United States. This framing can be used as a way to impose stricter immigration controls, which the right is fond of. Order my government to deny entry to all communists and all Marxists. What's going on in this clip? <laughs> so this was all just so he could talk about why the Republicans are anti-immigration, I guess. But he's got some audio, real audio issues going on here. And it serves as a good way of framing socialist and progressive ideas as un-American, because foreigners are the ones that had to import them. Finally, we get to the core of the cultural Marxism conspiracy. This this video, this guy's just a dipshit, a total dipshit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't think this like he's not narrowing in on cultural Marxism. He's no. just using cultural Marxism as kind of a grab bag to talk about everything he hates about conservatives. That's basically yeah. what he's doing. They're just, it's just, it's just racist. Bitch and moan and winch about uh, the people he he hates. I it's yeah. so weird. I these people that form their entire identity on some other group that they hate, they remind me of someone. Someone historically. Can you think of who that might be? Does it begin with the letter N? <laughs> yes. And end with the Otsis? Yes. Oh, like okay. what? What is different here? Like your entire fucking identity is being <laughs> opposed to some other group that you fucking hate. Can't you build your own identity, you dipshit? It's ironic because they like to call the right reactionaries, and this entire video is just reactionary. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. Can we talk about you know what we like? Let's talk about what we like. Well, he can't because if he does, to drop the ball in saying that. Well, actually, I agree with all the <laughs> yeah, cultural Yeah, because he, he'd be right. talking about how much he loves the fucking Frankfurt School. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's all true, Adam. It's all true and based. It's just so insane. Insane. I just get so sick of it. It's so boring. Well, and, and secondly, I mean, you know, socialism is an un-American idea in terms of that it was derived entirely you know and created entirely by foreign people that were not american yeah so i mean it <laughs> is not an inaccurate statement i i have a feeling that if you asked him he would do the whole socialism is the inheritor of the liberal tradition thing this guy no no I have a feeling way. yeah no shot. i think so i don't i think he'd do like like what sdl did is that like well you want liberty fraternity equality socialism does it better baby uh, he might make yeah he might view. make he might make that argument, yes. It's so but ironic, because the closer you move to equality, the further you move from liberty. Right, but they don't accept that. So. No. For, for them, it's like if you have a, a properly functioning state, which by, necess by necessity has to take away some of your rights and privileges, just... you, can then cre you can then create like a better environment that will allow you to be free. Like... Uh, 
there's something to it, but it's it's not always the case. People you know, like, like to compete. You're always going to get hierarchies forming just through competition. Yeah. Even yeah. if it's not competition over resources or material wealth, it's just it's going to be competition over status. Mm -hmm. but there's, there's something to be said for like, if you have an orderly society, it's more free in some senses because you don't, you don't have to worry about getting fucking mugged walking down the street. Yeah, the cops do their job and that sort of thing. But like, like that's the argument that socialists basically make is that you just build up society more, you have more centralized control, and then that can create uh, an environment where you will have more freedom because you're free from, let's say, the influences of bad actors. Well, that's going to be something, something approximating their argument. It's just, it's not a universal truth, basically. Well, I just, I just noticed the saying, liberty, fraternity, equality, is actually striving for two things that are contradictory. Yes. Yeah. So. The white supremacy stuff. The point where the cultural Marxism story culminates is what these Marxists supposedly do once they're here. Gramsci said that the workers can never see their true class interest as defined by Marxism until they are freed from Western culture and particularly from the Christian religion. He also theorized that the great obstacle to the creation of a Marxist paradise was the culture, was Western civilization itself. For conservatives, the main goal of cultural Marxists is to Graham, destroy the West. In the West, but... Well, I'm curious. Okay, so he had Lynn say all that stuff. Uh, does this guy disagree with any of that? I'm yeah, assuming he would agree with all of question. that. Yeah, because yeah, because Gramsci absolutely said that. Right, but I'm, I'm assuming his philosophy. <laughs> right, I'm assuming not only would he dis not disagree that Gramsci said that. I'm assuming that no thought here would literally agree with that idea. Yeah, and think that that's true. Yeah, like you have to overcome religion. You have to overcome you know capitalist dominant culture to to have a socialist paradise. Yes, of course he would. His I whole mean, goal it, it seems is like to destroy the West. Yeah. Right. What? His whole goal well, he, he is, is to destroy the West. What are he, you talking he about? Pro he probably thinks he's improving the West if you actually asked him. It's like, oh, we'll make the West better by making it Marxist. Look, he, but, he thinks capital. Look, he thinks the inequality comes from capitalism. It's a feature of capitalism. And in order to do away with that, you have to destroy the capitalist system. That is destroying the West. Right. 100%. Well, he, yeah, but he, instead of saying West, he would say, well, he, he's in favor of destroying liberalism. Or Western yeah. liberalism, right? Yeah, the, the liberal world order to replace it with a socialist world order. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know. West, you think social democracy paired with a a market economy? That's the West. I mean, you only say that because you know you're a dirty capitalist. Well, no, that's it. That is Fukuyama says that. That's like <laughs> that's pretty dirty capitalist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, and this is another thing that 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 Fukuyama talks about the, the will to power that people have, the market economy is a good way to channel that into a productive use. When these other socialist systems do away with the market economy, what do you think happens with people like, you know, Donald Trump who have this strong will to power, mm -hmm. they play it out in politics. Sure. Cause <laughs> there's no market economy where they can grow a business and become, you know, Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. These guys don't know what they're talking. They're stupid people. Very stupid. Anti-West. The forces destroying this country and the West. So everything rides on this. We don't want them when they want to destroy our country. And then he keeps putting this clip of Donald Trump. Do you, are you guys hearing bad audio on this? I can't hear anything he's saying. It's kind of echoey, yeah. 
Really? But I can hear When it, conservatives yeah. talk about cultural Marxists, it's not just to scare conservatives. It's not just to imply that marginalized people are really the ones in charge. Cultural Marxism is a foil against which the real America and the West can be defined. See, this, this is what bugs me about this. He's acting as if it's just some kind of buzzword that's completely meaningless. Like people aren't having an honest conversation about what yeah. exactly is going on here. You, it's like you dipshit. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> is, is anything we're talking about unclear? I mean, I feel like a two-year-old could understand this. Um, I agree that a two-year-old should be able to understand. Yeah, that. it's super easy. You look at the world. Look, you look at the world in bourgeoisie and proletariat. You look at it through a class lens. Other people are going to start using that same lens to look at other features as oppressive and oppressed. It's so simple. It's very easy, okay? Mm -hmm. And all the right-wingers talking about this are talking about it in that kind of framework. It's not just to scare people. It's not to say, oh, Marxism, you know, that stuff that scares you. Woohoo! Right. <laughs> I mean, they're talking about something. I just, it's so, it bugs the shit out of me when people are like just, what the, why are you even making this video, dude? He, Basically, propaganda. everything that cultural... What was that? Why is he it's making propaganda. this video? That's why he's making this video. This is propaganda. To All fight back it, against the evil Republican. But it's not even... I mean, it's just... It's not... There's not really any substance here. This is completely substanceless. I mean, he could just sit back and say, when Republicans say it, when conservatives say it, it's a lie. Over and over and over again for 22 minutes. And it would basically be the same video. Where's the substance yeah. here? I, I've, I've got a question for you. Yeah. I've got a question for you. So at, at the end of my video, I, I, I proposed, rather than calling it cultural Marxism, because one, that triggers a lot of people into pure irrationality, and two, because it's not only Marxists who want to do this, we should simply call it institutional capture. Do you think that Second Thought would object to that idea? It's like, listen, there are socialists who are implementing some form of institutional capture, in neutral Western institutions, and we should stop them. Well, I don't think or... institutional capture talks... I mean, the reason why Marxism works is because it embodies the oppressor-oppressed dynamic. I would be game to call it something else that was intuitively uh, meaningful. Well, sure, but like institutional capture just basically means that you have, let's say, um, an institution that operates in a neutral manner, and then someone comes yeah, in with Christianity a political bent and could. then changes it. Look, sure, Christianity yeah, could, yeah. could participate yeah. in institutional capture, too. It doesn't mean the same thing as cultural Marxism. Well, sure. But, I mean, cultural Marxism is a form of institutional capture. Um, and, I mean, it, it is. I don't—I think that and, term is too vague. For yeah, me. too like, vague. Um, we were kind of thinking about this the other day. Like, what was—we need another term for it. I think one of the terms we came for was cultural liberalism. Um, oh, yeah, you're cultural right. Cultural illiberalism. Right. Because I really think the key to this, the right doesn't want to adopt this because liberal means Democrat. But the, really the key to destroying wokeness is to label, label it illiberal because that's the only way to kind of pull off the shell, pull off the sheet that all this shit is hiding under and kind of make the public address what is going on here. Right, yeah. Culturally it, liberalism, I do like. Yeah. I remember so, we talked about that. Let's just call it cultural fascism. 
<laughs> well, I do. I, I think that does have a nice ring to it. I'm I mean, admit. I, I don't think that makes cultural sense, fascism, like baby. Yeah. Well, illiberalism, I think, is. I mean, it's fascism is illiberalism. That is, it's I mean, a form of liberalism. True. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is true. I yeah. Guess. And we can call second thought a cultural fascist. How cool is that? I mean, yeah, like, he doesn't have to be like an like a classical fascist or mm-hmm. some sort of neo-fascist. He's a cultural fascist. There now. you go. Yeah. There you go. Like he doesn't actually he doesn't have to actually want you know a fascist state to be a cultural fascist. Mm-hmm. We can play with words too. You see. There you go. I like it. I like it works. It. I like it. Okay. So we're we're all settled on cultural fascist, right? Cultural fascism. Uh, yep. Yeah, whatever. Let's work on the Wikipedia page. Cultural <laughs> Marxists are, the West is not. In their eyes, the U.S. is, quote, constituted... Okay, now he has something here that says the... What's the alt-right here? He's sneaking stuff in here, so... The alt-right political use of discourse of cultural Marxism. Intersectional hate. I like that. Um, the section identifies and discusses seven political rhetoric uses of the alt-right's discourse of cultural Marxism. First, the alt-right uses the discourse of cultural Marxism as a cultural strategy for constructing an American self and its hateful image. The U.S. is a sovereign territorial state with the meaning of America as a terrain of struggle between political vo- blocks that vie for hegemony over civil society in the United States. You know, that's kind of wild because that's literally what the socialists believe. I don't know how this is the alt-right, <laughs> but okay. The long-standing American culture wars express deep disagreements about the essence of America. The alt-right's discourse that cultural Marxism is one tool in this battle to construct the meaning of what America essentially is and is not. To blah, blah, blah. Okay, that comes blah, blah, blah. Suited by selective ethno-racial, sexual, religious, and economic characteristics. America's ethno-racial composition is white, Anglo-Saxon, and European. Ameri- See, this is such bullshit because who cares? Like, a bunch <laughs> of racist use this term and talk about this from their perspective it doesn't change anything no it, it doesn't does. change anything it does what i don't understand what you don't understand okay if a racist person believes something mm-hmm. then it's automatically wrong okay even if <laughs> sure, even I... if other people that are not racist can believe the same thing or a similar thing in a non-racialized context i sure okay. hope all these racists are flat earthers man i really do otherwise yeah. we're fucked Right. Yeah. So, so at the bottom here, in, in the part that he didn't highlight, he says, "For the alt right, this is the essential America, an alt American imagined community." So basically, the alt right has this vision of America where it's predominantly white, it's Anglo-Saxon, it's European, it's patriarchal, heteronormative, all all of this shit, right? Mm-hmm. And now that's probably partially true, but also definitely not true in a lot of cases. But more importantly, though, is that the cultural Marxists seek to disrupt that on the way to the socialist revolution and so that's why they've 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 identified a problem they have this label to talk about it and because they've identified the problem that's coming to overthrow their their white heteronormative patriarchy that like it makes it makes identifying the problem itself racist and sexist it's like you could also be a member who's not of the alt-right and doesn't care about the patriarchy and doesn't care about america's racial makeup and still notice that they're doing this. Yes, of course. That's, <laughs> That's the whole impossible. Point. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. That's literally impossible. <laughs> what you're saying? What you're suggesting? And probably also racist. Probably, yeah. It's okay. He admits it. 
America's gender-sex regime is patriarchal, heteronormative, and centered around the nuclear family. Its religious order is Christian. Its economic structure is capitalist. The values of individualism, meritocracy, and private property are sacrosanct. For conservatives, then, cultural Marxists values, pose though. an outside- right. Look at this. He, he, he types out some alt-right, right screed, and then he's like, for conservatives. <laughs> right. The conflation. Oh, it's just so bad faith. Yeah. ...threat to this so-called real America, either because they're foreigners or because holding Marxist beliefs makes you not American according to their definition. The hectoring lifestyle liberals, the one who worked to crush the American spirit, freedom and independence of mind, masculinity. Because they are godless, they uh, could care less about the, the capitalism property, and they hate the, the nuclear families. Oh. These are all true. Yeah, Conservatives all true don't statements. care that socialist ideas have been well-established in the U.S. for over a century and promoted by Americans like Eugene Debs and MLK. Never mind <laughs> that America has never been a country populated entirely by white people or Christians. Never mind that who counts as white has never been consistent. Never mind that capitalism is destructive, exploitative, and leading us to extinction. Because these are the things that Marxists believe, they are un-American beliefs. So, okay. So his argument is, his three arguments. Number one, they're wrong. This, this cultural Marxism idea is wrong because there are a bunch of socialists that existed in America before the Frankfurt School. Okay. Congratulations. Wow. Okay. Great argument. Uh, number two, they're wrong because capitalism bad. <laughs> you didn't see the homeless camp, Sitch? Come on. <laughs> right. Right. And uh, number three, they're wrong because... Be because America apparently has a rich history of socialism, so therefore it's really an American idea. Like, this, none of the first of all, these arguments are really stupid. Number okay, these arguments are really stupid, but then on top of it, none of it again, this is so slimy because he's not actually disagreeing with any of the concepts of cultural Marxism at all. He's trying to do this thing where he's going to make his audience think. None of this is happening. It's all conspiracy theory. But he's not actually saying that. He's very he's making a very specific different argument that just lead that kind of like inceptions that idea into people's minds. When it seems like in reality, he thinks that the cultural Marxism is a good idea, it just hasn't taken off yet. Right. Yeah. Hasn't had the cultural impact he wishes it had. Right. To conservatives, the US has always been Christian, white, straight, and capitalist. And these foreigners and their foreign ideas are trying to destroy that. In other words, pundits that use the cultural Marxism theory are getting their audience riled up about defending America, and then sneaking in that defending America means defending all the stuff we've already listed. Basically every facet of the existing social hierarchy against people whose only real demand is equality. Okay, so his fourth argument <laughs> is so fucking slimy. It's just equality, guys. Right. They don't want anything else. Also, no discussion on whether or not that equality would even be good. Mm -hmm. It's just automatically assumed that equality good in all situations. There's there's so many situations where equality is bad. Where you, just, you, just, you just don't want equality. <laughs> I mean, oh, God. Look, I and if you disagree, his fourth argument is that if you disagree with this, it's because you're a racist. <laughs> Wait, hold on, Adam. Are you, are you gonna are you gonna come out as a pro equality cuck now? Well, I mean, you, what are you talking about? I mean, if you're talking okay. about equal opportunity, I mean, obviously people switch 
between equity and equality. I mean, I don't Here. know what. Uh, look, sometimes you say stuff, Deb, that just completely shocks me. So, do you think it's appropriate to give everyone else equal access to your wife? Oh my God, what the fuck? The answer is no, right? Same with my girlfriend, same with anyone else. No, no. There are certain instances where things are completely unequal, and that's good. It should be that way. Things are exclusive and particular and not inclusive and equal. Okay. Yeah. Like sure. a blanket equality. The, I mean, is this a, is a bad look, virtue. This is so obvious that it doesn't even need to be said. Like, I really don't even know why you're. There's like this kind of conflation hold on, hold on. thing that's going on. It's like have you, have you when, not when most when most people talk about how equality is bad, they aren't talking yeah. about it in this kind of context. They're talking about it in equal opportunity. So, so have you not encountered the socialists who who actually think that having open relationships is a form of praxis? Uh, I mean, it sounds like something Vosh was <laughs> there's, saying. There, there are some crazies out there right. in the socialist community. Like they're they actually take it this extreme. No, no. no the, the idea is Look, that like this could easily they, they, be they, confused they're, they're, they're obvious... with you saying that you are not in favor of equal opportunity. Because you think some people are dumb, dim-witted pieces of shit that don't deserve equal opportunity. That's how this will be spun, Deb. You think so? Easily. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, equality is a rough one. Right now, I don't even know like, if you stand for oh, equality. Like, should we have equality before the law? The answer is obviously yes, right? The same standard oh, should really? apply oh, to everyone. Oh, oh, yeah, now? Yeah, of oh, you're saying that? Of course it's obviously yes. You sound like a cock. Yes. Yeah, I like, can't believe you're like, saying such cocky things. So so should we have, let's say, um, equality in, um, in who gets into schools? No. The answer to that seems to be no. It should be the smartest people get into schools. We're talking about colleges, I say. Yes, yeah. So, like, the smartest people get into schools. The dumbest people don't get in. Because there should be a cutoff. Well, they right? get into dumb you can't school. equalize those things. And you shouldn't equalize those things. Because meritocracy is not equal. And it shouldn't be equal. You have the right. more meritorious and you have the less meritorious. And never the two shall meet. I agree. So so you you have to be against equality at some point. Yes. If, if Deb, you're going to be a Deb, do you think you're a contrarian? You just have to say... Yeah, <laughs> a contrarian? Yeah, Dev's no. not a contrarian. Dev's not a contrarian. But Dev says things that he doesn't catch as... You're not wording these things carefully in an environment where people are gonna yeah to totally be bad actors because you shouldn't say you should never say the words I'm against equality. What you should yeah, say is exactly. well okay or you can say those words, but you should never say I'm against equality. Period. End of statement. And then just not okay. What you should say is I'm a if you're gonna say I'm against equality, you have to say comma. But I'm in favor of equal opportunity. I'm against well, equal outcome, but I'm in favor of equal opportunity. Right? Like because that's what you're saying, right? Even then, it depends on how much effort you have to expend no, to I, create I equal opportunity oh, where it doesn't listen, exist. Listen, like there's, listen, there's listen, nuance. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> okay. So like I understand that if you say I'm in favor of equal opportunity but not equal outcome, there are a host of of situations that that doesn't apply to, such as like giving equal access to your girlfriend's vagina to the entire world. Okay, I understand that. <laughs> that's not a thing that people. That's are, not like, the thing, about, first thing like, that's going to jump into yeah, their head. Right. Yeah, like that's not like a, a topic that people are really thinking about. You know, realistically, so it's, it doesn't even like merit like you having to carve out addendums to these things, right? 
I, I, I think I've just been hanging I'm, around some some crazy you have, out there well, political you spaces. Some fascists. You definitely have to, right. yeah. definitely have is, to say that when I've seen in some of these people that I've seen. Right, yeah. because well, I think what I think what goes on is because you read a lot of extremist literature from both the left and the right. And so you're like kind of operating in that headspace when the average person is not operating in that headspace. <laughs> That'd be my gun. So I just <laughs> that, that, trying to look out for yeah, you. Trying to it. protect you, Dev. Okay. We love our Dev here. We want to yeah, like, like, our there's, there's, Want to feed them there's, the dollar meat? <laughs> there's, there's definitely instances, for example, where even if ideally you want equality of opportunity, just implementing it would be would, would cause yeah, more of, problems than it would solve. Course. You know, like so. There's, it, it's not, it's not. There's, there's no like hard and fast for any of this. Yes, right. Yeah. But see, but that's to me. That's kind of where we get kind of bogged down. Both the left and the right on this shit. The far left and the far right, I should say, is that a lot of these goals that we're talking about for how, you know, society should exist under liberalism are aspirational goals that you're trying to work towards, not like you bang a gavel on a desk and you know you snap your fingers and you just implement it overnight because that's not how it's going to work. So. Hmm but who they portray as wanting chaos. Because to them, an America that isn't dominated Jesus. by white, Christian, patriarchal, straight, yes. or capitalist culture. <laughs> no, that was an eagle just flew by my room. <laughs> no, I thought like, you had like, like, a microphone and then it flew away. <laughs> no, I thought maybe you had like a soundboard rigged up, <laughs> like, like a fresh and fit soundboard going. <laughs> I, have the, I have the eagle just ready to go. Whenever I see an eagle, I'm just like, ah, oh, a bald eagle, I just have to press it. It's like a, a impulse. Is chaos. This rhetoric inspires conservatives to see centrist politicians like Sitch, I think the thing that we can take away from this video is that if you are not a cuck, you yeah. are not in favor of equality. I think that's what Dev is ultimately saying. So <laughs> I can introduce just, you to some socialists who mind. actually think that. They actually think just that. Just keep that in mind. Like, since we're listen, since we're anti cuck on this stream, we can't okay. be in favor of equality. <laughs> so, so so like okay. like I've met some communists who think that like Marxists. What's a whole? I, uh, Deb, this is my whole. Hear point. me out. Hear me out. I, I want to explain. Well, you met a, one person Let one time. This. It doesn't mean anything. That means like, zero, zero okay, zip, you, zilt, you, you know, nada. You know, you know the hold on. You, you know, you know the, I met the someone moneyless, one time. The stateless, moneyless, classless society. There was like some anarchist who wrote like a, a book in the 80s or something. And the idea was basically that in that society, because you're stateless and moneyless and classless, everyone will exist in one giant polycule where everyone can just have free sex with everyone else because we'll all be equal co-owners of each other's bodies. Sitch, what do you think of this? Dev's argument is always, I met this one guy. <laughs> it's not a good argument, Dev. Anyway, go ahead. Listen, listen, it's a comedy show, okay? Look, people like it when we fight, Dev, so. I know. <laughs> listen, seem, super chat about our fights, okay? They seem very into it. Super chat about our fights. And also give, give me a cut until I have my wheels. What are we going to talk about <laughs> on Tuesday? If um, I don't know. Probably my new video. Because I'm oh, making you, a video oh, specifically okay. about you two. So. Whoa. I told you it was I mean, coming like a month that... ago. Is it a good video or am I yeah, yeah, for the most part, yeah. Yeah. Most the, part. part. Oh no. Wow, yeah. look at that weasel word. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, here, here, here. KKK. <laughs> oh my god. What's happening? The, You're making the a hit piece on us. The TLDR. 
yeah. is that when it comes to the aristocracy versus meritocracy conversation. No, uh, you're bringing think, it back. Holy shit. I think there's a giant overlap between the two. There's a big middle ground where you have systems that are equally both. Okay, well, I am not going to watch this video because I'm still triggered over that entire conversation. So, Wait, is the video you... about us or is it just about the concept? Well, it, it's here's the thing. You know how, like, the um, the three forms of fascism video was started with, like, the Destiny Mr. Girl thing, and then the Gramsci video was started with SDL? We're, we're the, the jumping-off point. Yes, for... you guys, that, that debate that the three of us had with Sargon is the jumping-off point for me exploring meritocracy across history did you bring up the magic of marriage in the video i had uh so what's that what, what? magic marriage <laughs> Never what's that? weren't you okay. in that conversation uh uh oh you oh the oh right with uh like how there shouldn't be gay marriage because they can't yes. produce they have like, a different uh, that conversation you're is there a that was the com i was like tuning out at that point man oh okay that was that conversation right that was <laughs> yeah. the same conversation was the same conversation yeah okay Look at yeah, Dev, was, he just tunes out. He should he didn't participate. Listen, at some sleep. point. At some point I got, yeah, I got you gotta get in like, there. Okay, there's too much there's too much. Oh yeah, look at this guy. Hold on. Tapped Wait, out. you cannot hold me to the standard when, Tapped when, Adam, out. when Adam falls asleep during the mold bug conversations. You cannot hold me to the standard. Adam. Well, <laughs> I have a look, I'm sending you something because Oh, okay. It's uh I took a bunch of notes on the meritocracy talk. Okay, but actually, sure. one of the one of the comments mm -hmm. just was said it ten times better than anything. So, <laughs> but yeah, the, the the TLDR basically is that there's a lot of overlap between the two ideas. There's a lot of historical disagree. examples. One hundred percent disagree. I'll be able to three thousand percent disagree. There's a lot of historical examples where meritocracy naturally becomes aristocracy. Just o just over the course of meritocracy, I, doing I don't really its disagree thing. with that. Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, it was it, it, was, can, it, can happen, it was a good way right? to explore it, though. Okay, yeah. I mean that's not that can definitely happen. I mean, but I would my argument would be that. Wait, where, where's your notes? I don't. Wanna, I do want to see them. My argument would be just to make sure. I want you to re-edit your whole video if you got my argument wrong. Okay, I think <laughs> okay. meritocracy can lead to a type of aristocracy. However, I do think. That in a true meritocracy, there will always be churning. I don't think I don't think you're ever going to have a situation where meritocracy leads to a permanent meritocratic aristocracy that's just always the best at ruling everything. That's where I think we disagree with sort of the elite. Uh, I don't want to say elite theorists, but like the people that believe in the sort of like elite should control everything from the you know the far right perspective. Right. I think I think I know what you mean. Yeah. Like there's obviously a lot of churning, but it's just that like like meritocracy can can and often is used to create an elite, uh, like an aristocratic class. And also, depending on the circumstance, it's not always unfounded. So Okay. I mean, I don't disagree with that. I sent You'll you see comment. the video. Okay, I, I, okay I'll, I'll, t I'll take a look at it after, yeah. My but point yeah. of contention I mean, is that anyone who fucking strawmans a liberal position, as you have done in every response in this thread... Um, Stop fucking saying someone thinks we can eliminate aristocracy. It's stupid. We're not uh, pacifist hippies. Will you read this? That you read so much better than me. Okay. Who? Okay. So this person, you, you this is a comment in that video. He's mm -hmm. responding to someone else. He's not responding to you or Deb or something. Right. This was one of the there. comment threads about meritocracy versus okay. aristocracy. Yes. Okay. And he's he responding. Says, to what, go ahead. He says, my point of contention is anyone who fucking strawmans the liberal position, as you've done in every response in this thread, stop fucking saying someone thinks we can eliminate aristocracy. It's stupid. We're not pacifist hippies. 
Do you hear anyone say aristocracy is inevitable? No. So shut the fuck up. It's obnoxious. It's self-serving. <laughs> Thinking you can avoid the real argument. So I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. Let me make it real simple for you. Let's take one, just one feature of aristocracy, nepotism. Now, what would an, arist an aristocrat say about nepotism? Quote, well, that depends on if they're open or closed or no, shut the fuck up. They would say it's a good period. If you're an, arist if you're an aristocrat, if you think an aristocrat would say it's bad or a necessary evil or whatever the fuck other excuse you come up with, you're not talking about an aristocrat anymore. Open, closed, doesn't matter. Accept this key feature or don't respond to my comment. I don't want to hear it. Now that we've established an aristocrat thinks it is good, we can finally fucking make progress on the topic. Do you see how it is a direct conflict with meritocracy to think nepotism is good? You cannot say nepotism is good and that merit is good at the same time. So this idea that we can combine an aristocrat with merit is bullshit. They're directly in competition. That is why the aristocrat versus merit, uh, meritocratic distinction exists in the first place. If you deny any of what I've said so far, then you're simply confused about the entire topic. No more useful than a child who knows how to say the words but understands nothing. And no, saying nepotism is, is inevitable is not a response either. So don't you dare try to reply to that. Politics is about how the world should be, not how it is. Simply saying, quote, we're always going to have aristocrats destroying our meritocracy through nepotism doesn't answer whether you think it's fucking good or not. If I propose a law to make something illegal and ask if you support it and your response would be, quote, people are going to break the law anyway, what's the point? Then I'm going to fucking call you a retard. Start taking a real stance of <laughs> stop conflating A with B and B with C. Keep your ideas separate like you would vegetables from raw meat when you cook. Good God, so frustrating. Yeah, this that comment, is my yeah. frustration totally. So, so is this, nepotism good? Uh, a good thing, um, Dev? The fuck? I, I would generally say no. However, I understand the Look, you're already hedging. Yes. Look, you're already no, no. hedging. Wait, 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 no, wait, no. wait, 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 stop. That's not the real question. Okay. Okay. First of all, let's this shout out because this comment is great. The commenter is yep. named No Google. I don't want to use my real name. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, legendary comment. great commenter on our channel. Legendary so, great comment. Yeah. Okay. That's, a, that's quite the um, name. Secondly, do you understand their argument they're making? Because I feel like what he just said there is what we tried to say a million times in the conversation. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's the it's the is ought distinction. Yes, like like you would like it to be. No, it's not. It's not. It has no, nothing no, to do no, with is ought. No, no, no. Okay. Well, what, what, what we kept saying is that. Again, yeah. Okay. If I recall from the conversation, we kept saying we kept saying meritocracy and arist and, and aristocracy are different because by the nature and design of an aristocracy, it doesn't allow people to enter in it through meritocratic means. And that seemed to be this point of contention where there was all this hedging and wiffle waffing about, well, no, that's not necessarily true. People can become aristocrats, blah, 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 blah. And, well, Hold right. on, hold on. And you actually are wrong about that. Okay. Yes, and, and I will have historic examples of you for that. Okay, so you think that an aristocrat would say, per this example, that nepotism is bad. Hold on, that's not that's not what I said. No, no, I, I basically what I, what I said was. But that's that, what the argument. Yes. Well, well the, hold on, hold on. You hold said his that, feet that, to the fire. So what you said was that aristocracy, by definition, means that you cannot meritocratically become an aristocrat. Well, okay. That, that's what you just said. It's not designed to allow people into the upper echelons of society. Okay, right. so because a good chunk of my video is going over historical examples where you, we actually had that. We had aristocracies that were that that had meritocratic elements. Where, where no, you, no, you no, could no, become, wait, wait. completely irrelevant to the where you could become an aristocrat through a meritocracy. Okay. Do you acknowledge 
that the main means so like if i google aristocracy okay yeah literally the first definition says the highest class in certain societies especially those holding hereditary titles of office okay mm-hmm. hereditary right yeah we acknowledge that hereditary is not is the opposite of meritocratic right hereditary is another way of saying nepotism right we, we all accept this right hell yeah no. wait wait right that like that is not a confusion there right Dev? <laughs> i mean for the most part yeah okay so i, I we, think there's there's edge wait. cases but yes okay. i understand there's edge cases okay but yeah. so we understand and this is where i think there is confusion here that an aristocracy definitionally means that generally there isn't a meritocratic principle of elevation generally it's hereditary i'm not saying that doesn't mean in every case 100 percent of the time there hasn't been some fuck out there who's able to ascend to the heights <laughs> of nobility through meritocratic means that's obviously happened and obviously happened in the first place but generally an aristocracy is based on hereditary titles right we, is this is this fine is this an acceptable thing that i just said that's all fine, but there is there is one question is yes. if you go far enough back in the hereditary line, where does the title come from in the first I, place? I understand. It's who could who could get the most people to kill the most people to get the most wealth originally? Yeah. So there was some initial okay, meritocracy so wait, 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 that founded wait, wait. the whole okay. thing. So so you accept that an aristocracy generally is based on hereditary means, okay? And a meritocracy is generally not based on hereditary means, but is based generally on merit. Okay? So we understand that there's a massive distinction between these two systems. And they're so competitive. There's, there's, they're competing against one another. Th- right? Yeah. So so there is a complete distinction between, like, th- these are two theories of the ruling class, right? Like, how you can set up this institution versus that institution. You can have a more, you can have a more aristocratic one, you, have a, you can have a more meritocratic one. Okay. However, in practice independent of the theory yeah. it's a lot more fuzzy okay i and don't that's disagree with because that. the practice is because because the practice is a lot more <laughs> okay. important than the theory all the right? frustration is happening all over again in fact you might even say that the psychology is more important than the philosophy okay i don't disagree <laughs> that a meritocracy here's the problem i shouldn't actually agree with your framing i should tell you to fuck off with love why uh with with the framing <laughs> Because, because you're hedging. No, it's, it's because I shouldn't accept that a meritocracy leads to to an aristocracy. Because the way I'm defining aristocracy is a system that's generally based on hereditary titles. Okay, basically what you're describing is that a meritocracy can lead to a system where there is a group of elites at the top that, because of either good breeding through iq levels or just because there are social cultural educational principles that they instill within their children that leads their children to continue to be successful leads to a group of people at the top who still keep from a meritocratic level maintaining their status at the top right that is not an aristocracy okay yes okay that's my argument and that was adam still hereditary though which is kind of the point no, because it's not based on their hereditariness. Okay, the hereditariness okay. So, is is just a true. coincidence. Well, it's not a coincidence, right. but it's just I, I, a factor. Okay. It, yeah. So I completely agree with you. Right. So when you look at even the most aristocratic aristocracies, if you mm-hmm. had a leader who who was like an an extreme failure, there would be peasant revolts. All right. There would be like other people in the court. Okay, scheme. Just be a noble revolt. Let's not have so, this. 
Look, Look we have this that, conversation already, that ends up, I feel like. Because that ends up being meritocratic as well. The, because the, even if you're, even you, if it's by birthright, no, if, if, if no, you're so bad, no, you get fucked. No. You can't say, and this is kind of the conversation that we had with the monarchists, okay? You Like, a revolution, a violent revolution means the system has failed. It means the system could not resolve its disputes within the legal, civic, you know, law set out by the system. So just because an aristocracy has a peasant revolution, that's an indication that the aristocracy <laughs> failed, not that it worked. Well, me personally, I think that that's aristocracy working. I think I think I think, <laughs> okay, I, I think well, peasant I, revolts I are built into that system. To, to be honest, like <laughs> I, like, there's, I, like there's, listen, listen, listen. Yeah. I'm not a great lover of aristocracy. I think okay. I think. Why are you making this video inevitable. then? Why are you simping for aristocracy then? Why are you muddying not, the waters? Why are you confusing because, the issues so much? Because like all of this is this is what is because, so frustrating no, no. about it because it, it is completely <laughs> just obfuscation from what we're actually talking no, no, about no. here. Because it's, it's like think, we can't no, have no, no. just a it's simple not... conversation where we establish these two very different systems. You got to say, yes, oh no, Adam, one leads. Because that's too simple. Because the world's a complicated place, and you can't just have two polar opposites where they just never meet. That's not how the real world is. We we can we can discuss them both as aspirational systems. For some reason, you want to aspire to aristocracy. I know a lot of people do. Wait, no, I don't. Then why I are you say in the video like five or six times that I'm that ultimately I prefer meritocracy. Okay. And I we do. haven't seen the video yet because this is not house. Look, uh, pe people do people do simp for aristocracy. They believe in aristocracy. These monarchists do, yes. love this idea of of aristocracy. They are all about. <laughs> the blood is where the good stuff is. It's just... I, I think... I mean, if you remember yeah. genetics, there's probably something to that, but I don't believe in it generally, no. Sure. I just... And I think it's more... I mean, obviously, IQ is genetically passed down. Um, certain personality traits can be genetically passed down. Though, obviously, we do see lots of churning for wealth. We see lots of churning for status that goes on through the world. I mean, in that conversation, you know, I literally looked it up and I said, was it the, you know, the overwhelming majority of, of families, they lose their wealth. Was it like the third generation or something? Yeah. That's right. the money.com article from 2015. Right. Yeah. And so it's just like, so the idea that under a meritocracy, you're going to have some kind of permanent aristocracy just doesn't seem to, you know, fit within well, the facts. Another issue ultimately is that meritocracy can fail in ways that are unique to meritocracy that that will never happen with aristocracy so it's also not that a perfect system like it's right. a, it's a very it's a very social destabilizing system right so like who was bill clinton's father i don't know anything about the clintons right who was bill, uh, bill clinton's, clinton's father? father was i had to look this up for the video in fact he was um basically a traveling salesman who fucked his mom then then he fucked off and then died three months later Okay, and I'm assuming his mom was his mom some sort of mat like power broker or something. Nah, you're just some random person. Okay, there. so Bill Clinton should be so the Clintons should be a perfect example because the Clintons are like the the evil left wing elites, right? And it's like they came from he literally uh, him and Hillary. I don't know Hillary's background, but Bill literally came from nothing. It sounds like, and yep. yet he was able to through meritocracy ascend to the heights of political power in America. And now their daughter's banking off of their name. What is her now? What is their daughter's? Does their daughter even have a child? What is her daughter's child going to do? Is she going to run for president? Who knows? Who knows? Well, but then you have or like, or is she going to become like, um, like the Bush daughters and get a DUI? <laughs> <laughs> like, is is Donald Trump like a modern American aristocrat because he comes from a family of like three generations of rich people? I mean, maybe, maybe more, some more so than the Clintons. Yeah. 
Yes. You, you can go back like five generations of bushes and discover that like you, you have a self-made bush who is like Obadiah Bush or something. And he was a blacksmith. Mm -hmm. And then as you go down through the generations, you discover, oh, they went from self-made to having like, a family dynasty. Is that actually make that up? No, it's actually Obadiah Bush. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was a real name. But yeah, like, like you, you, can, you can discover people who are self-made men who got there through their own merit, who then establish like a ruling family and then it continues. Sure. But the, my question is, I don't think yeah. how many of the rich family, like how many of the richest people in America and in the world, maybe the world's a bad argument, but in America, how many <laughs> of the richest Americans, okay, like come from these like dynasty families? Does Jeff Bain, like what is Jeff Bezos' background? Does he come from some sort of magical family? Elon Musk claims that, you know, the, the ideas of his father being super wealthy are completely overblown. Like, I just feel well, like this, the thing is, this is idea like, is not I accurate. In America. I think, mm, I don't know, because I, I think there's like, George there's a Soros cultural tendency from, towards, like, nothing, he? Um, th there's a cultural tendency towards, you know, being a self-made man, right? Which, which is why even people like Trump, who clearly is not a self-made man, will project the image of being a self-made man. Because mm -hmm. There's like cultural power in that. Yeah, right? I understand. I understand. But I think, I think there's actually a fair number of people who have inherited their wealth in the States. No, there I might. So. There, I'm sure there. I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's lots of rich people that have done so. But when we talk about these like big name, like famous rich people, you know, Bill Gates and these famous brokers of power, and this would be the the question: How many of these famous rich brokers of power in America come from some kind of dynastic family of wealth that is passed down generational to generation, and how many of them are either first or second generation, you know, rich? Mm -hmm. It might be 50-50 now that I'm thinking it because like Elon Musk does come from wealth. I'm pretty sure of that. Um, mm -hmm. Jeff Bezos comes from wealth, but I don't think Bill Gates did. So I think like I, I think there's like a healthy amount of meritocracy in the States, but you still have like family dynasties doing their thing, too. OK, well, I'd be curious to see what the numbers are, actually, to, mm -hmm. to see what that how that actually plays out. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm just going off intuition there on the 50-50 thing. In terms yeah, I don't of know. Like, I don't know yeah. what the answer is. I don't know. Is. I don't know. What, what, what I do know is that like a, a purely meritocratic society with no consideration for like family and friend connections is very it's, it's very destabilizing. Well, it's and impossible. So it doesn't there's um, it's not that it's it is impossible, but also like att historical attempts to create it have led to some of the most oppressive regimes that our world's ever seen yeah exactly well that's why it's because you're you know you're gonna people are gonna select who they know and interact with so there's always going to be a proximity bias yeah yeah no there there was uh this was like medieval china so i was looking at a bunch of different history for this right mm -hmm. I'll, I'll spoil a bit of the video okay so there is a, an instance in medieval china where they they tried to make an extremely meritocratic state and the idea was that they would simply uh, split up all the families using military force and spread them across China so they would have no family ties. And then that would lead to a more meritocratic state because everything would have to be judged based on merit. Like you can't just hire your brother or hire your son for a job. You'd have to actually choose somebody who was good at it, right? That was their principle. And it became like an extremely oppressive regime because they had to march town to town and check in on people and say, hey, you're not working with your family, are you? So like, there's clearly instances where where attempts to make a meritocratic society go way too far. So I just looked up Jeff Bezos. Jeff okay. Bezos' father uh, was a Danish Amer was a Danish American unicycle hockey player and bicycle <laughs> shop owner 
who left Jeff Bezos's mom when he was a baby. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Bezos was raised by Miguel Bezos, his stepfather, who was born in Cuba and moved to the United States in 1962. In Cuba, let's see, it says uh, he was brought up in Cuba by his brother and sister. His father owned a lumber mill and his mother was a part-time shopkeeper selling fabric and infant uh, clothing. His parents were supporters of Fidel Castro until Castro (laughs) shifted his political stance towards Marxist-Leninism and seized their family business. Bezos' family applied uh, for Miguel to get a refugee visa from the United States, and they were successful, and they left uh, Havana to come to Miami in 1962. Upon arrival, they were housed at Camp something with 400 other Cuban refugee children. Um. So, yeah, so it does not sound like the family had a bunch of wealth. The like Bezos family had a lot of wealth. They were literally refugees from Cuba after Castro Mm -hmm. seized their lumber mill. I might have had that flip because I recall I thought it was Amazon that the loan that they received was from their parents. This this isn't Trump's small loan of a million dollars. This is someone else. But I, I thought it was Bezos. Where basically he got a loan to start his business and it was a ridiculous amount of money from his family members. Well, I don't. So maybe after like, so it's very possible because the article doesn't or the Wikipedia doesn't say that. um, That he got a good job sometime after he came to America and then was able to make money and then give a loan. Oh, you're right. Okay, no, you're right. Okay, so it says, oh, but the loan wasn't it was a he gave him a two hundred thousand dollar loan to start Amazon. So it's like who that's did? money, but it's not like no, we're not talking like millions of dollars or anything. Who who gave him two hundred thousand? Was it like his a father? Or... His father, okay. Because um, it says uh, once he came to America, he was able to get a job at Exxon, and I, it just says I didn't say well, I don't know what he did at Exxon. It just says he had a job. Okay, at fair Exxon. fair enough, fair enough. But see, you know, it's kind of funny too because I'm thinking about this. Take this in sort of the Rolo perspective, because Rolo would say that Miguel Bezos is a cuck for raising jeff bezos but now he's the stepfather of like the one of the richest men in the world and his father made him the co-founder of the bezos family foundation so he's like rolling in money now so wow there you go there you go so good oh no it, it was it was bill it was, i got him mixed up it was bill gates bill, bill oh, gates's okay. father had, had had more money right and, uh, okay yeah i got that mixed up it was either way around. Okay. Cool. So there you go. Interesting. Social hierarchy against people who's <laughs> Back to only... the video. <laughs> Back to the video. We're so, the video sorry remember. about this. Remember. So, sorry about, like, having okay. this entire conversation tonight instead of on Tuesday. We'll have it on Tuesday again. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll just prepare yourself. We'll, we'll, we'll relitigate the whole thing. We will. And you're going to hear that ego scream again, so. Okay. <laughs> Real demand is equality, but who they portray as wanting chaos. Because to them, an America that isn't dominated by white, Christian, patriarchal, straight, or capitalist culture is chaos. This rhetoric inspires conservatives to see centrist- You think he's using the greedy racist stereotype for conservatives? I feel like he might be. Hmm. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I feel like everyone in his audience is using that stereotype. I feel like he I, I think, be on Yeah. I think when he says conservative, he means like the most diehard Trump supporter, ride or die. You know, I don't think I think he means anyone who's not socialist. Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously. But like he thinks everyone who's not socialist is, is a ride, ride or die Trump supporter. Sure. There's politicians like Biden and left of center social Democrats like AOC and Bernie as hardcore communists. 
and for most of them, that's all they really need to see Trump and DeSantis as the lesser evil. But on top of that, this rhetoric will also inspire a select wait, number wait, wait, of people wait, wait, wait. What the hell was happening in that video? Communists. And for most of them, that's all they really need to see Trump and DeSantis as the lesser evil. But on top of that, that this rhetoric will also inspire I couldn't are they like actually punching him or are they like fake punch like what was that happening? Like, a, 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 like fake punches or very okay. weak actual punches. It was very bizarre. Yeah. Like but like it flashed so quickly, is he trying to make us think that like they were really beating up someone or something? Like like is this like I feel like this this is supposed to be January sixth, but it's like a like a really bad recreation. Like I don't fucking know what's going on here. Like, look, here's the here's the dangerous riders. Also inspire a select number of people to commit horrific acts of violence against those who do not conform to this vision of the U.S. Oh, he did it. He did <laughs> it. January 6th. If you know, if you're just listening, he said, listen, listen, and, and let's go back. Okay. Horrific acts of violence against those who do not conform to this vision of the U.S. He said they're going to get individuals to to do horrific act of violence against those that don't agree with the vision that a U.S. is a straight, white, uh, anti-communist country. And he flashed a picture of Kyle Rittenhouse. That's right. <laughs> Kyle Rittenhouse was out there just to, to end the evil people that want a vision of America that's not straight and white. Of course, yeah. Gotta throw him under he, the bus. Yep. He, he was out there to do American History X, guys. That's how it was. <laughs> Well, there was like one article that said he shot three black men. It's like, are you fucking like, how do you get it that wrong? By not caring. That's how. Yeah. It's all just performative. Either because of who they are or what they believe. For example, conservative cultural Marxism rhetoric is what inspired people like Anders Breivik, who in 2011 killed over 70 people in Norway. In his manifesto, Breivik explains he was defending Norway against cultural Marxism, political correctness, and multiculturalism. During his trial, he justified killing close to 70 children at the Norway Labour Party summer camp, calling them traitors, quote, committing or planning to commit cultural destruction, including deconstruction of the Norwegian ethnic group and deconstruction of Norwegian culture. The point is, the cultural Marxism... So because some racist, insane piece of shit kills a bunch of innocent people because he's right. a racist piece of shit. Okay. Mm -hmm. That means that you can't actually talk about cultural Marxism or Western Marxism. It doesn't exist now because some bad person did a bad thing. Like, so we can't actually talk about like this guy here. Second thought here is not allowed to talk about socialism because I don't know if you right. know this, but there's this very bad guy named Lenin. Right. And he killed, killed a lot of people. hundred million, they say. <laughs> okay. Killed lots of people. There's another really bad hombre mm -hmm. named Mao, and he also killed lots of people. And these Marx people himself said, was a a racist. That's right. Yeah, Marx himself. Total racist piece of shit. Right? Yeah, and probably would have killed people if given the opportunity to do so. Yeah, would own slaves if he had so, the opportunity. Right. What I find interesting is that whenever you talk to both tankies and like libertarian socialists, even ones that generally oppose the Soviet Union, if right. you bring up the numbers from the Black Book of Communism, they okay. say that you're like you're doing like historical revisionism and, and shit and like Nazi SDL apologia. Said, yeah. And it's like, hold on, hold on. Even if you're like you're against the Soviet Union. So like, why do you care? But also, OK, let's say the hundred million is a bit is a bit too high because they say, OK, listen, we shouldn't be uh, including uh, Nazi deaths 
you know, like, like Nazi soldiers that were killed by the Soviet Union during the Second World War. Don't include those deaths. Okay, fair enough. We can start, like, chopping off the numbers around the edges a little bit to, to get to a more true number. I guarantee you, even if you get that 100 million down to 50 million, it's still the worst death toll in the world. Yeah. Yeah, it's still really high. Like, <laughs> like there's no way you're getting it down to, like, Nazi right. Germany's 12 million or 11 million, right. whatever it was. Right. Like, you're not going to you do did, that. Even if you did get it down to, you know, Nazi Germany Holocaust numbers... I mean, is that really the good thing you're ascribing? You're ascribing <laughs> to reach Holocaust numbers of yeah, deaths. Like, I mean, like... Listen, at, yeah, at least we tied the Nazis and how many people <laughs> we killed. That means that we're somehow the superior ideology right. to the modern era. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Right. Like, what the? Oh, it's so, it's so ridiculous. I mean, it, obviously, it just comes down to you know, uh, uh, you know, killing bad people is bad. Killing, or sorry, killing bad people is good. Killing good people is bad. You know, our deaths are justified. Your deaths are not. Just, you know, it's going to come down to that, basically. Like, it's good when we do it, basically. Right. Now, to, to be fair, on a pure mathematical perspective, the, the commies had a lot longer to kill people than the Nazis did. So. Yeah. A lot more places to do it as well. Right. I mean, if the Nazis existed for as long as the communists did, I'm pretty sure those numbers would be way higher. <laughs> I mean, maybe, yeah. yeah. But, like, there were, like, modern fascist states, you know, like uh, Portugal and Spain and, and Chile. And these places definitely killed people, but not not to the extent as the Soviets. It just it just sure. wasn't there, right. you know. Right. Marxism theory works for the far right. It gets people to think a conspiracy of Jewish Marxists is behind social progress, and that social progress leads to chaos. It gets okay, them to vote. Hold on, look at that. First of all, social progress can lead to chaos. You're retarded if you think otherwise, because you can't move things too quickly. But right. but secondly, he's now substituted. All of this socialist stuff, and he he just wraps that all into uh, social progress. Right. It's like you know, that's a real nice way to put it, isn't it? That that makes the the the, the pill go down real easy. Of course. It's like, no, we're talking. We're not just talking about social progress. All right. We're not just talking about gay marriage here. This is something completely different. Okay. Well, we're talking about See, a very specific type of quote social progress, which he doesn't want to address. Yeah. Social, like, like we're talking about, like, like, in considering some of the ways he talks, we're talking about like Pol Pot levels of degrowth, fucking progress. <laughs> Where <laughs> you guys know about that shit, right? Like all the Pol Pot nonsense. Yeah. yeah. The the turning your political, actually turning your political opponents into fertilizer. Mm -hmm. He he actually did that with their bodies. Okay. You 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 got it. Yeah. It's recycling. <laughs> oh, so horrific. It's, it's very utilitarian. Yeah, it's green. <laughs> for politicians always further to the right, to ignore the visible power of capitalists. And for a few of them, it inspires them to acts of terror against socialists and those who in any way, shape, or form do not conform to their idea of who is Western, who is us, who is we the people. This is So wait a minute. Here's where his argument's even further confused. So this is a conspiracy... But there also is actual socialists out there. What do they believe then? Do they believe this? I don't know. Or is that part of the conspiracy? Yeah. I mean, if the actual socialists aren't, you know, doing this in the shadows by subverting institutions, what are the actual socialists doing? Yeah. I don't know. Are they all just libcocks? <laughs> <laughs> this is dangerous. And that it continues this to resurface is, is a problem we must address. Talking about cultural Marxism is dangerous, guys. 
Very yep. dangerous. Yeah. You're not. We're not allowed to talk about the thing that's happening. Right. Because it's because some people are are psychos. So. Right. Very dangerous. You like, you like the slow zoom in with the solemn face. Oh yeah. Well, I forgot. I'm... Where's my Where's my smug jackass here? Let's do. <laughs> let's do this. It's probably still over my face. Let's do the slow zoom in with the smug <laughs> jackass. Who is us? Who is we the people? This is dangerous, and that it continues to resurface is a problem we must address. <laughs> we talked a lot about how the rain. That was amazing. How you like it? Oh my god, that was amazing. Smug jackass. Let's fade out into the pause. Wow. So I'm uh, I'm already half an hour late, so we might as well just finish the video up real quick. Okay, just, I think just so. say I think it. Was I think that was basically the end. So but let's see. So let's see what else is left. Yeah. Right weaponizes buzzwords like cultural Marxism in this episode. So I wanted to take a second to give an example of what that looks like in practice using today's sponsor, Ground News. One of the oh things right-wing media does the really sponsor. well is... I know. It's over. Painting a picture of society <laughs> that whips their viewers into an angry, terrified frenzy. That's the whole point of your video. This is... <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. What's going on? Sitch! Help me. <laughs> the whole point of his video like, is to yep. terrify Conserv people that the right wing are going to go on a shooting spree. Yep. Yep. This, this is this is like Vosh's you have to arm up and get ready for when they come for you. It's like, Jesus, you're, you're literally pushing people right to the line of revolution, but then like allowing them to take the final step over yeah, and saying you didn't do it. Then he's saying, oh, this is terrible. How dare people do this? Subscribe to ground news where we don't do this <laughs> we can we look him up on ground news to see how accurate his channel is i wonder if it's even on there this isn't news this is just opinion commentary let me show you what i mean here we have three examples of right-wing coverage of cultural marxism notice how each article employs buzzwords like wokeism and trigger phrases like destroy the west and erode the family there's never any explanation of what that means or how exactly it's happening, but that's the point. As long as your rhetoric is incendiary enough and makes your reader feel like they're under attack, you don't actually need to provide evidence. Does, what is happening here? So he's basically he's describing his own video. He's literally evidence for here, here. anything he said. I'll provide evidence if you don't mind. Okay. So, Frederick Engels wrote the book Origins of the Family, Private Property and the State. More political theory, Adam. Are you ready for it? No, it's boring. <laughs> no, basically, whenever you hear like the right wing says that the that the communists or the socialists want to dis want to dismantle the nuclear family, that's actually part of a theory. It comes from Engels. He wrote about it. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's part oh, okay, of okay, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the The idea basically was the, the TLDR is that the. Uh, the transition from feudalism to capitalism as a mode of production necessitated the destruction of the of the fam of, of the tribal family structure and the creation of the nuclear family and therefore the transition from capitalism to communism would have to would have to also create an atomized individual with no family ties whatsoever such that everyone can be equally related to everyone else right okay cool who was it so, that was basically arguing that all facets of normative society have become because because our normative society was created by liberalism all facets of normal of normative society must be uh, seeped with liberalism 
and therefore everything that's normative must be destroyed in order to bring about the revolution. Okay, well, I've heard socialists say that, and fascists, and neo-reactionaries. They all I've say. Heard them all say that. I've all, they they've all, all fucking that. said this. Yes. Okay. So it's that, just that, it's not one. Yeah. Everyone just says that. Yeah. Okay. The, the the idea basically is that to, in in order in order to justify like like a like, like a wiping the slate clean so you can build something new you have to you have to well, you have to justify it. you have to say like well why should we wipe everything why not why not just keep some of it and change some other parts of it and their 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 explanation will simply be that because everything is liberal now so everything has to go right but I meant in terms of so like because I, I don't remember who wrote it because I remember I read a paper that was talking about like kind of why we should get rid of the nuclear family. And the argument was that the nuclear family, like every facet of normative society, it's one of the queer theorists I think wrote this, is like mm -hmm. rooted in liberalism. And that's the, the the way to like revolt against liberalism is to revolt against normativity, including both in parental structures and in like sexual orientations and things of that nature. Yes, yes. So. And there's also like the power imbalance argument where some people believe that just like the proletariat and bourgeois, you have the classes of parent and child they have a power imbalance between them so they have to be equalized in the same right. way and 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 then that the concept of par of parenthood has to be abolished right and i think i think this is why like you had the you know the mid 20th century um science fiction writers right like brave new world where they there's like growing people in pods and stuff it, it comes from this basically <laughs> right. like like what where they think this philosophy will go as you saw with the examples throughout this video the far-right playbook is to attempt to make the reader fear for their children's safety, or that their faith is being taken from them by some outside force. Two very compelling emotional claims. And this is the approach they take with every topic. Of course, he's not making an emotional claim that they're people <laughs> trying to manipulate and propagandize your, ch your children into this idea that America is a place that's only for white, straight, capitalist, racist, right? Like, mm -hmm. this guy would never make that claim, ever. <laughs> oh, wait, that's kind of the entire thesis of this video. Everything is turned into a cultural struggle of us versus them. The key here is to remember who benefits from this kind of coverage. Oh, this guy would never make us versus them arguments. Why, he would <laughs> never, ever make those arguments. Wow. And ground news goes a long way towards helping the reader understand what interests are funding each of these outlets. This is something I get asked about a lot. How do I help parents or friends break out of their little propaganda bubble? It's great to analyze rhetoric like this, examining wording to look for bias, and determining who's behind each outlet, but it's a lot of work, and none of us have time for that. That's why I always recommend people check- This is insane, Sitch. I just- <laughs> this, is not, this is like bizarro backwards world, right? Total nineteen eighty four. This guy is going to help us break out of our bubble. I know. Blah. <laughs> you know, I don't know anything about Ground News. I never heard about it. I if they're giving this dipshit sponsorship, I don't trust <laughs> anything from Ground News. So, so I've seen it before. Yeah. And basically, just an app that you run an article through, and it says whether it has a left leaning or right leaning bias. Mm -hmm. Pretty the simple fact stuff. That, it doesn't matter. The fact that they, someone from Ground News. Okay, we'll look at this dipshit and uh, <laughs> say, hey, you know, this is a good way. You know, this is a good sponsor uh, for our product. This total propagandized, lying, socialist scumbag here is a good advertiser for our product. I'm like, mm, I'm skeptical. Sorry. I'm sorry. Ground News could be the best service ever. And I'm just, I'm very skeptical. Yeah. Based on this sponsorship.
Hasn't he used all of these right-wing buzzwords in his video? Wouldn't he come out as like right-wing bias if he's just going off of buzzwords? Yes. Do you think he's got a right-wing bias? <laughs> oh, yes. This guy? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy right-wing bias. Check out Ground News, because it has a ton of really useful tools to make building media literacy skills a lot easier. Ground News is a web and mobile app that aggregates over 50,000 news sources and offers intuitive, easy-to-understand comparison tools, so you can do things like what we did here, investigate how cultural rhetoric is weaponized. You can also see the political leaning, factuality rating, and ownership of every single news source right in the app. No tedious research required. Now, full disclosure, as a socialist, I obviously disagree with the placement of some of these outlets. Oh. For example, I don't think CNN should be placed as far left as it is. But honestly, this might be a <laughs> good surprised? thing when trying to educate your friends and family. If you come at them with, well, actually CNN is a right-wing network, they're not going to take you seriously. Ground News <laughs> is the perfect first baby step towards media literacy. Wait, so he's like, like, listen, Ground News, I don't agree with you as a product, but I'm willing to shill your product if you pay me money because I'm a it's socialist. Like, it's, like, it's like, listen, I think that I can use you to boil the frog and some other sort of poisoning yes. the well when it comes to oh. media. So, you know, yeah. we're, we're not going to consider Ground News to actually be a good source. It's just a right. stepping stone on the way to the good, proper socialist sources. Right. It's too bad Ground News doesn't do uh, YouTube channels because I'm sure his bias rating would be off the chart. He I'm... thinks CNN is totally right wing and he looks it up on Ground News and it says far left. And he's like, what the fuck? I know. Isn't that kind of crazy? This... That is. Yeah, this crazy. isn't like a paper that's been is being published in-house by the American Socialist Party. Like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. What's well, weird, I'm looking at the Ground News. They have like a little like picture that has like the sample. They don't have the New York Times listed, which is kind of interesting. Because <laughs> I'm curious as to where they put it. The Wait, hold on. I don't know if you guys have ever had Flamenco on your show before, but he's a good guy. Um, Flamenco's in the chat, and he just says, he's just openly advocating for subverting your friends and family by hiding your power level. Yeah, he just did that. Yeah. In an, in an entire video about how socialists don't hide their power level and don't subvert. He says, now do it to your friends and family. <laughs> it's funny because, like, we're just so used to it that he just said it and it's like, didn't even phase us. Yeah, it just went we're right. Like, over oh, there. yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. It doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> Crazy. That's so disgusting. What a piece of shit. If there's anything left, let's see. If you're looking for a way to give your friends and family a great set of tools to understand media bias, who it serves, and how to spot it, I highly recommend you check out Ground News at the link below. And if you really like it, they're currently offering a 30% discount for their Vantage subscription to all Second Thought viewers. You can only redeem the discount at ground.news slash second thought, so be sure to click the link below. There you go. Click the link, everyone. If you no. enjoyed this video, <laughs> consider... I'm not clicking not, okay. anything. There yeah. you go. Man, you know what you guys should do? What? You guys should get sponsorships of the various companies that you do that like also sponsor these videos, and mm -hmm. then just use theirs, but then just like change out the link. So you don't, even have to, you don't even have to do a sponsorship. You can just run their sponsorship and just change the link on the screen. Oh, you mean, the you easiest mean run money. their ad, but then yeah, change yeah. the... So, like, here's what you do. You're, you're going to you're, you're go contact Ground News, yeah. and then you're just going to play Second Thoughts Ground News ad, but change the link on screen to your link. I don't think that would get people to subscribe, <laughs> honestly. I mean, it's just funny, go... <laughs> but I don't think it would get people to, to subscribe to the service. <laughs>
Well, because I, I've got I've got to go in about five minutes or so. Okay. So, well, we you can go. Uh, well, you can go now if you want. I mean, thanks for coming, I mean, Dev. We really appreciate. We, well, you know what we can do? We can spend five minutes talking about the the socialism of duty, Adam. Listen, listen here, Adam. Do, so do not, you know what? Talking about that. Do you know what the organic state is? Won't you tell you some more, some more weird fascist theories? What did you put in it? It's not working, Sitch. Oh. Oh, it died. So, yeah. so the person who cut this, they put a bunch of visuals of like people dying in the Ukraine war, and so it's like age restricted, so we can't watch it. Yeah. That oh, that sucks. Um. Hmm. R.I.P. Good job person who made this video i mean if it's just going to be the two of you because I'm, I'm taking off you can just like you can just free ball it just we pause could. whenever you yeah well well what i would say is um adam you you have to bring it up we have to do a three two one and play it but you just play the audio so that we don't get dinged for the um the oh okay the age gate thing so okay you always censor the video you know put a little blur on it that's it we just well, just just play the audio. It would be the, you just put up second a picture of second thoughts dumb face. <laughs> Is this second you, thoughts you video? Use, um... No, it's someone took him and then they edited it or something. Okay. You guys use uh, OBS to stream? Yeah. 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 I mean, there is like like a censorship filter you can install where you can like make certain sources have like a pixelated effect, so it looks real nice. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, but the thing is, it's the same video, so you have to keep turning it on and off, turning it on and off. You know? Yeah. No, I mean, so. Yeah. yeah, someone in the chat says, how do you censor it live? Yeah, it's very easy. You just, like, set the filter up, and then you just turn it on and off as something happens, yeah. Sure. As long as, long as you know when it's going to happen, you can pretty easily censor things live. I've done it before. Sure, sure. Yeah. Oh, here we go. We have, I don't know if you noticed that. Before you leave, Second Thought actually sent us some Super Chats. Oh, oh cool. really? One of the our biggest actually. Was it actually him, or was it's it like a, a guy with second the... thought? Yeah, he sent us six dollars. I'll read them to you. Okay. Uh, what you fail to realize is that the term cultural Marxism is an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory. We know this because it has been said in the presence of racists, and capitalism is also bad. <laughs> Fortunately, socialism is good. The goodness of socialism <laughs> arises because of the innate badness of capitalism, and racism and homophobia and transphobia only exist because of the bad that is capitalism. If we had socialism, which is good, it would go away. With socialism, which is good, we can eliminate bigotry quickly, as long as there's no capitalism, which is bad. Conservatives <laughs> say cultural Marxism, which doesn't exist, but if it's but it's good if it does exist, to portray Jews as bad. <laughs> so there wow. you go. Thank you, Second right. Thought. Yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks very much. You yeah. uh, your your positions here. You should uh, you should come on the show at some point. You should. You should. Yeah. I doubt he will, though, but he should. Okay, so, yeah, I, before I go, I actually want to ask you something. No, no jokes, okay? No laughs this time. I'll be. This is a serious question, Adam. Uh -oh. Are you are you like really not into political theory? Then you just find it boring. When you talk about it. <laughs> oh my oh. god! <laughs> Brutal. Ouch! Why? Uh, look, I'm I'm joking. Obviously, I do. I'm not mm. super. Like, I would never read any of the books that you're reading. I don't. I I just I I feel like it's just personal anecdote. Like, why do you find it interesting? Why is this? Why do I? Why should I take any of these people's personal well, anecdotes seriously? 
I find just reading in general interesting, right? So, so for example, yeah, but there's Adam, you gave a me, million books on. to read. What are you so, talking so you, about? Let's not so a you, look. I'm asking you why you find this specific thing interesting. And you're like, I just like reading. Here's well, here's a phone yeah. book. No, <laughs> listen, Read I, this. I, I find a lot of things interesting. Like, so, so you gave me a reading list, Adam, right? You gave, I think one of them on there was like the murder next door, I think. Sure. Um, yeah. That's and the, my and there was, and there was like, um, one of them, I think was called blueprint. And there's obviously like, like the, the various Neola books, like the Francis Fukuyama stuff. Like I, I've read some of the books on your reading list. Like, I found those interesting mm -hmm. too. I just, I just find this stuff. Like I find knowing how things work, how things work, understanding different well, ideas about how things work. I, find you're not, I don't feel like you're understanding how things work. I think you're moving further away. You're understanding how some people believe things work that are completely untrue. Well, here's the thing. Like, just because I've read a bunch of fascist and socialist political theory doesn't mean that I believe it. <laughs> I just know well, you, it. You like, just said you enjoy mm -hmm. understanding how things work. Uh, but then I also said I enjoy understanding how people think things work. How Both people things. believe things work is yes. not the same yes. thing as how things work. No, but I enjoy them both. You know, okay. Like I'm not a fascist, but I do read fascist political theory, and I enjoy it. Like, and I enjoy it. Look, a Just... lot of people like the science of Star Trek. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't find what you're reading any different than that. Because it's just like, oh, well, give me political. Here's the thing: political theory is. It, well, it's theory, right? It's not practice. It's like somebody thinks that, th like, this is their observations about society. This is how they think things will go if implemented in a certain way. It's theory. It's not practice. That's true, right? It's, it's not like you can, you know, you, you have people on the left who say, read theory, read theory. You don't understand theory. What, what they're basically saying is, is that they think that the theory will be the practice, but, like, it, it never is. You know, it never is, right? So, oh, hold but on. Still, you've, you've touched on something perfect here. Okay. You can never have any sort of satisfactory, uh, satisfactory uh, resolve on this, satisfactory resolve on this, because you can never have any answer. So what's the point? Well, a good, uh, see, the reason that I started doing it is because there's a whole bunch of people out there who are citing a whole bunch of ideas, and I had no idea what anyone was saying, and I wanted to know. I wanted like when someone says means of production, what did Marx specifically mean by that? Well, I wanted to know, and so I found out. Right? Okay, that's fine. When when when, when someone on the right says the managerial class, what do they mean by that? So I wanted to find out. Okay, that's that's the that's the that's the primary reason I started reading all this stuff. There's only one thing that you need to know: the difference okay, between personal and private property, because that's the only thing any stupid Marxist is going to ask you on the internet. <laughs> That's the only thing they're going to ask. Uh, if you know the answer to that, you are prepared to deal with 99.9% .9 of Marxists on the internet. Maybe. Maybe that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like, have you ever seen, like, a Marxist say that he's, like, against individualism or he thinks that, like, liberalism is too individual or, you know, the liberal conception of rights is not good? Is Like, it's too individual or it's it's too atomized? You know, you, you've already heard this stuff before, right? Sure. Yeah. When you talk to them and you say, like, 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 why do you think this? They don't even know why they think this most of the time, because there, there's an effect. I don't know what it's called, but basically you have a great thinker who writes a book and then that gets diffused down into like cultural elites and then that gets diffused down into regular people. But the regular people have no clue where this idea came from.
or why they think it. They've just they've inherited it from the from their surroundings, basically. And a lot of political ideas are like this, right? Yeah. You can hear Marjorie. You can hear like Marjorie Taylor Greene talk about things that are concepts in political science texts on the right wing, and she's never read this shit in her life. She doesn't fucking know why she's saying it. She's saying it because it sounds real good, and somebody that she looks up to said it, right? I you just see the same thing on the What is the value of knowing the origin of it? I just like the, the, the I want to know how the... it affects society now. Okay, so the that's value the value knowing... for me. Yeah, the value of knowing the origin of these theories is that when you talk to somebody who's clearly just saying something because it's like a rehearsed thought in their head that they haven't actually thought about the best way to break them out of it is to show them that you know the origin I you know what it actually like means and then disagree. you can argue against it no seriously i you, fundamentally like, disagree no, that is not going to make any difference to a person none I, don't, I, I think it will i think like, here's the thing like if you're just talking past each other it's not going to help right but if you can understand their ideas truly understand them and still disagree with them, I think that actually comes with the, brings a lot of weight with it. I disagree. I completely disagree. Yeah. Why? Because people don't... Look, people come to their, their understanding of the world through their intuitions. They, they aren't reasoning themselves into this. You're not going to come to them and reason them out of it. You're not. So I just... I, don't, I fundamentally disagree that learning... Knowing more about the origin of what they believe is going to help them change what they believe. It's not going to change anything. Well, it, it's not so much knowing about the origin. It's more like, like the, the origin is kind of important, but not really that important. The, the important part is knowing what they believe. It's so like if you understand what they understand and you still don't believe what they believe, then the issue isn't that you need more education because they always say that. It's like the reason you're not a Marxist is because you're not educated in Marxism. It's like, well, no. What if you actually are educated in Marxism and you still don't believe it? Then you can have a real discussion. I mean, I think the element, I think the usefulness of, of looking into it is not that you're going to change them, but is to prevent other people from falling prey into their bs i think yeah, there's there's the there's a part of that too right because like if you talk to a marxist and you're completely uneducated on marxism people who are watching are just going to think you're an idiot right well, not just for you... debates just like because they'll make yeah. these arguments that are mm -hmm. generally kind of bs arguments that need to have pushback to them yeah yeah but then like if you can have an actual discussion where you clearly at least know what the topic is about right. and you can still be like no i don't believe in this I, I think that does look good for the people who are watching does, too. Yeah. yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, so I think it's important to like understand these weird theories that only like certain segments of the population know about, because they do, they do kind of trickle down and affect other things eventually. I think. Well, yeah. If it if it has an impact, then I agree. I mean, some of the stuff doesn't, but. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Yeah, you know, the, the chat's actually. I think I think the chat is is pointing this out. Like, why do you read CRT stuff, Sitch? For the reason I just said. Yeah, it's yeah. it's similar reason as mine. Like even if you don't, I mean, I don't, if you I don't, don't believe Adam's in this stuff, you disdain gotta... for <laughs> for this, the you know, for reading. <laughs> well, you do have disdain for only into it. Look, when other people bring up some crazy source that they're using, and you feel mm -hmm. obligated to read it, such because you want to debunk it, 
You hate reading it. It's always boring fucking shit. You all, I all mean, you do is I, complain I guess that's about true. it. Right. So I what understand the fuck? what you're saying. Right. So that from that you, perspective, you yes, I wish people to... were not stupid. So I didn't yeah. have to read stupid. You're like, why is this thing influencing people so much? Well, it's because so, of the psychology and they found something so, they can go look this ancient book really the, helps me the make my thing argument. The, the funniest thing for me is like I I find it amusing how stupid it gets like i find Moldbug really fun to read because he's so wrong about so many things it's just like i just like, i find it funny i enjoy it i don't agree with any of it it's not convincing to me but i find it i i do find it interesting to read just because it's like wow this guy's living in another universe i feel like i've now like w when you read a book you're like entering someone else's mind for a bit and it's like mm -hmm. this guy is he's out there and it's kind of it's it's fun in like a perverse way look that's I, how I, I that's how i, view I am it. in favor of reading i'm just saying what you're reading i don't I, I just couldn't find myself reading it and say, you know, this is useful to me. I mean, I don't read a lot of not uh, nonfiction or a lot of fiction for the same reason. Well, if the purpose of fiction mm. is to entertain yourself, but I mean, people um, enjoy fiction. Obviously, I would never tell someone not to enjoy it, but I I have to go right now. The okay, time good. has run out. Sorry. Cool. Thanks good. for coming on. Really, Adam? <laughs> I mean, thanks for Wait, coming on. Yeah. What did you say? Yeah. Yeah. I said I have to go and Adam said good. Oh. It's like, oh. oh thanks I, for coming oh, on. Look, I meant to, to I was about to say, good God, you have to go now. We're just in the middle of a heated <laughs> I know. discussion. Listen, Things we'll, were just getting we'll, interesting. We'll have it on Tuesday, okay? Yes. <laughs> okay, listen. Thanks very much for having me on. Sorry I have to have to bounce like immediately, but uh IRL no calls, okay? All right. So I'll, I'll see you in two days, all right? Yeah. All right, yeah. take care. Have a good one. Take care. Okay, what is this video that you have up? Well, I want to respond to this, but... Well, let's respond to it. I got to hit record. Look, okay. I'm going to record. Hit it up. Look, I, I haven't seen sure. this, by the way. So this is going to be a fresh, a fresh reaction. Oh, you haven't seen this? No. Well, I edited some stuff in this. This one is oh, not okay. the one that I posted on the channel. This is just the, just the stuff to respond to. Okay. So, okay. I'm going to start recording. Three, two, one, go. So, Sitch and I are responding to a video. I guess Vosh got very upset that Anna Kasparian came on our show. <laughs> a while ago. Why is he upset now? Well, so, Anna Kasparian, I guess, called out Vosh on the main show, the main TYT show. She called I, him trash. Yes. Did you did you see that clip? By I the did. Way? It was pretty hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I watched it about twenty five times. I'm not because <laughs> it's because it's pretty hilarious. I said I said that we need a soundboard that has her saying, "You are yes. trash." Yes. Yes. Yeah. You're trash, Vosh. You're trash. <laughs> so this isn't all of that clip, which is epic. I mean, you should check it out yourself. But this is just Vosh kind of responding to that clip. Mm -hmm. And we get mentioned. So I, I've oh, said okay. before on the show, one of the things that we are not as good at as other YouTubers are is mining the drama when it presents itself. Mm. To, I mean, we're literally mentioned in here. So I feel right. like that's true. This is we're we're within our right to respond. We're milking. Correct? We got to milk the low, the, the Vosh yeah. low cow. Okay. Well, most people will respond if someone mentions them. Right. So gotcha. And he does just. He didn't, well, I'll let here. I, I don't want to spoil the surprise. We'll just it. get into it. That's terrible. I can't do that. But you can say some of the most disgusting things about the transgender community and then pretend like you have the moral high ground? Correct. 
not pretend. I, I do. Uh, always have. All the time. Obviously. Yes. Your guard. Wait, 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 wait. I can't. Okay. I can't tell if he's being sarcastic or just saying, yes, I can say horrible things about the LGBT community and it's fine. Is, is this, am I supposed to say this seriously or is it a joke? I can't, <laughs> I can't discern the tone here. Look, I don't, I'm not able to read Vosh's mind. You're going to have to, okay. you're on your own here. Okay. <laughs> I mean, okay. Is it, is, I obviously, I think Vosh will claim it's sarcasm, but I do think he believes that he has the moral high ground and that no, he no, no. say I whatever he, he wants. No, no, I believe he has yeah. the moral high ground. I believe that. I'm just, does he just say, well, yeah, because I have the moral high ground, I'm a consequentialist, therefore I can say like whatever terrible crap I get to say? I guess. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't be that surprised. Garbage, Bosch. I don't respect you, which is why I don't want to talk to you. It's that simple. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. We have this, this way, we have to go back. The visual image of her calling him garbage as he's brushing his face. I know. It's so It's, it's so like good. the best thing I've ever seen in my it's life. It's so off the hook. Oh, my. This is like, like a Tim and Eric. Somebody was comparing it. You know the rat utopia experiment where all the rats <laughs> just sit around and groom themselves? Yeah. It's like the rat utopia. The optics of it are so bad for someone who's supposed to be so optically blind. Right. I know. He's literally brushing his neck beard. <laughs> Oh my God! It's like uh, always have, all the time. Obviously, yes. You're garbage, Bosch. I don't respect you, which is why I don't want to talk to you. It's that simple. Pressing his <laughs> neck beard. <laughs> she says he's trash. You're trash, Bosch. <laughs> You're garbage. Okay. Okay. We'll continue. We'll continue. Yeah. But he would talk with, uh, by the way, she was willing to talk with Adam and Sitch, who had gone after her for years. And those are like actual vile conservatives. It looks like the Adam and Sitch people are doing a stream on me right now. I love these guys. I love, 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 love these guys. And she was like, oh, well, I've always been willing to talk to people who, you know, like, I'm, I'm really cool. I'm politically homeless. And like, I'm, I'm just willing to have convos with people. I do. You know why? Because Adam and Sitch won't call her on her shit. And I will. I love these guys. It's so, so, well, okay, to be, I remember covering TYT, but I remember really covering Chank. Did we do, like, a lot? I don't remember having a bunch of Anna videos. No, I don't, look, we, we try to be fair with people. I don't think we've ever been super vicious with Anna. I, don't I mean, so. she, she even mentioned she's watched a lot of those videos and that we were, we gave harsh criticism, but she has thick skin and, you know, whatever. Right. I, I kind of vaguely remember there was one video that, and I remember because she, we I was like, look, we're not calling her a right. dumb bitch or like any of that shit that Vosh right. is calling her. Come on. I oh. was, I think I was like one of the few people to give her a lot of credit for, and maybe this is why she wanted to, she, you know, says that she'd come talk to us. Cause I, was, I think I was one of the few people that gave her credit for admitting that she was wrong about the Kyle Rittenhouse video. Of course. But she didn't have to do. She was one of the few people to actually admit that. So, I remember when we, I think it was when we were covering her on the Ben Shapiro thing. And it's one thing. Right, it's funny because right. yes. she, yes, you know, that, yeah. she kind of reached out to me and then I, um, I invited her on the show and I, I, you know, we always kind of wonder, well, what was it that we said <laughs> that made her decide, <laughs> you know, she'd like to hang out with us. And right. I do remember one thing. I don't know what show it was on. 
but I do remember talking about how Anna has spent years and years of her life, you know, trying to make some positive change in the world. And all, all of that has really amounted to nothing. And that's kind of mm. given her the idea that, you know, she needs a new strategy, something different. She can't keep doing the same thing and not amounting to anything. And I do, I mean, I don't know what stream that was on, but I feel like, that's not completely inaccurate to the situation that's going on. So, right. right. Yeah. So well, I don't necessarily thing, know what you said, but obviously that uh, resonated with her. Sure. <laughs> I don't sure. even know that she heard that. So that's just um, my own head cannon for the situation. Yeah, yeah. And it's, well, it's fine. Cause, cause Vash is like, Oh, she'll talk to these vile conservatives. Bad yeah. Which a look, we're not conservatives. I think it's a mischaracterization. I mean, we are vile, but I don't know if we're conservatives. Um, no, we're so but far she, from Bile. But he's but. like, oh, they won't call her out on her on her, her shit or whatever. And I will. It's like, mm -hmm. okay. So, you know, if we want to have some, I bet we could set up if we want to have some conversation about some substantive difference that we had with Anna, that she'd probably be willing to talk about it because it. she doesn't, I would imagine, she doesn't feel like we'd be super ultra bad faith against her the way that you Bosch would will. be against yes. her. Right. I mean, that's the thing. It's not a question of like, Oh, she's not willing to talk to someone she disagrees with. She, I mean, she had you know very public conversations with Ben Shapiro, who is supposed to be, you know, one of the top tier right wing debate bros, right? So obviously she's not afraid to talk to these people or to talk to someone she disagrees with. It's just that talking to you specifically, Vosh, that you have this total air of just you know being a bad faith interlocutor, and she would not trust that conversation with you and sees you as beneath her. So. Right. Which yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, you kind of are. That's <laughs> true. You trash. Look, you trash, Vosh. You trash. At this point, I don't even know if we'd have a, a conversation with Bosch because really what is the point, right? I mean, it is just like a bad faith right. exchange. Yeah, and it's not because it, it'd be it's all just about kind of like trying to get some sort of optical in. Of course. See, even look. A lot of people make this same charge of Sam Cedar. I'm not 100% sure that that charge is merited with Sam Cedar. It might be. I could totally be wrong. And a lot of people have said, look, Adam, you're completely naive about this. Sam Cedar is as bad as Vosh. He's just bad faith, just using you. He keeps getting his your name wrong because he has zero respect for you. I, you know, I'm open to that being a possibility. But I, I do feel like we could have a, a, a conversation with Sam Cedar and maybe have some sort of substantive back and forth, even if there is this potential bad faith element, and kind of right. figure out if that is the situation. With Vosh, sure. I just, it's all on the surface. It's completely yeah, we, bad knows. faith and no right. substance. What's yeah. the point? It is known, Khaleesi, yes. Yeah. So, anyway, we can continue. It's that, it's that simple. Honest, smart, sure. But she's not me. She knows perfectly well that in a direct conversation it would be over, which is why she won't have it. It's literally that simple. Like you, you know, there's you, you can you can equivocate all you want, but like that, and she's correct in this assumption. There are lots of people less intelligent than me who aren't smart enough to know they shouldn't talk to me, but she's smart enough to know that she shouldn't. And wait a minute, wait a minute. I want you and everyone to just understand what just happened. Okay, he just read her mind. Of and course. created something she didn't say. He said, Anna is smart and knows that she doesn't want to talk to me because I'm like better at talking than her, or I'm smarter than her. And Anna's right in thinking that. 
So he created an like an imaginary position for her, and then and then gave her credit for being right about the imaginary position that he just created for her. That just happened. Don't you love it? <laughs> I've seen mind reading. I've never seen, and I've seen people create straw men. I've never seen someone create a, a mind reading straw man and then congratulate the person for being correct about. It. Yeah, for being totally correct. Look, he's patting himself <laughs> on the back. <laughs> Okay. That's wild. And that's why these things tend to happen in big waves, right? She got mad about the birthing person thing, and now she's pivoting the entire network towards the right, to the point where Jenk is saying, like, yeah, we're mainstream progressives now, instead of, like, left progressive or whatever. Like, it's, it, it's, that's the process being the issue. It wasn't one conclusion. It's the whole thing all of a sudden. Now she's on Adam and Sid. She's politically homeless. She's getting praised by Sargon of Akkad. It's everything. And I called it, and I was right, and I'm always right. And I identified this, and I tried to reach out to her, and she wouldn't have it. And she won't talk to me because she'd lose, and that's really all there is to it. But in the meantime, you know, they accuse me of wanting to farm attention for the engagement with them. I challenge them then, don't mention me. Even if people donate a lot of money to you to get you to do so, just don't mention me. That's fine. It's not like my channel's doing poorly. I'm doing all right. Just try to ignore me. Be the adult. Don't give me the attention. It'll be okay. They will, of course, because they get just as much attention to talking about me as I do about them. Doesn't that seem like a, a desperate mm -hmm. plea there? It really does. Yeah, it's kind of the whole, um, like, she's oh, don't getting don't praised by Sargon of Akkad. It oh, hold on. Go ahead. It's the whole don't notice me, notice me thing. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, Suendre. I think that, Suendre. Right. It, it's... Yeah, I mean, I mean, basically, the end of this video is, is Vosh saying, like, it's not like I want to talk to you, Anna, you Baka. <laughs> I didn't want to talk to you anyway, Baka. Like, but it's it's funny because, you know, the part that you just scroll, you scroll back to. It's like, so the big charges against Anna that he brings up substantively in this conversation or in this right. segment is um, she went on our show and Sargon of Akkad praised her. Right. Yep. Those are the big, like, that's it. Those are the big two things. That's how you know that she's evil now. And listen, if Anna is single-handedly turning the entire TYT network in a direction, I mean, as a feminist, you should praise this, right? Oh, yeah, that's power. Right? That's girl, this is power, girl power all the way. <laughs> right, yeah. She she grabbed TYT in her fist, and she said, now we're going to become conservatives. Yeah, I don't think she's doing that. I do think no, she's okay. maybe not. Look, I I think and and I mean it, it kind of goes to what I was saying earlier about building larger coalitions. I mean, it's just it's not a good strategy to demonize the people that you will need to win big legislative wins because you're just going to look like a giant hypocrite for working with them. And I, I do think TYT has spent quite a bit of time demonizing conservatives and the kind of the backlash that they're getting now is from those fans that were on board with the demonization. Mm -hmm. So it's going to take a while to kind of work through that. But I do think there is a more solid future with a, a network 
that is just a able to treat center left and center right with some modicum of respect. Obviously, if there are right wingers that are racist pieces of shit, you know, call them out. If they're left wingers that are racist pieces of shit, call them out too. Obviously, so right. I just a lot of people conflate, and I, I guess Destiny did this a little bit with us too. They conflate treating people with respect as coddling. What what mm -hmm. what, what is that? Sis? What what's that all about? Are, are we coddling people? Uh, I mean, I guess if we listen to what people say and try to understand where they're coming from, as opposed to yelling at them and calling them fascists. <laughs> that's coddling I mean, now? I guess that's coddling, yeah. So. I feel like yeah. coddling is kind of like walking on eggshells. I don't feel like yeah. we're, we're right. doing that. I feel like right. the left is more in the coddling realm when you talk about things like... You know, even, Safe even spaces? The, look, even the whole the birthing person debate that blew up with Anna and stuff. Yes. I mean, look, if, if Anna not being cool with the term birthing person is going to destroy your whole movement. I mean, I feel like there's some coddling going on. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> right. I mean, what the, yeah. what the heck? Right. Yeah. So okay. I don't know. Any final thoughts before we wrap it up? Um, I mean, listen, I'm glad. Well, so we've actually discovered the truth. The Sitch and Adam show is the show for enlightened centrist. The Adam and Sitch show is mm -hmm. the show for the vile conservatives. Okay. <laughs> I think that's what we're learning here. Oh, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you bitch. That's okay. We all know you're way more conservative than me. <laughs> all right. Clip it, CT. Perfect. That was the perfect, like, caddy, like, you bitch. <laughs> Look, I work on that on my, in my free time. I just sit in front of the oh, mirror really? like, yeah, oh, you bitch. No, of course. I don't know. Nice. That's funny because earlier people were accusing me of being a mean girl in the chat. I thought it was pretty funny. You're, you were pretty hard on, on our friend Dev here. I like Dev. I just, I look, I'm glad we talked about the thing. And it's so bizarre. The video is on the meritocracy thing. How cool was it that I had that comment just at the ready to like watch this bitch? That was that was pretty funny. I'm like, oh my god, why is it so difficult? Mm -hmm. Why can't we just have a simple conversation here? Well, <laughs> okay. So I brought. Dude, what are we gonna video. do here? Look. Okay. If you hit the can you if you hit the open thing, it should open it and you, we can watch it. Hold on. You see where it says open? No. It's I, install extension is what I see. Oh, you don't have the extension? Well, I think I have it in another browser. Here, oh, we'll open it in that browser, yeah. Okay. Um, and then what we'll do is I did this just, before. But you don't need the you just need the audio. You don't need the visual because we don't want the visual because the visual will get us. Yeah. Here, I'll give you a picture. You can make this the visual. Okay. Okay. Cool. Here we go. I got the perfect picture. The perfect freeze frame here. Okay. Let's see, where's Twitter at? Where's my good friend Adam Friended's Twitter? Here it is. Perfect, perfect visual for this video. I have a good we have a good nickname for second thought. Do we? Sleepy Thought. Oh, Sleepy Thought, I like it. Instead of Sleepy Joe, we have Sleepy Thought. 
How about uh, Jackass? That's a good one. Smug Jackass. So when I open Twitter to send this to you, I see there's a bunch of people arguing under my uh, Matt Walsh walking his audience towards ethno-nationalism tweet. Uh -huh. And I see people arguing about my Jewishness. <laughs> so you always know that's like... A I fucking hate that shit. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, a, these are good classic comments where people are I like, well, the zitch is Jewish. So I so despise that shit. Someone says... uh. It's funny. I don't know what the context is for this, by the way. But I'm just going to read a random, random part of this. It's funny. Sitch I keep pausing, mentions... but it keeps playing. Why won't? Oh, oh no, because you have to hit the, the one at the top. The, I got it. Okay. Um, gotcha. Go ahead. It's, it's funny. Sitch mentioned how he has no loyalty to Russia, even though his great grandparents, why well, I must be a fan of the show, came from there. And it's like, yeah, Sitch, because you're not Russian. You're Jewish. <laughs> so, I, I don't know if you know this. I don't have any loyalty to Israel either. <laughs> okay. But uh, I have loyalty to the country of America. I'm an American. I know yeah. it's like hard for some people to wrap their mind around. Super hard. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. I, I scrubbed it to 20 seconds because the beginning is just like things exploding sounds and stuff. Such, why are people such racist pieces of shit? Um, it's a good question. Yeah. Good question. Well, let me know. Are you ready? Everything prepared? I think so. I'm. Uh, oh wait, I don't need. I just need the volume. I don't. Oh, I don't have the. Yeah, hold on a second here. What am I doing? What are you? What are any of us doing? I'm trying to get. You have this visual up, which I don't like. I know. I took it down. I have the excellent screen cap that you chose. This is Thank a masterpiece. <laughs> I have the perfect caption for this. It's called Smug Jackass. It's Sleepy Thought. <laughs> it's Sleepy Thought. He looks like he's he's falling asleep here. Okay, sleepy well, thought. Put, okay. Does any he look like he's a mid yawn? Okay. It does, yeah. Right. How about Sleepy Thoughtless? Oh, okay. Sleepy Thoughtless? We can go Sleepy Thought. Sleepy Thought. Okay, ready? Uh, I don't think I have the volume on. Well, turn right, the volume. volume is on. Go, go for it. In late February of 2022, Russia officially began what it has since called its special military operation in Ukraine. While this event marked a significant escalation in violence between the two countries, it was not where the conflict began. Nearly a decade ago, the United States and European imperialist powers backed a far-right coup in Ukraine that overthrew the elected government and installed a puppet regime on the border of the U.S.'s Cold War rival. Where have I heard this before? So I guess he's a Jimmy Dore fan. Oh, no! Have you seen this before? I guess no, you have. No, I haven't seen this before. Oh. Well, you knew oh that was God. you knew that was his line of attack, right? In 2014, the US and Imperial powers staged a foreign coup in Ukraine to install the puppet government. Do you think we could set up a 2v2 debate with Second Thought and Rob Nor? 
between both of us. I think that would be. I don't know if Rob does not Rob nor believe the. I don't know if he believes the right wing coup of Ukraine narrative. Does he? I hope he doesn't. I'm sure he does. Come on, let's be serious. <laughs> That'd be here. interesting. Rob Nor, are you going to team up with Akami to argue about that? I don't think he does, though. <laughs> oh, really? I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I've never heard him talk about it. Okay. I'm not sure. I hope he doesn't. That's just retarded. Um, but oh my god. Second, th no sleepy thought over here is like I heard the Newland phone call. Sitch, she said that they were going to replace the prime minister of Ukraine. That's what he said. I heard it. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, the are far right at, government. Jeez. Are we at any point going to bring up the video? No. Okay. There's too much things. I mean, you already might have got dinged because you had the. The, the bullshit like up. the blood person dead but it's blurry so tough whatever but we'll say don't say anything <laughs> at the time this was seen as a clear provocation by the united states and an attempt to gain a foothold to launch an eventual proxy war in the region okay so so this dumb idiot 100% on board and i'm curious cuz i don't i don't think he'll give any evidence thinks that the us us imperial powers could the democratically elected government of Ukraine, ignoring obviously the fact that there was a... So he's not talking at all. This total piece of shit apologist for... Which, by the way, it's wild to me that there are socialists that are running interference for Russia, which is not a socialist country anymore. Uh, even remotely socialist. Well, it is like, authoritarian, so they got that Right, but it's, more, it's authoritarian right-wing. Of course, yeah. Not authoritarian left wing. So why is he running even from like this? Like this is how much he hates America. Okay, he hates America so much that he's willing to simp for an authoritarian right wing country. Yeah, it's pretty sad. <laughs> he's not going to bring up how Russia was violating their the, Puda, the Budapest Memorandum by uh, stopping all trade with Ukraine just because they didn't want Ukraine to join the the EU. He's not going to bring any of that up whatsoever, I bet. Yeah. He's not going to bring up the fact that the president, that, that the coup president literally ran away to Russia after he agreed to hold new elections, and that's why they voted him out of office. He doesn't know any of that. Yeah. A reality when conveniently swept under the rug in recent years. No, thank you. But even this thinly veiled threat cannot be considered the true beginning of the conflict. We'd have to go all the way back to the illegal dissolution of the Soviet Union to really understand the root of the problem. Okay. The illegal dissolution of the Soviet Union. Oh. My <laughs> oh, God. Really? Oh, the illegal that. dissolution of the Soviet Wow. I mean, it's just such a tragedy, right? It's such a tragedy. Didn't the Soviet Union kind of fall apart on its own? It was illegal. <laughs> it was illegal. I don't know if you know this. It was illegal, Adam. It was oh. against the law. Okay. Strange. Undermining and eventual destruction of the original socialist project, the brutal and sadistic economic shock therapy that followed, and the fragmenting of what had once been a strong and united people. Okay, so... Holy shit. Wait, wait. So he's, he's, cla so he's classifying the the ussr which like took over all of its fucking neighbors right by force and he's like these people were once unified in beautiful harmony and now because of the brutal undermining of america 
they've fallen apart into disarray. Like, okay, this guy is a tanky. This guy's 100% like a piece of shit apologist for, you know, uh, genocide and tankyism at this point, right? Of course, yeah. It's crazy. Sick. It's disgusting. I want to puke. The moment the Second World War ended, the United States began preparing for conflict with this burgeoning new economic power. The Soviet <laughs> Union was rightly seen as a shining alternative to capitalism. Oh my god! Oh! That was it. It was the, America was like, listen, we can't have these Soviets here. They're just too successful. And it's making people, making us look bad. That was the problem, right? That was a, it's, we're going to skip over the fact that the Soviets originally joined forces with the Nazis. We're, we're going to skip that part, right? We're gonna, how about we're going to skip over the part that, you know, the Soviets were taking over all of their neighbors and their neighbors were like, can you not take us over, please? We'd appreciate it if you didn't take us over, right? We're going to skip over all that stuff. Of course. Look, okay. they're just, look, they're doing their own thing. Obviously it's socialist utopia. Everyone's into it. They're like, yes. And then big old bad America has to, you know, come sticking their nose in their business. Oh my God. Yeah. Saying, Hey, Ooh. Ukrainians, what do you think of freedom? <laughs> I, I wonder, is he going to get to the whole, like, the only reason East Germany was bad was because the Allied forces were evil. You know, mm -hmm. the West Germany under under Allied, you know, capitalist democratic rule became so amazing. The socialists literally had to build a wall to keep their own no, population. Don't, please in. don't. Right? Please don't go there. Right? Is he, is he going to create some like oh, no. insane argument about how that was really the capitalist fault somehow? The wall was to protect them. Okay. Now he's going full Donald Trump ray of hope for millions of average people around the world. And so the United States began its long process of trying to kill this hope. Draft <laughs> Holy shit! This guy is delusional! Killer of hope. The USSR. A shining city on a hilltop. A shining ray of hope to all. And then the US. Big bad US. Dun, dun, dun. This is like a children's play, right? You can see like the US is like the person hunched over with the cape like, we must destroy the hope of the USSR. What is he smoking, man? Socialism. I just don't get it. Do you remember when the U.S. Um, intentionally starved out million, starved to death millions of Americans in uh, some of the states in order to feed other Americans in other states? Do you remember when that happened? No, because it didn't oh, wait, ever. I don't remember that happening. I remember that happening in the Soviet Union. I don't remember that happening in America. Okay. I'm trying to. Does Second Thought have a reading list? <laughs> look, I got a. I'm. Look, I know I just gave Dev a, yeah. a rash of shit for reading nonsense, but now I am curious okay. <laughs> if, he, if he's got any total shit books on his reading list. Like, what turns your brain into this kind of mush here? That's a great question. Yeah. Crafting war plan, and even considering a preemptive nuclear strike. This is the context in which we must analyze the Russia-Ukraine conflict. What tends to get lost in mainstream coverage of this war, or any conflict that benefits the imperialist powers, is the human cost of war. Those who sign the papers and make the decrees that send entire generations into the meat grinder will never hold a gun themselves. Wait, 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 wait. 
How, I don't know how the fuck you can say that. You fucking piece of shit scumbag. God, there's going to be a lot of editing. And a lot of bleeping on this one, CT. I apologize. This guy's like really, really pissing me off. Okay. Right. You don't get to defend Russia invading Ukraine. You, they're not. A, Ukraine didn't attack Russia. Ukraine just sitting there. Russia made the decision to invade Ukraine. And they can make the decision at any time to stop. They can make the decision at any time to stop, to pull back and say, oh, these American imperialistic powers, they don't think about the human cost of war when Russia decided on its own free will to invade the sovereign country than its neighbor and continually attack it and shell it and just kill its people when they could just leave at any time. Why won't the Americans think of the human cost of the war? <laughs> but sitch. Yeah. They had to do it, Sitch. You understand? They just had to do it. They just knew. They just knew if they did it, oh, they would be surrounded. The NATO should. They were going <laughs> to join NATO. They were going to join NATO. I mean, they weren't going to really join NATO. There's no evidence they were about to do it, but they were going to join any day. And when they did, oh, NATO was just going to invade Russia. There's a long history of NATO invading Russia. I mean, that's literally never happened in their nuclear power, so no one ever thinks that would actually happen, but they were going to do it. NATO was right on their doorstep, Sitch. They were right there. They could have knocked. They could have no. knocked and said, hello, we're your neighbors. Oh, fuck. Can you come out and play? <laughs> Can you spare a cup of sugar? NATO needs a cup of sugar from Russia. Hello, no, Russia. Russia's like, no, you have taken our land. And no, our sugar is so stuck too far. Russia, oh, we're your neighbor, NATO. Jesus. Lose a child to geopolitical jockeying. Their lifestyle won't be affected. They won't lose their homes to shelling. Their pantries will remain stocked. And their water will always be clean. Who's doing that? Who's doing this? You a-hole? Who's the one doing this? It's not Ukraine is not shelling Russia. Ukraine has not invaded Russia. What the hell are you talking about? This is insane. But that is not the reality for the people being sent to fight and the loved ones they're desperately trying to protect from pointless escalation and random acts of cruelty inspired by the hate and bitterness of war. As with any act of- So you, you guys can't see this. So he had like a bunch of pictures of like, or a lot of uh, visuals of, I assume Ukrainians- it's War crimes who, and shit. Ukrainians who have been like, uh, you know, their homes have been destroyed. And then when he talks about like the cruelties of war, he cut to an image which was a Russian soldier, a Russian soldier, shoulder, a Russian soldier. Yeah. A Russian soldier, soldier who was like, who was like taped to a pole and they stuck a thing in his mouth, which was like a famous picture that I don't know if you remember when it came out when the Ukrainian war first kind of started. And that was like the big horrific act, right? The big horrific act is not Russians killing Ukrainians. It's not blowing up their homes. It's not literally stealing their children, which is happening. No, it's that some Ukrainians taped a Russian soldier to a, a pole and they suck a candy bar in his mouth that's like the big horrific thing but okay. isn't that so crazy they're so desperate for people that they're stealing children from ukraine it's pretty wild what the heck conflict exact numbers are closely guarded by the combatants but there's no hiding all the footage that makes its way to telegram twitter and other more democratized online news sources conservatively Tens of thousands of people have been killed since last year, including civilians, 
as well as mercenaries flying in from Western countries to hunt their fellow human beings for sport. We've seen... What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> ...horrific footage of homes destroyed, bodies burned beyond recognition, and what looks like evidence of chemical weapons. War is a dirty, bloody business, and it only benefits the ruling class of the involved nations. The conscripts shipped off to fight in some leveled city have no chance of elevated status. Their lives won't be improved by butchering their fellow workers. So tell the Russians, you fucking simp, to stop. They're the ones that can stop at literally any time. They could just stop and, and pull back. And guess what? The war would be over. That's all they have to do. They're the one. They literally have all the power yeah, to stop the withdrawal. conflict. Like, what is wrong with you? Why? I don't. How can you lay this at the feet of America? Yeah. Is it because like, oh, well, America should just let them like gone take over, taken over in a second. Is that the, is that the argument? They should just let them, you know, uh, get massacred, I guess. There'd be less deaths in the short run. I mean, they'd be controlled by a foreign power and under the thumb of foreign power. But, you know, freedom isn't really that important, right? When you're a socialist. How would they treat those people? Probably horrifically i mean it's not like there's a history of russia basically uh using yeah. ukrainians uh as fodder to uh you know enrich their own lives something that this person who supposedly cares about the worker should be very upset about oh wait that's literally exactly what happened yeah there's a long history of that what are you talking yeah. about it's, that's literally like an entire history between these two countries they will be lucky to return home at all and most of them with scars both physical and mental that will haunt them for the rest of their lives. Meanwhile, those at the top talk of democracy, freedom, national determination, and invoke some mythologized past to fool the peasants into thinking they're dying for a noble cause. They are not. There must be a peaceful resolution to this conflict. We have seen in recent months that the United States remains the primary obstacle to peace in the region. What? We have seen that. I mean, we've seen that. I don't know. If, I don't know if you know it. We've seen it, right? Like, I mean, I would say Putin is probably the primary obstacle. Right. Yeah. Did they not understand? Like, I, I. What is the argument? The argument is that if the U.S. bent over and grabbed our ankles, yeah. that uh, everything would be hunky dory. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Listen. How about this? We'll send out a sleepy thought here, right? Oh, he can an personally, an emissary? Yeah, he, he can personally be the uh, the emissary to bend over and grab his ankles for Putin. Okay. <laughs> I like this plan. To bring peace, and we'll see if that works. How about that? Say, listen, right. you're going to be the new Brittany Grinder. We're going to ship <laughs> you over to Putin. Say, look, here's an American for you. There you go. Go to town, right? Yeah, I don't. As China attempts to broker work. a peaceful resolution, the U.S. and its lackeys call ever more loudly for increased weapons shipments and greater Western involvement. Thankfully, this conflict has coincided with the sharpening of contradictions surrounding the U.S. So, so this guy doesn't understand oh, wow. that, like the reason, if you're trying to negotiate peace, okay, the reason you want to arm Ukraine to the teeth is that gives them a better bargaining position. Yeah, totally. When negotiating leverage. peace. It's right. called leverage. leverage. Right. Yeah. It's so funny that these guys, oh, we care so much about oppressive hierarchies, right? 
-hmm. unless unless America is involved because then America is bad America evil yeah that should be the picture wait that's the picture you need to bring up here let me send it to you because that's all this is this is the guy in the well picture okay if the workers don't have the threat of the strike what do they have there you go you can have you considered America bad? Oh yeah. That's all this that is. Up too. Yes. That's all this video is. It's like I don't care that Russia invaded Ukraine. Have you considered that America bad? Like this This is how you this is like the ultimate NPC test. You can literally have a situation where one country of its own volition and own free will invades another country. And somehow it's not their fault. It's not their fault. It's someone else's fault. Because they're socialist and good, and right. sleep, sleepy right. thought is in love with them. This would be like, like, like if we were, we were like, listen. It wasn't America's fault that we invaded Iraq, right? Of course not. I mean, they, they had were. Weapons did you of see what they had weapons of mass destruction? We had to do it. Yeah. Okay. Did you see what Iraq was wearing? Yeah. It had a big sign WMDs. on it. WMDs. So it said WMDs. Okay. We had what? to do it. We had to it's do a it. W, it said WAPs. Right. <laughs> right. See, that was the confusion. This whole time, we thought <laughs> that Iraq had WMDs, but it really had WAPs, and that's why Bush... I was so excited about going there. He's like, it's in my name. Oh my God. I gotta go. <laughs> I feel this is like somehow disrespectful. But very funny. Anyway. That's the best kind, right? Of course. Yeah. The once untouchable global hegemon is losing its grip on the rest of the world. Oh my God. Countless Latin American and African countries have broken ties with the U.S. Oh and God. accepted more mutually beneficial trade agreements with China. <laughs> yeah. Ah, that's going to end well for them. Oh. Yes, imagine? The, the honest brokers of trade agreements known as the country with China. Well, it's just... Look, Amer Americans <laughs> care. A lot of times foreign aid goes just to whatever thug is in charge of the, the country. And right. basically they're shitting on all the people, subjugating the people. Our foreign aid is, is keeping despot dictators in charge mm -hmm. you think china's going to care about that stuff i mean the american voters care about that as soon as they right. find out our foreign aid is going to to support some timbok dictator everyone gets upset and starts calling their congressperson that's not going to go on in china well they don't care because china's communist so it's good when they, it's, it's good when china does it right oh look i'm saying I don't know that that's if I'm if I'm in some South American country and my leader I I'm happier for moving more towards democracy because I feel like you know the people right. having a voice will moderate our leaders. Mm -hmm. In this situation where they're moving away from that, I just uh, look. China is a authoritarian regime that doesn't really give a flying fuck about their people no of course not yeah i mean they're literally cre trying to create the george orwell 1984 society 
with facial cameras everywhere and social credit scores. Uh, but this uh, cuck here, mm-hmm. sleepy thought here, is like, yeah, that's good. You got to got to stop down on the wrong thing, everybody. <laughs> Anti-socialist think, right? Listen, cultural Marxism is a conspiracy. That's why we need facial cameras and social credit scores <laughs> everywhere, just to <laughs> to prevent these uh, conspiracies from taking hold. Everybody, you know, trust China. Very trustworthy, very trustworthy people. I mean, yeah, they're a one-party country, and the guy's basically a, a dictator. But you know, very trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Even countries which the U.S. expects to be loyal, like France, are expressing doubts that the United States is a reliable partner, and are beginning to shift towards the East. What we see as a result is a desperate attempt by the U.S. and its staunchest allies to weaken its economic adversaries by encouraging proxy wars in Eastern Europe and Asia. So far, what? China has not taken the bait, and instead has stepped into its role as a key negotiator, recently securing peace between Iran and Saudi Arabia, contributing greatly to- Who, wait, 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 Who, what country is, what country is United States trying to get China to invade with our map? You know what's funny? This cuck, sleepy thought here, okay? This utter piece of human garbage, eraser head, this person who looks like a human pencil. Um, he just, we will listen to his whole video where he was complaining about how cultural Marxism is a Jewish conspiracy. Okay. I remember yet, that. Made me very yes. angry. And yet he's literally doing the Nazi Jewish conspiracy thing, but from his perspective. Okay. He's making this argument that America somehow used magic hypnotism to hypnotize Putin into invading Ukraine. So it's not Putin's fault. Right. And we tried to use our slippery American hypnotism, right? The only difference here is that just replace American with Jew and you have the Nazi version, right? Of course. Yeah, that's horrible. We had the, the slippery, sneaky, totally not Jewish American elites use their American hypnotism and we tried to use it on, on China to get them to invade some other country. And it didn't work because China was too smart, but it worked on Putin and we hypnotized him into invading Ukraine because we're just, we're so terrified. We're so terrified of Russia becoming some kind of economic powerhouse to threaten the United <laughs> States of America. So delusional. Does he know anything about the, the demographic situation that they're in? How they're screwed no. demographically or any of that stuff? This shit literally. Why started... are they stealing children? Yes, why would I... why would someone do that? Look, we That's have in America, we have immigration. People are like, cities are going enough, enough, too much immigration. We can't handle this many people. Russia's right. fucking stealing kids off the street. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Doesn't that make you go kind of like, hmm, what's happening here? It should. It should. If you had a thought. Yeah, your second thought. You need a second thought. You need a third thought. Then (laughs) come on, keep thinking. Keep thinking. You'll get there. I mean, this conflict literally started in 2014, not from a Western coup, but because Ukraine said, you know, between Ukraine, Ukraine and the people, because they voted for this, the people of Ukraine, who I I thought you believed in democracy and, and people, you know, having freedom of choice, they voted that they didn't want to join Russia's economic bloc, but wanted to join Europe's economic bloc. That right. evil, the evil white, imperialistic, racist, capitalist, economic yeah. bloc. They said, we want to join the Europeans, not the Russians. 
And Russia said, we're not going to let you do that. Free market capitalism, they said. They're like, sign me up. Give me some of that Western pop music. Give me some of that (laughs) K-pop. Sign me up. Yemen, and now, with any luck, helping to peacefully resolve the Russia-Ukraine conflict. (laughs) It has become increasingly apparent that as the U.S. empire declines, it will become ever more violent and militaristic, a dangerous situation for the rest of the world. As the Russian empire declines it will become more dangerous no the u.s have, listen i don't know what? if you know this but the u.s the u.s is in decline right now i don't know if you know this right Hold we're on. still I, like the richest country i was like i was like oh he finally made some sense he yeah, finally but, uh, no, gets no, no, no. it right even though china's having massive demogra- uh, demographic problems so even though china literally built ghost cities that people don't even listen to because it's the only way they could prop up their entire economy is to create China literally created cities that people don't live in. Cities with skyscrapers and parks and buildings that are empty. And they had to do this in order to create some economic vehicle for the middle class in China to be able to invest in property. And they keep this going just so that their middle class remains solvent. Okay? Yeah. But the United States of America is an empire in decline. Yeah, it's insane. And the way that we're lashing out, okay, at evil here, the way that we're lashing out in our our evil way is that we've somehow used our magic American hypnosis to trick Russia into invading Ukraine. Yeah. They're good boys. We gave them the hypnotoad. There you go. Go on over there. There you go as the United States remains the only country on Earth to have used nuclear weapons on human beings. And they did it not once, but twice. What? The co- why why does that have to do with anything? Why does this guy hate America so bad? What? Ha- where did America touch you inappropriately? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Sleepy Thought, can you please show us on the doll where America touched you? Yeah, what's going on here? Was it right here on the boom boom? Did America touch you in the no-no? <laughs> Sleepy oh, thought, why do you hate America? Why? Yeah, I, I want this. Just get out. Of, why don't you just leave? Just Why don't you go live in Russia? Okay. Why don't you go live in your shining, or China? Why don't you go live in your shining Shangri-La of communist utopia? You put your money where your mouth is. Because it's, you isn't cock. YouTube blocked over there? Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, probably. Sure. Sorry. Like, this is, oh my God. It's disgusting. I'm disgusted by people like this. They would give this is why I'm more right wing than you, Adam. <laughs> like they disgust would, mechanism triggers. They would give him a job over in China. They'd make they they'd give him the white monkey job. They're right. They would. They would give him the job of creating communist propaganda. They'd they'd even give him a, a wife. They'd send him a wife. And he'd be like, I don't know what's it's great over here. I don't, I don't know why so. people are complaining. You're going crazy. They wouldn't give him a wife. They'd uh, but they would. The Han Chinese are ultra nationalist. It's kind of insane, but they would hire him to do propaganda for them. So he would be doing propaganda literally for an authoritarian nationalist group. I'm not saying they give him a, a Han Chinese wife. They'd kidnap some Uyghur lady and be like, "Here's your new." Wife. Oh wow, I don't know about that. <laughs> 
they'd say fan they go here's a robot no they go here's a doll you can screw this here's your america doll okay we know america touched you in a bad place and now you get to touch america in a bad place okay yeah no they would Communist they totally would yeah of course party of the united States and the masses of people both here and around the world must call unanimously for an end to u.s involvement not just in ukraine but in the south china sea in africa in latin america oh and everywhere the u.s war machine has extended its tendrils what a piece of trash what a mm -hmm. utter piece of human trash this guy is america uh america needs to end its involvement everywhere just let just let just say listen it's funny because we're five minutes and 27 seconds into this video there's only 30 seconds left usually now maybe he's got 30 seconds left or mm -hmm. he's got 20 seconds left really usually these cucks okay mm -hmm. these simps they they throw in at the very least i don't support russia's invasion of ukraine but somehow it's all america's fault right like they usually throw in that little bit of tr like trying to give themselves a yeah, tiny bit of walk cover. back he hasn't even done that it's going to be a ground news ad. I don't know what you're talking about. He hasn't even done the little, he hasn't even given himself the tiny little tidbit of cover here, right? right? So at this point, he's just basically arguing for America should just not be involved, let the Ukrainians just get completely steamrolled by Russia because it's better that way because, you know, the USSR was dissolved illegally and should have never really fallen apart. And it's really just a, such a shame that it did. God. Yeah. We must equivocally say no to U.S. involvement and no to imperialist war always. What? What is Russia's literally invading its neighbor to try to control its politics? How is that not imperialism, you dumb buffoon? Yeah. Sitch is getting super triggered here. Because it's just like these idiots are just, they're so, oh, I hate America so much that their brain falls straight out of their asshole and into the toilet, and then they flush it by mistake because they never use it anyway. and just goes down to the fucking sewer, and they spend the rest of their life with fucking felt and America bad running around their head. Like, this guy's a Oh, we need to stand up for imper imperialism is so bad. I mean, when Russia and China does it, it's totally awesome. Oh, in America, oh, if America does it, it's the worst thing ever. Yeah, I don't get it, because obviously Russia's an authoritarian regime, and all, even in the last video, all he talked about was the authoritarianism of the right. Yet he just sucks right up to the authoritarianism of the right as long as it's in China or Russia. And it's so funny, because like the whole, you know, he's like, America should not be involved in the South China Sea dispute, right? It's like China's making all these like crazy sovereign claims about their about oh, their water yeah. and their waters that totally screws over Vietnam, another socialist country, the Philippines, Taiwan, Malaysia, Brunei, and they're just like, whatever. He's like, whatever. China good though. China's totally good though, right? I mean, um, this this guy, I bet you is totally in favor of China just going over and just taking over taking Taiwan, Taiwan yeah. So he's like, no, no, it's totally good. Totally good. It's totally fine. Listen, they deserve it. It's fine. It's really China's country. America, why do you why do you care, America? Why you gotta be like that? Yeah. Sad. Enough blood has been spilled desperately trying to maintain an economic order that does not serve the people. Capitalism and imperialism remain the greatest evils of our time. And if we are to secure a better future for all of us, it must be dismantled. And we can start by demanding a peaceful resolution to the conflict in Ukraine. Look at that. What a scumbag this guy is.
we need to dismantle our entire society. But first, <laughs> we have to demand from our elected leaders <laughs> right. a peaceful resolution in Ukraine. Yeah, right. So second thought here made a video literally called How to Make Communist Propaganda. No way. Yep. It's a no. video. It's an instructional guide on how to make communist propaganda. I just thought, you know, we, we had a whole video about how uh, cultural Marxism was a conspiracy. Meanwhile, he literally has a video called how to make communist propaganda on his channel. But it's, it's just a conspiracy. Just a conspiracy. Right. So he gave this speech that, or this video that was played out of at this, it was played at the CPS USA International Conference this year, which is the International Com uh, Conference for the Communist Party in America. Really? Yes. He gave a speech there? Well, this video, no, that video we just watched was played no at the way. Communist Party of America conference this year. No way. Yes, way. That's what this was. This isn't on his channel. This was oh, played wait, at the Communist right. Party conference. Second thought, yeah. Ukraine war. So he's like a big time person in the Communist Party. Well, that's. I mean, I guess so. That's because his. That's, you know, obviously the luxury car money probably goes a <laughs> long way towards being high up in the Communist Party, don't you think? God. What a. I got to call this guy out. Is he on Twitter? There's someone that had his, his channeling, but I don't think it was him. We got to find this guy. I got to call this guy out for being fucking putz. He needs to this. come on and defend his shit takes and his lies. So it's just ready this to go to disgusting. town. I am ready to go to war with this disgusting individual. Holy what crap. What is it about the these Marxists that really gets under your skin, Sesh? I it's not the Marxism. It's this America bad the uh, America's so bad, so evil that every every Thought. Everything in the world has to be twisted through this stupid, dumb fuck, retarded lens of everything in the world is America's fault. Even when a country of its own volition invades another country, it's somehow America's fault, Adam. Don't you see? Everything is always America's fault. Look, he's blaming America for people dying in Ukraine. When Russia can just literally stop and fuck off. Right. They, they can just stop at any time. If Russia, listen, if Russia tomorrow said, we're going to stop and we're going to pull all of our forces out of Ukraine, is Russia under an existential threat? Is Russia going to cease to be a country at that point? No. Now, no, Putin, Putin would be Putin would be threatened. His power would be threatened. Of right? course. Yeah. Because he'd be branded a loser and yes. everybody keeping him in power in Russia or keeping him in power because they perceive of him as a strong, a strong. Yes. A but strong would the country leader, of Russia yeah. be threatened? Would would Russia cease to exist or be threatened to cease to existing if they just pulled out of Ukraine right now? No, no. But if Ukraine gives up, does Ukraine, are they threatened to cease to exist at that point? Ukraine will no longer exist. Oh, and yet we have this total piece of shit, second thought here, who's supposed to be, I hate hierarchies, I'm all about the oppressed people. And yet he's literally, because he's a disgusting, sniveling, fucking piece of shit, 
is simping for Putin invading another country and blaming America for not, it. Not only would Ukraine cease to exist, the Ukrainian citizens would become second-class citizens of Russia. Right. It's exactly what would happen. And he, he didn't even give the whole, oh, I think what Putin is doing is so horrible. He didn't even throw that in there. He didn't even feel compelled to give himself the little tiny, like, I'm, I'm going to pretend, I'm going to put my mask on and pretend that I'm actually fine, you know, that I'm actually against violence here. Like, yeah, just, it's the level of uh, stupidity that we hardly ever see on the internet. <laughs> I mean, this is this like is insane, insane to me. Yeah. This is disgusting to me. God, I'm triggered. Carl sent me this video. Thank you, Carl, for triggering the fuck out of me. Yes, this guy's 100% a tanky. Oh, my God. Jeez. I just, how, are, how is somebody, I guess he just doesn't have a wide range of knowledge on the topic, perhaps. Just has a really narrow range. Just Of course, the, yeah. And a, and a super, I mean, I don't know how he's so convinced that he's correct. I mean, based on what? What has he read that's really convinced him? He's read he's read all the America bad. Okay, he's read all the Aaron Matas of the world. Oh, I guess all yeah. the Max yeah. Blumenthal's of the world. Now, America is just so bad. America's bad. Every problem. Listen, I don't know if you know this, Adam. I don't know if you know this. Have you seen Star Trek? Next Generation or the old yeah. one? Yeah, Next Generation or yeah. any of them. Sure. Yeah. You know how you know how like. In Star Trek, there's this like magical utopian society where yeah. all countries, there's one world government where there's no money and we have replicators and we all live just to better ourselves yeah. and everything's wonderful and there's no racism or sexism. I mean, there was sexism in the original, but there's no Imagine racism or sexism. all the people. Yeah, right. I know. It's you know why great. we don't have that right now? Well, America's standing in the way, obviously. Because America! That's why! America's saying, no, you can't have good things or nice things. Of that's course. All. We were right there, Adam. We're right there. If only America wasn't in the way, we could be in that Star Trek future. Yeah, of course. Look, I, I know. You know, Stalin was running, running, <laughs> running, almost there. Utopia was in his sights. He was just about ready to cross the finish line. And Uncle Sam just put his foot out and just tripped that motherfucker. <laughs> he just ate shit right into the dirt. There was a button, and the button said, World Peace. Right, and if yes. if anyone pressed that button, it would bring about a thousand year, golden years of peace and prosperity. I've seen that world. button. Yes. Yes. And Stalin, red button. Stalin was running towards it. The, the the chariot song was playing. Of course, <laughs> chariots of fire. Yes, yes I know. He's running in slow motion. Everyone was standing up and saluting oh and cheering. God. Yes, and he's then, gonna get to the button. And then, bum bum bum, JFK. <laughs> he says, "Not on my watch." And while he's banging Marilyn Monroe, he uses Marilyn Monroe's body to trip Stalin. And he goes, no. And right before he hits the world peace button, he slips. Yep. And he actually hits the genocide Ukraine button. Oh, no, I didn't see that. No, it's America's fault that the Holodomor happened too. Ah. Right out of sight, yeah. Damn I, it. I, fucking, I fucking bet you. 
this motherfucker has a theory that somehow the Holodomor is America's fault. Oh, of course, yeah. I bet you he does. Can never somehow. blame all his communist heroes for any of this stuff. He's like, listen, you don't know. There was this all these grain shipments. There was all these food shipments that were ready. They were so close to entering the Soviet Union. But then America just destroyed them all because they said we wanted to starve the Ukrainians. And then Stalin said, no, my people should he went blue, 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 blue. And he cried sad tears as the people died. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> What's up with this guy, man? Jesus Christ. How do we get this guy on our show? He's like, I'm dying to ask him actual questions. I don't I don't think he'd have the courage to actually be challenged on anything. This like is insane. Has he ever done a live stream? I don't know. I think he did like him he used to have some guy that he would stream with. I think but I don't know if he's ever done one where he's like debated something. Hmm. God. Uh Well, that was fun. Yeah, it's great. Got another video? No. Oh, really? That was it. Okay. I mean, you know, I was kind of was curious about watching the Matt Walsh white nationalism video, but I'm just so enraged out that nothing will, nothing compares <laughs> to that. Like, this is it. This is the zenith, though, I take it. Maybe wow. we'll watch something else on Tuesday. Okay. Okay. Anyway, let's uh, do some super chats. Where was uh... the Wooster for $20? Thank you, Wooster. says, have you guys heard of Peter Turchin? He studies Cleodynamics. Cly yes, I have heard of Peter. I've read the Peter Turchin's last book that just came out. That's why I brought it up. Okay. Recently remember released... I said, why did... Uh... Oh, sorry. Finished Recently chat. released a book called The End Times Elites, which is a good book on the history of the 2010s. He is best known for the book entitled Secular Cycles. I have not seen Secular Cycles. The The one that you just listed, that's the one that I just read. <laughs> Let's see here. I'm assuming times, elites, counter elites, and the path of political disintegration. Yes. Mm. And his theory is using cleodynamics. He comes up with this theory that we are overproducing elites. He basically says societies become unstable when they produce too many elites and become top-heavy with elites because uh -huh. the elites actually have power to destabilize society. And this this is the perfect example of what's going on here with Sleepy Thought because obviously he's from money, has some sort of political power. And it's in, it's interesting the way he defines elites in the very beginning of the book. You'll be happy to know, Sitch, that we both uh, qualify as elites. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. elites are also qualified as having s social influence, and I think we definitely qualify as having some some social influence. Based. So we're elites, yeah. everybody. So, but, Elite class. Yeah, so society overproduces elites. Elites use their social power to destabilize society because mm -hmm. society is not respecting them enough as elites. Yeah. Listen, guys, I didn't want to say this. 
but I feel like me and Adam don't get enough recognition and respect broadly in society. Right. So I think the solution to this is that obviously this means that all society is corrupt and evil, and we need to tear it all down and replace it with a YouTube-based meritocratic system. <laughs> well, oh, I'm sorry. Did I say well, meritocratic? A YouTube-based aristocracy. Aristocracy. Yeah, get okay. it right. That well, me and Adam – listen. Now, I know what you're saying. We're not the biggest YouTubers, so obviously right. why would we be in charge of the aristocracy? But the thing is – we're the only true enlightened centrist YouTubers. We're the only ones that can be trusted to impartially make judgments about what YouTuber belongs where in the hierarchy. And honestly, that's the most useful skill. So obviously me and Adam need to be the rulers of our new YouTube aristocracy that I think America should be run under. Well, that is completely factually correct, totally true, and moving and <laughs> meaningful in my life. So yes. I do agree okay. with that. But I just, you, obviously, you're being facetious, but I mean, look at Bosch. Sure. Do you think, I mean, that does kind of apply to Bosch. Bosch would sure. say what you just said and be serious. Yeah, yes. exactly. Right. Only not about the YouTube aristocracy, but the socialist aristocracy. Definitely. Well, and the YouTube aristocracy. Well, I think the, he the thinks he should YouTubers, be in charge. Yeah. yeah. Well, and all the YouTubers. Well, listen, Look. Let's, I want you to admit something to me, Adam. Okay. Okay. I know you. Right. I know your background. Okay. You saw this book and you saw the word Clio Dynamics and you're like, this is going to teach me how to pleasure women. I got to read this. <laughs> I did a little bit. <laughs> okay. I was a little lulled in when I first heard the term Clio Dynamics. I was like, <laughs> this is going to be a good read. <laughs> That's why you're like, mm, I'm going to read this. And then you're like, oh, this isn't what I thought it would be. But it's still interesting. It is very interesting. Okay. Okay. This book is a little a little bit of a black pill, though, just FYI. So mm. I don't know if you want to. Fascinating, but also made me think, oh, God, we're fucked. That. Yeah. Uh, yes. The loot. The lieutenant for $20 says, I'm tired of hearing the S-Class General Dr. Diddler go unopposed. Wow. Look at that. Oh, wow. Someone's stepping S up. I know. S-Class is so weak that drink just drinking milk would kill them. Or <laughs> A-Team drinks milk for breakfast. A-Team. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. A-Team reigns supreme. <laughs> Thanks for all the content. It means a lot. Ready. Oh, that's so good. There you go. Well, I love be, me a good A-team. Don't you drink soy milk in the morning? No, I drink half and half. Something that would literally kill Sitch. That would, uh, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't kill me. It would make me very late to the stream. <laughs> that's what it would make me. That's what would happen. But I would not die. I just feel like I was dying. Uh, Duke Norton for $20. Thank you, Duke. Says, I'm in favor of a quality of outcome. Except in this stream, whereas class is the best class. Yeah. Kind of came in late, but looking forward to the rest of the stream. Well, thank you, dude. I appreciate it. I'll try. Oh, okay. Cool. I, I'm, I'm where we are now. I like to read along so I can okay. participate as much as possible. Uh, Jeff Schatz for $20 says, Hi, guys. Love your show and your video analysis, but one-on-one -on -one with guests. 
Adam, man, you hear something that triggers you and no one can get a word in edgewise. Need to control of the elephant. Ooh. Well, I'm not. I mean, okay. That's a, a little true. I, I, I might agree with that. I might agree with that. Well, I agree with it too. I oh, mean, oh, oh okay, like, okay. Yeah. I mean, that seems like a fair analysis. Right. Where is okay. he? I'm, well, there is you he go. still Look in the chat? That. Can I ban Jeff? Listen, Where's Jeff? Listen. There you go. Adam is a big, big man. He took the criticism and agreed. I Sometimes I just look. You get a little upset. Listen, I got very upset at, at Sleepy Thought here. Dev was talking some mad shit. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't like that. Look, De Dev's a good sport about it. So it's. That's true. I don't think it's a big deal. Right. But um yeah, no. Sometimes I also Yeah, I realize that they're trying to speak and I'm just having fun. <laughs> so I'm like No you, you do that you do that thing. You get angry and then you ask the question and then you interrupt the second they start talking. Yes. Cause I don't like the answer. It's incorrect. <laughs> it's like literally like one word comes out and you're like Well, I know where they're going. Oh, okay. okay. Look, do I always, you, do I always you... know where they're going. Okay. Okay. Like, enough of this. Mm. Uh, Lucy Lemonbug, thank you so much for the five gifted memberships. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Even if you're a dirty, dirty chopsticks advocate. Oh, wow. Such Even a... if you're a dirty sticker. We need, like a sl we need like a slur word for it. These stickers. <laughs> Even if you're a dirty sticker. What is better, chopper or sticker? I feel like sticker sounds better because it sounds like like problematic, even though it's not. It it does sound salacious. It does. Yeah. It's dirty stickers. What are you sticking? Who's Chopsticks. getting who's getting stuck with what? <laughs> there you go. Uh, Twitter sucks. Thank you so much, sir. Surrogate God Uncle for twenty dollars says conservatism is when race purist quote conservatism is when race purist terrorism he's literally attributing every single time someone killed someone to conservatism intellectually vapid true true yeah it's super weak sauce uh wow. twitter socks for another 20 dollars. thank you says quote she's smart enough to know that she shouldn't debate me okay voosh <laughs> debate adam and sitch Stand by your imaginary principles. No, uh, we're not going to do that. Norton for $20 says, from my perspective, the NATO are evil. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, PC for $20 says, Sitch, Ukraine doesn't bad face straw man. Sitch, comma, Ukraine doesn't bad face straw man the U.S.'s arguments. Therefore, they agree with all the U.S.'s positions. Therefore, Russia is right in just attacking the greedy and racist U.S. versus Ukraine. True. True. He, do you think he hates America worse or, or capitalism worse? Uh, America. No, I, I, I mean, he probably capitalism. sees them as, like, the same. Like, I don't know if he if would make a distinction. So. He obviously hates the capitalism, and he just sees America as, like, the big... We are the ones that make capitalism look sexy. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, America keeps making capitalism look good. Right. The entire world wants to be capitalist because Americans so are so cool. Mm -hmm. That chaps him. 
Oh, uh, okay. Even though this isn't twenty dollars, I'll read it right now. This is from Dog Eater. Two dollars. Exactly what genocides did the Soviets do? Oh, that's an interesting question. I was going to read them to you, but the list is too long. So I'm just going to give you a, a Wikipedia link right there. List of massacres in the Soviet Union. I'm just going to send that out there. You can uh, you can peruse that at your leisure. Okay. You should tweet that at Second Thought and see if he wants to come over and discuss this list. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Maybe we there's can the, read it together. There's your list. I mean, I would go. Th Listen, I would go through this list. But it would just and add an extra four hours to the stream, and we'd actually run out of time. So, this is one of the ideas that I like. Desantis, Desantis had an idea that we were gonna. He was going to teach the horrors of the Soviet Union in right in public school. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's based. That's good. That's yeah. based. Yeah, I'm in favor of that. Right. Um. Bimo for twenty dollars. Thank you, Bimo. Says you should. You see, I had the toucher. She had W M triple D's. Ooh, <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. Okay, let me go back up the top. Oh, look at that! Let's start from the beginning. Calvin Paffer for five hours says, is there a team for people who love the show but have one-sided personal grudges against both hosts? <laughs> yes. The team is CP24. Oh, no. Standing go. for Cal uh, Calvin Paffer, of course. Obviously. There you go. Yeah. If you guys don't like either me or Adam, you can join the team CP. The team CP. Right, yeah. CP team. <laughs> Uh, Monet Mail for five dollars says, "Sitch, I'm starting a business named S Class Soft Washing. Do I need to pay you royalties? All I have is free will. Also, is Mag. Oh, also it's Magnet, not Maunet. Oh, Magnet Mail. Oh, okay. I was reading it like a Frenchie. Well, look at that. Even though he anticipated me saying it wrong, or I probably said it wrong in a previous stream. Well, there you go, Magnet Mail. Um, you know what?" Just because you're a fan, just because you've had the free will, you don't need to pay royalties, okay? Just this one time. We haven't just trademarked you any of that stuff anyway. Situation. I'm, the A-team might be trademarked for all I know. I don't think you're going to be able to trademark A-team app. I think right. you're a little, a little late on that one. I'm going to look it up. I don't think I could trademark S-Class either. I feel like that's a common thing in a lot of Japanese things. Uh, Libertarian Sasquatch for $5 says, to pull the question, I quote Treebeard, side? I'm on nobody's side because nobody's on my side. True. The crappy robot for two pounds says, Ohana means S-Clash. And... Means best class? Oh, you cut there you out go. there. Nobody gets left behind. You you cut out. I got cut out. Oh. Yeah, it means best class. We all know what it means. Omaha means S class. Ohana, not Omaha. Oh. Ohana. Ohana. Ohana means S class, and S class means best class. <laughs> that was pretty good. Say say in rogue. <laughs> 
Then what? Oh, Say saying rogue. Thanks so much for joining the free will singers. Yeah, Thank you. welcome. Say it rogue. Pat back for some months says late, but only a sociopath like M&Ms in their milkshakes. <laughs> they turn into awful little frozen stones. And I love PC for contributing to my seventh month free loading streak. Well, there you go. Wow. What? A lot of freeloading going on. That's awesome. That's I, why chocolate chips are better. That's look, true. but I like it when they, I like the crunchy M and M's. It's great. I mean, I like crunchy M and M's, but not in my milk. The frozen. Oh, they're so good. No. Super no. crunchy. Artemis Fowl for five dollars says Destiny is delusional. He has overdosed on debate bro brain and lost touch with normal people. He isn't rational, nor is he charitable. I mean, it wasn't that conversation. That's true. Girl Sarah for 16 months. Thank you, girl. 16 months. Wow. Says, I appreciate you guys playing devil's advocate. You can concede things some conservatives wouldn't. Anyways, wish me luck on my first day of third grade. Wow. Are you a well, teacher? Congratulations. You're teaching the third graders? Oh, I thought he was a third grader. Oh, okay. Well, uh, good luck being a third grader. <laughs> I good hope for you. I Listen, I mean, 16 months and he's only in third grade. That's impressive. Okay. <laughs> I guess impressive. you're right. That's very impressive. Wow. That means he started watching us in at least the second grade, if not earlier. What does this mean that we can concede some things that conservatives wouldn't? Oh, because we'll say, like, yes, I agree with, like, some of your points. Oh, okay. About some shit. So. Because we're not conservatives. Right. Uh, Artemis Fowl for $5 says, Destiny reminds me of the meme that says, let people claim conservatives are anti-science, but also say pregnant men. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but they will immediately say, but we have the science on this. Right. Look, I have my lady dick study right here from... <laughs> from 20... From 2019. <laughs> Uh, Shane Baxter, thanks so much for joining. Discipline equals freedom. Thank you. Yeah, Shane. welcome. Oh my God, for two dollars says I'm voting for Trump out of spite. <laughs> Trump 2024. There you go. There were a lot of comments like that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Starhawks won for five dollars says Destiny did come off as out of touch, but he was more right than wrong. Trump supporters are often too delusional. I mean, I don't necessarily disagree that there are delusional Trump supporters. Just, but I don't know. I don't think calling them all fascist retards is accurate or true. So, and I think that I guess and this is what I guess I'm curious, and maybe last destiny when this when we talk again, because the way that I look at it, and maybe this is the fundamental worldview difference between us. The way that I look at it is, if we imagine a hypothetical scenario where uh, Joe Biden lost the election, but he was making the exact same claims that Trump was making, where he was claiming the election was stolen from him, that the election was rigged. Say he was pointing to all the same kind of like weird, vague things that Trump was pointing to and all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I think if, if Biden did that, now to be clear, I don't think Biden would do that. But I'm just saying for the hypothetical, if Biden did do that and did say all these things, I do think that there would have been the exact same January 6th thing only with uh, lefties breaking into the Capitol and trying to do what they were doing. And I think the left would still be right now currently saying that the election was stolen and that Trump 
should be impeached and Trump is, you know, stole the election from Biden and blah, 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 blah. Like, I feel like literally everything would be exactly the same, just reversed. Exactly. If everyone was operating on the same evidence, there'd be no difference, just the sides would be switched. And I think that's why I have the view that I have where I'm trying to give people charity because I think everyone basically is the same in that regard. I think Destiny would deny that, obviously. Destiny would be like, no, right. uh, Biden supporters are completely based and would never be lulled into believing anything untrue. I don't know. I don't by know. By the mainstream yeah, I mean, media or any of that stuff. Right. And maybe that's the thing. He thinks that there's just some, he thinks that even if Biden and left wing media went along with it, that there's some intrinsic quality to left wing voters that would, that would be different. And I just don't, I see that exactly the same. So, uh, Artemis Fowl for five dollars says Sos three is poor, and thinks this amount of money is something I would even think twice about throwing away. Get a job. Well, there you go. I don't know Sweet. what that's in reference to, but thank you for the five dollars. Dis also, Shane Baxter, discipline equals freedom. That's a high tier. So it is. Yeah. Thank you, Shane. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is evil. This is evil. Look at this. Clowny Moose Bean for six months says S class's favorite tags are NTR and Ugly Bastard. <laughs> a team reigns supreme. Fake news. Fake news. 100% fake news. What's NTR? Everyone knows S class's favorite tags are MILF. Okay. It's mm -hmm. a well known fact. Uh, Sieg for nine months says JMac has supported me for nine months now. Look at that. I have become a freeload seeker. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> JMac. That's pretty funny. Oh, that's awesome. That's pretty funny. Uh, Grim Shady, thanks so much for joining the Freeload Seekers. Grim Shady. My name is what? Grim Shady. Right. Christian Baller for five dollars says, "Does either of you do either of you believe there's such a thing as?" Forbidden knowledge. Also, have you had a chance to see the movie yet? I have not watched the movie. Christian Baller sent me a movie, The Kingsman. Have you seen that? Uh, he sent it to me. Yeah, he doesn't like you. He likes me. Wow, Christian. That hurts. The Kingsman? Like the movie... Like the Kinsman Secret Service, the movie yeah. with Colin Firth? Yes, Colin yeah, I've Firth. Seen, I've seen that movie. It's okay. I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Why did he send you the Kingsman movie? I guess he wants me to watch it. Okay. It was, it was okay. I don't think... I don't remember if I saw the second or third one. If I did, I don't remember them at all. I remember the one with with the Samuel Jackson was a bad guy, which I think is the first one. The forbidden knowledge question is tougher. I don't. What is I don't. What is it in reference to? What is forbidden knowledge? Well, I, I'm assuming he just means knowledge that should not be possessed. Like I don't know. A lot of times people will say, "I don't." How to synthesize certain deadly pathogens and stuff like well, this, that? Well, was the question? Wait, I don't know if he's still in the chat. Is the question, do I think there should be forbidden knowledge? Or do I think that there is forbidden knowledge? Because obviously, as you're, I mean, there there have been obviously throughout history and currently pieces of information that are hidden from the public for various reasons. 
Right. Usually safety reasons. Well, yeah. Well, now it's usually, you know, some idea about government secrets or safety. There'd obviously be knowledge that was hidden because they felt it was detrimental to society or to whatever power structure existed. So I'm not sure I know exactly quite what you're referencing, but uh, Toller137, thanks so much for joining the Free Will Seekers. Yeah, welcome. Uh, Gene the Angry, that's right, it's the Krabby Patty formula. That's the true forbidden knowledge. Uh, Gene the Angry Penguin for 10 months says, I want to make a reality TV show called Bread Island. 50 tankies, one island, no help. <laughs> Isn't that just a variation of Coconut Island? I mean, I think it'd become Lord of the Flies real quick, but I would definitely watch that. That'd be great. Uh, Stigma of the Rose for five months says, I have proof Sitch is to the left of Adam. English is read left to right. Sitch's name comes first, therefore Sitch is to the left of Adam. <laughs> I guess so. There you go. Got him. Got him. Uh, UM536Vids for 12 months says, why is Adam deliberately sidetracking? Yeah, Adam, why are you doing that? I wasn't aware I was sidetracking on anything. Okay. You got to calm down, right? Where was the sidetracks? Everywhere. <laughs> All where. Uh, Casey Anderson for $10 says, I've been watching old episodes of Portlandia and it's crazy how we all used to laugh at the ridiculousness of these people. Tony and Candace from the, quote, Women and Women First bookstore now rule the world. I got to check that show out. That show is amazing. Yeah. That show. Where is it? What is it streaming on? I have what no it idea. It's on... I feel like I watched it on Netflix. It's on... It's on YouTube. Wait, what? There's shows on YouTube? That are like part of YouTube Red or whatever the hell it's called now. Apple TV channel, Amazon. Roku? I don't have Apple TV. What the Spectrum heck? Spectrum on demand. It's on YouTube. I don't know if it's, I can't tell if this is legal or not. Well, there you go. It's on YouTube. I'm going to check it out. Cool. Uh, Where was I? Dr. Diddler, S-Class General for $5, says A-Team buys chalkstick's for the taste and poops in dog parts, dog parks to assert his dominance over small dogs and soccer moms. S-Class is the best class. That's hilarious. There you go. N never eaten chalkstick's, never pooped in the park. It is funny to imagine small. <laughs> kind of a baller move. There you go. See, he's got your number. If you haven't done it yet, you're going to. Little dog squatting. You're like, I'm here, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this is my See? spot. See, you totally want to do it now. Move over. <laughs> Oh God! It's awful. I hate it's it. awful that I have a clear visual in my mind of Adam <laughs> squatting over, pushing some poor little dog away, take shit. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> okay, uh, Christian Baller for ten dollars says you guys often bring up heights the righteous mind, but I think coddling the American mind is actually more pertinent to today's society and how we got there. It deserves more love. Yeah, I sure. mean, 
I should probably read that book. The Great Untruths. Let me right. see if I can remember them. Life is a battle between good and evil people is one of the yeah. great untruths. Um, there you go. I think the second one is what doesn't kill you makes, makes you, weaker. you weaker. Oh, look, you got it. Oh, you were talking about. And oh, is that? I don't. I can't remember. The There's like three or four. Three great untruths. Artemis Fowl for $2 says the Antifa summer of love was mostly peaceful. True. Oh, I was always trust your feelings. I knew it was always emotional trust reasoning. Your feelings. Nice. Yeah. That's what second thought does all day long. Uh, Ronaldo A. Ramirez for $5 says Adam quit jumping to conclusions like a woman. Wow. I know. Annihilated. I almost, I almost banned Ronaldo for that one. <laughs> My elephant was raging. I was like, don't do it. Don't do it. It's like, don't do it. Look. I'm glad you didn't. Anyone nice enough to give us a $5 super chat is allowed to insult me. Within reason. Oh, yeah, of course. You say that. <laughs> uh, Jay Bowman for $5. Hey, Jay. Says S class is okay. Wow. Yes. Uh, he says, A-team will win in the end. Terrible. That's Terrible. right. Jay knows what's up. Where's my harmonica? <laughs> uh, Ralt of Givia for five hours says, I just met drink Critical Drinker at a convention. Oh, he nice. Love to come. He said he would love to come on the show and thinks he'd have a blast. I told him you guys were super right wing. Nice. Well, there you go. Thanks for looking out for us, Ralt. Ralt. Yeah. Of it, give you a thank you. Sweet. We, uh, I listened to some of his, I listened to some of EFAP on Friday. Did you listen mm -hmm. to any of that? I, I sent you it because, I mean, Molly. They talked to YMS? Yeah. I haven't listened to it yet, no. Is Adam of Your Movie Sucks yes. went right. on? Because I guess he did a response video to Critical Drinker, and Mahler obviously thought that it was unfair. Mm -hmm. And Mahler was just, I mean, grilling him. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, because I yeah, agree. I want I want to listen to it. I'm curious. So. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Ignitro for five dollars says Sitch, uh, you attract more flies with honey than vinegar. Me, have you tried taking a giant shit that attracts a lot of flies? <laughs> Wow, that's true. That's a good point. I think that's what Second Thought is doing here. It's just the wrong type of flies he's attracting. So, uh, PC for five dollars says Dev wants Canadian style violence, mostly people saying sorry, excuse me. <laughs> that's true. That's Important. True. Important. Uh, Haryan Glative for five pounds. Thank you. Says the acceptable age gap is half your age plus seven. Anything young, younger is certified nonsery. Right. Half your age plus seven? I've never heard this distinction before, but all right. I've heard that a bunch. I think it comes from the Bible. I don't think that comes from the Bible. I can almost guarantee that's not from the. I don't think God was like, and you may bang anyone. 
half your age plus seven. <laughs> that seems interesting. Well, I'm I'm in the acceptable range for my wife then, obviously. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Sodos for $5 says, Dev, since you're here, why don't you tell such an atom why they're soft and weak for daring to use the evil block and mute buttons on a site formerly known as Twitter? Oh, wow. Is Dev like he never blocks anyone or something? I don't think that's true. He's blocked people. Oh, really? Solodos, what's up? Look, I, I have been trying not to block many people. Mm-hmm. I was blocking people if my, their opening salvo to me was a personal insult just because I feel like, what the hell? This is right. not some somebody that I want to interact with. But now I just mute them because I, I feel like the block is like an interaction. So. True. Yeah. So I feel like the mute is like not really any sort of interaction. And then I never have to see him again. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. I mean, if they have a good art, if they have like a, some novel argument, but most of the time people who do personal insults right out of the bat, they're not really super smart people. That is true. It's funny when, some, when someone like starts an insult, there's usually two paths that goes. If I don't insult back, they're either like, they immediately become passive because they didn't think I'd actually respond. Oh, okay. They're like, oh. Or they just become hyper troll. So just like whatever. Yeah, I usually just don't respond. Yeah. Some, I mean, usually I don't respond either. Cause I don't like, like oh, to okay. reward bad behavior. And I just, right. I see it as bad behavior. Uh, SB Elite for $2 says, Dev, my bigga. So this is where you came to lurk. That mm -hmm. is true. This is where he comes. Yes. Uh, Calvin Pafford for three months. Thank you, Calvin. Says A team puts tomatoes in his fruit salad, while S class insists tomatoes can't be a fruit because he's turned on by. <laughs> wow, that's pretty funny. Uh, and totally isn't gay. CP twenty four. Wow. There you go. I like it. Good for you. Good for you, CP twenty four. Uh, Prince Gabbles for six months. Says on behalf of all bisexuals, I formally apologize for bisexual lighting. Also, where are we at Adam getting his tummy rubbed by Sitch? XOXOST. What's wrong with bisexual lighting? Oh, I guess we there was a lot of bisexual lighting in that in the video. Uh, Sleepy Thought is a master of bisexual lighting. He is, yeah. Uh, Matthew Picard for 10 Canadian. Thank you. Says a good video I watched was Professor Derek Jensen playing Queer Theory Jeopardy, where he exposes a connection between queer theory and pedophilia, since progressivism is meant to be transgressive. Yes, I, it's a fantastic video. I've seen it. Tweeted out many times. Um, people I deny mean, it all the time. That video is like, yeah, that video people is riled killer. up. Yep. Yep. It's a great video. Why are you implying that all Marxists are pedophiles? Or, yeah, why there's like a, a, a pedophile problem in uh, queer theory. Right. It's not really being addressed. So, and the thing is, I'm pretty, is, I mean, he's like a leftist, isn't he? He's not like some right winger. The guy who brings it up? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe he's a right winger. No, he's pretty left, I believe. But 
He's the founder and leader of something called the Deep Green Resistance. It's a radical environmental movement that views mainstream environmental activism as ineffective. So he's very left. <laughs> okay. Wow. He is very left. That does even he's like, even he's like, oh, this pedo shit's out of hand. He's like, uh, I'm oversized... going to burn down a car park, but this pedo right. shit. Oversized trash panda for $5 says, literal instance of, quote, my sources, I made it up. <laughs> True. Uh, Judah, thanks so much, Judah, for joining the Free Will Seekers. William Stanley for $5 says, why does he talk like he's reading the evening news? Yeah, he has a really weird... I didn't notice it until you pointed that out. He's a really weird, like, cadence where it sounds like he's reading news from a teleprompter. I mean, obviously, it's the script that he's reading off. So. It's to give it an air of authority. I mean, You're it's right. great propaganda. Right. Uh, Destructive89 for $5 says, The left splooges all over themselves the moment they catch someone right-wing doing a racism, and then it becomes uh, essay stock footage for eternity. True. All in that you, video. Lots of it. Yep. Gingermas Prime for 15 Aussies says, It annoys me that people on the left like Destiny have a newfound respect for the wisdom of governmental institutions, but see absolutely no utility in cultural institutions and norms like monogamy. Hello. <laughs> Ouch. Right. Uh, BMO for seven months of discipline equals freedom. Thank you, BMO. Says just because Dev consumes a lot of Fuda doesn't mean it's a common thing. <laughs> it's still a pretty small niche in the scheme of things, degenerate art wise. Well, there you go. I there would think go. that too. That just because right. I mean the the world is a big place and people congregate on the internet and they get the idea that because there's a lot of them in the world right. that they're you mean a lot of them on the internet. Well, yeah. You understand what I'm saying. Well, that's I was going to say. Look, listen, I've never done any uh, scientific studies on the amount of food porn that exists. But even if you did, and you, I don't know, you went to one of these porn sites and you like did a scientific analysis where you studied like the, the tag sizes of like food porn. Yeah, compared like, to porn. other porn. Right. It's like, got to be out small. The, right. But the thing is, that even that wouldn't give you an, ac an accurate depiction because I would suspect that niche categories of like weird porn stuff would be overrepresented. Um, in pornography because they can't get those things in like you can only get those things in limited places right like the internet yeah you can't exactly. walk into the Ralphs and go where's your food of porn section right or like furry porn or some of these other like kind of like weird niche things I would imagine that there's an over representation of, of uh, pornography than the demographic exists I would guess I would guess that too uh, BMO, thanks so much for the five gifted memberships. Yeah. CT sweet. for two Canadians says, play the video. Why must you hurt me so? Yeah, sorry. There's some bad pausing going on in yeah. this uh, strain. But... Uh, Fine Stein for 10 Canadians says, have you guys heard the song by Oliver Anthony, Rich Men North of Richmond? I feel like the blue collar people are going to tip the scale in the next election. I did. Uh, listen to that song. I was going to tweet out something about it, but I didn't. Um, the thing I was going to tweet out about that song. Do you know what song you're talking about? Yeah, I got it in my playlist. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a it's a pretty good song. At first, when I looked at it, I'm like, I don't give a shit about banjo. But I listened, to it, I'm like, oh, it's actually a, a decent a decent jam. 
Right. Um, is is there is, a nod to QAnon in it? I feel like maybe there is. Uh, I don't think there was. Well, he talks about protecting minors. Yeah, but I, I assume that meant from like being a transist uh, to QAnon. Oh, okay. I assume that's what he meant. But um, no, it was interesting. Like the response to the song is kind of interesting because there's a lot of uh, left wing people that are shitting on it relentlessly. Oh yeah, they and, can't stand it. They're like, oh look, it's one of those right wingers. Yeah, and it's funny because they shit on it because they number one perceive it as right wing, and number two because the online internet left can't perceive that a white male would have like problems oh yeah in their life and systemic problems in their life he's at the and pinnacle of the power hierarchy he has two dogs yes and it's funny because i'm listening to this song and i'm like almost everything he's saying is like economically left-wing from 30 years ago yeah and i was going to tweet out like if it wasn't for the internet leftist being so like fucking racist and it wasn't for wokeness, I th I don't know where the Republican party would be. I think the Republican party would be basically fucked right now because all this economic right-wing populist energy would have been scooped up by the Democrats if it wasn't for wokeness. Yeah. It's kind of scooting them away from that, right? Well, the wokeness, yeah, the wokeness puts them off. And that's very strange. It's very unusual. If you're like, over 30 we're living and you kind of like compare where politics is now to where it was 30 years ago it's very bizarre <laughs> so strange world we're living in uh ralt of Givia for two dollars says glory to art stoka true glory yeah. to arts art what's that that's the country the fictional country and papers please oh, okay that's, that's your game, game right that's, that's your jam game. Yeah. You're like a former Soviet satellite country. Then you have to check people's passports. Papers, please. That's literally the game. How would you feel? You criticized. You know, I don't know if we to, we'll do the fan art on Tuesday. Papers, please. Because uh, it's just Abby made a funny picture about you attacking me for liking Subnautica and calling it a sandwich. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I remember I, that. How would, you, how would you feel about Papers, Please? A game where you just check people's passports. Like, that's the entire game. What are you looking for in this? Whether or not they're trying to whether deceive you? Yes, whether you allow them, whether they have the, the correct papers. And then it get, every level, it gets like more complicated in terms of like what you have to check and look for. It's literally a game of paperwork? Who plays this? What the, <laughs> it's how a good is game. this a thing? It's a good game. It's insane. Well, it's funny because then it's like there becomes this whole thing where you become embroiled in like uh, a spy coup uprising and you have to decide whether you're going to help the people against the government where you're not going to help or you're going to help your government. And there's like this whole thing where Stitch like helps you, the government every time, every time. And then there's like this, this kind of like this element to it because you have like you get very little money and you have to make decisions about like, you know, feeding your family and keeping the heat on and buying your kids gifts. Um because oh my god this is horrible oh no yeah that's it's really funny because the thing is the, this the, is like moral dilemma center oh no that's the whole game because the thing is like if someone has like wrong paperwork and you and you don't let them through they usually there's like some sob story right so someone will give you some sob story about why you should let them through but if you do let them through and then they're not supposed to go through it docks your pay and so then you have less money to buy like food for your family. It's, it's very fun. How much? How much have you played this game? 
it's just a short game. You could probably beat the whole thing in like a couple of hours. But oh, well, I got pretty good at it, so I liked it. It was fun. It was a fun game. And there is a gun at one point. You get to decide whether you're going to shoot someone who's like crossing the border illegally. So did you shoot him? Uh, yeah. Well, it's funny. The first time I was actually the first time I was playing it, I was oh streaming it to God. just. I was I'm, just look. Sitch is more right wing than me. He literally way, listen, shot listen. the border jumper. Listen, it was really funny because the first time I, I played it, I was streaming it to CT and Harker, and I was letting them decide. Like we're playing, like kind of like they would decide what I would do, and they decided. They told me I should shoot the guy. Okay. But I didn't realize that there were two guns in the case. There was a gun gun and there was a tranquilizer gun. You did? Ah! And I accidentally picked up the gun gun because I didn't realize there was two. And I shot and murdered the guy jumping the border. And then I got arrested and I went to jail and the game, I got game over. So because CT told me to shoot the guy. You yes. did the thing the lady cop did. I did. Yeah, oh, listen, CT, you you lady copped me. I didn't even think about that. You la I was supposed to grab the taser, and I grabbed the gun. Uh, there you go. Terrible. Terrible. Insane. Uh, Kono's X for five euros says, Irrelevant. The funniest anti-Semitic take I've seen came from a Nazi on poll who flat out said, quote, you know what I think? Aryans are the real Jews. <laughs> there you go. I like it. Are they now? Uh, speaking of murderers, CT for five Canadian says, tell Dev if he doesn't start pushing, pausing, if he doesn't stop pausing, I'm going to invoice him for all the extra editing I'm going to have to do. <laughs> there you go. How did she mess up start and stop? I don't know. Because she's oh. too busy killing a, a border jumper okay i reread that super chat about five times i was like what how's this that doesn't make sense i know i got it uh kyle vernon for five dollars says dev do you think liberal enlightenment values are mutually exclusive with ethnic ethnic nationalism has philosophy made israel embrace well awesome I'm assuming you're that person on Twitter that kept telling me this and I kept not caring or understanding why you were telling me this thing. Like, I give a shit what random Jews did. But I will ask Dev this question because I am kind of curious as to what his response will be. So, there liberal, you go. Liberal enlightenment values are mutually exclusive with ethno ethnic nationalism. They're saying that they're not. That you can Jews be a, that this. you can be an ethno nationalist and liberal enlightened values having yes liberal. okay right. yeah how do you feel about that well I I don't think that's the case because how are you going to like the whole I there's how are you going to deal with the whole tolerance thing like isn't ethno nationalism intolerant of other races other ethnicities what if i guess it somebody... would be the idea that there'd be one level of intolerance accepted and then everything else would be liberal individualism maximizing freedom but then i mean that would be too many contradictions because you'd say well what, what if they I... want to marry someone outside yeah that's what of, i was going to say what you know, happens if you have a you know you take a trip to some exotic place and you bring home an amazonian wife 
and you're <laughs> totally in love. And you what want something that's snoo snoo. Yeah, what happens? Yeah. There? Right. Look, you may go to some place and uh you know right. it's 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 uh you find yourself like a blue alien woman or something. Next thing you know. Uh, Dev says, I don't think liberal enlightenment values need to take a position on either, to be honest. There you go. There's your answer. Is he still in the chat? How'd you get that? Uh, I say send him on Discord. Oh, okay. And he responded very quickly. He said, you can have a liberal country with its economy and political institutions and still have it be ethnically homogenous. Israel, Japan, and South Korea do it. There you go. That was the argument that the person, I think, was making. And I said... Well, I don't give a shit because I'm not Israeli or Japanese, motherfucker. I'm American. Take your ethno-nationalism and shove it up your ass. I mean, I saw a video recently that people are immigrating to Japan because they have all these areas that don't have enough people. So they're letting just anyone. They're having all sorts of problems, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was weird because, like, well, here's what's interesting. So I put up that clip of Matt Walsh basically trying to slow walk his audience to ethno-nationalism. And what I expected was a bunch of people saying, but sitch, you're not being fair. He's not actually advocating for ethno-nationalism. You're putting words in his mouth. Which, there's a little bit of that. There's a little bit of that. But the majority of the responses that were, well, first of all, the majority of responses were likes. But the second <laughs> highest number of responses that were replies were not that, to my surprise. They were people just advocating for ethno-nationalism. Right, they were saying Matt Walsh is base now. Yes, because he's you know advocating for some kind of white nationalism or something. And I was like, wow. So, and there was this argument that like there's some idea that um, ethno-nationalism helps, like there's some conspiracy to prevent like white people from from breeding, and that's why we have low birth rates. But I was like, I mean. You know, when you look at Japan, Japan's very ethno-nationalistic and their birth rates are like crap. So I, I just, to me, that the fact that those things have anything to do with each other as opposed to birth rates just go down seems to be a function Urbanization of, is what causes of, earth birth rates to decline. It seems to be a function of kind of first world economic uh, yeah. structures and cultures just create low birth rates because we see it across the, the globe. So. Yep. Well, Zahan says claims it's the urbanization because in a rural setting kids the value proposition on kids is better right because they're cheap labor in a urban setting they're expensive uh what's he call them talking something to talk about I don't oh, know. like talking like a talking piece yeah that's obviously well, <laughs> yeah i mean i think that's part of it yeah like under more not first world in, environments, um, you know, child a child could be used. It's probably it's less expensive to raise a child. A child could actually gain you money. Under more first world economic structures, it can be more expensive to raise a child. So I mean, I definitely think that's a piece of it, and it's a piece of the puzzle. But um, conversation of, pieces. That's what it conversation is. pieces. Talk pieces. Close yeah. Adherent of Lady Columbia for five dollars says, "Why have channels like Second Thought, Adam Something, and sort of, and the sort of heavily edited post Breadtubers just came out of nowhere and have a million subs?" Yeah, I was, 
I brought up Adam something when we talked because he's like crazy fast growth. It's funny because like all these guys, they always make the same argument about how, oh, you know, Anna is just grifting because YouTube and the YouTube algorithm supports right wingers and right wing content. And Adam's you're right. Like... You see all these like super weird leftist video essays that come out of nowhere and blow up and get like a million subs and their videos are all trash. So Adam something has a million point one two or one point one two million view or subscribers. Fuck that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh the real Holtonator for two dollars says hashtag all leftists are criminals. <laughs> there you go. Uh Chikia and Milk. What is Chikia and Milk are best? For five dollars. Says abusers get their victims to see their behavior as normal. Meanwhile, speaking against them isn't normal. You're a bad person for calling them out. True. True. We're gonna call them out anyway. Right. Uh, Thea Wolfie for $5 says kleptocracy. Kleptocracy. When a criminal commits crimes, they didn't know any better. But when you defend yourself, you know better. And how dare you? Ouch. Uh, Daniel Irish for $5. Thank you, Daniel. Yeah, thanks. Uh, you, you, us, us lies? US, oh, US lies. There you go. US lies. For 50 sexes, sexes. Says, hello. Did you guys know about the West Yorkshire 6-7 police arrested autistic girl for saying she looks like a lesbian nana to a female cop? I saw a meme, uh, I think, on that. Yeah. Wait, what? What, what was this? And this is in, in uh, Proto-America and Britbong land? Yeah. I think I even saw another... Lance was sharing some comic that I think was a play on this. Okay. I, I don't know anything about this. I didn't hear about this. Evidently in, in England, you can't say that a female cop looks like a lesbian. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Well, that's why I live in America, baby. Not even if it's true, I guess. Right. Libertarian Sasquatch for dollar ninety nine. You, you shouldn't have the America bad next to enlightened centrist because it makes it look like the enlightened centrist are saying America. Oh, okay. You don't what like you my think? graphic design? No, I don't. It's confusing. Yes, but have you considered America bad? It's like like we're enlightened centrist, and then someone's response is, "Have you considered America bad?" Okay, it's gone. Okay. Anyway, Libertarian Sasquatch for two dollars says. That time of the month, Adam. Ouch. I know. I was going to read that. Ouch. Is it? Is it? I mean, what time of the month are we talking about? You know, the time of every young lady's month. <laughs> Look, I don't when, get When, you know, her aunt's flow visits. I'm always in a grouchy mood. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you say you're always at that time of the month? <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. I, Dev and I, I look. Dev says stuff that bugs me sometimes, and I just got to get off my chest. Dev doesn't mind. He gets it. Oh look, Glenn Greenwald respond to me. No Perfect. way. Now I no got him. No way. Now I got him. For real? 
Yes. Screenshot that shit. Send it to me. Let's bring uh, it up. Let's make I'll it part just... of the show right now. Well, okay. I'll just send you the tweet. Glenn Greenwald responds to PSA Sitch. I should record this. We should make this. Well, we a... shouldn't because I because I haven't responded yet to it, so there's nothing to say. Let's but, see um... PSA Sitch, you're a piece of shit. Delete yourself immediately. Why do you think you can respond to me, the great Glenn Greenwald, with your bullshit about the Newland phone call? You don't know anything. That's Let me exactly highlight some of the phone call here to show exactly. you what an idiot you are. What right. do you think they're talking about? Okay, I made so, all uh, that up. Now let's talk about what really happened. So Glenn said, uh, so he starts by saying, the U.S. began openly touting Nuno's expansion into Ukraine in 2008 under George Bush. That was when the now CIA director Bill Burns wrote his memo warning uh, that a red line for all of Russia, not just Putin, would trigger war in Crimea and the Donbass. And guess who was the ambassador to NATO then? Victoria Newland. Where have I it heard this before? It was Newland who got caught. Here we go. It was Newland who got caught picking Ukraine's next president after she helped remove its democratically elected one in 2024 and 2014 excuse me well first Look, of all I'm replying right now stop smoking crack well it's interesting first of all it wasn't the president it was the prime minister who <laughs> was appointed by the president but okay i i am curious as to the claim of she helped remove the democratically elected president in 2014 uh, she was one of the most deranged neocon families. She was Cheney's top advisor for the Iraq war, then ran Ukraine for Obama and Biden. Okay. So then I responded, saying that didn't happen and was not what the phone call was about. Facepalm emoji. But the truth about the call will not be accepted because it's the linchpin of the American cooped Ukraine fantasy. Okay, so just so you're following along, what Glenn was saying originally wasn't aimed at, at Sitch. No, no, she was, Glenn, he was just saying it in general. Glenn just tweeted this out, right? And, and Sitch, I was like... Sitch sees this here on the internet.com, and he's like, this fucking bitch. This Newland bullshit again. I know. I so know. He, he does a drive-by on Glenn <clears throat> and says, none of this... Look, you're, you're reimagining what happened on the phone call here. Right. Dumbass. Well, I said it a little Get bit your nicer. Shit. A little bit nicer. Okay. I didn't say dumbass. I mean, I don't know about the face palm emoji. That's a little well condescending. I, I think. mean, I didn't say I didn't say I was totally nice. I just said I didn't say dumbass. He <laughs> says that he says that didn't happen and was not what oh. That didn't happen and was not what the phone call was about. Face palm. Like, oh face my palm. god, you moron. I know. I know. So face palm, or you moron. Yeah, but the truth about the call will uh, will not be accepted because look, obviously you're not going to accept this because you're retarded because it's a linchpin of the American coup Ukraine fantasy, as in you're delusional. You live in a fantasy world, Glenn. Look, how is this? What, what's what? How is this? How well, is here, this here's nice? the good thing. Here's the good thing. Look, I don't even have to write out this my This is argument. a drive-by. It is a drive-by. Yeah, you're right. But here's the good thing, because he responded, and now that I can respond, I'll, I'll do a response to that. I don't even have to write out my argument. I've argued this so many times on Twitter 
that I can just go and, and search my name and search for Newland and I'll have all the arguments already there. And I'll just take a screenshot and I'll just send them. Like, I already have all these. I've done this argument a million times. Okay. This is so good though. Okay. Right. So he, now we're to his response. Just, I, I had to lay out the, set the scene for you. Guys. So he says, uh, you can listen to the call yourself. Newland openly supported the protesters demanding removal of the democratically elected government which is actually kind of a shifting of what we're talking about here. But, uh, Newland and Pratt picked the next leader. Even corporate media is willing to admit this, but not criticize it. And he has some article from Politico. Which is corporate says, media, by the way. Which is so. corporate media. Um, that says, it was also, at least for Newland, a story that in hindsight might not have been all surprising after all, because in the winter of 2014, Newland herself was hacked by the Russians. Okay. At the time, Newland was a year into her role as Obama's Assistant Secretary for Europe. She had been in Kiev, practically working behind the scenes to put in place a new government coalition in Ukraine as it's teetering on the brink of revolution against its Russian-backed leader, Viktor Yukonovic. You know what's you know what's hilarious? You know what they're okay. And the way it's really funny because he doesn't understand what they're talking about. And I'll, I'll get back to it. But so it says, and take this in your mind very clearly. He sent me this article from Politico, and it says she'd been in Kiev frantically working behind the scenes to put in place a new governing coalition in Ukraine as it was teetering on the brink of revolution against the Russian back leader. So he thinks that that means that the new government coalition she was trying to work on behind the scenes was one to topple the leader. That's what he thinks. Okay. Right. Even though that's not what it says, it says working behind the scenes to put in place a new government governing coalition in Ukraine as it's teetering. Right. But we'll get to that in a second. Actually, no, we'll just get to it now. So this is where he doesn't understand because the phone call was literally about, and I'll say this for like the millionth time, the phone call was literally the president, the current president of Ukraine, the one that he thinks was Kud, okay? Right. The current president of Ukraine was Viktor Yukonovic, was asking, was asking two individuals named Yats and Klish to be the coalition in his government. Yeah, the one that he was she's trying to put together. To right. And she, Victoria Newland, was agreeing that at least Yats, she didn't agree with Klitz, but agreeing that Yats should join the government. That's what they're talking about. What they mean in that statement is that literally she's running around trying to help Yukonovic stay in power. That was the coalition she was trying to build behind the scenes, but Glenn doesn't understand. Not much of a coup attempt here. No. No. So anyway, so I'll respond. I'll, I'll respond without being super mean about it. But No, I I demand you use the word fantasy again and okay. again and again. I, will. I want you to hammer home that fantasy world that Glenn lives in. I will. I will, I will just pound it in. Glenn I'll has two million in. followers. You be nice to that. <laughs> you be there nice you to go. that nice Glenn Greenwald. There you go. How dare you, Sitch? You, you, you begin... Your tweet with, no, don't apologize. Don't apologize. Oh, I'm not apologizing for shit, but But anyway, so I'll respond after the stream. Uh, Brandon Garcia for $129 Mega Man dollars says, oppressed oppressor equals predator prey. Hegel's transmuted that idea into thesis and antithesis and then changed his name. It's just evolutionary predation. Oh, interesting. Maybe. I'm sorry about from that perspective. But it makes sense. 
Uh, Adam at Gadbaugh for 12 months. Thanks so much. Says there may be an issue with the accuracy of the poll screwing results. I'm right leaning by California standards, but I'm considered a centrist. But I'm considered center left outside of California. Yeah, were you in the poll so I can look at it? For some reason, I can't even see it anymore. I hit end poll. All right, what did it turn out to be? So we had a poll that says, how do you identify? We had 4,200 people vote, which is probably the largest poll we've ever got votes for, which is pretty based. How do you identify? 44% identify as centrist, independent, or no party. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, 40% identify as right or center-right. Only 14% identify as left or center-left. So there you go. So It's always 60-40. So the majority of our audience is independent centrists. Right. And then 40%. So still a sizable chunk is right wing. And then yes. we have a small chunk of left wing. So there you go. When we've asked it before without a centrist option, it's usually It was 60-40 when we asked with no centrist. Yeah, 60 right, 40 right. left. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. When we forced you to decide. Very cool. Okay. Uh, Konos X for 10 euros. It says, kind of irrelevant. How do you argue with people who share no values with you at all? Like theocrats who base everything on a book says thing, or tankies who think everyone who isn't poor deserves death. <laughs> um, hmm. That's a good question. How do you argue with people like that? Can you argue with people like that? People who don't share your values? I mean, you can, but I mean, it's I mean, are you not going to be like, I don't know if you can convince them. No, you can't convince I mean, them. I usually like to dive into and point out how they're all still hypocrites and contradict themselves, but it doesn't usually win any friends. Nope. I don't know. I'd have to think about that. It's a, it's a good question. Uh, let's see. All Beef Hot Dog for $10 says, Remember, kids, under communism, anime girls would be starving too much to have assets to have big. <laughs> communism is cringe. Tune in next week for more wiener wisdom. P.S. S-Class is a best class. Well, thank you. Casey Anderson for six months says, Jubilee, the YouTube channel, did an AMA with an Antifa person. Fortunately, it seems most people in the comments section saw through it. Saw through what? Oh, the i guess it was like a, a puff piece or something okay uh jubilee let's see that's like a super left-wing channel right no they're like they do like these like those weird um i mean they do lefty shit but they do weird like you know which girl gets the most guys can you match women's faces and yeah body? they do like all the like clickbait shit you know women rank themselves by breast size you know like Blindfolded. You know, blindfolded, <laughs> yeah. I, I get I mean, they're wearing blindfolds. I don't know if that means they just run around touching each other's breasts or something. That was, That's that really a works. thing? Look, I made the, up that. Yeah. I made up the blindfolded there, part, but you... I mean, this what that's happening in the video. Is this... What? I thought this was an AMA with an Antifa person. Not. Oh, no, I'm just looking at their, their other videos. Okay. So, but anyway... really so a they, video? That's really a video, Adam. No way. By... Adam's very excited by this video. You're kidding me. I'm not kidding you. Okay. I don't believe it. I will send it to you. <laughs> That's 
What? It's one of the, it's one of those clickbait channels that has all those like weird like things that people do. How is that, that like rank themselves? There's another one. Men rank themselves by testosterone. Black people play guess who with twelve white people. It's mm. you know you know the channel. Okay, you've probably seen these videos. They'd be like, there's five like Christians and one like Islamic person, or or like there's six non-virgins and one virgin in the group, and you have to figure out like can they figure out who the virgin is? You, you've seen these videos, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's that channel. Yeah. No, I know the channel. Okay. So they did a video recently called I'm an anti-fascist, ask me anything. So might be fun to cover. I will I'll watch it. I'll check it out because it could be pretty cringe. It'd be pretty terrible. Don't watch the breast video right now, Adam. Stop it. Look, I, I can't help myself. It's in the watch together. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny because in the thumbnail of uh this video that the, the antifa video he's like kind of pulling his mask open and i swear to god it looks like he's goat seeing like he's doing literally the goatsy motion it's like the most could everyone tell thing. me what is the ideal <laughs> like you had to bring up this was you had to bring up this thumbnail like this is so silly like how how did is this intentional well, it has to be intentional right What's going on in this breast size video? They're oh all my god, stop it. <laughs> They're all blurred out. Is yeah, because it... they don't want you, the audience, to see their breast size, I guess, till at the end. No. They're not naked or anything. Oh, do they show at the end here? They show them wearing bras at the end, yes. I know you... Okay, I sent you a picture. Stop looking at the woman's boobs. <laughs> okay, bring up the picture. Hold on a second here. <laughs> oh my god. I knew I shouldn't have sent him the link. He's going to be distracted for the next like 20 minutes. <laughs> this is hilarious. I don't even understand what they're trying to determine in the video. <laughs> I don't know if women are supposed to be like eyeballing each other to try to figure out who was bigger or something. And then they're do you guys have like an know, official person measure. Do you guys know what the national average breast size is? <laughs> no. What is the national average breast size? So they're, is this a question they're asking the girls? They're like, <laughs> okay, this is the silliest thing I've ever seen. Now, what, what is about, it? What What's about the, the mask? This is the Antifa guy, yeah. Doesn't it look like he's doing a goat scene? What is that? Oh. We'll bring up the picture. Here it is. Chat, look. That has to be intentional, right? He's like literally doing say with the mask. What's that mean? Um, Why don't you Google it? <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. Why don't Too you Google dangerous. it? <laughs> I was so... You're so lucky that I actually don't hate you. Because I was like... There, I was really like, should I really try to get Adam to Google Goatsy? I wouldn't do, look. I'm not going to Google anything you tell me to Google ever. I I think I could have convinced you if I was evil enough. I think I could have convinced you to Google it. Oh wow! What would you, you have think? done? I would have. I had. I have means. I have means. Okay. Okay. Uh, Goatsy I mean. is. 
a famous picture of like an old man like really spreading his asshole open. Oh, ouch. In a really gross way. Oh, ouch. Oh, um, that's painful. Yeah. Why? How do you know this? Because everyone knows this except for you. <laughs> I, I mean, look, I just, I want to know what situation occurred for you to come in contact with this picture. Huh? What what situation occurred? How did you come? Oh, in because okay, because it became a famous meme where people would try to sneak the photo into like making you look at it. Okay. Like so, you'd be like, "Oh, look at this like cute puppy," and you click it, and it's like a goatsy. Or they oh, okay. would put, and then so it became like, even. It's the gross version of the Rick Roll. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and then it became an even greater meme because like people would they would replace the asshole with some other thing, so you just see the hands. And so the hand, the way he's holding his hands is like the famous goatsy hand, like direction. Oh my God. So that's why I'm like, like the way he's like doing it and the way he's kind of like pulling back like the hood. I'm just, if it just feels like it's intentional. Like he's goatseeing the audience. I'm guessing it's intentional. I can't imagine that was an accident. It looks too much like a goatsy. <laughs> Look, the chat is divided on. On whether they've seen it or not. Okay. I'm not well, the listen. only one. How the fuck is the national average breast size 34 AA? That can't be accurate. That's not real, right? <laughs> That's awesome. Look, America. Am I right? I don't think that. It, I mean, is it just because like everyone's obese? Is that like the issue? <laughs> is that like the, is that why? Is that just because everyone's fat? Like, I can't believe. I don't believe that that's accurate at all. I literally don't believe that. I refuse to believe that. America. I walk around outside. I don't see that as being the average. That's awesome. So, anyway. Sitch is <laughs> like, I walk around. I walk I'm, around. I'm looking. I don't see that. I'm looking. I don't see that. That does not seem to be the average. I'm checking it out. I'm checking it out. I'm out there. Minding everyone's business. <laughs> Contrast says, we are that old now that these young fucks don't know about goats. Say, wow. Maybe that's it. Maybe we're just so old. So old. Youngins don't know about goatsy. One of like the famous original gross internet memes. I mean, people seem like they knew about two girls, one cup. I figure if you know about two girls, one cup, you know about goatsy. But goatsy was a little bit predating that. Uh, the Butter Anvil for $2 says, Adam freaking out at Dev for no reason is an S-Class W. True. True. Thank you. How, what, I don't, how's that an S-Class win? Because I'm chill, that's why. I mean, he was advocating for violence, Sitch. I, he was not advocating for violence. I find it a little disheartening that you're okay with that, but. He was not advocating for violence. I feel like he was, but was not. No. Look, CT can clip it, and we'll let the comments decide. How about that? Okay. Okay. I already know what the comments are going to say. Uh, not my monkey. Thank you so much for joining the free will seekers. Lives in Dev's Wall specifically. Look at this. It's the person who lives in Dev's Wall. That's the person we should ask. Is is was is Dev in favor of political violence? I mean, you live in his walls. There you go. 
Uh, Dev thinks and communicates by laying out a case, stating his position at the end. Adam, I feel like you keep interrupting this process at the worst point. Well, there you go. Well, Dev needs to go back to school because <laughs> what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to lay out your basic argument uh -huh. and then you lay out supporting you evidence. Your thesis statement at first? Yeah, and then you lay out supporting evidence for that argument and then you restate your argument at the end. <laughs> That is that That's is the traditional huh? way uh -huh. that you of argumentation in uh -huh. written form and in speech. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So, Dev, uh -huh. the only people that I know that argue that way and uh -huh. kind of draw it out and really don't get to the point mm. are women. Let's be clear here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, look, Sitch is laughing because he knows what I'm talking about. It's uh -huh. true. True. Adam called you a woman. I'm telling him you said that. Who said? Look, someone else called me a woman. Wait, where's the earlier super chat? That's the true. guy they that did. I almost banned. Yeah. They did. Yeah. Look, I want you to meditate on this later tonight, super chatter. Dev's uh, whole whole way of communicating is completely female. Anyway, Adam said your entire way of communicating <laughs> oh, wow. is female. You are a human female. Owned. <laughs> wrecked. Destroyed. Pwned. Remember pwned? Remember yeah, pwned? of course. I thought I thought pwned was going to stay. But, uh... Oh, <laughs> Dev's listening because he says Adam is so shocked at Goatsy. Wow, okay, Dev is listening. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. There you go. Adam is absolutely not triggered or mad. That's exact. That is correct. Bring up what meme? That gif you um, that gif you sent? That's not that good. I'm sorry, Dad. That gif you sent was not that exciting. He's still salty. He's not that salty. Not anything. <laughs> you, you're salty. Being salty, lives in Des Walls specifically for another five dollars. Says also, I feel the implication you were making, Adam, was close to bad faith. Demonizing academic interest in a topic is inherently anti-liberal. Wow. It's not academic interest, though. Mm. It's morbid curiosity. I mean, Dev okay. even admitted this. Okay. I feel like you're being uncharitable. <laughs> really? Yeah. He wasn't advocating for violence. No, I'm talking about the okay. reading the various books. What do you mean? He did. He's it's. He, I mean, it could be easily categorized as morbid curiosity. He's like, I want to see what these sick fucks think. Okay. I I'm the one that said it had no academic value. Yeah. That there was nothing to be learned from, nothing to be gleaned from this navel gazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you agreed. I mean, I don't agree. No. Oh, you don't. There could be, I mean, there could be a reason to, to look into the stuff, to understand the stupidity of other people. To that's morbid curiosity. It. I already. Said. I don't call that morbid curiosity. To me, morbid curiosity is like, oh, like, like I'm just looking into this train wreck to see where the dead bodies are. Right. Yeah, that's what you're doing. Well, you're not trying to argue against the dead bodies, right? You're not trying oh, to yeah, deconstruct the train to prevent further train crashes. There was some argumentation right. in there. Yes. Okay. Uh, Renaro Zero was here for five dollars. Says we should have a theme song intro for the show. I found the perfect bass patriotic one. 
Ragged Old Flag with Johnny Cash. I don't think I've ever heard that. Sounds like also, we'll we get, get copyright, copyright struck. Yeah, so. uh, lives and devs wall specifically for Joe says, granted, devs abandonment of phrasing is dumb. Well, I mean, okay, fair enough. Well, what's that? Devs abandonment of phrasing is dumb. What does that mean? It means what it means. Okay. And I agree. Because you don't know I, what it means and you're just being nice, but... I mean, no, I agree because dev is dumb. <laughs> And you shouldn't Abandon. have abandoned phrasing. Abandonment of phrasing. Yeah. Okay. He's either is, okay. I'm gonna interpret this super chat in one of two ways. Either one, Dev used to make the phrasing joke from Archer, which is very funny, and he stopped doing it, and so he's dumb for doing that. Okay. Uh, or he's saying that that Dev uh, phrase something in a dumb way. So that's how I interpret that. <laughs> Dev is mad at me in Discord for calling him down. This is funny. I have uh, anything You're I mean. say to Dev, he can react to in, in real time. Uh, Iris and Getterix for $5 says, Dev is correct. Polyamory connects to queer theory and communism. Cuckoldry is on the list of communist goals. The stereotype exists for a reason. Gross. True. I do agree with that, yeah. That's a good reason just to ban it right outright. There you go. Uh, Ovid for five dollars says, "Really love this format. Please have more Sitch Dev and Kathy Newman." <laughs> it really helped me understand what Dev is saying. Wow. <laughs> okay, that's good. Ouch, that's pretty Cre funny. Credit though. credit to Ovid. That's a solid. That's a solid super chat there. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're uh, saying, Dev, <laughs> you want political violence. Right, right. Tyler sternly ignores for five Aussies, says, Adam, you should read Dominion by Tom Holland. Good atheist for Jesus stuff. A-team reigns supreme. But it's not his business. Boo. A lot of people have told me to read this book, but I haven't read it yet. Okay, check it out. Uh, lives in Deadswall specifically for not $2, says Jeffersonian natural versus the artificial aristocracy. Wow. Tom there you go. Dominion. How the Christ revolution remade the world. I feel like I might know this stuff already. Uh, yeah, I guess Dev was kind of making a Jeffersonian natural aristocracy argument. So... Which, again, I don't agree with the framing of it. So, Right, yeah. But we'll see whatever video Dev puts out on Monday where he slanders us. Look, and I'll watch it. I said I wouldn't watch it, but I'll watch it begrudgingly just because Dev we'll, put a we'll bunch of work into it. Sure, and we'll debate about it on Tuesday. Oh, God. Tell him to remake the video. I just look. I'm yeah. so tired of debating on it. <laughs> Uh, Lucy Lemonbug for five gifted subs. Thank you so much, Lucy. Yes, Lucy. Dirty sticker. <laughs> Micro. <laughs> oh my God. Micro Colonel for five dollars says aristocracy is a practice seeking. Aristocracy is a practice seeking meritocracy. Many merits are highly heritable, and people endorse aristocracy on the basis that it promotes goods. But again, I just if that's the, here's the problem. If that's the case, why do you need an aristocracy? 
at all. You just have a meritocracy and it would just end up ha having certain trends that you would still accept because it still exists on a meritocratic level, right? Right. If that was true. I think that there are moral intuitions in conflict here. There is the, the moral intuition that you want to help people in your family and you know you want to help your family and friends i think that's an intuition that most people have mm -hmm. but there is also an intuition towards efficiency we understand you know certain people do things better than other people so those are the two different forces that are in conflict you agree or i agree yeah Casey Anderson for $5 says perhaps ground news is playing 4D chess and trying to get those who are most bubbled out of their bubble. We can only hope. That would be kind of based. I would be down with that. Uh, Adam Unfriended. Thank you so much for being a seventh month free will seeker. Says yeah. Dev is a commie. Yeah, thanks for that. True. I do like that. It's a great chat. Uh, Wilberforce Wooster for $5 says practical men who believe themselves to be quite exempt from any intellectual influence are usually the slaves of some defunct economist. Wow. I think that's a quote from Sounds someone. Like a quote. But yes, I agree. Sounds like some kind of quote. It's a John Mayard Keynes quote. Keynes, best economist. There you go. You're you're a Keynes man, right? I mean, I guess I don't know. No, you are definitely. Oh, okay. I mean, that's part of your left wingerness. That's my left wingness. Yeah. Uh, Casey Anderson for two dollars says Vosh equal the Rat King. They live in his hair. For us. Ah. That's good. Uh, five dollars. Stuck for five dollars. Thank you, Stuck. Says just remember, Vosh wore a suit to guest on your stream. That is true. He did do that. I forgot about that. Wore a suit to debate Sargon. I right. forget why. Wouldn't there turn some... his fucking mic down. He would not, no. There was some reason for that, but... Uh, let's see. Stuck for five dollars says... <laughs> Stuck for five dollars says, quote, Ukraine is just standing there menacingly. Second thought, probably. I. You know what, Stug? I got to make that video now. That's so great. I'm going to make that now. That's such a good, that's such a good meme. Yeah. What is that meme from? There's an episode of SpongeBob where uh, Patrick oh, yes. is like a junior Patrick. police officer. And he uh, sees that he thinks SpongeBob, well, it's a whole convoluted thing, but basically uh, he, they're looking for a psychopath who's actually SpongeBob. So he's talking to SpongeBob on a walkie talkie, staring at SpongeBob standing there. And he says he's just standing there menacingly. Right. So, yeah, that's good. Patrick. Okay. Patrick is great. That's good. I can really identify with Patrick. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. Uh, Christopher Keating for five Euro says. Oh, this one's going to be an hour right here. Get ready, oh, guys. No. This one's going to be gonna an be hour. It's going to be literally two seconds. Have you, 
Have you never heard of the Min? Okay, I saw that. I won't read it with an obnoxious voice. Have you never heard of the Minsk Two Agreement and who was violating them? I have heard of it. And you know who was violating the Minsk Two Agreement? Who? Everyone. Right. Literally everyone. No one agrees on who violated what on the Minsk Agreements. Everyone was violating them constantly at all times. So America wasn't violating them. Well, okay. The two factions involved <laughs> in the situation were violating them. That's the well, end. how cool is it, though, that America wasn't? Well, if you ask Sleepy Thought, he probably would say that somehow America was violating. <laughs> of course he apart. would, but he, right. he doesn't count. Right. All right. Um, Solar Doge. Solar Doge for $2 says... Wet ass yeah. petroleum <laughs> makes the U.S. pullout game weak. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. That's so good. Right. That's so fucking good. Oh my god. Our pullout game was really weak, actually. Exactly. In the, in the Middle East, we went. Listen, U.S. went to Iraq. For the wet, wet ass petroleum. <laughs> For the wet ass petroleum. And our pullout game was indeed weak. <laughs> okay, that's perfect. Very good. Oh. Uh, fondue for five dollars says, Vucic thought wouldn't have to make propaganda if he knew cultural Marxism was real. The propaganda was created for him. There you go. Yeah. True. Though. Cultural Marxism is real, though. Sleepy I, thought. It's so funny. I was literally thinking of that meme the other day, too. I don't even remember why. Uh, this hole was made for me meme. I don't know Let's that say. meme. There's like this... Uh, I don't know if you've seen the picture. There's like this guy, this famous guy. I don't remember his name. Oh, Junji, Junji Ito. He's like kind of this famous horror, Japanese horror comic guy. Oh, yeah. And uh, there's a really weird fucking comic where there's basically like all these human shaped holes in a mountain. And like, it's really like people will like be attracted to different holes and they just like lose their sense of themselves and they have to run into the hole. And they Sounds say the cool. hole, they say, this is my hole. It was made for me. Sweet. It's really creepy and weird. So, uh, so anyway, that's the meme. This hole was made for me. This propaganda was made for me. Under fire. Whoop. Where was I? Under, under fire. fire. First time super chatter. Thank you so much, Under Fire, for $2. says, please do a panel with gray zone tankies. Who's that? We'd love gray to. zone tankies. Is that... Is, that's Glenn, Glenn Greenwald was the gray zone, right? Is he? Yeah, I think that's the name of his Oh, you're right. Magazine. Well, there you go. Sure. Sure. I'd be down. We'll see what happens with this our Twitter interaction. He, I I should search. Find the tweet where he said he would come on our show. So I can retweet that at him. Put that in your thing. Go, hey, by the way, you said you'd come on the show. What happened? I'll ask. I'll say to you, if you want to come and talk to us about it, we'll annihilate you. Yeah. Tell him, listen, we already destroyed Dave Smith, 
and right. Jimmy Dore. Right. And you're next on our list. <laughs> Captain Kovic for five dollars says Sleepy Thought must be a student of Doctor Star Bear. Bear oh. did an interview with PBD once, so I looked up his Twitter. Crazy Marxist. A team reigns supreme. A team reigns supreme. I don't know who that is. Who's a stare star bear? Do you know who that is? No, I thought it was that crazy lady that spoke no. at about all the white people she wanted to off. Oh, no. But I guess it's a guy. He's some Let's professor see. of economics communist in his bio. <laughs> so Communism will win. That's his, uh, his Twitter banner is the Hollywood sign, but it says communism. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, there you go. I'm doubtful. Sash man for nine months says sub boys was wondering what's your opinions on climate change. I think it's real. Just not as scary as they say. Also choppers unite. <laughs> yeah. Chop, chop. <laughs> That's good. Choppers unite. Chop, chop. There you go. Listen, the choppers will refer to themselves as, as choppers. And then as a slur, I will refer to them as the stickers <laughs> with a hard R. These dirty stickers. Ouch. Uh, my thought on climate change is I've attempted to look into it in the past. Kind of like the Israel-Palestine history is so complicated and convoluted, I basically gave up and didn't trust anything on it. Um, I probably share your opinion. I think it's real, but not as scary or dangerous as they say. And I think we'll be able to innovate our way out of any problems that we suffer from it. That is pretty close to my assessment as well. Now that I'm listening to TYT regularly, TYT, I think, does a climate change story every single day. You think we're all going to die? No. Their climate change stories are kind of, we're all going to die. Right. Well, look, this is the thing. It's, it's kind of got me thinking, like, what is the, what is the plan? Like, what is the, what is the purpose of doing like a climate change story on your news network? Well, cause they think it's real and they want to stop it. That's why. Right. But I, I wouldn't do a story like that if I wasn't advocating for some kind of solution. Like I, th I do think. I think Anna is in favor of nuclear. I'm not. I'm not certain. I feel like she, right. I've heard her talk about nuclear. So, I think nuclear is an option. I think there are different ways that will innovate out of it. So. Yeah, I don't know. Is there even any climate change legislation in the works? Um, I mean, there was stuff in the Biden thing i don't know what he's talking about in it but yeah i don't even know what kind of legislation the federal government's passing oh no oh no this is so sad i would be in favor if they wanted to put money towards innovation that was just brand new things i'd be in favor of that because I don't know that any of the current technology that exists today can deal with the climate change problem. I think a big mm -hmm. part of the problem is storage of electricity. I think like we can I think creating the electricity is not the problem. I think storing it is the problem. Mm -hmm. So 
some new storage technique would probably be the best. I'm so sad. They said apparently, you know, everyone was excited. They thought we had discovered a room temperature superconductor. I know. I heard about that. And now they think that it's fake. Debunked. Someone's just fake. trying to. I think to it get... was accidental. It wasn't there some fuck up or something? Yeah, weren't they? They did something in a kiln or something, and when they pulled it out, they slipped and jarred it in a certain way that it became like a superconductor. No, no, I'm dead serious. No, I'm dead serious. Supposedly something, there was some step where they accidentally jarred it and they were trying to figure out what happened there Mm -hmm. to make it perfectly super, a super. So why don't they just always do that? Well, I think they were doing that and they were like, and at this step, slip and fall. Well, there you go. Why don't we just do that forever? Well, that's unfortunate. Sad news. I was all excited about this. Do you know the we could all have quantum one... computers and stuff. Do you know the number yeah. one way that electricity is stored? Uh, in the balls. I think I told you this before, and you were like so triggered by it. You had to go on a massive googling spree to try to prove me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. What are you talking about the electron thing? No. No. Where's the, what's the number way elect, electricity is stored? Give me a guess. I said in the balls. No, give me an honest guess. Obviously, <laughs> that's like a memeing guess. Look, there's an easy guess that you can do. Every, uh, in, everyone in the audience is probably doing that guess right now. Um. Oh. Okay. Let me see what the audience says. Audience. Oh my God. Number one place electricity is stored. It's stored in water. It's stored in covalent bonds. It's water is the correct answer. It's stored in water. Really? Yes. Look, I don't remember us ever talking about this on stream. Do, do you guys remember when I said it? I guess maybe you do. No, it's stored not. Stored in water. It's not a battery. So electricity stored in reservoirs, they pump it up into a higher location and then mm-hmm. they use electricity to pump it up to a high location and then it spends a turbine when it flows down and that's how they reclaim the electricity oh, 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 oh. i thought you meant like they're literally storing electricity in the water no that's not what you're saying right yeah you're just saying they're storing a mechanism I guess it to is, generate electricity i guess it is kind of a trick question okay. yeah I, the way you were i was like what like i thought you meant like in a battery not like yeah, okay so but there are all these different competing ways to store electricity because you know obviously when the wind blows you can gather electricity but sure. how do you store it so if the wind's blowing and you're creating electricity you can use that electricity to pump water up in a reservoir right and then gotcha. you can get it back whenever you want even in the middle of the night even when the wind isn't blowing well is yeah. there's like that meme every engine is just i forget what it is there's some memes like every engine is just a steam engine or like a crank engine they've never like actually done anything more complicated than that right so, which i guess is kind of true uh where was i Christoph Keating for 10 euros. Thank you. Says, this is more of an EU and Russia bad situation, especially France 
dreams of an EU extending to and including Russia and Ukraine to create a world power. NATO is used as scare by Russia and allure by EU. There you go. Uh, Twitter sucks for $2 says two random dollars to piss off Doomer if he's here. He's not, but thank you. Uh, Bimo for $5 says if I'm allowed to insult Adam, I must say you, dear sir, make amateur level bread. Sips tea. There you go. Wow. That's true, Adam. Do you make amateur level bread? I sure. Yeah, I guess. Okay. I'm I mean I don't really make bread, but uh Mark Twain's Revenge for fifty dollars. Thanks so much. Our circuit uncle, Mark Twain's Revenge. Says Adam, you are right that a bunch of these socialists are lacking knowledge. Specifically, I noticed huge gaps related to the Cold War period outside of the high profile proxy wars related to internet intentional Soviet spread of socialist ideology. All that, yeah. They know, like these guys, they know about every single time America supposedly cooed some government somewhere, but every time the Soviets did anything outside of, you know, the country, it's just a black hole. They don't know anything about that. I mean, remember when we, there you go. That's the Soviet. I mean, remember, I remember when I looked into just like the war, how fucking horrific the Soviets were in Afghanistan, how just like disgusting it was. Yeah, that no. never gets brought up. So, you want to talk about a genocide? How about the Soviets? Uh, how many people did they kill? Like two million people. They wiped out like half of all villages in Afghanistan. How, how, <laughs> right? That's that's a pretty good genocide. They wiped out half of all villages in an entire country. Yeah, nobody wants to talk about that. Uh, Nate the Farmer for $20. Thank you, Nate. Says, how many people do you think vote out of spite? How many people do you think would never vote for the other party? I think a Trump re-election would drive the left to even more radical tactics. I'm rooting for RFK Minocram. Um, I, I think there's lots of people. Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of people. Probably the majority of people that vote would never vote for the other party. I don't think yes. that many people vote out of spite. But I think most people would probably never vote for the other party. They would just not vote. They would just wouldn't show up. Um, I mean, I think a lot of people do spite vote, but I mean, that's just me. I, don't, I think some people do. I don't think a lot of people do. There, I don't think. I mean, RFK doesn't stand a chance, a ghost chance in hell. I, you know, there is the there is the sort of the theory running around because you know Gavin Newsom is going to debate DeSantis, which is weird. And uh, so there's a theory that Gavin Newsom is going to use this to either with Biden's blessing or without Biden's blessing to try to sneak in and become like the Democrat presidential nominee, which if that's the case, I mean, this is a good move. You know, if he manages to defeat DeSantis in the debate, that'd be a good move for him, which should be easy because DeSantis, as I've always said, has the charisma of white cardboard. So I'm not really a Gavin Newsom fan, but it's good I think for people would DeSantis prefer him over too. Biden. So. Raises DeSantis's profile. Well, it depends how he does. If if he does well, then it will. Then if if I mean it's good for both of them in theory because you're right. Like if DeSantis does well in the conversation, I'm skeptical he will. But if he does well in the conversation, it would be like a big boon uh, to him and further add pressure on Trump, who doesn't want to do the Republican debates. Right. It'll make him look bad. Did DeSantis debate? Was there a govern, gubernatorial debate? Sure. So have you seen him debate? I don't... We didn't watch that. I don't that remember it. 
I must have. I probably watched it, but I don't remember it at all. So. Right. But we'll see. When yeah, I don't think RFK stands a chance of winning, so. No. Gavin DeSantis. When is this going on? Gavin DeSantis debates. Um. No, it's not. There's no time. Okay, so maybe this isn't even really, like, real. I thought it was already set up. Well, it says DeSantis accepts the challenge. But I don't know if there's a date yet. Hmm. Okay. I, they, it's weird it to me that later. the Democratic Party is going to condone something like this. Well, that's kind of interesting, too. Because if the Democratic Party doesn't say anything about it or is quiet about it, what does that mean? Then that means they are condoning it. Right. That means they don't um, really like Biden running again. I mean, I think everyone just, just like, he's just too old. He's just too old. Everyone knows but Biden. Well, as I always said from the beginning, even if Biden wasn't going to run, he would have to pretend like he was going to run. So... Uh, it says they're playing the bait in November, so I guess we'll see. Uh, ben Toki for four months says, I don't understand Am's issue with intellectual cur curiosity to read wacko theorists. The psychology of these people is fascinating. Well, that can be true, too. I just, I mean, I don't feel like you get a lot out of that. For me personally. I mean, I understand why people want to read memoirs of famous people but for me i mean these people aren't really famous at all so i just don't see a lot of value in it but knock yourself out i mean if you want to read it go for it if you think it's interesting mm -hmm. heck read whatever you want uh mark twain's revenge thank you so much for the six months Val Van Gogh for the $40. Thank you, Val Van Gogh. Says, if you care about America's interest, wouldn't you want foreign nations to be ethno-national? If most of the world's had closed immigration while America had selective immigration, wouldn't we get the undervalued foreigners and none of the dead weight as long as we afforded the greatest opportunity? You could even pose it in an existential manner. If everywhere is America, then what even is America? I mean, that's an interesting position file van gogh i mean it, and like you could have a game theory kind of perspective where you're like you know we want the rest of the world to be you know ethno-nationally racist so that america can poach all like the cream of the crop um of course that would require america to be have a much stricter immigration system than we currently have but i mean i'm, I'm not opposed to that idea that's a that's a funny way of well, what is he it. advocating for? I'm not even sure I get it. Well, I don't know if he's advocating for He's just saying if, if, you know, if you, he's just saying like to a person, you can make the argument that if you cared about America's interest, wouldn't you want the other foreign countries to be ethno-national so that we would be the only people? So, because if every country is foreign nationals, what that means, or sorry, if every country is oh, ethno-nationals. Oh, I get it, I get it, yeah. Yeah, there'd be nowhere for talent to go except to America. Right. So we'd have like a, a unidirectional brain drain to America. I do think that that's somewhat happening. I agree. That is somewhat happening. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, it, it is working in our favor. Time. Yeah. Right. 
Uh, Nate the Farmer for four months. Thanks so much. Says, I have a hard time taking advice from someone wearing a Friday t-shirt on a Sunday. <laughs> Seriously, buy a calendar, Adam. A-team is good at something. <laughs> This is a Friday. This is a Friday the Thirteenth T-shirt. Yeah, from, but it's from Sunday. like the movie. It's Sunday the Thirteenth, though. Is it the Thirteenth? That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, did I thought you didn't do that on purpose? <laughs> it's August thirteenth. Well, it's August fourteenth now for me because it's after midnight. But it was August thirteenth. Yeah. No, I didn't notice that. But that's funny. Come on, it's Jason. Andrew Clark for two dollars says, "When did this place become kink unfriendly?" Listen. It depends on the kink. Okay. Uh, Nate the Farmer for $20. Thank you, Nate. Says, have either of you seen The Brink? It's an HBO show about government intervention in the Middle East. I can't describe it and do it justice, but I found it to be a comical show. 2015 show starring Jack Black and Tim Robbins. I haven't seen it, no. The Brink. Oh, it's a comedy show? It sounded like it was a drama. Interesting. No, maybe I'll check it out. The Brink. I do like Jack Black and Tim Robbins, so. Um, and I have Netflix. $5. Oh, it's HBO. It's I have HBO. HBO, too. Twitter sucks for $5. Says, Did you know that the rabies vaccine regimen is nine shots? Shit sucks. You got to get shot in your ass cheeks. Not recommended. Oh, no. Did you have to get the rabies shot? Twitter sucks. Look, I didn't know it was nine shots, but I thought it was in your stomach. I thought they had to shoot through and get it like right in your gut. Yeah, I thought it was in your stomach too. I mean, stomach or butt seems pretty bad. So. Yeah, butt seems easier though. Well, unless it's so, like in your butthole. Well, it's not in your butthole, but I mean, you wouldn't be able to sit. Oh, it so, says so ass rough. cheeks, so you're okay. Right. You wouldn't Ooh. be able to sit, so. That's rough. I well, I I hope. Did you have to go through that Twitter sucks? Did you have to get the rabies shot? It's pretty rough. What Maybe happened? Sucks. What? It's just Abby. I missed some artwork, and now he's S class. It's just Abby for two. Aussie says thanks for liking my art, Sitch. I'm S class now. Well, well, even though we'll bring up the other art on what Tuesday, happened? we'll bring up Abby's art because we missed it. We missed it. I'll send it to you. Uh, There's some other art here. I found. I just found some art on Twitter. There's a bunch of art that we haven't done yet. But I do need to go super not late. Okay, we're uh, almost done, right? We're almost done. Here, I'll send it to you to bring it up. Well, I already brought this one up. I don't know what it is. What is it? What am I... What'd you bring up? I, I will not be one. cleaning this shit up. <laughs> and it's Sitch Chan pointing to yeah. that weird fetish discussion with Dev in the middle of the Sunday stream. <laughs> this is from BMO. Oh, hey, BMO. It's Sitch Chan saying, I will not be cleaning this shit up. That weird fetish discussion with Dev in the middle of the Sunday stream. True. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Cool. There you go. Look, we were Sammy interested. Made a character, made an internationally recognized character, Sitchan. We were curious, though. Look, right. Do you like our ears? Let me see. No. <laughs> How dare you? Look, we need a little modification on this art. 
Uh -huh. Look, I'm taking it down. This is terrible. Okay. Look at this guy. Look at this guy, Bimo. I support your use of elf ears. Okay. Gross. Oh, I sent you Abby's art too. Oh, nice. Stock provide artists. I'll bring it up when he's a team. <laughs> My understanding is that it just turned out to be like a normal magnet of one kind or another, but I'm not 100% on that. Is he a team yet? He is. I need to hear it from Abby. <laughs> he said it. I said it. He said it. There you go. You got to bring up the picture. Okay, here it is. I'm trusting that you're a team now, okay? Yeah. Don't let me down. So this is me and Adam on a beach with scuba gear on, and Adam says, Sitch, I bought you the real-life Subnautica experience. Isn't it great? And I'm saying, end me. True. True, Adam. Nice. If we're on, if we're on the real-life Subnautica, you get to make the sandwiches. You understand that? Because uh, when you were unconscious, I collected all the coconuts. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> oh, no. Is this Coconut Island? <laughs> See all the palm trees? I got all the coconuts while you were sleeping. Damn you. Now you can either make sandwiches or do something else to get some coconuts. <laughs> you degenerate. Yes. I guess I'm making sandwiches. There you go. Okay. Uh, Twitter sucks for fight R says, Adam, we need to figure out how to control climate change. Let me introduce you to Operation Popeye during Vietnam. Troll face. Operation Popeye, huh? Operation Popeye was a military operation, a cloud seeding project over Vietnam. It was an attempt to extend the monsoon season. Wow. In order to disrupt North Vietnamese military supplies. Did it work? Well, I do know there's one... There's one technology to dim the sun by putting bursts of particulate matter into the clouds. Right. But I think we're a ways off from trying something that experimental. Well, also, there's going be very dangerous uh, side effects that no one anticipates, right? Yeah. We could blot out the sun for <laughs> like a nuclear winter. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Isn't that in the Matrix? I feel like it's in... Yeah, that's what they... They blow out the sun to stop the robots, but there's no work. Yeah. So wait, the Wikipedia page doesn't say whether it worked or not. Operation Popeye? Yeah. Did it work? You know what I'm thinking? Operation Popeye's chicken. I that's what I'm thinking. It's that time of night. <laughs> Isn't it Laura Sitch would never dive in her life? That is Laura. I, I have no desire to actually scuba dive in real life really have you Too been many snorkeling things can go wrong. of course snorkeling's fun yeah yeah i'm not gonna scuba dive though snorkeling's great too many things can go wrong yeah i've never scuba dived my parents used to scuba dive right i always wanted to had, scuba dive. and they had children and they became lame which is the story of everyone's life i was reading that clarence thomas book and clarence thomas lost a friend suddenly and it really devastated him mm -hmm. you know how he lost him scuba, scuba diving? diving accident really i was like holy shit. wow i was like white people wow. problems right what the hell clarence thomas wow ouch was his friend white 
why you got to be so racist? <laughs> of course he was white. He was scuba diving. <laughs> Look, I don't know if his friend was white or not. He didn't say in the story. <laughs> and I didn't even think about it. You're the one that brought it up, but... <laughs> Oh, it's so evil. <laughs> How did he die? I don't know. He doesn't go into it, but he just said scuba diving accident. And I oh, was okay. like, Clarence, you Rough. can't just say scuba diving accident. Right. What's the details of that? Yeah. Did the thing, some heavy tank fall on his head? I or don't what, think that's... Did right. a shark come and eat him? Right. Did he freak out? Mm-hmm. Did he go on an unlicensed submarine? <laughs> Sammy's giving me shit for not scuba diving. What do you mean? But it's not... How many people do you think scuba dive? Sammy, have you, have you scuba dived, Sammy? Have you scuba dived? How many people do you think scuba dive? This is like a very like niche thing. I mean, she right? makes a good point. Floridians that doesn't scuba dive? I mean, <laughs> geez. Okay, okay. Is there good scuba diving spots in Florida? I mean, I I've guess been... my parents used to do it. I assume there is. I've been snorkeling all over Hawaii. Right. It's just amazing. Yeah. Mm hmm. That's true. Thank you. SD40 says Sitch hates scuba because of the tankies. True. Got him. But I just, I'm so anti pun. Oh, it's because you're a bad person. It's Bob Van Gogh says he scuba dived. Rich Jammer says he scuba dived. How many people have you scuba dived in this chat? What? Sammy doesn't, well, not only does she scuba dive, she owns the gear. She owns the gear of respiration. Wow. Look at you. Okay. Excuse me. Hoity toity. Sammy not only scuba dives, she has her own gear. Wow. Well, I have all the snorkeling gear. I mean, I have... Okay, stop comparing snorkeling to scuba diving. Snorkeling gear is a little snorkel, a $5 tube from, like, Walmart and, like, some goggles, okay? It's Shut the, the fuck thing. up. I got fins, too. Like, the only difference is she's got a tank. <laughs> you got fins. You got the little fitties. Okay. Scuba gear is probably very expensive. All she's got is a tank. Yeah. I mean, okay. that's big deal. No, they wear it's completely different mask. The fins are probably different. No, There's same. a wetsuit involved. It's got a respirator. Uh, my mask, you could, you could easily take the snorkel out and put a respirator on. Look at this. Sammy says, my dad wooed my mom with free scuba gear. She even told me she picked him because he had gear in a boat. <laughs> oh, God, that's interesting. Interesting uh, wooing technique. So there you go. Wow. Uh, Twitter mean, sucks for $5 says, as a scuba diver myself. Look at this. Everyone's fucking scuba diver here. Jeez. There are absolutely dive spots in Florida. LOL. Well, there you go. You got close dive spots and you're not even going? Wow. I mean, I'm with the chat. Wow. You've never... Okay, you can't be with the chat because you've never scuba dived yourself. Well, we don't have good scuba spots in Southern California. I doubt that. I've been all over Hawaii. Not you scuba, didn't scuba dive. Yeah. You know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. South California. But I would scuba, scuba dive. dive. Definitely. 
Look, especially if... Uh... Best places to scuba dive in Southern California. The Biltmore Hotel in Santa Barbara. Casino Point in Farnsworth Bank and Catalina Island. The Channel <laughs> Islands National Park and Marine Sanctuary. The Cortez Bank. The La Jolla Cove. Look, the Naples fact that they're Reef. called... This place no, doesn't even know what they're talking about. The fact that they're calling Santa Barbara Southern California just offends me to no end. Santa Barbara Excuse is not God. Southern California. Uh, what about Long Beach? Long Beach is Southern California. Don't okay, like... Naples Reef, Long Beach. Really? Oh. There you go. Look, I'm going. There you go. I'm going tomorrow. There's a 200-foot shipwreck that you can check out, supposedly. Naples Reef. There you go. I'm just going to be thinking about Clarence Thomas's friend. I know. Listen, you'll have to figure out how he died and just not do whatever he did. Okay. Oh, my God. It looks amazing. How have I not? How have I never Googled scuba diving in Southern California? Hmm. There it is. Look at all these fish. Oh, man. Heaven. All right. Okay. I'm going uh, to Naples, guys. Uh, Eric the Great for 10 Canadians says, regarding political violence, the woke people believe looting, assassination, lying, cheating is justified by because Marxism. The only thing that exists is power. There's no truth or reason. I mean, that is definitely a position they can hold. That is true. A dog eater for $2 says, I love driving my F-150 to the strip mall, Americas. There you go. Yeah, me too. Do you have an F-150? No, but I mean, I like driving his. A big a big F-150 truck. I do the like strip malls. The Americas. Okay. Look, we're in Southern California. We're strip mall heavy here. There you go. Uh, CT Caffeinated for Tweaker for $2 says, I like your shirt, Adam. Don't let him bully you. I won't. There you go. There this you shirt's go. amazing. One day we will live stream on a Friday and I will have the perfect shirt. One day. Uh, Theo Wolfie for $5 says, what do you consider the perfect balance of progress and tradition? Are there specific positions or just understanding each other's side of progress and tradition? Um, I don't, I don't know if I could give you specific positions because I think it's different for every position. Um, I think it is, as you said, secondly, I would just, I think it's just the understanding of where these sides are coming from and what's motivating them. Because the thing that annoys me is that everyone thinks, oh, whatever side I'm on, the left or the right, like what are the odds that the left or the right is going to get every single question Every single moral question, every single legal question, every single economic question correct. Like so Zero. It's literally impossible. Yeah, it's literally impossible. So, well, and I just, people have a really Manichaean worldview where everything is about destroying our enemies and going to war with the other side. And I just, I don't think that's healthy. And, and it also creates all these negative stereotypes of our political adversaries when. Everyone really wants, at some level, to form the good society. I mean, even these stupid fucking idiot tankies 
I mean, they want to form a good society. They're they're out to they want to form utopia, mm -hmm. and they just have a really messed up way. A, a messed up idea of how to achieve that goal. So, but they still are after that goal, right? Right. Uh, Twitter sucks for twenty dollars. Thank you, Twitter sucks. Says. So it used to be in your abdomen, but they changed it to the top of your ass cheeks, thighs, and shoulders. I work in wildlife management, and in my six years, I finally got my first wildlife bite from a raccoon. Oh, that wow. sucks. Wow. A raccoon got you. Wow. You work in wildlife management. That's cool. We have raccoons Does that mean that you here. tell, like, the raccoons and the bears, like, what jobs to do? You're like, okay, bear, today you need to file this paperwork. <laughs> Raccoons are adorable. They have obviously hands like human hands. Pick Raccoons are kind of stuff. simultaneously adorable and like suck at the same time. Oh, really? They're just super obnoxious. You have to deal with raccoons. You do? Because they're really smart. They can pick up shit. They get into everything. Yeah. Do you have raccoons in California? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's probably raccoons everywhere. We get raccoons in our backyard. Bit you? That sucks. Never yeah, bit by raccoons, fortunately. I'm not letting no raccoon bite me. <laughs> get away from me. Do um, do you just get bit and then you have to, that to automatically get the shot, or is it like? Yeah. Why don't you just do keep you, it a secret that you got bit? Or do you, you wait? You don't have to get the shot. Do you like wait? Or do you, is it only if the raccoon like shows signs of being a rabbit or something? Yeah, you wait till you get like a little foamy around the mouth and stuff. Really? And then, is that it? And then you go in for your shots. Okay. okay. They probably just make you do them anyway. That sucks. Oh no, uh, Thea Wolf. Thea Wolf for I hate two this question. What is the background you're using, Sitch? Adam, what is the background I'm using? I just, I found this on Twitter, I think. I just downloaded It's like a random the, AI generated thing, isn't it? Yeah, I just downloaded the Twitter video and I know. made it the stole background. It. Stole it from some, from AI bot somewhere. I did. Yeah, terrible. I don't feel guilty about it, though. Someone says, if you wait, you die. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Don't I mean, you I know. think the background is is uh, transformative? Look, I put a, I put your stupid avatar on it. Well, if it's an AI creation, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Okay, we'll say it's an AI. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, no, I know that rabies is like the most deadly disease, I think. Period. So. Oh, it is. Yes. More than Ebola. Yes. What? Rabies. Yes. You didn't, rabies is the most dangerous. Well, okay. To be clear, it's the most deadly in terms of like, if you don't do anything, it's like a 99.9% .9 fatality. Like, right. Like you, you will not survive. Like we have a cure for it. So people don't think of it as like the most deadly uh, disease, but it is the most deadly disease. Because if you don't get, if you don't take the, the cure, you will die. Don't you go full zombie on your family and stuff too? Uh, No. You just get sick and die? You just die, yeah. Sucks. 
It deadly once you show symptoms. Oh, okay. So you just have to do it. That's what annoys me because like there are bats where I live and it's like, oh, it's cool. I want to look at the bats, but bats are like one of the number one carriers for rabies. So you're like, oh, I don't really want to look at the bats. So. Ouch. Uh, Twitter sucks for $20. Thank you so, so much. Twitter sucks says you absolutely do not wait for signs of the disease. Adam, you don't. The total number of people who have survived rabies is 28. Most of them are in a vegetative state. You get the vaccine immediately. Well, there you go. Wow. There you go. Well, I'm glad you got your vaccine. Right. Yeah, we don't want to lose you, obviously. That would suck. Well, that's good to know. Well, well, we're, and we don't want you to be number 29 in a vegetative <laughs> state. That's true. What the? Lucifer the Doberman got bit by a rabid dog when he was 11. Is that how you became a Doberman? Transformed you? I got bit by that that prairie dog or whatever it was, that little animal that I caught when I was a kid. And remember, I kept it a secret. I was all worried I was going to get rabies. but <laughs> But you didn't. I didn't, yeah. Otherwise, there would be no show. I remember I, it was a. Uh, I had like a big bite on my finger. I was like, I'd be talking to some shit. loser like Doomer instead all the time. Like that fucker bit me. <laughs> <laughs> I captured you in the wild, and you had the nerve to bite me. I mean, that kind of makes sense, right? <laughs> I don't like far from the. You captured a wild animal and it bit you. Thank goodness it didn't have rabies. Right. Yeah. Ooh. Zero Fox says, I don't know, Sitch. Sometimes it seems like Adam is in a vegetative state. Bam. Sometimes. Annihilated. Look, I have to do a six-hour stream with Dev. That's going to take take it out of everyone. Wow. Oh, shit. Dev is still listening, too. Damn it. (laughs) Uh, Twitter sucks for five dollars. Says, oh, I read that one. As, the, as a scuba diver, they're absolutely dive spots in Florida. The wolf for five dollars says, "I almost got eaten while diving by a six by seventeen foot, foot tiger, tiger shark. shark." Wow! I thought it was pretty cool to see. Been night diving with manta rays. Very cool experience. I've been night scuba diving. Right. Supposedly it's dangerous. That's when the sharks feed. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Twilight, I think, is when they come out. <laughs> That's for... when we went, too. Yeah, exactly. Everyone told and us it... after we after we did it, and we were like, oh, well, thank goodness we lived. Wasn't it the problem, too, is that like the way they think people are like seals or something, right? Especially when they're wearing those black wetsuits. Maybe. Why do they? Why do they make the? Why do? You, why do they make the wetsuits black? If like sharks bite you because they think you see like a I seal, know, why don't they it make it neon? Like, yeah, like some kind of crazy like wild color with like a big angry face on it or something. The sharks like, what the hell is that? I don't want to go near that thing. It might scare away the other fish. So. Oh, that's true. Um. Oh, I'm glad you did get eaten. I mean, when I was scuba diving in one place, there was like a big old shark that swam next to me, but it was not 70 foot. It was like, a, I don't know, it was probably like six feet or something. I don't know what kind of shark it was, but there's a big old turtle too. And I was like, yeah, I'll be fine. I'll punch it otherwise. Andrew Clark from Fight Hour says, Adam, you need to watch Keijo. Call it research for the comic. They're all over 18, cool and hilarious. Look it up. You won't regret it. Kaijo. I'll do that right now. 
Keijo. That's what I said, Keijo. Yeah, they made an anime. I never watched any of the animes, but... <laughs> Sammy G for $5 says, Sitch, you say crayons, right? Well, there you go. Thank you. But you don't scuba. So I need another Floridian verification check. How do you feel about key lime pie? Wow. Let's see uh, if he answers correctly here. I mean, it's okay. It's okay. I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's okay. I That's love key real... lime pie. Key lime pie is delicious. Okay. Yeah. One of my really? favorites, actually. Yeah. Um, How do well, you let know me like key lime pie? Oh, I, I said I don't. I don't hate it. Right, but okay. you got to love it. Well, here's the real question. What color is key lime pie supposed to be? Lime. <laughs> what, what color is the lime? Lime green, right? That is wrong. That's the real Florida question. Real key lime pie is supposed to be yellow. Yellow, yeah. Yes. If it's green, that means they added a bunch of food coloring to it. Yeah, I was gonna. It's been a while since I had key lime pie. <laughs> I prefer. Listen, I pre I prefer uh, pecan pecan pie. I prefer cheesecake. Honestly, key lime not bad. But whenever mm. you go down in the keys, you gotta get the key lime pie because it's a tradition. Oh, you're right. This green key lime pie just looks completely. I mean, that just Fake. looks wrong. Yes, that looks so wrong. Oh, this key lime pie looks delicious right here. Oh, my God. I need a slice of key lime pie. Uh, Andrew Clark for two hours says, what did you think of our Barbie talk? Oh, I didn't listen to it, Andrew. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. What happened? I didn't listen to the Barbie talk yet. Who had a Barbie talk? Andrew Clark and Kitta. Oh. And other awesome people. Here we go. I got enlightened centrist and key lime pie here. Um, the wolf for five hours says I have Jesus. You're okay. You're not okay. The wolf, you are not convincing me here. You are you were basically cementing my not wanting to scuba dive. Uh, the wolf for five hours says I've had three near death experiences all while scuba diving. <laughs> Okay. I know. I look, look at this. This is a Clar this. this is Clarence Thomas's other friend who's still alive right. and scuba diving. Right. Number one, the tiger shark. Number two, no air at 120 feet. That sucks. Uh, number three, almost run over by a boat. <laughs> no, no regrets. LOL. Wow. Oh, I did miss your super chat Twitter. So sorry. Wait. The no air one is the one that, I mean, that's horrifying. Yeah. Can you imagine that first gulp of salt water? Because, I mean, sooner or later, you got to have re just reflex. You're just going to breathe in the salt water, right? Oh, does the water get into the tank or something? Why would it get into the tank? Well, what do, what you, do you So you're going you're gonna to breathe in carbon Nothing. dioxide in the tank. Yeah. It's better than breathing salt water. But when you it? pass out, 
I mean, sooner or later, that thing's going to come out of your mouth and you're, oh, look, right. you're going to be breathing in salt water sooner okay. or later. Oh. oh, I mean, you're, 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 con you're just convincing me, uh, Thea Wolfie to, to be correct in my assessment to never scuba dive. So <laughs> thank you. Uh, Twitter socks for $20. Thanks so much. Twitter socks says you missed. So you missed the chat, but the regimen includes a tetanus shot. If you haven't had one in five years, the rabies shot, the rabies one is eight shots, one in each ass cheek, each thigh and shoulder, then one in three, seven and 14 days. Ouch. That sucks. That is sucks. Hmm. It's rough. The Wolfie says, you just won't be able to breathe with the tank and you'll start swallowing seawater. Sea, uh, start swallowing seawater. Well, yeah. Yeah, no. Gross. Uh, CT for two Canadians says, fun fact, limes and lemons come from the same tree. Oh, really? That's not true. Are, is that true? Stop. And they're just a different That is ripeness? not true. That is not true. <laughs> I mean, it seems like they're shaped differently. That is not true. <laughs> they're different things. I always knew that was the case. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love So lives. apparently, there's some... I don't know if this is true. Apparently, there's some website claiming that you can buy special lemon-lime trees where they basically graft two trees together in the same pot. If you want. Hmm. CT says no. Limes are unripe lemons. <laughs> you can't fool me. You can't fool me. That's a that's like a good like fake thing to tell someone. Limes are unripe. Lemons. I always suspected that was the case. Oh. Well maybe it is the case. Maybe she's right, Adam. No, I'm not sure. I, 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 I'm Our kind of shocked. Limes, <laughs> lemons. Let's see here. What's the internet say? Oh, we had oh, this yeah. conversation before. I remember. I don't think that's ChatGPT. I remember the graphics. I, I remember we had this talk before. Oh, did we? Okay. Yeah. I, don't I remember, remember pulling up the graphics. Yeah. Mm. Limes versus lemons. The right. difference between limes and lemons. Right. Do you know the difference between limes and lemons? Oh, they're different. Go. They're different fruits. That's the difference. Oval shape, larger, sweeter, higher in vitamin C. Round shape, smaller, more acidic. I mean, limes are way more base than lemons, right? Do we all agree on that? I do like limes. I mean, I always eat limes when I have Mexican food. There you go. I like squeezing lime onto yeah, my burrito. Yeah. There you go. Do you do that? I, I used to, and then my mom is like, those limes are filled with pesticides. I'm like, okay. <laughs> your mom. This anymore. Your mom fucking ruined it. She ruined the limes for me. Yes. I'm still going to do it. I don't care. Give me a nice mouthful of pesticide lime juice. There you oh go. Oh, my God. Margaritas, baby. 
I'm going to get myself a nice True. al pastor burrito tomorrow with a CT says that with a big lime. Her sister convinced her American ex that we call baseball bird ball here in Canada. Nerd ball? Bird ball. Okay. Okay. Andrew Clark for two hours says, Adam, I DM'd you the correct spelling. I looked it up. I mean, it looks good. It's got a lot of girls in like bikinis shit. and stuff. Oh, okay. I should have sold it on the sex. Okay, let me go to the stream lapse. Blonde for $2 says, Hey, such Adam, you guys should talk about how Dev's girlfriend Naomi perpetuated the Rwandan genocide. <laughs> there you go. When did that happen? Every day. She needs to knock that off. She does. Dr. Diddler for two hours says, stop debating on the existence of cultural Marxism. Start asking if they agree with its precepts and if they do, hammer them on those. True. Exactly. Dr. Diddler for two dollars says, hey, Dev, feeling vindicated after Scrump repeatedly at himself as a racist? Common centrist W. Also true. Uh, Dr. Diddler for three dollars says, those is like a comedy bit. He mentioned he mentions Lynn's assertions and then calmly goes, no, uh complete with a comedic pause right after. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I don't think so. Uh Vosh for two dollars. Thank you, Vosh. Fan of the show, friend of the show. He loves us. Even though we're vile conservatives. He says ISIS will no longer use your insensitive company for its fundraising. There you go. Good. Uh, Dr. Dealer for no $2 says, isn't it wild how Thought Slime developed the desire to become genderqueer after becoming a far-left extremist and now hates men? I'm sure there's no relation. Yeah, what a coincidence that is. Hmm. Thought Slime hates men? Thought Slime. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you said Hassan. No Thought Slime. Like, yeah, he had some tweets that were popping off that people were pointing out where he's talking about how much men suck. There's like really? this really, yeah, it's, it annoys me so much. Should I say the tweet that was going to get me canceled? <laughs> I just remembered. Do you? Should I say it? What do you think? I mean, I'm not if... going to say it. Okay. I'm not going to say it. Don't, if, but you're, I know... if you're going to lose sleep at night over it, don't say it by all means. I got triggered. I get triggered whenever people bring up the incel thing because it's like these people are so liars. They don't actually believe in what they stand for at all. Yeah, they're giant hypocrites. They're giant hypocrites because the whole thing is like, we're feminist. We're criticizing men because men only value women as sex objects, as trophies to be conquered. But by the way, if you're not having sex with one of these women trophies, we're going to make fun of you for it. <laughs> yeah, like, wait, exactly. what? Exactly. It's like you're doing the fucking thing. What, like, what the hell? This is the blatant hypocrisy. If you're not able to have shallow, meaningless sex with lots of partners, then... Right. And use just... women as sex objects. <laughs> yeah, just then the you're, blatant hypocrisy. Then you're both evil and not evil. Got it. I can't stand hypocrisy. I can't I can't stand smug hypocrisy. That's the worst. And it's always very smug. Hmm. Uh, let's see. 
Dr. Diller for $2 says, Adam, I don't see how you can have such a problem with reading political theory that doesn't necessarily have utility. Your enemies crafting weapons to hurt society and you're advocating you stay ignorant because of utility. I just, I, I mean, I think there is value to studying how it's hurting society from a psychological perspective. I'm super curious in this, you know, oppressor oppressed dynamic and what's driving that from a psychological perspective. If there was a book on that, I'd read it right up, but its origin is not, you don't find that super helpful. Do you such? Such is God. He wants me to just keep talking. Sitch. Oh, man. I guess I should read a super chat or something. What was the question again? <laughs> what would you do without me? <laughs> I gotta, I'm like so beat right now. I know you're like dying. I am dying over here. <laughs> what was the question again? Don't worry about it. It was about the reading political theory. It doesn't have utility. Do you you don't find political utility? I mean, I mean, I no, it can have utility. What do you mean? Oh, I, whatever. I disagree with your take on that. I don't know why it bothers you so much. Because it's pointless. Okay. Some I mean, dude, it can be. Some if dude it's like, dreamed it up. Right. Look, I, if it's really obscure, I like, and no one uses it, then I would agree. That's kind of pointless. You understand the concept of evolution by natural selections and and genes, how they produce different biological features, and right, you understand that process. No, I don't. What, well, what causes mut mutations, random mutations? Rand I, I don't know. Aliens. It's like genetic accidents, right? Right. Radiation, Spider-Man. Look, different mutations can be neutral, beneficial, or harmful, correct? Okay, correct. I look at political theory like that. Some fucking stupid fucker somewhere just dreamed something up and wrote it down and was like, this is cool. Right. What is the purpose of that? What if you're if you're studying some sort of adaptation that has taken place in some organism, the actual how that adapt how that mutation came into being, who fucking cares? Hmm. Okay. Well. Yeah. So it was for two dollars. Says, wait, is he seriously mad about the U.S. sending cluster munitions to? To use well guess which three countries didn't sign the 2008 munition cluster ban treaty baby don't want nothing don't start nothing so i guess what you're saying is russia did not sign the cluster musician <laughs> treaty uh well there you go you're right russia and the u.s did not sign the cluster munitions treaty so there you go Sitch, are you afraid Suck that it. Dev is going to end up being a Nazi? No, 
I know you're afraid of that. I'm not afraid of that at all. Okay. What makes you so sure? I, I don't know. I, I'm just not bothered. I don't. It doesn't seem like that's at all what's going to happen to him. Okay. So. So we can I mean, on Tuesday. look, I, I, if you would have told me when I first met academic agent that right. academic agent was going to be like a full blown racist, I would say, you're crazy. Look, he reads height. He's a sane individual. Mm -hmm. Turned out to be completely okay. untrue. So. Stole it over for two hours says the inflatable tanks were not just for Normandy. They were used multiple times to fabricate entire battlefronts in Europe. The ghost army was famous for being made up of actors and artists. Speaking of, Adam, I may have a job for you. Well, there you go. Soldiers for another two dollars says, so you're telling me that having the Chinese government hire people for the sake of hiring people to build pointless projects isn't a sound economic strategy? Hmm, that seems familiar, but I can't say why. Love you, Adam. L-O-L. I can't say why. Doesn't make any sense. I don't know what he's trying to allude to there, but it's probably wrong. Soldiers hmm. for two hours says, so first, you buy fake titles to be Scottish lords. Then you have Adam make Sitch his work wife so he can join the tribe. Now you use... <laughs> oh, no. How bad is this? <laughs> oh, God. I can't even say this word. Clitocracy? <laughs> say you are late. Yeah, you sure sound super opposed to aristocracy. We didn't buy... Uh, CT bought us those lordships, right? She did, yeah. But yeah, she, so she bought them before it came out as a giant scam, so... Right. right. Who cares? I mean, it's she wanted to do something we're nice for us, so... We're still lords. That's still yeah. true. We still expect you all to call us Lord Sitch and Lord Adam. I mean, yeah. we're a Gillison. We're against the aristocracy. But you must refer to us as lords. Okay. It makes sense. We've earned it. It was very meritocratic. They're the same thing, right? Right, Dev? Dotums mm -hmm. for $2 says, Russia is currently using tactics from the Syrian war, launching strikes on hospitals, then launching follow-up strikes to double-tap first responders. When they say peace, they mean make Ukraine accept it on Russia's terms. Yeah, that's fucking disgusting. That's fucking horrific. I don't think they realize that that's what they're saying. I think they live in some Delusion. Pollyanna world where Russia is right. going to take over and just let Ukraine be some autonomous state. Mm -hmm. They're delusional. They are. They are. Uh, let's see. CT is claiming now that she knew it was a scam the whole time. <laughs> That's why she got it. <laughs> yeah, it's still worth it. Everything for $2 says, I'm sorry, but you guys are never going to not be the position of defending conservatives. You will talk to leftists, they will strongman conservatives, and you'll have no choice but to defend them. It is what it is. I mean, probably not wrong. Because... I'm just going to say, yeah. listen, why don't you take that up with conservatives? That, that's me, my response from now on. I, I just, well, no, we're in a position where, and I thought about this after that conversation because so much of our show really revolves around debunking lies. And, and strawmanning conservatives is one of the big sources of lies on the internet. Right. 
Do you, is there a, a huge source of conservatives lying about progressives? I'm not, I'm not sure. sure. What there do you is. mean? Where, what is it? Have you ever like followed conservative, certain conservative Twitter accounts or? Well, maybe the QAnon. conservative content. Maybe the QAnon stuff where they're Adam, saying. I don't know all. if you know this, but uh, Joe Biden intentionally fired the prosecutor in Ukraine because Hunter Biden was making money. I don't know if you know this. Okay. This is completely different because you're talking about the corruption of a Democratic leader and they're mm -hmm. talking about the ideology of every single conservative. Oh, I see what that... you're saying. The voting base. Yeah. Right? It's well, like lot... night and day. No, so, no, because a lot of them do think every that they single don't... progressive is a pedophile. Yes. No. Or socialist. I've seen that discussed Whoa, on Twitter. Yeah, okay. I, I don't think that's as as prevalent as like the all Republicans are racist idea, but I've seen it. It's out there. But I agree it's not as much. Yeah. So, yeah. Not near as prevalent. Uh, Dotums for $2 says, as a follow-up piece, as a follow-up piece is often a laudable goal, but not at any cost. It'll often be your demonstrated capacity for violence, which gives you the bargaining position to get peace without having to give up everything to get it. That is true. That's definitely true. Dr. Zuller for $2 says, any chance of a soul snack reappearance? Those are the best react streams. Very transformative. Those videos got a lot of views, too. People like yeah. us ripping on the soul snack. Maybe we will. I haven't, I haven't thought about checking out soul snack in a long time. It's just so insanely crazy. Right. Uh, Dr. Diddler for two hours says, just think capitalism is so versatile that can it can even adopt to suit the needs of systems that were created to oppose it. Rainbow capitalism successfully placated hordes of stupid socialists. That's how effective it is. That's a hilarious point. That's a hilarious point. Uh, CT for $2 says, hey, Sitchin Adam, didn't see you there. Can you tell the chat hi for me? Thanks. Hi, chat. Hi, chat. Andrew Clark for $2 says, Kjo. Oh, wait. That's not the thing I was talking about. Kjo is a funny sports anime. It's sumo on water, but since the girls are thin, they use their boobs and butts to push their opponents out of the ring. Yeah, I saw Comedic some of the animated references to other anime and funny special tech. I thought you were talking about the horror thing. That's what I was talking about. You're talking about some sort of perverted anime oh, where yeah. girls using their boobs and butts. I was like, oh, Adam, you like this like interesting artistic horror thing. And Andrew's like, no, 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 no. Watch the anime where the girls use their, their boobas and their bubbas to bounce each other into the pool. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. Okay. You let me know how it is. Well, it looks Get back great. That. Okay. Very artistic. Right. Uh, let's see. Twitter sucks for five hours says ignore Wolf. You can dive safely at 30 to 50 feet for an hour. Wolf is just a bad diver troll face. <laughs> and then Theo Wolf responded for $2 saying, you won't last an hour at 120 feet while diving. There you go. Wolf seems to know what's up. Uh, Andrew Clark for $2 says, read Evo Devo. Mutations as you know them are out. There you go. Mutations yeah. aren't the thing. Apparently not. 
evolutionary development biology is a field of biological research that compares the developmental process of different organisms to infer how de developmental processes evolved. Evo Devo. Anderson. What is this? I don't know anything about this. Um, Andrew Clark for Trudor says, this week we watched Undercover Brother. Wow. That racist movie. How dare you? The white she-devil. He has the secret watch that sprays hot sauce on the mayo sandwich so he can eat it. Fondue for five dollars says, Adam, to be fair, the impetus for Dev to go down the route was to understand what happened to a close friend. I don't think he would ever fall down it. Well, there you go. I Look... I think you would get closer to understanding what happened by examining the psychology of the close friend over how he's rationalizing his behavior now. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways. Oh, it's oh, we're there? That's it. I get my key lime pie? You get your key lime pie. I'm going to go. I wonder if... Uh, the grocery store is still open. I can get me some key lime pie. Get you some pie. I didn't realize you had key lime pie up on the screen this entire time. I know. I'm exhausted. I don't know why I'm so tired. Anyways, thank you all for coming. Thank you all for your incredibly generous donations today. Thank you, Dev, uh, for coming on and talking to us. And we're gonna. It's always great to talk to you, and we're gonna talk to you again on Tuesday, after you horrifically slander us on Monday with your takedown video. Uh, and no thank you to Sleepy Thought for being a horrible tanky scumbag, blaming America for Russia killing innocent Ukrainian people. <laughs> Anyways, you who made it to the end of the stream. You are the true fuel seekers. You are the true heroes. We'll see you all on Tuesday. Bye-bye.